Welcome to Eric Shea's Weird Science DC Comics Podcast featuring Eric Shea. This week and every week, you can hear Eric Shea and his sidekicks review and discuss all this week's DC Comics. So get ready for Eric Shea's Weird Science DC Comics Podcast featuring Eric Shea. And now, here's the star of the show and your host, Eric Shea. Celebrating some October play, baby. Oh, welcome back, all you members of the Get Fresh crew. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode 145. Uh, 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 you, 145. Alive, Hello and alive. welcome, one and all, to the official unofficial podcast of Weird Science DC Comics for the week of October 14th, 2017. Seems like every day we record, so I, yep. I that's actually yesterday's date what because day we didn't get done. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. Proud. We're on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC. We have an award-winning website at Weird Science DC Comics.com, and we also are on Twitter. Twitter. I meant iTunes. I always try to add We're that. We don't really too. push cool. it. We are. I already said it. I We're know. on iTunes. Yeah, I already said Twitter. We're on iTunes at Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. You can go there and like and rate us and all that sort of deal. We also have a Patreon account where you can go and support us. We are at patreon.com slash weird science. You can go to get a bunch of other shows and just show your love and support of us this week. The badasses picked ragman number one that is the patreon only spotlight it's about an hour long like most of our patreon only spotlights are uh you can go and listen to that if you subscribe to that level there's a minor level you can subscribe but if you like us even more get more shows you can go there just check it out just go and check it out at patreon.com slash weird science eric shea but that when I say all of that, that means we are leading up to one of your favorite times. You're going to light up Eric Shea, and we're going to do the badass roll call to call out the badasses of the Patreon mm-hmm. account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 never, I still don't have this, this down right, because last <laughs> week you said you didn't hear it enough. I said, that's better than not being able to hear yeah. me, I guess. I don't know. Some people like Heidi. She might disagree with that, Eric, but I know you like to hear me. And this is the badass. Roll call. These are the badasses on the Patreon account. And we have Lone Wolf Marv, a new badass. So shout out to him. We have Andrew in Belfast, Dave J, all new Dave, Rob Lewis, Richard Richardson, Simon, G-Man, Monty, Akeem, Jolly Drew, Manship, T. Werner, Ian Job, D-Man, Reginald Hancock, I like to call him solid. Brandon Murray up there in Buffalo, Canada. We got Swanee there doing a lot of coaching. I'll probably hear this like five months from now. The guy's busy. Anthony G, we got Josh Vermillion, which you know from Vermillion's Vision. Missy T, Bobby, Jazz, Havilland, Pete from NYC, 
Mark Robbins, which we know as Batman Beyond Mark, and the OG Christopher Hyden. We salute all you guys. Thanks, Rock everyone. Even, thanks, everyone who supports us on the Patreon. Not just the badasses, but they get the badass roll call, Eric, and we love them. Mm. That is timing. That is some good timing. Finally, I had some timing that together. worked out. It is. It's all coming together. We also have a rant and rave line where you can call us at 641-715-3900. Eric Shea, there's also an extension to that as I adjust my <laughs> levels here. There's an extension 452328 followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. We're here with the rant raise. We're going to start off with our man, Rob Lewis. Hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. Reggie hey, and members of the Get Fresh crew. Bippity-boppity-boo. It's huh. your man, Rob Lewis, from Albany, New York. Uh. I'm calling to talk. Uh-oh. Hey, <laughs> Tom King, what the hell are you doing in New York? Oh, no. Oh, no. Tom King, he, he's trying to uh, silence the critics. He's mad. Either he's mad at Rob for not liking his Batman or for just calling us. Possibly both. Possibly both. That That is true. He's up in Albany, Tom King. Maybe there was a con around there. Thanks, Rob. And the next one is a, a mysterious caller that called in, seems to know you from possibly chat roulette, Eric. Oh, this is Stephen calling in. I just wanted to say hi to Mr. Eric Shea. Uh, I learned about this podcast by meeting Eric on Chat Roulette. And uh, he asked me my ASL and I told him. I don't know what that means. And I I asked him his ASL. Oh, wait, it's age sex. He said 25 male. Check. And... Living in Quaker Oats, Pennsylvania. Yes. I'm 25 <laughs> and live in Quaker Oats, Pennsylvania. He also told me about his uh, super popular podcast. It's I can't won ding a that, lot of That's not true. And uh, Eric Shea was very proud of it, and he wanted me to... It's funny. I just go on chat roulette and just talk about the, the podcast. To it. 
Sure. Listen, Eric, there, there is no such thing as bad publicity. Exactly. That's what I've always heard. I've been in a recent hey, heard about this subscriber on my, my podcast app and uh, <laughs> just wanted to say hi, guys. And, and also, like I said to you, is most uh, 99% of the game, Eric, is getting your name out there. It, it doesn't really mind quality. You, 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 you get your name and your dick out there. But really what ends up happening, like I said, if you get people to pay attention – then you try to keep them with quality, but you don't. You get you, I, them. I usually go on chat uh, chat roulette, and I'm like, "Hey, everybody! I heard you like a long one. Well, you're yes. not going to get it looking at me, but check out this podcast. Yeah, the, uh, CC see, Comics. see, finally, you you learned the game. Yeah, there, I, I. But we're not done with this caller. Mm-mm. But also that, uh, Eric, I really miss you on chat roulette. Uh, if you Thanks. you can watch my my Twitch stream as I play uh, Dirty Sims. Uh, which is just dirty like Sims. that really dirty, and I make a lot of sexual People still jokes. play The Sims? And, uh, I don't know, but I kind of want to play Dirty Sims like now. Take pictures of my wiener, Derek Shea, and he yeah. likes to take pictures of his okay. balls yes. and send it to me. Um, Shave it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. Uh, I don't know Eric Shea knows what he did. There Damn right. That is the. I, I always think Dirty Sims would be Phil Sims uh, berating me. Eric, it would be a video. Dirty Sims, they'd call it. Dirty but we're Sims. gonna go. We're gonna go on and thank you, Chat Roulette, and we're gonna thank go you, on to a new caller. Eric, here we go. Yeah, this is. A, I am a first time caller. To I don't even know if I have the right number to the Weird Science DC Comic Podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You people never heard yeah, me before, yeah. but my name is Freak Daddy Falcon. It's Freak and Daddy Falcon. And I got Falcone. a bone to pick with a certain few people. Yeah. <laughs> First thing <laughs> I need to do is talk to Eric Spade. Yeah. Y'all need to leave that boy. You know who I'm talking about? That Richard Richardson alone. Y'all gonna y'all gonna worry that boy sick. He gonna kill himself. Oh, Y'all no, keep on messing with him and everything else, and that there. stuff is just not cool. Anyway, I want to talk about a certain book that came out last week. I know I'm a little late, but hell, I, I'm just now getting the around death of to Superman. it. I've been going back in your back catalog and listening to your stuff. I've, I picked up the latest issue of Batman. Okay. And somebody needs to tell Catwoman to take Bruce Wayne's balls out of her purse and reattach them to his body. I would agree with that because as well. Because he has lost his damn mind. <laughs> he has. He does not need to get married. You cannot be Batman and then be Bruce Wayne and be happily married ever after. Anybody no. that's ever read DC Continuity for so many years know that he too. made that promise to his parents. Uh, you also, if you've been married, you know that's true, Eric. <laughs> that's a problem. Bruce Wayne is supposed to be out there pimp a hole, not doing anything like getting married. And all that other stuff. How can he have sex with uh, Black Canary now, Eric? How can he do that? (laughs) Catwoman is a skank. And from all the (laughs) solicitations I've been reading, I hear that she's going to have herself a little run-in with Talia Agul. Yes. I hope Talia Agul beats the brakes off of that cat. Anyway, this is Freak Daddy Falcon. Pimping comments and slapping skanks. Yeah, and slapping skanks. That is not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> That's not appropriate, Eric. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Freak Daddy. And uh, we're gonna finish. <laughs> we're gonna finish. I'm telling you, when I, it first started, yeah. when I did gather these, I only 
listen to a couple seconds just to make sure I got the beginning and whatnot. And the problem with Freak Daddy is I, I expected the worst. I, I'm sorry, Freak Daddy. I did. But, yes, you came through uh, with Shining Colors. And we're going to go now. Saying, Batman married Catwoman and the Earth 2 continuity back in the day. And that worked yeah. out fine. We got a hell and a Wayne out of it. Yeah, but I guess that one wasn't a skank, Eric. I, I don't know. I'm telling you. I'm going everything with Freak Daddy. Freak Daddy seems to me like a very learned gentleman. I'm going to go with I'm, him. I'm he surprised seems you didn't have this whole thing. Like you can't make a hell of a housewife. I oh him or me because I've never Either. heard that Eric that is uh, I don't even like to hear that sort of talk well, Eric, no, I don't know you why you're a saying that. Tool, a you can't it's not allowed you just you know I think it could happen I don't know I think a garden hoe could come in and maybe make you some eggs that's really what I need I made some eggs this morning and I made sunny side up eggs and I have a problem with sunny side up eggs either I love them. Or they make me completely ill just by the the taste and the texture and things like that. Uh, but it, it, it'll just be – and it has nothing to do with how I make them. It just – it seems like that moment, and I have not felt good this week, but the, everybody wanted sunny-side-up eggs, so I'm making them up, and hey, they look good. I was like, all they right, so I get them. I made them, and I, I feel like complete shit. And all I think <laughs> – I think in my mind now, and this is probably out, you know, now seven hours ago, and I still – runny eggs? Oh, Yeah. Uh, and yeah, right. even I made even extra toast because I, I wanted to have it all there and then even use like I dip it in the, the yolk, get mm-hmm. all the yolk. And then I have another piece where I can get the white and the remainder of the yolk and kind of make a sandwich, Eric. And I ate nice. it. And it was That's great. That's the way to do it. It was so good. good. Thing, uh, but kid. then since then, I've been belching up the taste of yolks. And just seem to get – and even like the phlegm in my mouth because I'm not feeling well and my throat just feels like it's just yolk. God, and it's making me sick. That's part of my mind too because you're taking them freaking fish oil pills. So in yeah, my mind, you're just belching up fish oil, freaking eggs, and, and this freaking this nasty phlegm in your goddamn throat. And, and since right now I do have to go and get my medicine, uh, my prescription refilled. So right now I seem to try to up the ante and take like six fish pills. And oh. they, they just – I start belching and I, I smell like a, a Russian whorehouse or something going on. Like like I've been visiting it, Eric. And that's inappropriate. But here we go. Here is the last <laughs> rant rave. It's Dancing Mike. I think there he is. Hello, mother. What's up, Mike? So you think that I was upset that you don't like racism? No, 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 (laughs) you silly. Here we go. That you don't like racism, I'm upset about. It's when you get triggered by things that aren't actually racist. Like I said, racism real or imagined. You said imagined as if it hadn't happened. Well, let me give you a little example. Um, Back during the DCYOU run of Batman Beyond. I went to the site and uh, the award-winning website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, read the reviews because, you know, you read the reviews, make a comment if you want to, then listen to the podcast. That's how it goes. So I left a review, which I think said either me no like Bernard Chang art, I know like Bernard Chang, something like that. And you came out with uh, something maybe a little racist there. A little racism. No, it wasn't racist because I think you thought I was saying, I know Reiki Bernard Chang art. But I was actually doing more like a, you know, me no like Bernard Chang art. Kind of like Hulk Smash or Grundy Kill You Dead. Which I know it doesn't come across in the print, but you can't just automatically assume that everyone is being racist when there was nothing racist implied there. Okay, there. there we'll stop there for a second, Eric. This, I'm not going to edit this. Eric Shea. 
If anybody uh, for the longest time now knows me, would I ever have gotten upset at anything like that? Or would I have replied with something also being a joke? Tell me which one it would have been. It would have been a joke. Yes, there's no way I would have gotten upset about that. Uh, and and really where Dancing Mike has to realize, and really we'll, we'll come to an agreement here. Dancing Mike sent out, and it'll go back to this, and even Dancing Mike will probably be like, oh, this is going to come up. But that Steve Orlando picture you put out on, on Twitter, I retweeted it. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, certain people at D.C. did not like it, thought that you were being homophobic, thought that all these things, and, and legitimately – sort of seem to be pressing the fucking tightening the screws on me to get that taken down or else we would not get any benefits whatsoever from DC. And I told them, no. I said, there's no way. that That's not what he meant. It was an in-joke. I'm sorry that you took it the wrong way. I'm sorry that you found it that way. The joke was that somebody, not even Dancing Mike, had called him, which it might have even been, I don't know if it was Jolly Drew, but somebody had mentioned that since it was Steve Orlando, he must be from Spain. And then that kind of, that came as a, you know, everybody kind of joined in on the joke and that was just the joke. And I know when you mean something or not mean something, if you would have said something about Bernard Chang, which while this goes on, I'm going to look it up because I'm sure I'm like, whoa, you're going to be racist. Also, you have to realize, you know, you, you have a site. I also want to make sure that people don't think that you're like that, uh, which seems to be a daily fight now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now he's going to be mad at me again. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I, I don't ever uh, – you may think that I go over the top and think stuff. But, yeah, if I would have responded when I did – uh, I was joking. In, in fact, half the time we had the joke going for a long time that I hated strong women and Eric hates Asians. These aren't true things. These are jokes. We know how to joke, but we also know when it goes a little too far and stuff like that. When I say on the pop culture podcast – Rest in peace, Eric. I would, and I say, oh, we have a white trash town. We have a white trash. I I legitimately 100% mean it. I am not saying it as a, I mean, there are some awful people in this town, and 99.999% are white. So if you, all this, but yeah, I'll just go on, because now I'm making it worse. That is as bad as the people Ah. thinking that somehow me saying that uh, Steve Orlando was a Spaniard was somehow homophobic. So it's about that ridiculous. And sometimes you get that. I don't listen to these that way about racism, because. I think you see racists lurking around every corner when they may not actually be. And that was just kind of the point I was trying to make and kind of the way I was trying to needle you about it all in some good fun. I knew and what he was doing. I, I told I him I knew what he was doing, but and, and some people get hurt. You got so upset about it and it threw you off for a while. Was um, Yeah, it kind of accomplished my point, so sorry about that. <laughs> and anyway, along the lines of something that's almost as bad as segregation Reggie is censorship Jim because in my rant and rave, that rant and rave, I actually said the word, mm. but then you edited that from the mm-hmm. um, actual podcast because I had the sentence where I said, I don't like to be with my praise for you. And while I think that is a perfectly acceptable word that everyone would know what it means, they wouldn't. I did text nope. or emailed you about it and you said that you didn't think anyone else would know about what it means. So I guess, you know, that that was your decision. It's your podcast. So if you don't want me to say the word, I will not use the word anymore. So and I just don't think that you gave the uh, podcast crowd, the, the GFC, whoop, whoop, enough whoa, credit whoa. that they wouldn't know what the word 
meant. So anyway, uh, I again, you're there's some people who just heard it, Mike, and just think you are the worst person. Yeah, you're like you're like the people in my house. I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to protect you, Mike. I'm also trying to protect that. Suddenly, somebody hears that, and and a thousand people decide that me and Eric are pieces of shit, and and yes. we do the rant raves. I do not listen to them ahead of time. I try not to edit anything on this podcast, good or bad. But there's some points that it gets to be, you know, crazy. When you're I promise right. I will never use the word in one of my rants again. So hopefully you <laughs> All he's trying to, to do is upset me here. Why does he upset me like so this? Let's move on to some comics. Was, uh, I can understand his bit to a degree. This week I got Wonder Woman, which I wasn't. Times. It went on so long. It was so <laughs> yes. over the top. And I tried to edit. I just, I want everybody to listen to the podcast and have fun. That's all. I, oh, that's yeah. why we do the podcast. And then it becomes not fun. And then we end the pop culture Yep. <laughs> no, it, it just it, this is supposed to be fun times, fun times, and, and unfortunately, sometimes the books suck, so it's not even fun with that. But yeah, yeah. as high on the art looked a little bit blocky at times to me, but that's just me. It was still pretty good though. Uh, the story is moving along. Got to see Jason. Man, Hercules looked bad when he was all drained. That was kind of sad. And I'm looking to see, uh, see where the story goes. But like Eric said in his review, there was a lot of that parademon fight that really 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 didn't accomplish much so yeah. maybe they'll give us a bit more story in this arc i know i they've just got don't think they have enough issues, story for the so whole arc moving chop it's chop like... boys and girls ah uh, let's see uh i will leave batman detective com well no I'll, st I'll talk about batman detective comics this week oh he didn't my buy gosh too many i'm books. loving He's loving, got loving this future tim story i it's the when he goes in and explores, you know, what happened to the other Robins slash Damien, uh, yeah, Red Hood, all that, that was, that was, I thought that was excellent. I like this character. I know he's not going to stay around long because it's an Elseworlds kind of thing, but I like the way they're playing with that. So I or enjoyed Detective Con Man, Mike agree full-heartedly. Yeah, that's the problem. It really isn't now, but it, I think that makes it even neater the way it's going. I like the way they're playing it out, but we'll be talking about that that's soon. That's a lot this weekend. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I am too. And someone was wondering what I thought about uh, White Knight, which was actually last week where I did not call in. Oh, also, I, I also got... The finale of more of jokes and riddles last week. Yeah, and yeah, that was yeah, that was about what you would expect me to think thing. about it. Fu five. Anyway, yeah. Batman White Knight. I have the same problem Eric does. I, knew I don't he mind them explaining or going with different origins. By the way, I never saw the Lego movie Batman Lego, so I don't know what that's all about. And it's just about the Joker being upset that Batman that Batman that's, doesn't consider them my, having a relationship. Yeah, you don't have a relationship. And although I'm a huge Batman fan, I could never bring myself to watch. Uh, Batman and Robin with George Clooney all the way through because that looks like a bunch of crap. And I've seen bits it and was. pieces of it, but not the whole thing. I've seen so, that more that than all said, the I others. I don't know the continuity from, that they've stolen from for those two. But yeah, there's a lot of Batman animated series. The I hate year, it. And then there's like the Heath Ledger with the makeup. So it's not that I mind them stealing from everything, but I think they should set boundaries as to what is and isn't in this particular continuity or timeline of the uh of the story so you know is it a joker with makeup or is he perma clown with the axis chemicals or is he you know i think so it's supposed to be all those because it's a weird elseworlds and it's an okay story there's not too much sjw stuff going on but the biggest um 
little a problem I have with it is to make Batman so bad that the Joker gets to take over or Jack Napier gets to take over and be the White Knight. It does take a radical shift of Batman's character, which I can see, you know, like I said, it's an Elseworlds, yeah. Elseworlds story. You can do mm-hmm. that. But I don't know. This Batman is not really a hero to start out with, I don't think. But, you know, it's still, it's an okay story. The art, I don't mind. I think it fits the, the story pretty well. It looks like almost like a uh, Dark Knight Returns Batman is uh, yeah. lurking in Arkham there. So it's, uh, you know, I'm interested to see where White Knight goes. So I, I wasn't as high as Jim was. Maybe around what Eric was. I'd say a seven, cool, huh? uh, seven, seven point five, something like that. So I give it an that's eight? what I thought about White Knight. Did I, I give it a nine? I think I really, really And uh, that's about all I've got yeah. for this week. So um, I gave Jim a few little goodies in the mail, including a great yeah. intro for the podcast. I We're going to have it on. Uses because spoiler alert, it doesn't praise Jim. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So he He's down with me now. Like he wants to use that. And uh, there also might be a new song in the mix that Pete from NYC will like, and uh, Reggie and fans of Reggie's songs maybe not so much. (laughs) And again, if Jim decides to use that, it will be on there. A little bit of a little bit of shade, all in good fun. Oh, I love the cadence of it. The actual pauses, it's it's perfection. I just wanted to mention this. I'm just throwing this out there because I, I talk nonsense. That's what I do. So let's say you drive an electric car because you want to be good to the environment. So you're not burning fossil fuel. You're uh, not check harming the environment. I would never have so an electric you car. You drive your little car and you take however 20, nope. 40 miles, however long it takes you in a day before you have to go home and charge it. You know, you're cruising at those top speeds of what, 30 miles an hour, unless you have a five pound bag of groceries or you're going check. uphill, then you're probably at, you know, topping out about 15 or, or 10. But Does this that, involve that Kroger so and drinking? You electric car home and you plug it in and you charge it. Yes. So the, ju- the juice it takes to charge that electric car, where's that coming from? Let's see. Is wind power out there yet? No. Well, wind power isn't really viable yet because, <laughs> A, there's not, it doesn't generate that much energy, and, B, all of the Hollywood liberals that tell you not to burn fossil fuel don't want the windmills out there obstructing their beach views. So um, let's see, solar panels. Well, that doesn't really generate a lot of energy. That technology I isn't can't really. That. I don't know. So her. where does that I, power I don't know come about any of from? Oh, are we burning coal to make electricity? Well, I believe we are. So while I you don't know are that either, but I'll go with it. saving the environment from fumes in your direct area, you are somewhere else there burning a whole lot of coal to be able to produce the electricity to charge that car. They did stuff car. on Earth, too. So that, if they, you're driving an electric car, you're basically, at this point in time, driving a coal-powered furnace around. So that's that's great. If you want to drive a coal-burning furnace around, feel perfectly I want a nuclear fine. perfectly car. fine with me. So I just want to throw that out. Until we get something, a better way to produce electricity, you're driving a coal-powered furnace around when you drive your electric car, which is saving the environment. And I just think that's kind of funny. And that's all I had to say. And um, until next week, Ah, let's see. Spotlight out. Yes. There is no pop culture no. podcast to come and pop up your guys' pop asses anymore. So I guess ass. I don't have to mention that. Who uh, knows? Patreon spotlight out. Support Patreon, everyone. And uh, see you in seven. See you Oosh. in seven. 
Electric cars, Eric. I like the electric slide at a wedding. I, I used don't to. Mind I don't know that. how to do it anymore. I really enjoy my electric blanket. And one I of don't. the best things I. I've ever bought in my entire life was the full-size electric blanket that had two things, you know, two sections, one for my wife and one for me. That was like they, they had gone into my mind and taken out the greatest thing because I need that electric blanket on 10, and I need to wake up sweaty as anything, and Tanya likes to be cold, so we could so turn that on. Oh, it was the best. And also, though, I also love the electric blanket on 10 with the fan blowing on me and that is that's just heaven that is heaven but that's electric. and don't forget jim you also love breaking two electric boogaloo i do love breaking two electric boogaloo i like the uh uh do androids dream of electric sheep i i enjoy that really be a fan of the electric company I did. I you know, I was more of a Sesame yeah. Street fan. Electric Company seemed a little too uh, street for me. I, I really, I, I'm not, I really thought <laughs> that's that it, the best is too street, and you actually prefer to show about Sesame a street. street. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, it seemed a little too hip and too progressive for little Jimmy Warner. It scared me. It really did. It seemed like, in my mind, as a four year old watching Sesame Street, Electric Company was what the bad kids watch because, and it really seems to me that you could do a study. And most of the people who chose Electric Company over Sesame Street may have gone to do drugs, Eric. That's all I thought because when I watched it, it made it – it made it – I'm telling you, I did. And it made me think of it being hippie and, and psychedelic. I'm telling you, remember what the the pinball? Wow, bam, 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 one, two, three, four, five, six. That was one of my favorites. It would scare the living shit out of me. And then Spider Man would come, and I thought there was something wrong with him because he was mute. He wouldn't say anything. He'd have word bubbles, and I did not know that that was kind of the comic thing of it. I thought he was a mute fucking gimp. He scared the living shit out of me. And I do have to say, though, Morgan Freeman, fucking gem even then, Eric. But I'm telling you, they seemed to be a little too, you know, loose with what was going on, and I really thought they were trying to mind control me. They like were not I structured I, enough for Jimmy, weren't they? No. They were not, and it just wasn't the. It wasn't as kid friendly. It didn't pander to me as a four year old. It seemed to want to think that I was a thirteen year old who was out on the street. I really did think that, that that there was something going on. It was trying. I used to think all the time that I was being mind controlled. Jim had issues with the electric fucking, company. It's a fucking Looney Tune. It's what I was. Yeah, really, I would have problems. Yeah, it's not that I didn't pay my bill. It was the show. It was the show that scared me. Whew, I, I'm telling you, Mr. Hooper, there is a guy I could just go and talk to. Oh, he's he an older fellow. Was just sitting there. You know, you have Maria, all these people on Sesame Street. Real fun. You go to the electric company. It seemed also like everybody on that show, there was really an electric company. They went in, and there was a goddamn hippie riot. They went in and killed all the workers, and they took over. That's how I took it. I didn't you, like you, it. You were a weird kid. It scared me. It really did. I, I also, me and Reggie were talking on the Patreon. Uh, it was the Harley and Ivy uh, meet. Betty and Veronica, right. and I told him we started talking about Mad Magazine versus Cracked, and then threw in crazy. But I like Cracked because Cracked seemed to me, again, like Sesame Street, it wasn't trying to make me, be, you know, be subversive. Mad that Magazine was, seemed to me. The funny thing to me is that I did, I, in my mind, it's like, why choose when I can have both? Yeah, yeah. But Mad Magazine seemed like it was really trying to horn me up and, and get me upset. 
It really did because all their little things and their articles and things were always like, you know, saying bad things about parents and things like that. Then I go and look at Cracked. All they're doing is parodying Star Wars. I'm in. I'm in. They have the, you know, they have the goddamn fucking what's I don't even remember his name. Uh, The guy who was the janitor, who was the the cracked guy. He seemed nice. You know, Alfred E. Newman seemed like he was up to something. He seemed like he was a fucking, like a demon. He reminded me of Problem Child later on in life. That, that's who it reminds me of. Eric, I, I just think to myself, it's like, you know, Jim's out of high school. He's about to go into college. Parents just don't understand comes on the radio. I don't like this Will Smith. He's trying to make me think things. Yeah, really? Listen, no, you don't need that. That's what that's the funniest thing that people are like, oh, Will Smith and his family friendly rhymes. No, he's telling us that you're supposed to go out in in the car and, and st- go to the I car and pick up a twelve year old runaway. I when don't my need mother that. heard parents just don't understand. She was furious at Will Smith. What does he know? How could he nah. say this? I'm like, Mom, it's just a goddamn song. I, I just, I'll tell you, when, when I did hear parents just don't understand uh, the first time, I thought it was one of the greatest <laughs> songs I'd ever heard, and mainly because I knew he was from the Philadelphia area, and he mentioned the Gallery Mall, yep. that they would go for their, in the in the story of the, the rap, he would go there for his school clothes, and I did that as well. So I thought me nice. and the Fresh Prince... We could hang out. Though I'll tell you, Jazzy Jeff, he he scares me a little. He's always, and then when you when you have the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Jazz would come, and you know shit was happening. Anytime Jazz showed up, that fucking nonsense would ensue. And yeah, I we've been watching a lot of Fresh Prince recently. Uh, we are on the stick, and we are actually watching twenty four seven streams of different shows. And we'll put on Fresh Prince and watch six hours of it. And yeah, I, I really like it. I still don't like Jazz though, but. That is that, Eric. That is That's the end that. of the rant and race. It just everybody, watch out! Don't don't let your kids watch the Electric Company. Uh, I'll, I'll, you, I'm telling you, they'll turn bad. But I yeah, we're gonna go. The Electric Company. You'd have to really search that out to get your kids to watch it. I bet it's on the. I don't know if it'd be on the stick just because it was on all the time. So yeah. you can. We have. I have uh, the Sesame Street. I have some box set that I would play to my kids because again, this is what always gets me. You have little kids, a four year old kid. Why would a four year old kid write? now not like the same exact thing that i liked as a four-year-old they haven't had any sort of you know indoctrination of anything new you wouldn't even think a four-year-old or a three four five would say oh this looks old or whatever they should know and we have that we have shalom sesame we have a lot of different sesame street things because i really really liked it and wanted my kids to and that's where i learned one of the biggest lessons of being a parent whatever you like your kids won't and you can't get upset about it because that's just how it is uh, I, I know. Imagine all. in your crazy mind now that Sesame Street's on HBO. Kids can't watch that. It's scary. They're gonna what? have to be fucking HBO. I didn't know that. I didn't know anymore where it's on or whatever. I know we kept seeing in pop culture all these new characters and things, and that's fine uh, as long as they don't have Snuffleupagus because he was a LSD dream. They were starting to get a little too Electric Company down there, Eric. I, I just didn't uh. like that. But we're gonna go off now to mail section number one. It's Mail with Jim.
That's the, me. St- the star of the show, Eric Shea. That's right. All right. This is mail section number one. If you want to be part of the mail sections that we scatter throughout the podcast, you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like Trailer Park Mom, oh, Eric Shea, who says, hey there, good looking. Hey. I wish she asked what's cooking. But she said, I've been thinking Hold about on, you all day. Yeah. Well, no. Oh, so it has to be you, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey there, short stuff. Oh, that's not me. Right. <laughs> hey there, uh, gray beard. I've been thinking about you all day. And man, you make me so hot. I just can't get enough of it. Just give it to me. Give me weird science. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, God. I need a smoke. There you go. That is Trailer Park Mom. She is getting a little bit too excited. I'm telling you, that excited. last line actually just really freaked me out because that sounds like something my mother would do. Oh, really? What? Yeah, I don't even want to know what's going on then. No, I'm and saying that's something she, would, say, she would talk about. She's talking about, like, you know, an organ. Like, oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, God, yes, oh, baby. Oh. I've heard her say this before just oh, in, like, baby. a funny conversation. Oh, baby, oh, I want to get the her uh, mails there and have them read by 3XL. See how sexy that sounds. But, Eric, once we have Trailer Park Mom. Trailer Park Mom, I would like to say if she had a superhero name, I would call her the signal, Eric, because she always shows up right before comic book guy, who is the next email says. I don't know what is going on with my wife. Does comic book guy have a signal? Yes, he has a signal. The signal is Trailer Park Mom getting the email in, and then the next thing I know, it's a signal that I'm going to get two emails in a row is what I get. I don't know what is going on with my wife, but every time you guys are on, she goes nuts making weird sounds. Then I try to talk to her, and she tells me to stop fucking talking because she can't hear the show, and she asks me for a fucking smoke like if she just had sex or something. What the hell is going on here? We'll have to find out later. It's as the comic book guy and Trailer Park Mom turn, Eric. But thank you to both of them. Thank you, And we're going to move on to the next email, and that is Luke Hollywood. Eric, what do you think the Hollywood kid has to talk about tonight? He says, what's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, and everyone else in the Fresh Cup crew. Whoop, whoop. And a special shout-out to the GFC on Slack Chat. Glad I joined the party. He likes that slack chat, Eric, like we all do. Holy smokes, there's a lot of books out this week. I'm not even close to finishing mine yet. Neither am I, Eric. So I can't imagine how long it took for you guys to read and review them all. I'm glad I have Jim and Eric to do all that nonsense for me on weeks like this. I hope this Patreon monies helps with the most important thing, keeping the lights on, Eric. Do you have lights on where you are right now? I do. I always have lights on because it hurts my eyes if I don't. Really? I, I prefer to be in the dark. I am here. I am always in the, the dark. I'm telling you, looking at the computer screen when it's completely dark, it just fucks me up and gives me a headache. It's funny you say that. Now that I'm looking and now it seems like my eyes hurt. But my yeah. book of the week for two weeks in a row, Green Lantern Kyle Rayner Volume 1. It arrived this week and it was definitely awesome. worth the wait. I'm a little behind on work right now. So for now, I'll have to let Jim tell you guys my early review of this masterpiece in the making. Number one. It's a roller coaster ride of emotions. Number two, perfect mix of art and story. Number three, I paid for the whole seat, but I only needed the edge. There you go. Ten out of ten. Hey, Luke Hollywood, <laughs> tell me in the next email whether or not because I don't know what the the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern Volume One consists of. Like, is it like take place after the Emerald like uh, Twilight mm, Emerald go. Dawn? No, book, no, you're, now you're doing nonsense. I, I actually thought I'm it was just scattered. I think it was just scattered stories. I, I think okay. that that's what it is. Uh, if uh, if I'm not mistaken. 10 out of 10, see you in volume two. You just stepped 
on this fucking cliffhanger. Seriously, though, I highly recommend this trade to any Green Lantern fans or newcomers alike. The great thing about Kyle Rayner is that he's as new to the ring as the reader is, so we can learn along with him in his early days as a ring slinger. The weird thing is, is as I say that, it reminds me of this, Eric. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escaped my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Aware of my power, green's light. The Warfords, whatever. <laughs> the Warfords, there's mites. This volume essentially collects Kyle Rayner year one. Here we go. He's going to tell us. Right. It collects Kyle Rayner year one, including the story arcs Emerald Twilight, where Hal goes okay. off the deep end, and Kyle ends up with the ring New Dawn, where Kyle learns the basics of his new power and faces his first real conflict as Earth's new GL. And finally, it all culminates in issue zero with the big showdown between Hal and Kyle on an abandoned Oa. Two lanterns enter, one lantern leaves, Eric. Along with that, you get a couple of tie-ins and one-shots, which are a little more than filler, but nice inclusions to see that we're going to have Kyle's large your role in the DCU. That, that's the bitch of it because it actually sounds like a really cool one. But I had the Emerald Twilight, Emerald Dawn trade, so it, I, if I got this, it'd be like a big right. part of the story that I'd be buying. I already own. But you could sit there and read it in one sitting. The real meat and cheese of the book are the three story arcs I mentioned above, and those alone are well worth the price of admission. You get a great insight into Kyle as a character, and we see that he's just genuinely a great guy with a big heart. Sure is, is he the Dick Grayson of the Green Lantern Corps? He Do you is. Think and that I the would... Wally West of the Green. Yeah. Do you think that those should be my other two? Like, I really should like Kyle and Wally because I, I love Dick I think you Grayson. should really love Kyle, but you've gravitated towards a uh, freaking guy, guy just because he's a dick and he knows yeah. and you can relate. Yeah, I like that. I, I really – he is the Rob Liefeld of the Green Lantern Corps, Eric, and I respect him for that. And it's impossible not to sympathize with him throughout the book. The only thing that would make it even better would be some extras like some design sketches since they're always a nice treat in the trades. But really, this collection is well worth your monies, especially yours, Trevitt, when you get some funds. I'd give it a 9 out of 10. He said, whoops, I guess I just had Jim read out a full review. Oh, well, it's not like the podcast isn't already long enough. Am I right? Is he right? P.S. Here, you hinted it on Slack chat, Jim, but will we ever find out the fate of the pop culture podcast? The world needs to know, and please don't forget to play the wrong turn oath. That shit makes my goddamn week. Your boy from Lickslip, XOXOXO, you may find out eventually. I'll tell you, Eric knows why it ended for real. And it's it's not a good story. No. It's not anything that's going to make anybody laugh or feel happy. And in fact, it's it's very uh, it's a tragedy, is what it is. So I don't know, but maybe someday, maybe I'll tell people individually, so then I can talk to them about it. We'll see. It's a personal matter. Yeah. <laughs> anybody who was in the Slack chat last week saw heard the beginning of it. I'll tell you that. Not but the yeah. Slack chat, the Mixler chat. Or the Mixler chat. I'm sorry. If if you were live Mixler, you you heard shit going wrong and then believe me it, it went so wrong that yeah shit had to change so that is all i can say about that i'm like forrest gump Aaron. Sure. so i'm gonna say about that for now yeah, for the uh, but yeah that is the end of mail section number one Thank thanks you, luke kid. thanks luke and uh I'm, i hope you enjoyed the wrong turn oath because you will hear it again later when we talk about how but yeah that's and the end we're gonna you go tell me what that kyle rayner volume yeah. one consisted of that is good stuff but yeah we're gonna go off to the book section and uh right now right is that what we're yeah. doing eric now i'm thrown off but yeah we're gonna Come go on, to the man. book section we'll be back with the meat cheese in a second now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love 
Eric. Woo, indeed. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, I was wrong about the Sesame Street. Uh, <laughs> I told you I was going to say. I can't leave that out there. I thought that that pinball bit was on the electric company. It seems it was on Sesame Street. So I, I guess even Sesame Street. I'm like, Jim must know more about no, this. No, I, I like, actually in my mind, just it was seen... on the electric company, and Sesame Street kind of bought it from them to put it in their it, shows. It seems like Sesame it was Street. very much like that vein of the electric company. I think Sesame Street was trying to get hip. And crazy, and maybe that's you know that got me scared as well. Tell me I don't that know. Jim Henson wasn't hip. Come on, I was a little like, oh, four-year-old. I didn't know what was going on. I probably watched Sesame Street up until about eighteen. No, I, yeah. I probably stopped watching it around six, and then I just went straight from that to actual cartoons. There like weren't Puff. as many. There weren't as many like kids shows when when I was growing up that you can kind of progress and go to. You kind of just went to Looney Tunes and the Three Stooges and things like oh, that. Yeah. Is, is what I ended up. Though as a younger kid. I was not uh, a huge fan of the Three Stooges. They kind of scared me as well. They seem very, they seem very violent, Eric. I don't know why. I don't know why they were so mad. They were, they were brothers. Like my grandmother. Brothers. Why, why would they get upset at each other and do that? Mo seemed like a real dick. He, he really threw me off. That Mo and that haircut, Eric. It was a little scary. So you're but telling this me is, since because they're brothers, they should be kind to each other like you were to your brother No, Steven. but not like that. I mean, verbally, yeah. You, you can abuse people verbally, but, you know, doink right in the eyes. That that can cause permanent damage, Eric. You don't want to do that. Plus, every time Mo would do something, it would leave a mark. That's just leaving evidence. You can't do that. Well, why are you going to incriminate yourself with that? He no, didn't no, care about don't. that shit in the 30s. He did. Nobody did. Uh, all I know is any time any of the three stooges, if I was hanging out, I was the fourth stooge, and uh, I was hanging out, any time anybody ever would pick up a board, I'd run because it's always going to spin around and hit me. And if anybody's walking anywhere within three blocks with a pane of glass, I'm out, because well, that is Apparently breaking. you're not enough of a stooge to be the fourth stooge. Th- yeah, well, that, that's because I would have to. Well, you see me. I don't need uh, somebody picking oh up a board God. with two paint cans on either side to, to cause chaos. I don't need that. So you are I don't want. Yes, I am. But this is the meat and cheese of lone the podcast. Stooge, Jim <laughs> the lone stooge. Uh, the one stooge. I am. We're going to go uh, and talk about the books now. And we do have reviews for these written reviews on our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. So if you want to listen and read the reviews, if you want to go off, whatever, just don't look for Supergirl. Eh, that, uh, that's not to be seen. And don't look I, for as pictures and flash like Manship apparently just yep. did. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not going to change it. That's how I went. I go original. OG. Yeah, I told so you that. You you're no, I just keep forgetting. I, I'm I'm not a uh, guy who keeps thinking of that. When I get that, <laughs> I go to bed. Out of sight, out of mind. What What did he say? That he wanted pictures? Tell him to go no, online and look up this pictures. Revo- this review seems really small. Maybe because of lack of pictures. Yeah, lack of pictures. I'll give him small. You know what I'm talking about. Your body? I, I talked to Manship. He sends me an email today. I'm addicted to the Premier League, right? And uh-huh. in that email, he just talks about why is Supergirl not in metal. Nothing about the Premier League. I, I think that, again, that's almost like an email without pictures. He's, he's misleading me. Oh, Manship, you son of a bitch. But yeah, we're <laughs> going to start off. This is the beginning of the podcast, so you kind of know the order of books that we'll do. But we're going to start with Detective Comics number 966, written by James Tyne in the fourth, art by Eddie Barrows, Eber Ferreira, Adriano Lucas, and Sal Cipriano, Eric Cipriano. Shea. Cipriano is in town with a few days to thrill with his sexy brother, while some were upset with this issue for not showing us more of who or what Mr. Oz had in his prison. I liked it a lot for what we did get. Bat Drake. 
That's Bat what Trick. you made me call it. Bat Drake. I wanted it to be Bat Tim or Tim Bat, but you like Tim Bat, Bat Drake. Yeah, alt timeline stuff usually hurts my head, but seeing the Tim Drake of tomorrow and what it means to our Tim was pretty cool. And I and while I don't fully agree with how Tynan played the future of the other Robins, it really is nothing in the long run. I thought it was pretty fun. What is something? It, what is something though is the idea that Connor Kent seems to be erased from this timeline, and Bat Drake is heading off to kill Batwoman. And yeah, I think the most exciting and, and really anything, and people don't seem to be centering on it. Uh, it's huge. That is really, really big that Tim Drake of our Tim Drake does not know who Connor is. Has never seemed to deal. have heard that deal. It's huge. And what happened before this issue came out, uh, there was – I forget who had an article. And from the preview or something, they were like, oh, we're finally going to get Connor Kent in this continuity. And I, and I said to you, I'm like, Kent's been in this yeah, I, I, I'm saying time. to you, I'm thinking to myself because I read that while we were working. And I yeah. thought to myself – Am, am I off? Because I'm telling you, Superboy's continuity in the New 52 oh, and whatever, all of it, 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 it is a wreck. It, it's all over the place. So what I thought is it could be as easy or stupid as Connor spelt with an O or an E and the whatever. That could mean something of how wonky it has been and all the names and everything thrown out there. So I said to Eric, like, Connor, he he was in the Teen Titans, right? He was oh, with yeah. Tim, and he had his own he book. He had his own book. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. I'm like, that was Connor Kent, right? Connor. You're like, yes. Yeah, and you started getting mad at me. And you're like, yeah, but again, there's where I got confused because, yeah, it's Con L, it's Connor, whatever. But he, he was there. Tim not realizing who that is and saying, Connor, who the hell is that? That's huge. Now It is big. And my, the thing is, when I was thinking about it, it could be because the last time we saw Connor Kent – in like this continuity from the New yes. 52, he was in, I think it was Will Pfeiffer's uh, Teen Titans run, where he actually went, he went back to the Bart. future with Harvest to try to get some understanding about himself. Yeah. And the thing that's really cool, if you think about it, well, I, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Connor Kent of this timeline, he was a clone of a alternate futures, like, you know, John Kent, who yeah. is, you know, the son of Lois Lane and Clark Kent. And at the time, that was a weird thing because, you know, Lois and Clark weren't together. It was Wonder Woman and Superman. Yep. So now that Reborn has happened and reshaped the thing, we have Lois and Clark together. And they have a son, John, who John. like it will not be the same one because he will not grow up to be evil because it's not the same uh, circumstances. Yep. So this could effectively erase John. I mean, uh, yes. Connor. And that's where I think that with all this and, and my opinion of it. Now, a lot of people, this article that I read, it's like, oh, we're finally going to get the pre-flash, you know, pre-flashpoint Connor back. Uh, this does not seem to point that way, though I yeah. think that eventually something will happen, whatever it may be. But I do think, and I told you right away, and I didn't even have the stats like you did to figure it out down the line there. I just thought that what happened was with Reborn happening and the way they kind of, you know, pigeonholed the pre Flashpoint Superman with the New 52 and having John as the Superboy in this, that would effectively erase Connor. And what happens is, is later on in Super Sons, the Super Sons, if you look at the solicits, Super Sons have an issue coming up where the uh, Bat Drake ends up at the Super Sons, and it says that with him showing up, with the future Batman showing up, uh, John has to come to grips of his dark future. 
And I think that this is where you have these talk in this book about Bat Drake saying, you know, hey, I, I had this conversation. It's echoes and things are getting wonky. It seems like things are getting wonky in his head, even yeah. as this issue goes. Because the future and, is not freaking, you know, it's not sta- uh, stapled down at this yeah, point. Yeah. So things keep changing, altering the way he remembers things yes. and the way he perceives things. And I think that John being Superboy is what's changing all that. And I do think that for now, I'm not sure if that article saying we're going to get pre-Flashpoint uh, Connor back, I, I don't know that they're 100% wrong that the fact is is that he's gone. And if he does come back, they're going to have to have him as a different way of coming back and doing sort of things like that. Uh, but I like this issue. And also with the whole deal with people getting upset, oh, I wanted to see more of the, the prisons. I wanted to see who else he had. You're really basing your hopes and dreams here. Like Eric, dreams and nightmares. You're oh, basing yeah. that on your talk of who you might have thought Mr. Oz had. The only other person we see, we had Mixel, Mixel Plick, I always say his name wrong, but he's out. He, he's gone, and we also had uh, Prophecy, who was in there. We didn't see yeah. anybody else. We, we haven't seen anybody else. So when people are like, oh, man, I was hoping to see Animal Man, like anybody, Shazam. You, you talk about any character that we haven't seen, everybody was hoping we'd see them in the cells, and it would explain everything to us of why we hadn't seen them. Just because we don't see anybody else in this issue – doesn't mean there's people still not there. Right. It also doesn't mean that there ever had to be anybody else there. No. That and is I like all. To think if there was, Doomsday going through the walls killed everybody yeah, that was yeah. there to and, get and, the freaking Tim Drakes. And like I said, that most of the things, that, yeah, I people were hoping that it was Superboy Prime that he was there. People were hoping that it was Shazam was a big one, and Booster Gold was who I thought because I didn't have a way that I thought they could get out of this prison and back to Gotham. I thought that it would be a great way where you have Booster Gold that he gets out, gets his equipment, he might be able to do I'm some flight ring, I, all I'm this stuff. I'm trying to remember how the continuity works now because Convergence was a while ago, but I'm pretty sure the, the Booster Gold of our continuity, who that was, became Wave Rider, so yeah, now he I did, I know think. there is a Booster but Gold. But even, even, even if Wave Rider came. Still happened. Yeah, even if that that would happen, but even if that, and you you could have the thing because in this, the future Tim Drake, the Tim Drake of tomorrow says, I've been in here from my internal clock. I've been here about a year, which makes yeah. it seem like they're giving you the wink, wink when Rebirth started. Seems to be when he would have been grabbed. But you have a somebody else that we haven't seen even longer says, man, I've been in here like seven years. And you oh, my God, that makes sense when this Ooh. book got canceled and we haven't seen this and that and the other thing. I think that, like I said, I think that most people are upset because they were hoping there'd be more characters and hoping that it would explain and hoping this was a springboard to their favorite characters coming back in the DCU. Unfortunately, that may not be the story. And well, one yeah, one thing too that I thought was pretty cool because while I did not read the Teen Titans of Tomorrow arc, which you know this has the big thing I to did. deal with, everybody was calling that out last time we yeah. had this issue. Uh, what I do remember is that in Batwoman number six of the, the current continuity. We had this future issue where it was Batwoman in this fucked up Gotham where Batman had taken over most of the shit. And as we see in this, it seems like the future that we're dealing with in Batwoman is the one of this Tim Drake yeah. Batman. Yeah. And that's uh, why he has to go and kill. Like, even the fact that, like, you know, Jason Todd, he says, you know, he's missing an eye and a leg. We saw in that Batwoman number six, Jason Todd was working yes. with Batwoman and was missing an eye at least. Missing an eye, yeah. And in this, he – I don't think that future uh, Tim Drake, the Tim Drake of tomorrow, is lying about, like, because if it was him that did it, I thought in that Batwoman you were kind of led to believe that that might have been done by him, by Tim, possibly. But I don't think he'd be lying. So I, But it, it, it does matter up 
And I do like it that at the one point he ends up cutting Tim and shows that okay, I'm okay, not we bound are by bound that. by faith, yeah, but I, the yeah. way things are working, you know, the the time is, is malleable now, it's no longer defined. I can change things and yeah, I can he end He wants this. to change things. He wants to go off. Now all this and I, I was arguing with Brett a little, not much. We were talking about this and he's real excited about this Tim of tomorrow. Uh, all I kept saying to him, like Dancing Mike even said in his rant and rave, I don't think he's going to be sticking around. I do think that this is one of those things where they're using this to be almost like the the dark multiverse Batman. This is the dark version of what Tim can become, where he's headed if things happen like that. And this is just for me, in my mind, to show you how great Tim is because he's going to fight against this. He's yeah, going to learn his lesson. Fight the future, man. And, and that's the other thing is when I. I first was reading this and it first started out to be this dark you know tim and all this i at by the end it's not he actually wants to save tim from becoming himself he says it before we'll get to it when we go to the tip for tat and when he says i remember talking to you i remember talking that that's part of that the uh, titans of tomorrow when the tim drake talked to himself and again just like this said i don't want to be batman i don't want to be that i don't want to do that i don't want to be a bad guy and like he said I remember that conversation. I had it with myself, and then I became it anyway. You, there's some things you can't change, and I do think all of this is bound to what is there predestiny, or do you have a choice in the matter? And that's right. why this. That's why this bat. You know, bat Drake and is here. Everything to show. we have here, though, like you know, you see what the future kind of looks like going forward. Nothing jives with Batman beyond those, so no. I'm going to say no, that the future may be yeah, erased oh, yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, and it's one of those, that's why we'll they spell out. put in order so that future can take place. Yeah, well, as they, as they say, though, about it being malleable and things like that, but also, this is not, I mean, I would think that this future, they that, that's the other thing. Give us a year. Give us a time of how long ahead it is. It's just like many years, you know, many tomorrows now and whatever, but, but you have <laughs> anarchy. He does not look that much older. I mean, this no, could be... He has aged well. Yeah, this could be four or five years from now. It doesn't seem like it's that, you know, he mentions that at one point at 19, he studied all the, you know, rogues and things right. like this. But to me, once Batman went down and was replaced, that that succession was pretty quick. I mean, I don't think this is, you know, 30 years in the future. I, yeah. I think that Tim himself here is probably about 26, 27. And so, but even then, it, it, you start getting a little wonky with, with timelines and things like that. But you have to remember this whole thing started as... As an alt future, a different timeline that did not happen and, you know, went and veered off. So it's kind of wonky with all that, too. But it starts off, and it is many tomorrows from now, Eric. They're many not tomorrows gonna, from now. They are, he, James Tynan is not going to tie down any. So it's like uh, seven not tomorrows. The, I got he's, you. I'm telling you, he's not a, d a dumb guy. He's no. not going to give us a, a year for anybody because he knows there's people out there who are going to do the math. We have B Batman Beyond Mark. If you get anywhere near uh, what he knows and does, he's going to have have a, a fucking conniption but with this many tomorrows from now you, you can't say anything <laughs> it's nope. it's so ambiguous so you have there and it does seem well it is anarchy it's lonnie and it does seem that this goes from even the path that had started with him and utopia and all this because you know they even mention the stuff that has happened and, and how it didn't work out for him and all this but he starts fighting him and basically you know batman is there's no batman allowed in gotham at this point point. And 
he even t- even the Tim uh, or Bat Drake. It's tough to talk about the, the thing because of the two Tim Drakes. But he says right. to Lonnie, you know, you I I kind of admire you. You have a purity of vision. You have a noble belief. I at one point I think I said the exact same thing to the Poison Ivy League, Eric. I, I really <laughs> do admire her at points that she does have a noble belief and whatever. But you know, you, you put too much trust in people to make the right decision without a system that pushes them in the right direction. And that's when Lonnie's just like, you know what? You're not going to find her, and her is spoiler. spoiler. And he just, you know, he's pissed. He wants to know where she is, and he won't tell her. And he just pulls out his gun and shoots him right in the face. And then gets that's a note. That's crime in Gotham. That's what you do, and get a note. And then you have Renee Montoya, who's commissioner at this point then, and comes out and, you know, says, listen, no it's bets allowed. Free zone. Yeah. You know, yeah, get the hell out of here. And he's like, yeah, for now, and goes off. But then we go off to both Tim's. And they are, you know, doing – or actually, it doesn't. It goes back to him in the Batcave. I'm thinking, like, what the hell? But they're in the Batcave, uh, or he is, Bat Drake, and he gets a message from Connor. You know, it's all the thing from the Teen Titans and the Titans of Tomorrow that they want to, you know, make amends. He just deletes the message and goes Cause he's on. Because he's more into what he got off of Lonnie with this whole idea, like, what, you know, when Spoiler came back to town and he wants to know where Stephanie is. And we see yeah. from this little interaction that I guess Lonnie recorded – is that, you know, St- uh, Stephanie does not believe that this is the Tim Drake she loved. Like, he is not the same person he was anymore. Yeah. I want nothing to do with him. Yeah, I don't I don't want anything to do with And that just seems with. to be the point in time where he was taken by Mr. Oz, Manhattan, whatever you knew, and put into this Yeah, prison. yeah, he was taken. And you even see at the point where y- you have a little play of Brother Eye as well. The, yeah, he's you using know, Brother, kind of like yeah. Alfred AI. Yeah, he's thing. using he's like, the you know, Brother brother eye technology it looks like so that's a little like wink wink of the future deal but yeah like you said and i it's funny too but it doesn't because, make sense for the future of that because you know no it, i'm saying Stan bruce is dead no what i'm saying it's an alt timeline this actually you know it none of this really happened in our timeline as of now so it doesn't he can do whatever the hell he wants with this because it is a known alt you know a jeff john's alt future story that he's playing off of but he did get taken which is a kind of weird thing where now we realize that who is taking them can just go through different timelines can do you know it's not just multiverses or anything it's everything you could get timeline deal of anything and it's funny because as he's doing this he's watching this recording of Lonnie and Stephanie talking and then it kind of ends and like you said it's like whatever that lonely creature is it it, it sure isn't Tim and uh, then he gets taken and and it appears that he's in an electric chair to me at first. And I was like, what the hell happened? Like, I really, to me, I thought the next page was going to show that Lonnie had set him up. That that because you even have the the gleam of that, you know, what he's working on. And it's it's playing the video. And then he gets it. I thought that was a failsafe of Lonnie's thing that electrocuted him. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm a dummy. But then we go, we go into the prison of Mr. Oz. And you do have... Uh, Doomsday fighting them, and I think it's the coolest thing with those discs, where he pulls out the disc, has the crypt, uh, the kryptonite, synthetic kryptonite disc that he pulls into his gun, starts shooting Doomsday. It, it gets him, you know, it, it pulls it's him off for a little. For a minute. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, listen, that was synthetic kryptonite. We got to go. It breaks the skin, and this it goes on. And it, I like the dialogue with Tim no, or Tim really wondering, yeah, or Tim wondering, soldiers. yeah. What, how he knows the stuff and I, I just to me I thought well Tim you're a smart guy I I mean you probably have thought of some of these things as well well even though uh, it's a bit there like where you know Tim is not like you know like you know, he's not accepting a lot of this but like even like the bat Drake tells him look I know you're smart I'm smart yeah. I know you've already figured all of this out you just don't want to accept it 
Yeah, and that's when the big thing is is where uh, Bat Drake says, I know what you're thinking right now. I'll never be Batman. I never wanted to be Batman. We know this. We've we've heard Tim say it a hundred times. We've seen what he's trying to do. Even when he was going off to Ivy University, he had put all these protocols and all this stuff in, in check so that there, there didn't have to be a, a deal. And he's like, hey, you don't know what I'm thinking. He's like, yeah, I, I do. I remember being you. I remember this conversation. Maybe it's better to say I remember an echo of this conversation. But this is the same conversation in that titans up tomorrow that titans tomorrow thing as well uh that tim drake always seems to not want to be batman unfortunately he keeps becoming batman and it seems to be predestined that way uh but then doomsday shows up again he's attacking they're trying to fight him off and they end up you know what ends up happening is they use a hologram of superman Superman. to throw doomsday off and I, i mentioned it to you and i talked to you about it and it, it throws me off again to be this this predator that that Doomsday is, and and think that I would think that it is more in tune of knowing if that was a hologram or not, even by smell, by something. Oh, I get you. I'm but I'll you, go I can, with it. I can see you having problems with it. It's just one of those things where he I'll is raging, and when he sees Superman, then he goes back to his basis instincts of killing Kryptonians yeah. and goes after it. It might not, t- you know, he might not go after it very long, but initially he sees this thing, he's gonna go fucking. I know. It just it just seemed. Really really wonky way I'm like right they want to you want to have doomsday yeah you want to have doomsday there to be this threat but that's really not what we're dealing with here so you kind of have to get them and a lot of people were saying you have superman who just goes toe to toe trying to fight doomsday gets killed by him now you have two tim drakes with little gadgets and can subdue him over and over yeah eventually if they don't get out of this prison they are dead yeah doomsday is not going to stop for a hologram and not come back they're going to be dead though i said don't know why they would he would keep coming back for Tim Drake's. You you know what I mean? But you know, I guess he's just gonna kill whatever he, he can just get. Kills man, that's what Doomsday does. Yeah, but does. I'm saying to, to me, Doomsday seems like he chased that hologram, and then when he realizes that, he just looked for something else, not double back to go get him. I don't know. He's going for the one thing he knows he can kill. Yeah, but that's where uh, you have Tim and Bat Drake talking about what happened and why he became. Batman and why he became this dark version of him and uses a gun that would be a killer and and really a lot of it it's about destiny it's also about the idea that Patrick is saying to him you you don't know what happens I, I mean there's some bad shit in this world that you don't understand what led me into this uh, but by the end he wants to change it like the whole so thing I is you like know, Nightwing it. did become Batman at one point but yeah, like Nightwing that's what does he, says. he eventually leaves as yeah. he always does and then yeah. I searched out for Red Hood and by the time I found out what kind of end he came to missing an eye missing a leg after this big accessory I got back to Gotham where Damien had almost burned the goddamn place to the ground so I had to put the little brat down yeah you have to kill him it seems like he killed Damien they don't come out and say it uh, per se uh, but yeah you have and being a Dick Grayson uh fan it's weird for him to just hey he does what he always does he moves on now they do throw out listen he had a family he had to build a life and this sort of thing but he really what what dick grayson did was set up all those you know damien to die and jason to lose a leg and a goddamn eye because it it doesn't seem like he was having problems it wasn't like man he was having some problems too it looked like he might have been able to be a pretty good batman and he has the blue batman symbol thomas of tomorrow hey because in that at that this time of the titans tomorrow there was no duke thomas this is a story that they're playing off of from way before so i think that they're still playing with that alt timeline of how it worked out and how that 
happened. I, that's all I can guess. Because, yeah, Duke is not even mentioned. And, you know, they're talking. They're fighting about stuff. And, and really, all Tim, he just can't get it in his head that this is what happened. And yeah. he does bring up Batwoman, and that's where Patrick flips out. He's like, especially not her. Yeah, she is the reason that you all of this shit Batman. went wrong. You do at this point. That's how I know you're not ready for any of this. Yeah, and he says, I can't believe that. That's why I built the Gotham Knights protocol, the Belfry, all of it, a self-perpetuating system. The weird thing is, is the Gotham Knights protocol was called out before, and it was those mecha buildings. And that, that wasn't Tim that set that up. But no. I, you know, So that's what's weird. That, that whole Gotham Knights protocol just seemed way off to me. But. And it seems the thing that really pushed Tim over the top in that conversation we saw a spoiler and Lonnie yeah. earlier is that for some reason Tim went over the top when Clayface of all people died. Yeah, yeah, it seems like Clayface dying is what really started doing things, Which and that and that Batwoman had. I know, and that Batwoman had a huge deal of that. But that's where Doomsday comes flying back in. That's when Tim throws these, you know, it looks like uh, not concussion grenades, but flash grenades type of thing to kind of blind Doomsday for a second, and then when he comes through, there's a hologram of Superman, and that's where he goes. He just runs off to go get Superman. And this is what was funny to me is when people were saying about this, oh, my God, you know, Connor, pre-Flashpoint Connor and stuff like that. A bunch of people were say had review copies and were thinking this was Connor. So it's not. It's a hologram. Also, I want to point out when when Bat Drake and the the thing is, the hologram might be a hologram of Connor this Batman's future because he does become Superman. So it might be. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, the thing is, though, it seems like that was Tim Drake who did that. The R. Tim Drake, not Batman. It seems like that was R. Tim Drake who did that with the flash grenades. Because then Batman says, "I wasn't expecting that exactly." You know, that's because we're not the same person. I, okay. I got the idea that that was his deal, but maybe not. But y- y- you do see Tim grab well, it those. It is the Superman reborn costume, grenades. so that makes sense to me. I'm yeah, just saying, I was trying to go with something what they were talking about, but that yeah. does make more sense. But even that, it, costume. it was a funny thing that earlier when he did get the message when we were in there. T- timeline Patrick got that message from connor he does not call him connor they they call they just say superman and and stuff and it just i don't think that they wanted to tie anything down because of what happens because when this is going on and then uh, i will tell you that the big thing that was kind of you know we're, we're leading into all this and then they just zap to gotham like that i mean it's it's anticlimactic the way they get back to gotham and, and arrive I'm there. Sorry, he does have a throwaway line at one point where he is like trying to use his brother's system to match the frequency yeah. that mr oz used when he leave in the previous but it's just, issue he just presses a button now and they go back i mean it really is like that's it like they're back and when they're back it seems like at this point tim is just okay I'm going to get to do – I'm going to make things right here. Hey, Patrick, maybe you should just go. You know, Go back to your own timeline. And he seems like, okay, I think I might. And then he's like, "Whatever you do, though, you know, it's one of those things. You know, don't. Hey, say hi to the princesses for me. You know, that sort of thing. What he's princesses? Like, yeah, you'll see. You'll see. But he's like, hey, tell Connor you're sorry for everything. Heal that wound before it can't be healed. You know how much he matters to us. And in my time, let's just say we don't have a lot of friends left to lose. And Tim says, Connor, who the hell is Connor? And that is, that's huge. That, that is, is such so a great big. Just the whole, like, I still don't like the way that Tim looks in a lot no, of, like, a lot of No, I don't mind it that much in this. It was previous, but yeah. 
I just love the fact that whole thing where it's like Connor, who the hell is Connor with that whole like, you know, like half body of Tim yeah. and just the turned head of Batman. Huh? Yeah, and he's like, huh? And then he looks and he's like, brother, access all world intelligence networks. Give me anything you can run about the current timeline. He's looking at it and he's like, oh, so much of this is the same. But things have been changed, altered, almost, impre- you know, th- the thing is, Connor not being in it, that is not small. I mean, no. that is really big. Uh, but then Tim's like, what are you doing? What the hell are you talking about? And that's where you get the idea that he has an idea, basically. Huh, let me see. And slices his arm, takes off his freaking arm guard, and there is a scar. And he's like, that and, like, means I'm basically. At this point, he realizes, you know, I am not from an alternate time. Like, this is yeah. the younger me because now that I've cut him, I have the scar of it. So we are the same person yeah. just from different yeah. times. So the future is malleable. Things yeah, are like, and, I know Connor, he doesn't. Shit has gone wrong. Yeah, yeah. I can change everything now, though. Things are going to be amazing because I don't have to be this monster. Yeah, and that's the thing. A lot of people were looking at this as uh, Bat Drake being a bad guy and doing this and like, oh, now I'm free. I can wreck shit all I want. That's not what he's saying. He's no. saying that now he can change his future. He is He's now tied to this Tim Drake. If he can stop everything that was going to go wrong... This Tim Drake will never have to be Batman, will never have to go through the hell that he has. It, it's so big to him, it makes him cry. He's crying. And at the end of says, it, the whole thing, it's one of those things where, like, if he goes and he kills Batwoman or does something to alter, it's one of those, like, Martin McFly moments where he could just disappear and just yeah. not be. Yeah, he says, I can be free. Oh, thank God I can be free. And I saw some reviews and, like, oh, and the, the future, the Tim Drake from tomorrow, he's free from that alt timeline. So he can, no, he's saying that he can do stuff so that this fucking evil. Not even evil, but worse version of himself can disappear never and never happen. Be. I mean, this is like you talk about a hero's choice. What he thinks he's doing is going off and saving everything by ex- erasing everything that would make him. And that's pretty huge. I mean, it, it's big. And then that's what he says. You know, the future, you can change it. I can be free from you having to be me, starting with the person responsible for setting it all in motion, the one who's responsible for the fall of the Batman. I need to kill Batwoman. Now, we're, we're going to find out, you would think. I don't think he's going to kill Batwoman. That might be a spoiler to you. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. But what I do think is he's going to find out that, yes, there are little changes. And because of how this is ending, it up there is this malleable timeline that he's gonna you know destiny is not as strong as he thinks i also think that he's gonna be the way that stephanie comes back to tim i mean it's it's gonna be this tim drake of tomorrow that's gonna pretty much fix everything and put everything back into play though i still think clayface is a big trouble i don't think he'll die though but yeah we'll see how it goes but yeah that ends it with tim getting shocked he he's shocked out and you have this tim uh, batrick going off to kill Batwoman. So I liked it. I really did like it. I, I thought that it was fun. I Sometimes you get a little wonky with these timelines and things like that. I think that James Tynan did a really good job of how he kind of morphed things in and made it matter. I like seeing the future of the, you know, of the Robins, I mean, oh, yeah, even yeah. though I don't agree with the, the, the uh, the Dick Grayson, because especially if he, if Dick becomes Batman, uh, this is the only thing that really threw me off. And Doomsday going off the hologram. But if Dick Grayson becomes Batman, and he's gonna, and then they even say. Uh, uh, Jason never even became Batman. No. He he ended up before. So he, 
all, then all of a sudden you have Damien start just wrecking shit. I think Dick would have had something to say about that. Like he would have been involved, but we'll see. You know, actually, we probably never will see. But no. I gave it an eight out of ten. I thought the art was a lot better. I know that Tim's face is still well, a little off, is, but like it's not before, as like, off. Tim's face a little off, but I'm telling you, it is miles above what we got yes. last issue. And I love the art in this entire yeah, uh, I love the art here. in this issue so much. Uh, this is where I said that Eddie Barrows is back to licking ass, Eric. When I meant to say <laughs> he, I, it was a misprint, he was supposed to be back to kicking ass. I actually put an L in. I don't know what I was thinking. I, and that, that's the part. You have this, and then you hit the spell check, and I, I'm busy. I'm doing things. Licking is a word, Eric. Uh, unfortunately, I put that Eddie Barrows is back to licking ass. But hey, that that might in some people's books that's a good thing. But I, I think the art's really good in this. Doomsday looks great throughout. I, I think that he looks uh, awesome. Uh, but yeah, I give it an eight out of ten. What would you give it? It's a weird thing too because James Tynan he's he's been like you know hit or miss for me through all of Rebirth at this point, especially with his work with Batwoman. But what he's setting up with Batwoman and then back to Detective Comics. Like, we have all this stuff right now leading up to friggin' Doomsday Clock and what all of yeah. Rebirth has meant. And of all the issues we have coming out of Rebirth right now, somehow Detective Comics has just gone and tipped it over the top with this issue and made it the most important book that we're dealing with. Even with the Oz effect in Action Comics right now, which we'll talk about in a minute, that seems way less than what we're dealing with in Detective Comics. And it's this issue... Like with the alternate timelines, the idea that time can be changed, you know, we're seeing that Connor, like uh, Kent is like, you know, not known. That's a big deal in my mind. Yeah. And just seeing all this other That's stuff, huge. like the Batwoman alternate future that we're dealing with where, you know, Batman has become this villain that has to be taken down, both uh, like Jason Todd and Batwoman. The idea of all these things come together. I'm like, this actually just tipped it over the top for me, though. I'm all about Detective Comics at this moment. I can't wait to see more, and I like the art in this issue a lot. So I'd give us an 8 out of 10 as well. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. I like it. I, I really do. Uh, we're going off to the next book that I, I, I don't know. I didn't hate it. It's just nope. I don't understand because we have there, – there's a lot of big stuff going on besides just metal. Mm -hmm. I mean even I'm even going to throw in the Panic in the Microverse. Like there's a lot of really big stories going on. And Action Comics and the Oz Effect is supposed to be one of the biggest. Like you would this think. is, it's it's like you, you have a thing like you have an event. Like metal is an event. Doomsday yeah. Clock, that's an event. You right under that are certain arcs, and an Oz Effect is just right under that. It, it this should, should be. be. Yeah, it should be. It should be the biggest thing going on if there wasn't an event going on. And I don't know. I don't understand the pace. Like I kind of, I kind of and... take metal out right now, just because it's like so far removed from everything yeah, else. Yeah, and it's with like comics. I said, it's an it's a big event, so that could this metal could be at any point just pop up and happen. Exactly. Uh, but this sort of thing we've been building to this Oz effect and wondering about it and making theories and all these things about it, just like with Tim Drake and Detective. Yeah. Uh, but even so, uh, the Oz effect should be bigger. And it just doesn't seem big anymore. It really doesn't. Once we found out that supposedly Oz is Jarrell, it just seemed to deflate everything. It did completely. It's a goddamn movie cushion. Yeah, and yeah, it did. <laughs> Eric, that's what it did. And now we're just left kind of almost like picking up the pieces. And as I'm reading it, all I can think of is it seems like Dan Jurgens is making up the story as he goes. And because of that, it's just nothing is hitting for me. Uh, but go on. Give me your blurb, Eric Shea. Action Comics number 989, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Dan Jurgens, Victor Bogdanovich, Trevor Scott, Mike Spicer, and Rob Lee. 
The world is still going to shit thanks to the agents of Oz, but something different is going on with this issue where the agents seem to be acting on their own to garner Oz's love and praise. This leads Lois Lane being taken hostage to the Daily Planet so she can report the truth about what's really going on in the world. And while that's going on, Jarrell is getting to know his grandson, John, and telling him how much better he'd have it with his family if they all moved to another world and just left Earth behind. Yeah, it, it just it's weird. Even with that, even with like when he talks to John, this should be a huge moment when actually Jarrell reveals himself to Lois near the end of this. It should be like humongous yep. and it just it doesn't seem. Yeah, it doesn't seem right. Also, the, you, you do get the idea that nobody believes him anyway, so why should I? I just yeah. I don't know. Man. We have this whole big thing going on and the most important thing to this aspect of this issue to my mind are these agents of Oz, which we really still know nothing about, but they're no. going off on their own and doing their own thing to try to garner his love because they know that Oz is going to be leaving at some point. They want to go with him. They want to be taken with, so they want to go yeah. above and beyond what they've been told to do at this point. I didn't even get that. that worthy. Yeah, I didn't even get that. I just got that they're just doing what he said because even at the point where they're those chemical weapons and things, they're just like, yeah, it's good that Oz gave us this. And I don't know. I, I didn't really get no, no, any that's sort not of chemical. idea. I'm talking about that guy and the the woman at the Daily Planet. They're going above and beyond at this point to try to get the word out there to the world to freaking garner whatever, like, you know, like uh, trust or praise from Oz. So they're fulfilling his word, his prophecy of what's yeah, going to go yeah, down. Yeah, I didn't get and, any like, idea that no they know. There's no way in my mind that like you know Oz set this up to get Lois Lane in danger, especially. No, if he I, I think that's exactly what he did. I think that he did it because he always planned to come in and save them anyway, or they're just – that's the problem too is that when it turns around, I don't think that they're doing anything that they're like, oh, man, we're going to do this. They say you'll be remembered for this and all. I just think this continues on the fact that Jarrell was the one who gave him the push, and now he doesn't trust humanity, but he's making them bad, and then people will go above and beyond all the time. I don't know. I, I really didn't I, get I the idea. I just got the idea. idea that this guy was a lone agent. Like, you know, he believes in the cause that Oz is doing because he's now going off because it seems like they're like, you know, not doing what they're supposed to. Be. This guy and um, this woman, I can't remember the goddamn names now because like JB and freaking uh, Miss, yeah. uh, what the hell yeah. would he call him? But Miss anyway, Janet. Miss Janet. Like, yeah. this is not something they're supposed to do. He wants to get the word out there, which is not like this is something different than any of the other agents of Oz in the world are doing right now. So it really seemed like he was a lone agent in this whole thing. Yeah, I didn't think that. It, again, I, I, I we saw that one guy was going to kill those, you know, what he thought were foreigners stealing jobs. I just think this is all about news. And I really think Dan Jurgens is going along that lines that's going to upset people because it's all about fake news. It's yeah. all about, you know, you're doing this. I just think that this is just another thing that they have gone. I don't think that Jarrell at this point is he even has a lot of control on any of these people he just pressed he just pushed him in the right direction at one point when the guy's yelling I don't know what we're going to find out about Miss Janet or whatever but he seems to be doing it all for her he says I'm going to do this so that she can have a better life and she can yeah. do this yeah I, I don't think that they have any idea who like Oz is going to go to another planet or leave because Oz is just going to he's going to well, ditch he's talking them about them take he wants them to like you know Oz to take him them with him when he leaves yeah i didn't even see that maybe i went through it you you can point out when they say that because i didn't even see anything of it at that one point that miss janet is definitely more involved because she has crystals and stuff i don't even think that she's human so if she's saying that i mean what it looks like she she's has her own tattoo on her neck no i know but i'm saying at one point she goes to that one machine that looks like it's got freaking kryptonian crystals and things in it i don't know what's going on with her i don't know who or what she is but yeah i i must have even glanced over that part because all i care i just that whole part to me complete filler 
It's yeah. it's a bunch of nonsense. I, I found it as the most important part of the book yeah, because I, everything I, I else just seemed like a rehash of everything we've seen already. In well, the even Oz then, effect. to me, that's even the same thing though. He just wants to show that people are are awful, and you're fake news, and now I'm going to blow up everyone uh, because fake news. If he was really going to go, you know, I don't know that if you're going to impress this who you think is a god, you're going to go and blow up the Daily Planet. You could go and blow up, you know, a lot more important things. He seems to be centered on that they are not reporting the news about what's going on the right. right way that he thinks. But as this is going on, you have Lombard actually seems like a pretty much of a hero in this. He jumps over. He's going to attack the guy. Dummy. Oh, it's God. like that's Yeah. But again, I saw people arguing on the site where they're like, oh, man, Lois is great. Lois is a hero. Lois is going to get herself killed. And the only thing she keeps relying on is that Clark is going to hear her know and come and save her. And she puts herself in a complete danger and all that. But yeah, it, it's just ridiculous. But, yeah, what else do you – you go on. You tell me about it. You start it off. Well, our issue starts out with this, like, you know, lone gunman coming into the Daily Planet to freaking, you know, report what he believes to be the real news so the freaking people can get on the tr- – like, the Oz trolley and know that the world is shit. So, like, you know, Lois, obviously, she's like, look – let everybody else go. You can freaking, you know, I'll do this. I'm Lois Lane. Everybody knows me. I tell the truth. I'm the freaking intrepid reporter Lois Lane. So just let everybody go, and I will go on the Daily Planet website, yeah. and I will type up whatever you want me to do, and I'll post this real news you want. And doing this, she gets John, uh, like, clear. Like, every, everybody yeah, in the yeah. Daily Planet gets to leave at this point, and she, you know, thusly saves everybody at the Daily Planet. So all those comments on the site about Lois being terrible, like, you know what? She is kind of a hero in this issue because she does she take is, the freaking but... the brunt of the freaking harm on her herself, so she can save everybody else with the knowledge, hopefully, that her husband will save her. Nah. But while this is going on, we go back to the freaking Fortress of Solitude, where it's all about, come on, boy, pack your shit up. Daddy's saying we're gonna go to another world. You, nah, I know you've got a family. He doesn't want to go. No. Yeah, he's like, no, I, you know, if you've watched me all this time, you've seen all these things that I've done, and you see that I care about everything. And then Jarrell does the same thing. Like you said, we're going to get the same thing where he says humanity's beyond saving. And then that's when Kalex, you know, yeah, show him Kalex, and he shows the whole thing. You have the screen again. I don't know why there's cameras in some abusive family's house and things like know. this. I couldn't even tell you that this isn't even just shit made up because it doesn't yeah. make sense. But this is. Superman. God! No, no. Superman, you know what goes on. You know awful people. The, the whole thing that he's been centering on and goes back and forth in this is that there's awful people everywhere. Th- that doesn't mean you give up. That no. means you fight harder. And, and now, Superman goes and he tries to fight harder because yeah. now that he sees this stuff going on, he's like, look, Pops, it's cool that you're alive at all. I don't even know if I believe you still, but if you are uh, my father, that's cool, but I gotta go. I am Superman. I have to go save these people. Yeah, and he goes off to L- L- Lungamba where they're having this chemical warfare, and as he leaves, then Kalex says to Jarrell, events in Lungamba are proceeding even faster than your agents predicted, sir. And so, yeah, all of this to me is all set up. But this and whole it's... thing with the Lungamba and the freaking, you have the rebel soldiers and you have the military yeah. and the, the royals of this freaking country, they have told the military to shoot chemical weapons at these rebel people yeah. and it really just goes back to what we had in that village before where you had the guerrilla yeah. freaking people and uh, you had the um, the military come in and they're just firing at each other and everybody just ends up dead in the long run that's exactly what we have here with these chemical weapon situations it's just a different weapon it's the same exact yeah. thing and that really threw me off yeah, that's why I think I gravitated towards this whole agents of yeah, Austin because at least in my mind this is something different than what we have been seeing with these agents yeah, yeah. we don't have a great understanding of who these people are or why they're doing it at this point 
but it is something new that I hope we can actually move yeah. towards uh, so like I, I can said, get a greater understanding of them. That's funny, too, because Lois is like, hey, John, why don't you go and go someplace with solitude? And John doesn't get the hint. No, <laughs> goddamn dummy. Like, you idiot. But yeah, they go off. And that's where, like you said, this guy didn't come in to want to spread the word. He came in, he's going to press that button. Lois came up with that idea. That's that's the thing, like I'm saying. This is the whole point where I didn't get exactly what you're saying. Because this guy didn't come in and say, listen, you're going to report my story. It takes half an issue, if not more, for her to be convinced to do this. Because she wants to get to the keyboard and send a signal to Superman. He was just going to just as He has a suicide vest on. He was going to blow up the building. That And when he leaves Miss Janet at the beginning... They say goodbye, and she's like, you'll be remembered for this. Oh, it, it's you know, He's a suicide bomber. He's going to blow yeah. up the whole building because of this fake news. She convinces him like a dummy that you know you don't have to do this. You can get your word. Let's, let's get the word out. You can spread the word of whatever you're doing, and then that's when she hits the ass and, you know, hey, okay, Lex, come on fast. And, like, people are always predicting the end of the world. It never, and he's like, liar. This time it will. I know I don't stand a chance, but I'll make it so my Janet does. And yeah, it's whatever this is going on, uh, this guy was just going to kill himself. And that's when you think Superman comes and saves her, uh, Lois, and gets the guy because knocks him out of the window for him to explode. It doesn't save him. But it's Jarrell. No, he's dead. And it's Jarrell. Comes like, hey, I'm your father, Lois. I am Jarrell. And she's all like, what the hell? Yeah, I know. She's like, what the hell? She doesn't believe it. But John goes away. He slips away to become Superboy, though he doesn't really do anything. No, I I Uh, don't even know what he's doing because he slips away to become Superboy. And I don't know exactly because he goes up to the roof, I guess. Maybe he's trying to access him. why are you taking so goddamn long? Because to me, you know, yes, he can hear or see whatever, but in my mind, he slipped away because there was an explosion and he's got to get to his mother, but he kind of just hangs tight. You go back to Superman, he's getting these chemical weapons, he's got to get the actual chemicals out of them. He's taking the chemicals out of them, sealing them up so they can never be used again. Yeah, they can never be used again. The rebels are like, look at that shit. They're going to use chemical weapons on us. Luckily, we can do the same thing to them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, start shooting. And also, then Superman sees these chemicals and all of a sudden now he's like huh maybe these people are pieces of crap <laughs> like what is going but maybe, on but then- maybe you are right in the long run where this was the whole plan you know a step-by-step basis where i show superman this to get him away so yeah, i just- can go and meet lois and john and be the savior of this that's whole thing what maybe I, he that's what up. i got i was I- reading it a little bit differently just because they seem to be acting differently than we've seen the yeah, agents of us act just- apart and we've only ever really seen them act once really so i don't have a lot to go on i'm just like you know I am reaching for straws yeah. at this point because there's not a lot going on. But then on the, in the, the weirdest art. thing is there. Then you get when you go and and you have this whole thing. Then Jarrell's talking to John. He goes up to talk to him. Oh, you're, I'm your grandfather. I'm doing all this for you guys. We can go to a world that is better. It's going to be a thing where John seems to be excited about it. He, oh my God, really? And they're gonna, we can do that. And that, that he's going to try to get it. This is what what Tanya will do if they want to go to Dorney Park, Eric. You, you start telling the kids again. I'm fired up about it, and then I look like the bad guy. When I say no. So you do this sort of thing. But that's where you see this Miss Janet where she goes to some building and there's a computer emergency override. Override accepted. Welcome, Miss Janet. And she goes in and there are 
Kryptonian crystals in yeah. this building with a big giant ball of energy in the middle and she says a shame about jb but the chaos brings us closer to the end i get the idea that she is the one who is in charge of the agents of oz that he because even with kalex saying that to to jarell it doesn't say hey what you did is going it's like hey this is going different or faster than the agents of oz predicted i think that he has set up a network of these people she obviously has something more than just being human she is there. She's uh, touching these Kryptonian crystals. You can only imagine they're Kryptonian and doing something that's well, even you know, that. Like wonky. when she goes to this building where these Kryptonian it's crystals, like this it seems like solitude. she's on. Her, she's on her own though, because you know, computer emergency override, and yeah, yeah. she has to override the system in order to get in. So it doesn't seem like yeah. this is the place that she's supposed to be. But no, this is the thing. I I think it is because she. I don't think that how could she? This would be like somebody like her showing up at the Fortress of Solitude, and it does have that same font. Uh, I think that she overrid it because she just has to get in. It's an emergency. Uh, she obviously knows what to do. It scans her. She doesn't click anything. She's just walking in and just says computer emergency override. And it knows who she is. Welcome, Miss yeah. Janet. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely something that she's allowed to be doing. And then she goes and says, Metropolis will die, so Oz's ch chosen might live. And I just think that he has fooled them as well as everyone else. And they're just doing what his plan was and do all these things. But, yeah, you end with him talking to John, basically showing him this world. Oh, you won't have to hide. You won't have to do nonsense. You can world. be out Everybody's about. super, so you don't have to hide. You can be who you, your whole family can just be themselves and not have to deal with yeah. shitty ass people all the time. It's going to be great, John. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you have this world and, like, hey, everyone's special. No one needs to hide. And it definitely looks like that world that they were talking about in Super Sons, where they had that planet get destroyed, the planet right. that had the Golden Age heroes. It looks so much like that. Uh, but yeah, then it ends. And, you know, the fight for Superboy's soul. Like I said, he's going to want to get in there. Also, we, we actually went past the thing where Jarrell ended up handing a crystal to John and saying, look, this shows what's going on, but also your future, and your he future just sees him being Superman. I know, now? and it basically, Why it do doesn't show much of anything. Presenting the future yeah. of Krypton to yeah, I know. It doesn't really seem to show anything except Superboy being Superman or even Super Teen, it looked like, at that yeah. point. But, yeah, it's, it's something's going on still. I still don't and believe. Another notable point, which I don't know if, like, he's just talking about John here, but when he is talking to Lois, he has to cut things short. Like, the timing had to be, wait, he's here, and then yeah. he flies off. So I don't know if he's saying John's here because it doesn't seem like he's flying up to the top of the daily, but he flies away. to. Uh, he eventually comes back, obviously, but... I don't know who he's meaning by he's here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I was looking at comments right there. Uh, I just, it's okay. It's just, everything is just, nothing's happening. It, it's a thing. It's, it's a lot of rehashing about yeah. shitty people that Superman has to deal with. Almost a complete rehash of that first time we saw him have to fight in that African uh, village. Yep. And it's just, you know, like uh, Jarrell going around and just saying, hey, I'm Jarrell. That's so, true. What did, what did you think of the art? Because I like the I art. I like the art a lot. Yeah, I like, it. I like the art. But what did you give it in general? I gave this issue a 6.5 out of 10 because I'm telling you, while I was upset about the rehashing of shit, because well, this story's moving slow as hell. It's yeah. only three issues, but it seems like it's been going on for a long time for whatever reason in my mind. I've really gravitated towards this whole Agents of Oz because right now it seems like the most interesting thing going on because it's something I don't know about. I'd like to know more, and hopefully I get to. 
Yeah, I I, I agree. I give it a 6.5. I, I didn't hate it. I just want more. I want more. I want to see what's going on. If, in fact, it's not Jarrell and he, it's a ruse, something like that, let's just get to it. Let, let's yeah. just get to it and deal with it and see what goes on. I, I don't need You ain't holding the candle to Detective Comics right now, and, actually. Comics, you and, and, and the problem is, is that with Jarrell and all this, nothing is making me get convinced that he is Jarrell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would love it if you're going to set it up that – this is, oh, Jarrell, oh, my God, he's being so nice, and he cares, and this. We see that he is doing behind the scenes of pushing everybody to be worse than they are so that Superman could be manipulated to leave. So what is what is that? Why does he need – he shows this world. What Are they really going to a world like this, or is this just a plan to, to – whatever. But let's get to it, and let's see what's going on. But we're going to move on to the last book of this section. Stupid John doesn't even know there's not a crystal that will show you your future. That's stupid John. John doesn't know when his mother says, listen, John, go somewhere with solitude that he's supposed to go to the Fortress of Solitude, you know, and get your father. That's what you do. You know what? Sometimes. Well, he eventually got there, but not by his own doing, but he got there. Yeah, You know, you need to get solitude and go somewhere where a son can talk to his dad and he's super mad. That'd be be so funny. I'll go get on that. (laughs) That'd be so great. Listen, you got to go to a place with solitude. Yeah. The library. I like the library, Mom. No, no, no. Uh, You need to remember the father of our country, George Washington. Yes, I do. I'll I'll keep my studies up, Mom. I know. Come on. I know. We we just took this road trip. You know I know. Oh, God. You know what would be super? What, Mom? (sighs) Super. I'm waving. What? Popcorn? I like popcorn. Okay, just just go with Perry. I gotta deal with this shit on my own. Get out of here. Or right, how about practice you know your what, John? I know that there's a guy here with a suicide vest and a gun. But you know what I always say about you? You're my little super boy. Uh, what? Okay. Oh, she means I have to go to the skate park. I'll be back. <laughs> like she, there's Superboy. He can't be hurt by this. Get the. Uh. Have him just grab nonsense. Nonsense here. But we're going to move on to this last book. And it is Dark Knight's Metal. Let me get my notes here. We have Dark Knight's Metal number three. Written by Scott Snyder, art by Greg Capola, Jonathan Glapion, FCO, Placencia, and Steve Wands. Metal continues with some callbacks, crazy action, a bit of forced way for Superman to enter the dark multiverse. But in the end, it seems like Barbados has planned for everything, and the remaining heroes are going to have their work cut out for them. I know that some people are not into this event, but I am still having a lot of fun and can't wait for more Eric Shea. Uh, it gets a little wonky by the end. It, it, yeah. This issue, this issue up till three quarters to me, I was having a lot lot a lot of fun so the, pro- the problem is is i think that scott snyder obviously has to get superman into the dark multiverse and there's not a real great way to and do I'm it i'm telling you you should have figured this shit out before you started the story because the resolution we have to get him in the dark multiverse is fucking bullshit in my I mind just to me all you needed to do uh, if i would give him some hints or not hints he, he's no. he's a better writer than i could yeah. ever imagine all these guys are even the guys that we yell about i i don't know how to write or do this but you already have the tuning fork you, you just add that this and the end metal and that seems off to me in this now because they talk about how this is the one the anti monitor to use it. and i couldn't i didn't go back and look to see if for some reason if the, the tuning fork showed up in the dark side war 
but I don't know what tuning fork the anti-monitor would have used. Yeah, I just I just think that I maybe that was a misprint. The monitor, you could say I think it was the monitor. I think they meant and it makes sense now. That's what I think they meant the monitor. I think that that was a misprint. I really do. I think that that was a misprint because they don't even want to continue the sentence like one of those things where we do hear about something that may or may not have happened yeah, in the wonky I'm you, because deal. Yeah, the tuning fork, it's a cool idea because it, it could mean big things, but right now – I don't know what they're trying to tell me. And when they I tell thought, me the one the anti-monitor used, it throws me right off. I was hoping that possibly they could have. I mean, there's a couple things that I may have done. Now, I don't know how the story continues or whatever, no. but I could have, I would have went more with the idea that the tuning fork's there. You get some nth metal with it, and it will open a port. And that I would, have been, I would have been better with. When you start adding the phantom zone and this membrane and all that, I was off. The what membrane I really thought, of the phantom zone is like touches the freaking dark multiverse. Yeah. I'm like, really? You're what I really thought. Yeah. Zone. Like, what I really saw how easy it is to really just pierce the membrane yeah. of the Phantom Zone to get to the dark multiverse. Yeah, like, so this just why, seems, yeah. and not only that, the whole thing we have with the you know, we have established that you know, musical vibrations and notes, stuff like that, are the yeah. communication of the multiverse. It's something that Grant yeah, Morrison's done has been for a while something now. Forever. Yeah. And now, this whole thing though, it seems like he's trying to get on the whole Grant Morrison trolley and try to write like Grant Morrison. And the problem with that is. Half the time, Grant Morrison's shit doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, even if you get the yeah. Final Crisis, which people love, which is in continuity to this, we we know with Barbados being here, that did yeah. not even end. Like, all of a sudden, Superman, we have to end the arc. Superman has shown a freaking blueprint. Actually, he's just shown a wishing machine in the 30th century, and then he goes back and creates a wishing machine to make everything okay in the end. Yeah. I'm like, that's a bullshit ending. And the whole thing where we have this, oh no, the na 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 nas, that's a, that's a D to the C note, which you should have known, which meant not coming. I'm like, God damn it, you were stretching this to make it freaking yeah, work. Yeah, I didn't it's mind the music. That music mind. I didn't mind because that was something they talked about, and that's something that makes them better than us, that they sh- he should have realized because when he realizes all these are but, not reality and he sits there and, and focuses on that carpe diem deal, yeah. that is a signal. But you do have Batman talking about you know the na-na-nas and this, this you know, rocking deal and or whatever. I, I but the, I'm telling you, with that whole thing with carpe diem, all right, see? D, that's our code. But if it's DC, like if they ever put Diana first, it's like what we talk. Like if anybody puts Eric Shea before Jim Wonder, you're yeah. furious. Like, well, I think that, like that was spelled out. Like, you never put Wonder Woman before Superman. Yeah, I, I don't think that this is something <laughs> know, that they legit. just came up. You know, this was something yeah, that was planned out. But the other deal of it is you have a lot of other things, and I just I think that Scott wanted to explain that tuning fork and the fan i think he wanted it in his mind to meet like it had to have more steps to make it believable but it it threw it off to me it's almost like if somebody's gonna tell a story if i'm gonna not that this is a lie but i'm gonna tell a lie and you say to me hey where were you at lunch and i said to you i went to mcdonald's there would be nothing for you to think like "Oh. oh my god he didn't go to mcdonald's i say i went to mcdonald's i had some pizza I had pizza. a whopper. You're like Ooh, pizza. Yeah, you're like pizza. They don't have pizza McDonald's. Oh, oh, what I did was I went to Little Caesars first, bought the pizza, and then I wanted a soda. So that's when I went to McDonald's. Yeah, why didn't you tell me you went to Little Caesars first? Well, I went and it seems like an over explanation. I would have went with possibly those cards. 
that that Mr. Ter- you know, uh, Mr. Terrific has uh, something where you have something from the dark multiverse, something with this dark energy combined with the tuning fork. Boom! It opens a portal. He goes in. I would never say anything about oh, it. Even be that, like, okay. the whole thing is like I really want to center on the connection that we like, you know, steal Doctor Fate and like Plastic Man have with the metal because they just tell us. Besides for you know, Deathstroke's Prometheus armor, Prometheum yeah. armor, and freaking sword. And the sword. I don't understand the connection that Steel, Doctor Fate. And Plastic Man have with the metal. I want to know what the metal they have. Well, that they, connects they, them have to the the, they have the they have the. They seem to say that the helmet, the hammer, and the egg are nth metal. That they are nth metal, and they're okay, connected I'm to you, that. Okay, because they talk about the connection. Because all of a sudden, when Destro comes in, he has a certain metal and he that's has not, Prometheus, it's Prometheus not metal. metal. It's Prometheum. Yeah. I want to know. He has Prometheum like, metal. They just. I, it seems like these important metals they need it, and really the connection only is is they go and have no idea what they're doing, but they want to have each person have some sort of metal in case something happens. Basically, to me, the Prometheum metal throws it off. The others, to me, mean that if these people show up, we have the one thing that we can use to kill them. Possibly. Possibly. I this this plan that they're doing, I don't I think that a lot of people think it's supposed to be a well laid plan. They're desperate. They yeah, are yeah. in the oblivion bar at that point, and the crows and all of the dark knights are coming to get them. They know their location. They are just doing. I mean, to me, this is a fucking hail mary. They're they're just get. They get these weird coordinates. They're going to go off and, and hope even something the happens. Feel off. Like how do you get well, co- I'm telling coordinates you, I, I'm, to negative? It's the same as the, the way it is. Mister Terrific gets them. I don't know. I don't know how. Like you could do. You could say this. Like how does a guy banging his head in the one video uh, from Johnny got his gun how did they ever think that was sos because how does it stop and start you know what i mean like this guy he mr i i don't mind the fact that mr terrific is way smarter than me and you he has figured this out so i'll go with it coordinates point to a place that we didn't know existed like a week ago now he's just saying negative they don't even know what it means that's the thing mr terrific doesn't put that together superman's like no that that's the dark multiverse i have to go and really at this point with this plan and all that what Nightwing and them are saying, like Nightwing and Kendra, and they, they seem to seem to be like, no, we're staying here, and this is the end. If we lose, we lose here, and we're yeah. dead. And they're just like, no, let's just try, Aquaman does. And we'll go into this because it starts off, yeah, and yeah. there is a rock concert with the Super Sons. I thought that the art was a little off with Damien, uh, uh, especially you, how tall and small they are. This is a, a dark multiverse nightmare. Yeah, that's I'm the like, thing. That, why are we in Hamilton County? Yeah, and all that. And what I thought in my mind, too, was just, oh, God. And then I even said in my review, I, I might have even said something about but it ends up turning out to be a oh, you know, not even a Hamilton nightmare. County. It's Smallville. Yeah, it's Smallville. It even throws a bigger freaking. Which makes it, sense. It, it, it makes sense, though. End. Yeah, it works out in the end because this is just a continuing line of Superman fighting Barbados that's going on with all of these nightmares and things. And in this one, you have the Super Sons. They're rocking out. And all of a sudden, Bruce – and Bruce even has the whole talk of – Basically, we've won this war. You yeah. know, all these dark fears of mine coming to, they came to life, they're going to attack us, all this. Just want to say, you know, thanks. And then you get a little meadow where Wonder Woman's like, listen, Bruce, we get it. We love you. You need to get a better writer for your non-dark, non-brooding moments, Lo- you know, Lois. And she's like, I'm busy. I'm shit. rocking. And it's funny, you know. I'll teach you to open up Batman. Yeah, and, and the thing is, it's funny is that, you know, to me, that's one thing. It's Scott Snyder making fun of himself. 
And it's also kind of, you know, making fun of the brooding Batman and yeah. all this, where she says, I thought it was fun. And all of a sudden he starts bleeding. He bleeds into what looks like uh, Red Hood's fucking emblem because sure it's all red on his jacket. And it, they're like, Bruce, you're bleeding. And it's a bat symbol bleeding through his shirt. And then this is where I think that Clark should have realized because he says carpe diem. This isn't, to me, a statement of, hey, I want you to know I'm in trouble and I need help. I, I want you to know because what this seems to be to Clark is it's a it's their code that they it's use. Like a stress code. When yeah. they need, but it's also it's less than or, or more than a code for that right now because they know and Bruce knows that they know pretty much they're in trip. But this is like I'm still alive. I, I still need help. Come and find me, please. Uh, because you know he says that and then Barbados just comes flying out. His arm comes out. out his, of his finger chest. goes it's all out of his chest. And, awesome and it's them. And it's like, hey, and Superman says, you, we beat you. We beat you. Obviously, this also ties into in a little bit where he says, I fought a lifetime of wars now against this. He is in this tower just constantly going through these nightmares of fighting Barbados. And that's the one cool thing I actually like because it seems like every time he's had this nightmare, he has lost terribly every time. And this one, it seems like it's almost like. We have gone, we've beat him, and when he – like everybody puts their guard down and we're going to have a fun – like Smallville, Kansas, yeah. he it didn't just beat ends him up and he gets this. destroyed yeah. again. Yeah, it's almost like he thought this was the time. And, yeah. and even then and that when they're like – he's yelling at Barbados, we – you – we beat you. We beat you. And I, I think the art in this book steps it up from from the first two issues. Oh, it's great. I, I love it. And you get this little subtle deal there where at the very back corner of the left side, you see a fire and you see those dark nights just very like just like ink blots coming out. And then they, they do arrive. And it, it is like the four horsemen with all of them. You know, it is it's hell come to earth or whatever. The yeah, the seven horse. horsemen. But yeah, and that's where Superman at this point too it's like you you get the idea that Barbados, yes he's setting up a trap we kind of see but it also seems to me that he's also is he's just trying to beat superman down i mean this is a constant losing superman doesn't lose and now he has spent what he even thinks to himself is a lifetime of wars and all losing and it's like the and that's where Barbados says it, all this happens, Clark Kent. The only truth is, in the end, all roads lead back to the darkness, and that's where that version gets killed. He gets killed, but the then he fun, wakes the up. One funny thing about the freaking the Dark Knight's riding in on the horses in the fire, though, I'm like, why doesn't the Red Death get his own horse? He's actually riding on the back of freaking uh, hey, uh, another he, man. I can't he tell. He just jumps off head. and runs. I don't, I don't know. But it, well, actually, what's weird is you have them going, and if you do look, you have. I think that's. I think you actually see oh, something. That's, the that's flash. A, yeah, I think that's a bit of a misprint there. And there's something wrong there when you said that, and I just that, looked that's because the re- that's the Red Death and Flash. And so maybe flash. It's the whole thing where it's almost like the Firestorm bit where you know, like they're still connected, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, like, it's if it's, just, like it, it's not meta, played out not right because they. They have cyborg. They are connected. Yeah, they have cyborg, but that doesn't yeah. play out well because you know that Flash comes, our Flash comes out and, and actually saves Superman at one point. So yeah, I would have liked if that would have been like a little bit non-solidified in art there to show you that 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 is weird. And I didn't even see that before. I just looked at it. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, Superman wakes up because Lois or Lois, uh, Wonder Woman has come and tried to get him, and you know got the uh, the lasso and all that with with that thing and. 
trying to go. I and he's like, know listen, how she broke out. Yeah, I, I just think that she just we must have to go with that she had broken out uh, because our, actually she does have the lasso around her wrists and then his. I think that maybe the lasso is one of those because it seems like if you can wake up. You can get off this thing. Yeah. It doesn't really seem like you're really trapped that bad. Maybe the lasso showed her the truth, Maybe. Eric. Uh, but yeah, he's going and he's like, listen, I've been fighting. And Wonder Woman says, I know you've been fighting Barbados. And he's like, but it was over and over, months, years. I've lived whole lives battling him, I'm like, like being caught in a recurring dream. Like he's teamed up with Lex Luthor Holy and the Joker, crap. and he's wearing a Brainiac helmet. Yeah, I'm like, he has a Brainiac cool. helmet with Lex Luthor in his power armor and G.I. fucking, you know, Joker. Joker. That looks awesome. And then he says, you know, I tried everything. I fought with villains, with gods. And you have Orion and Mr. Tur- uh, uh, Mr. Miracle there, and they're dead. They're all dead. They just keep dying. And he's like I lost every time and then she says it was the same for me but hear me now whatever we face this is worse and you see that that you know this tower and it seems like everywhere that the dark knights have gone and all this these towers have happened people are being transformed you do get a little call back to all-star superman with jimmy crypto you know doomsday jimmy is there because they're like wait jimmy like, i have to help him. everybody this seems like yeah. they have a doomsday virus they've unleashed on metropolis yeah. in general because yeah, well, even and Lois again, has been turned into a- and all you can think of is the devastator is going to be going to metropolis so yeah. it makes sense he he has the it's the batman who uses the doomsday virus he shows up he's going to use it for everyone but yeah it's it's that art though is definitely the all-star superman doomsday jimmy it looks pretty cool yeah. uh but yeah lois is one of them too john's safe Wonder Woman says, but Lois, she's infected. It really threw me off that Superman could just leave Metropolis with Lois somewhere with a doomsday virus. I, I, I know that what could he do or what – but to me, that's off. I don't think he would ever leave. Plus, he'd say, John is safe. What does that mean? Where yeah. is he? I mean, these are the two most important things in his entire life, and it throws me off because then he's just like, "Where's Barbados?" Almost as if he's given up on Lois as a doomsday deal, and I'm well, going to go. Because... It's only my, in my mind if he goes for Barbados and ends it right there, he can end. Yeah, all but of you this don't for... know that because you still have the Dark Knights, and this is definitely the Devastator's deal. So I, he doesn't know what's going on yet enough. To not just want to grab Lois and go and see if the, you could go to the Fortress of Solitude, put her in a cell so she doesn't get hurt. There's a lot of things that can happen if he just leaves her as a doomsdayed out Lois in Metropolis and then just goes off to fight Barbados. I mean, she could die a, a second later in a fight with somebody. So I do think that he they should have had him grab Lois and Jimmy, maybe, whatever, take him to one of those cells in the Fortress of Solitude, but they don't. And you go and he just it's Superman. He's going to do what he has to do. He finds out Barbados is in Gotham City and he just shoots off. And that whole kaboom, crackoom when he flies off is awesome. And he goes, you see Challenger's Mountain, you see all this trouble happening around Barbados, you see all these people that are see being Joker used as... dragons fly. Yeah, Joker dragons, it is. And yeah, it's again, C. Clark, just as in Smallville, in the end, all roads lead back to the dark, and he, he's going to fight, and that's where the Devastator shows up and just starts and beating the shit the out of him. Holy hell out of him. Yeah, and, and you have to also see that in, in a little thing, and I, I, I'm guessing now, I did not look last issue, I am guessing that in every issue, Greg Capullo is throwing the devil horns in at some panel. I think that it's almost like a, uh, almost like a Pandora. 
for at the beginning of the new 52 because when Superman gets hit, the devil horns go in yep. Superman as he's recoiling. So I'll have to look. In the first issue, it was uh, it was Baby Doomsday or Baby uh, Dark Side. That was Baby last Doomsday. issue, wasn't it? Was that last? No, I thought that that was maybe it was last issue. So we'd have to look at the first issue uh, to see. But I think that maybe that would be. But yeah, he gets knocked silly. Falls down into Gotham in the crime alley, which is part of uh, Mr. Mr. Freeze's realm. Winter Wonderland. And this is where we have, and it's a cool, it's a shame that you're like, okay, this is a cool call out from that time when it should be the opposite, but the way it goes. But this would have been enough for me (laughs) than that Gotham resistance, I think. But it, it does tie in well. You have that there, and I'm okay with it. Uh, But, yeah, that's where the Batman who laughs is there and just says, you know what? Uh, This is where my parents died. I don't care anymore. I'm going to make this world awful. And you know what happens is I kill you. We have killed you in every place that we've been. Every one of us has killed you, your family, all these. But also the best part. nightmares of your That's the best part. The best part to me in this issue is what he talks about and actually explains a little to us about. You know, he says, see, down in our realms, worlds are created by all of you people up here. So, so yeah, basically, so, while we know. thinking about, you know, where are these worlds coming from? Are they just from our Batman? Is see that important? All of these worlds in the dark multiverse, they're created every day yeah. by just everyday people. We're just focusing on the ones that the Batman has created. Yeah, and I get the idea that there's a little line in here that may be important later because it's not just fears or nightmares now. He spells it out. Your fear or hope for something and it births a world and again you have superman who at the end of this issue gets stuck in the dark multiverse he's the guy of hope and i do think that that's going to spell out that it may be almost like the wishing machine eric it may end with a hope machine or everybody hoping for something it's one of those things where like the hope for something like i could really do some great stuff with the speed force oh yeah yeah it could be but but he's just saying hope but it, it may not be it may just be that there's other parts that aren't as bad as this or whatever because we're only seeing – and he says, you know what? They tell us where your Bruce's great fears come to life. And, and that's the, the other desires. thing. Yeah, or desires. And it's weird because the us and your are really bold. So the, the uh, you know, I don't know. But then he's like, you know, are these – and he spells it out too. I really like this. Like just say your Batman decides he wants to experiment with the doomsday virus to stop you and destroys the planet. You know, the thing is, is this his fears or are these his real desires? And Honestly, it, it I think plays- these are the hopes that we're talking about. It's just it does not end well. Like I could do great stuff if I experiment with the doomsday virus. It yeah. just turns out bad in the yeah, end. Yeah, but here's the thing is it's still a nightmare because he's not – he, he the, the thing is he's talking about the doomsday virus not to do great things. He's spelling it out that that doomsday, that devastator did the doomsday virus to kill Clark. He says, just think, one day you get out of control, you experiment with the doomsday virus to stop you and destroys the planet. I don't think that any of these guys were ever hoping to do anything good. This is all just craziness. This devastator was made, and we'll see when we have the book and whenever that comes out, that it seems to be spelled out that this is a Superman that he wants to kill. I don't know if I saw a devastator one shot. Yeah, I know. Some people people were saying that they didn't think there was, but we're going to have to look. (laughs) There better be. But yeah, he says, though, that that Batman uh, was a Batman that wanted to kill Superman. So it's still a nightmare. It's still yeah. a deal, and then destroys the world because of it. I don't know. That. He, he kind of hoped to kill Superman. Well, he did <laughs> hope, and yeah, I know. but then he's like, "Which is it? Does fears or policy. desires?" And. <laughs> 
that's where in all of this as well, Superman is saying, and he, he does, you know, the heartbeat, all the DNA, it's all the same as Bruce. Like, They're you guys Bruce are man. Bruce. You're Bruce, so it's going to be Darth Vader. You guys... You you have to have some good in you. I don't care what you say. Your dark multiverse versions, your your dream nightmares come true, hopes, whatever it would be. You're still good in the core of you, and it looks like that's the other thing that that they're going to try to work on. I don't know the things yeah, I've we, seen. We've seen little panels of shit, and they're like for all these yeah. one shots where it does seem like these Batman do have yeah. a sliver of good in them still, yeah, and do and, hesitate and every now and again. I think that they are going to play on, like you said, the hopes. I do think they are going to play up the idea of most of these things. Things were Bruce trying to make things better in their world, and you have like even when you have the uh, the Red Death, Red Death right. seemed like the whole Bat family w- was destroyed. Th- there has to be some. There's Barry in him as well, like we said. He's talking in him. He's trying to kind of you know even him up and trying to make him be a good guy or remember the good person he is. I mean, what happens when that Red Death is is left to kill Damien? That's Damien. That's his son. This is part of the reason why in his dark multiverse he ended up stealing the Speed Force because all of them got killed and he wanted to end all you know all bad guys on his world. So I do think there's ins with each of them too. You have the Alfred AI deal where Alfred AI is to protect Bruce. That was pretty much the protocol it was going with. And what happens now when it goes too far and you show it the logical thing of it going too far? I do think that there's ends to do this. And this is set up where Superman, he just can't take it that, you know, something that is inherently Bruce Wayne could be this bad. So yeah. we're going to deal with that. But as he's just getting the shit kicked out of him, and, you know, you have the, the Batman who laughs and says, you know, we've killed you. We've killed you all so many times. Killed we killed you all of you. All of our worlds. Yeah, yeah, all of us have killed you, your family, everybody. We, we've killed them all. We're, we're the winners. And it looks like they could do it again. And as they're doing, there's a little thing in the Devastator, which threw me off that he talks to. I don't know why. I thought that he was just going to be a brute. But he's like, listen, we're different than you. You can feel it. We're not made the same stuff. You, Your rules don't apply. You can beat the shit out of me, and it only makes you weaker. You can't hurt us. You can't do it. We know that the nth metal can, so yeah. we'll deal with that. But, yeah, at this point, it's really like, hey, brawn, you know, just punching is not going to help. You're not going to be able to just punch them and kill them like that. Uh, but, luckily, Flash comes out of the Ankh, the freaking Dr. Dr. Fate Ankh, and fucking yeah. just flies the portal, grabs him and takes him in. I thought that was awesome because we've seen it's the same thing that's been yeah. happening. But seeing Flash involved as well, it, it's starting to look like now it's like now it's a war to me. Now you know, you have team. sides. Yeah, it's it's so cool. And they go back to the Oblivion bar, and Which that's is a their huge secret thing. Base. It seems like Zatanna setup we yeah. talked about in the one uh, yep. one of those one shots where it was last issue. I forget what it was, but they said Zatanna had set up a place for them to go and like you'll yeah. meet secretly yep and this is a huge thing this is you know it's a callback the oblivion bar is a thing the night master's there he's the bartender sure is. going you have detective chimp you don't get the whole shadow pact with them yeah. the team that they are on but this is cool enough and right away you see detective chimp and it's so cool and it's not overplayed it, no. it's not you know they don't it's come detective in like chip is just a chimp he's hanging out he is not like you know adding anything to this no. except for him just being there just waiting being there. for the end yeah. there's not a uh there's not uh hey who's monkeying around today you know yeah. what i'm saying you know you it's not for a it is a cool this is how i like callbacks it's not there for just a cheap laugh or something it is very cool and it makes sense this would be a 
place that they can go that is out of time. You know, it's a hidden in a pocket dimension. It's the Oblivion Bar, and they go, and they're trying to gather the troops. They're trying to figure out what's going to happen. All this, you have, you know, you have introductions here of, you know, what's going on. Superman doesn't know that we see, or we were told it was about a week since he got knocked out in that temple. He was on the tower, uh, but he says, you guys look like you've been through hell. <laughs> like you, I've only been gone for a little you guys look like you know years and years of fighting. It's that bad. And Nightwing's like, yeah, we've been through hell. We have. And this is where they're trying to figure out. You get a little rundown of everything that's happening around you know the DCU at the moment. Yeah, it's one have, of those things too where we see like the like we have Flash and Green Lantern and Diana. They're at the Oblivion Bar, and like so we haven't gotten the drowned one shot yet. So I'm guessing no. at the end yeah, of that that's one, the, the drowned problem. goes yeah. after Aquaman. Dr. Fate shows up and saves him because he's here as well. And it's pretty much a limited cast because we have Nightwing, we have Damien, we have Green Arrow. So pretty much the survivors of Of the uh, Gotham resistance, they're all here just gathering this team together. And yeah, you have Aquaman sitting there. I actually – I'm hoping that the way they do it, that they, you know, DC has problems with timing and stuff. I'm hoping the timing goes right that the drown and this sort of thing happens after this. Like, this is them. Like, you have Aquaman going towards Atlantis to do what he has, and that ties in perfectly with the drown that we get it, it comes out this week it'd be nice uh, i don't think it will though i think it will be know. one of those one shots that leads to this issue we'll see it's just funny because it really spells out what happened in those things doesn't have anything with the drown you know what i mean it shows yeah. that the murder machine has the nano alfreds yeah, in detroit, detroit for you have this taken over central city speed. i just want to know this whole thing it's like he created a freaking a speed force storm that is like killing anybody it touches in seconds i'm like so are we talking to that like wally and iris are dead now they, they may be, or it may not have t- – that's the thing. We don't know because I don't think – I think that this was written and then they wrote those others to kind of tie in with this. I, I don't know where the, the ins and outs were and if Joshua Williamson went a little too far with what he did and things like that. Also, you you do have like a normal person. That one guy, is he out jogging listening to his iPhone there? Yeah. He's got the earphone. Take those out. Get inside, my friend. Don't worry about your jogging routine. But what I think that maybe you're going to have that Wally had saved him and Lo- uh, him and Iris with the Speed Force itself. These seem to be people who are, uh, you know what I mean, just normal people. Maybe yeah. when you, you are a speedster that gets hit, the Speed Force will heal you. I don't know how they'll do it. Uh, but they're trying to figure out what's going on. And then Superman says they're creating a circuit. They're going to try to sink this world into the dark. We need to fight them. And they're just kind of sitting around like, boy, we, we had some shit go down. Uh, and I really like the idea because they're going and, and Nightwing at this point I know it's a static page so you don't get the whole thing but he he's talking and he's talking about the people they lost and especially the Teen Titans he can't even look Superman in the eye no, like he I, is the, so the kids, upset I lost all yeah the and kids. he's like kids Clark kids and he can't even look him in the eye to say what happened because it's awful and they don't know what happened to them no. and then you have Kendra who is somebody who, first off, I wish that Wonder Woman would just slap her upside her fucking head because a lot of the shit did happen. She ended up destroying the temple, but not the right one, and you know, not labeling it. All the weapons we got rid of all the antimatter, which for the most Damien throws it out. She's doing here is like, yeah, yeah. If you guys just would have given me Batman when I asked instead of protecting him, no, 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 this would have gone down. You know what I mean? You you end up where you had you want to trick somebody, so you end up saying that you know the the half set thing is that. Yeah, it's just nonsense. Uh, 
But yeah, they're there and like, you know, this is what you should have done. You should have given me Batman. We would have been able to do this. I don't know because at that point, I still want to know if they can still hurdle the, you know, the astral brain of the monitor into the Rock of Eternity and then yeah, ends all this anyway. I don't right know. So that's going on. I wish that they were there or whatever. But that's where she's like, we can't stop them. I, we can't do it. And then Green Arrow's like, no, no. We can. This stops them. The nth metal, it hurts them. We saw it in Gotham. And Damien's great. He's like, he's right. Shame you and your bird goons destroyed all this stuff, Saunders. I'm like, he is right. And that's where, like, not all of it. And that's where Dr. Fate's like, no, no. I sense the last repositories of nth metal out there. Steals hammer my helmet and plastic man's egg there. Uh, it's like the dark energy is creating a link between what little nth metal is left. So basically these coordinates that are going off are these repositories of the remaining nth metal. They're going to use their metal that they have to connect to the locations of where this other is. I think that that's what they're pointing at, that they're going to go in these separate groups to go and find what little metal remains. That's which why makes one sense of them. what we talk about when we go into space with one of the coordinates, which again, space, I don't know how that yep, works, but it, yeah. freaking, you know, going to the true Thanagar and we, the whole thing too, like, the planet Thanagar that you know how, it's not the actual one. It's more of like a, like a little base kind of thing. There is a secret planet that they have yeah. no man has ever gone to. Yeah, and it's, he says, this is where you have Mr. Terrific. He's got his pad out. He's writing down things, and he's like, listen, the egg's vibrating. It's a pattern. And that's all I think that it starts with. That's where – and I don't mind that because there's Mr. Terrific. He's there. He's the egg. It's like do 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 And it's like, okay, it's just vibrating, whatever it's doing. But Mr. Terrific is smart enough to realize, okay – I just heard something repeat. Now you start paying attention and like, yeah. okay, let me let me write this. Like this, 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 this. Okay, these are coordinates. Now I understand. What? How do you get a negative? Co- I don't know how you do that sort of uh, exactly. thing. Exactly. Or even there. get the coordinates to the center of the multiverse. Yeah. yeah well, he says. Yeah, I, I can mean, understand if you got the freaking coordinates to the entrance of yeah, the Rock of Eternity. Well, there Earth. it is. That makes sense. It's the, the Rock of Eternity. for the center. Get the hell out of town. Yeah. So the coordinates end up beneath Atlantis, deep space, and the Rock of Eternity, and they're going to go off, and that's where. Uh, right away, Even Aquaman. Space, I could say it kind of makes sense yeah. just because it's in our plane of existence. But everything yeah. else, I'm like, get out of here. I don't know how that how it spells out. Even though it seemed as if when you had the, it's already kind of been set up where they were going to shoot the astral brain right into the Rock of Eternity. So maybe they do have a coordinates of that by now. I don't know because that's what they were going to do. The Immortals were going to do anyway. They must have a location and a coordinates that they can send that off in. I, I don't know. Yeah. But the the thing here with Atlantis, Aquaman obviously knows exactly what they're talking about. Whatever this would be, you get the idea. It'll be like the first king's sword. Something like that that cannot be moved. If it does, it's like one of those last-ditch efforts. destroy it last. Like if if everything has gone to shit, this is your last Hail Mary again of grabbing this, and it will destroy Atlantis. And and I like the way this ties in with all the shit that has happened with Aquaman and all the stuff he's had to go. He does not want to be the man now that destroys Atlantis. Uh, But he gets in a little deal with Hal. It's like this is world-ending stuff. You know, we got to do it. And he's like, listen, I understand. They, They have Mara. They have all this going on we got to go and that's where mr terrific says one of these is nowhere the coordinates are negative they point to darkness and yeah it's a little hokey but that's what superman's like and we'll go through it quick he just basically says no 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 that's the dark multiverse batman talked to me in these dreams that i had he used the code he used the alphabetical trinity he said carpe diem diana that could mean and diana says i know what it could mean but we have to go after the real stuff these nth metal things 
and we're going to kill these things that are here. These are the coordinates that we think lead to these repositories. We can all arm ourselves and kill them and end this. And they're like, well, you know, Nightwing says, I think he was calling out to me as well. And this is where Nightwing has to make a decision of what he thinks this he should do. And he says, he says, I, I say we right. stay here. Yeah. We stay here. It, it's tough for him to say. Again, he's not like he's like just walking around not looking at anybody in the eye because of the shit that's gone wrong. But you have there where Damien flips out and he's like, you bastard, because this is Damien. Here's the last thing like. You can save my father? Like, you bastard. And he says, I'm sorry. I love him and I love you. But, uh, you know, I always thought I was the balance. And it's really fucking with him seeing these dark versions of what and he may have been the hoping. world right now. They got to make a yeah. stand. They got to freaking stop this somehow. Yes, yeah. maybe we can get the Batman later. Right now, we have to fucking save what little Earth is yeah. left. And, and uh, it's really playing, yeah. And that and playing up the fact that these things that are attacking us and destroying our world came from him. They didn't make up themselves. Yes, it might be nightmares. It might be, but you know what? It's something that he thought at one point. Batman this is something made his that nightmare he, bed. Now he's yeah, gonna lie to it. Yeah, and he's like, and and I I think I if I was there, I might agree with that with him and one like the fight's here. You know, if we save Batman, the way we're gonna save him is destroy everyone here first, get rid of our battles, and then I would possibly do everything I could to convince Superman to stay with us. Because if I'm in a battle that's trying to save the world, I want Superman and my yeah. team not going but off yeah, and doing he, some fucking nonsense that could lead nowhere. He thinks that he's got to go, but the problem is to do this. They really are stressing this. You need this medal. You need the metal with you. There's not enough. There's not a fourth metal person here to go do that. Again, possibly why they didn't save Cyborg, because if Cyborg was there, they could. And yeah. that's, you know, he's out of the game. So we end up, well, a crow is coming through the back. You see him coming to attack. And as he's going to attack, then you get Deathstroke's sword goes right through his mouth, too, and, and pins and him to really the wall. it really bothers me in the long run. We have this whole Prometheum connection now. You know, yes, Deathstroke's freaking armor has the Prometheum in it. He leaves his sword behind when everybody yeah. leaves. I'm like, why would you? Yeah, I, I, I don't weapon? even. Yeah, I that and I just I see in the background of him when he shows up. Hey, this job, it pay, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Death, how the fuck did you get there? No who idea. got who got you? Who brought you there? You do see in the back you see Dr. Fate's Ankh and things that you may be able to say that he came through a portal that, no, that, that was that's when the Do hammer and the Ankh that Dr. Fate's nah, been doing yeah. the whole time. I, how did he get there? How no, did he end he up there and how would the he back. know? He like and they're like, heroes. Oh, he was the last one through what? His armor, his sword, their Promethean. No, we didn't. They, they, no, I, I just didn't understand how he got through. And yeah, you have it. And Turns there's Doctor Fate's a multitasker. But they've been found, and they have to get the hell out of there. You have Detective Chimp. That's last call. And they're like, listen, I'm going. I'm going to Batman. Superman's like, I know that we can win. I know that I can stop this. I know I can get Batman. He asked me, please, I'm venturing into the unknown, searching for the light. Our friend might be that light, and he needs us. And I like that idea that it's Superman saying that Batman's the light, and he has to go get him. And this is where Barry's awesome because he's like, listen, I have a way to get to the dark multiverse, but I'll need your help, Flash, and you two steal. And Barry's like, you know what, Iris, everyone I care about needs me now. But uh, but I will help you. I, I will go. And they do go off. But at this point, they got to get the hell out of there. Everybody's coming in. Dr. And- Fate opens a portal so they can all get out. And freaking Jim Rook, the Night Master, decides he's going to – I've had a good battle in a while, so I'm going to stay here and help you guys escape. And yep. 
Terrible yeah. decision, freaking Nightmaster. Yeah, because... well, it is, but I think it's one of those like, hey, I'll, I'll keep them all, you know, occupied oh, yeah. for a little, and my time's it's like done. Like what Croc did in the freaking Gotham Resistance. Yeah. He's just like, I'm done, and they're like, you know, here we go, and that's where uh, Jim Rook, Night Jaden, he's like, hey, I was in the band, the Electrics, and this is yeah. all in continuity. It's pretty cool, but he's like, you know what? I have a drink for everyone, and all this, and then they all leave him. They go off, and that's where the Dark Knights come in then, and just start going to town. And yeah, they end up killing him. They they end up pretty much. That's one thing too, because I didn't see Detective Chimp go through that portal. No, I didn't either. That's what I I was was afraid of. For a Detective Chimp body, there didn't see one. Thank God. Yeah, so they're going, and that's where you see where everybody's gone off. Doctor Fate, Kendra, and Wonder Woman are in the sands of Bayala. Uh, you have the entrance of the Rock of Eternity. Yep, in the Rock of Eternity, you have uh, Green Arrow and Mister Terrific with the egg, Plastamang's egg, in Space Sector Two Six Eight Two, the Polaris system, where it's the hidden heart of like Thanagar. So we'll yeah. see what that is. You have Aquaman and Deathstroke swimming to go down into below Atlantis. You have Deathstroke being a you know a sexist jerk or whatever. Just trying to talk, and Aquaman's like, I'm about to commit the sin that will likely destroy all of Atlantis. Just shut your mouth. And then you go to the Fortress of Solitude with Steel, Superman, and Barry, and they're going to use the, you know, the tuning fork, the antenna. And that's where it says, that's not the antenna the anti-monitor used, too. And I do think that that was supposed to be monitor. I, I'd have to ask. It just seems weird. But somehow Superman has come up with the idea that the Phantom Zone has a permeable membrane between our reality and the dark multiverse. Barry even seems to be like, oh, yeah, I get it. Oh, yeah. Meaning I'm that. Like, no, like, please don't I don't do that. know. But you, you just have to get him there. They end up doing it. He ends up into the uh, dark multiverse. I even like the whole deal where Steel is pretty cool here. And he's like, listen, uh, you know, I'm named after a guy who, you know, the, the steel hammering man, and I'm not going to let no machine like, take me down. Even this whole thing is like, you know, I am all about, you know, if you use comic book science, but like, maybe if we open a portal with the Phantom Zone projector while we supercharge the antenna with the That's speed force, That's Steel's all needed. connection to the Nth Metal might create an energy I, link to the dark multiverse, I, and I'm Batman telling like, you, at a point you you have steel where you're then a phantom and then break through a membrane that's not there at a point you have steel and it looked and they even say they say the 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 tuning fork is full of dark energy you see it it is coming off to me all you needed to do steel with the nth metal would open a portal that's all i would have needed and i would have been fine i would have been like okay that, that sounds cool you know that's Comic book science. This just goes a little too much. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it goes a little too much. While you go back to the Oblivion Bar and you have, you know, he's dead. He's completely dead. dead. He's got a sword through his head. And they're all drinking. They're, and you even had the joking before. It's like, I'll have a Batman. You know, it's just ice. And I'm like, you know what? That's pretty cool. <laughs> now, that's a joke. But, yeah, they go. and uh, All right, and then Superman is in the dark multiverse. And there's Batman, who looks very old. He's an and old Batman. It's an old thing. Everybody keeps getting aged when they're Yeah, they get aged by the dark one. multiverse and, and stuff. Know, it Superman seems to be is, sucking out their life energy, yeah. kind of like what uh, Darkseid and Grail are doing. So, yeah. And he realizes it is all a trap. He's screwed, Eric. And, yeah, it, it seems like it is, too. And that's where Bruce kind of tells him, no, no, I was warning you. Again, this is almost, again, like Ray Palmer in the microverse. you got you got to get your signal yeah. straight. Well, it's like you know what I mean? images. They're all Barbados from the dark uh, multiverse. The music. Yeah, yeah the music. It was the music. Diana through the music. The only way to communicate across the 
multiverse vibrations. The notes of the song that our boys were playing, it was D then C, not the C reverse then of the D. code. So yeah, what was going on with uh, with basically the talk or whatever we're led to believe it was Barbados setting up a uh, nonsense, you know, setting up a trap with him saying that, and he bit and he went in, and it seems that he is actually the key now. Superman is the key all along. It's what they wanted. Your cells, you're the real battery, Clark. The circuit is complete. He was right. Don't you see in the end, all roads lead to Barbados, and now the world will sink into darkness, and we see all these supermen and all these people are all getting, you know, aged and messed up. So, yeah, and the one thing like I, I, told you, I love the art in this issue. The one thing that always throws me off when I see it is that these people who are being aged or that are just hooked up to the towers themselves – they have these skeleton faces, and for whatever reason, it just looks like paint to me on top of their faces. It doesn't yeah, really look yeah, like they're actually of. skeletons for whatever reason. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like, it's it's like, like Day, day of, of the, the Dead, dead stuff. Yeah. That's what it looks like. and it is, I guess that's a visual deal that they want to go with. But yeah, this is like the ultimate huge tower in the Dark Multiverse, and we'll have to see what goes on with that. But we have to wait two months because yeah, yeah. the next issue is two months, but next Hopefully month we do get, get better. we get Batman Lost. Uh next month i believe so we'll have that and then we have to wait until you know two months later for metal number four so we're gonna go yeah. but i still am having fun i know that it got wonky i'll see how it works out if it all works out that superman in the dark multiverse and, and that was just the way that that scott snyder can come up where he thought that that would make sense maybe it's a call out i don't see i don't know but i think that maybe if it works out in the end then we'll all be able to just sit there and like okay it was a means to an end it was wonky yeah. it did affect my score though even though I'm still pretty high on it, uh, it did affect my score because up until that point, when they leave the Oblivion Bar, even the explanation, I didn't mind it as much as you as the negative coordinates right. and stuff like that. But up until they leave the Oblivion Bar, I was having a great time. I thought it was really good. It seemed really big all of a sudden, like we said. The teams are being put together. Connecting all those together for this yeah, issue. It tied in those things, and it's one of those where you have the greatest or some of the greatest heroes in the DCU. They can't do shit. So I really like it. It's like an underdog story starting and things like that. And the art I thought was great, but I gave it an 8.8. I don't think that you're going to go as high as me. But yeah, I'm not. still not. I'm not anywhere near the highest. There, There's people that are you know, going gaga. I am still having a lot of fun. So what, what would you give it? Uh, I'm telling you, I love the art in this issue. It's just like the wonkiness of the whole, like the code to the dream of the dark multiverse where it's reversed and all this other stuff. And also the whole thing, we get to the dark multiverse through supercharging up the antenna with the speed force to go through the membrane of the phantoms. All these over explanations just seem kind of ridiculous to me. And it, like, I don't know. It almost seems like Grant Morrison-y to the point where like it becomes ludicrous. Well, this whole story because, is very Grant Morrison because oh, it, it, really I mean is, a lot of the like, things are even the basis of it is the basis of Grant Morrison and the you know the uh, when Bruce got you know sucked back in time and was chased by Barbados. So you know all of this is based on a lot of that anyway. But yeah, but you go. It, it just gets a little bit overblown for where I'm really enjoying the story. I do want to see where it goes. I'm still on board the dark you know the the freaking um the I can't the Dark Knight's Trial. Yeah, yeah. Think of what the hell it was called for a second, but. This issue was a little down in my mind just because it seemed a little bit over-explained to the point of, uh, like, you know, ridiculousness. So I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I actually, uh, the whole thing with the music and stuff at the beginning and the, uh, you know, Carpe Diem, I really liked that because it showed Batman knows the rules, but Superman really didn't. Because we do know, me and you have read and things like that, yeah, that yeah. the only thing that really can travel through the multiverse is that music. So Superman right away should have realized, don't listen to anything that this Bruce in this dream is saying. Plus, 
when he wakes up, he is in a fucking death tower that you can only think that it could have just been mind control and all that. So I would go, but yet Bruce did try to get a hold of him through the music, knowing to me, knowing that what Barbados was trying to do. He's trying to fool him. He's trying to give this. I'm going to give him the reverse deal the only way I can because in that dream to me that, you know, that Bruce standing around talking, it was just nonsense. That was Barbados, you know, manipulating that thing going to the point even where they were setting up Superman to think that they had won to just make him more upset. And that's, you know, that was the point when he came out of Bruce. So he was Bruce saying, you know, I just wanted to fuck with you. All roads lead back to the darkness, you stupid ass. But in that, you did have Bruce trying to break three, uh, break through. I don't think that Bruce ever thought that that was going to work. I really don't. Even when he says, didn't you get it? I tried. I tried to do this. I don't think this and why it didn't work because it is so wacky and out of, you know, out of left field that Superman would never understand no. that. So and that's why I liked thing, it. Because we don't know anything about the dark multiverse, I can't say that it works the same way in the dark multiverse. Yeah, but uh, obviously he told us that. So now we know. He says that it does go through. And he did. He's the one who got that, you know, the the sound going uh, through that. But, yeah, uh, even even if the point, if you go with that with Barbados being in Bruce or being the the one who was talking through Bruce and all this it's funny because he even you can go back and read it and like boy he was just throwing shade at Superman because yeah you know what I like this tune buddy and you know holy shit he, he means business but we'll see how it goes but I, I'm really enjoying it still but we're going to go off to mail section number two so when I'm talking to my and shaming people who are lame I always mention Eric Shay Some people like to hear the news Some people love all the reviews The thing that I look forward to It's mail, it's mail, it's mail Mail with Jim too. All the nonsense we think of, stories of the things we do, everything that we send in, we love that it's going to mail with Jim too. I don't know what game you're playing there, actually. What? <laughs> it's so good, too, because you, you do have a delay. I know. And, and you never can tell that delay until music is playing. <laughs> you sing along. Ah, yes, this is male section, too. Little bag, all you hip shakers. Little bag, all you Yeah, we got the Wolfman Jack here, and this is where we go with male section number two. How's that? That's pretty good, right? That is good. I wish that's, I could do a good match. That's, that's very good impressive. Jack. This is male section number two, and we're going to start with Dancing Mike. Dancing Mike. He doesn't just rant and rave. He also writes in 
Eric, and he says, Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and hello, mother. I love his comments. I love it. I love when, if I have a book and uh, Harper shows up, and that would be Detective, I just wait. And and all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, Detective has three comments. One is definitely dancing by saying that he hates it. So I always look forward to those. It's been a while since I've written in, and I was going to send the Reggie theme song anyway, which he did, which we will hear later. So here's a note of nonsense to go with it. And I really do like the the Reggie theme song that you're going to hear later from dancing mike it's not just the lyrics it's not just the singing it is the cadence and the long pauses <laughs> that makes it solid gold solid gold Aaron. Solid so gold. all i've got is this in no particular order the top six beers in dancing mike's refrigerator i see these you know tweets that he has i'm surprised there's any beer left in that refrigerator but only because there is because he's always at that smoky mountain brewery drinking their beer so he's never at home drinking well, that's the thing is he sent me a tweet this morning he said he was going grocery shopping and doing some pre-noon drinking I'm like, why are you drinking when you're going grocery shopping? Right. He, I mean, where, where he is. At? Well, Did there you have a probably, brewery at the mall? No, I mean, there, at the he's probably at the store? grocery store. They can buy. They, they're not like Pennsylvania. These people yeah, get to buy weird. beer everywhere they want to. When I was in West Virginia, I mean, the, the best place for me to buy beer in West Virginia was the 7-Eleven that was across yeah, the street I, exactly. from the dorms. I always went to 7-Eleven when I was in West yeah, Virginia to pick up a beer. That was the best. I, I do that. And then there was a weird... Uh, gas station slash liquor store down the road that used to get like the weirdest goddamn liquor too and I like that too rubber balls and liquor Eric number six of the top six beers in Dancing Mike's refrigerator uh, is Miller Lite for everyday use and emergencies number five you, you like your Miller Lite Actually, that's the beer of choice I go with you. The other day, uh, uh, Dancing Mike, uh, Wrong Turn told me that he was drinking beer, but he didn't drink the Miller Lights because that's the stuff that makes you fat. Oh. (laughs) I don't know where you're getting this. Number five, Linen Kugels, Linen Kugels, Summer Shandy. Only two left. I have have had that. It is a good beer. I uh, liked having shandies when I was in the uh, British Isles, Eric. A shandy I, I did enjoy. Now like again. a pumpkin? No, it's, it's a drink. It's the same thing. Uh, Land Shark Island style lagers, number four. Land Shark Island Land shark style is well. lager. I've never had a Land Shark. A favorite of Swanee. Uh, number three, I'm, I'm not going to make any That's the thing sort. Is, I'd like to say I'd say you like it, but I would have no idea what the kind of beer yeah, you would like. Yeah, what the fuck would I like anymore? You know what? I used to like free beer. That's yeah. what I used to like in college in a band. That's that's all I wanted, free beer. And Rumplemints, Eric. That was my liquor of choice. Yeah. Uh, number three, you got to – don't get all nonsense and start disparaging the South, Eric, because it's number three, the Yeehaw Oktoberfest brewed here in East Tennessee. I, bet, I wonder if that has hints of pumpkin. Would, would you think that? Hints of pumpkin bread possibly. How about that? I, 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 are you with me? It happens with either beer or coffee where I sit there and I'm like, okay, and now I drink a lot more coffee than I would drink beer. But even when I drink beer, I'm like, okay, here, I'm going to drink this beer. Oh, it has a hint of uh, ginger along with uh, you know, the essence of uh, fucking grass. I, I, I drink these things. I'm like, no, it's fucking beer. 
and I get these coffees, and the coffee's like, this one has a hint of cherry along with dark chocolate. Uh, no, it doesn't. It tastes like goddamn coffee. Where, where the fuck are you getting this shit? Well, it's like the thing is, too, it's like Jess was sending me messages because she was working at her parents' shop today, and like they have this whole, like kitchen doodad shop. They have like kitchen gadgets and this nah, kitchen supply kind of stuff. Just like, you know, like, you know, rich people stuff, honestly. And she's like, look, they have all these different kind of like specialty coffees here. Like, and she sent me a picture. I'm like, I like regular coffee, yeah. so no. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, the coffee of choice in the Werner house is actually the generic Walmart donut shop coffee. Oh. I actually am drinking it now, Eric. I'm going to take a sip. That was the mm. spit cup. Ah. Oh, we haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> no. Uh, that's what I prefer. I, I don't yeah. need a hint of fucking dark chocolate. To me, when they say a hint of dark chocolate, that means they burnt it. And you know, I don't like that burnt coffee. I have an issue with that. Number two, Samuel Adams' Oktoberfest. I have had that. A modern-day yeah. classic, and I would agree. I do like that. Number one, the Wise Acre Oktoberfest. A lot of Oktoberfest beer. I, don't I, would, I see Mike go, going with the things, and yeah, he, he is a very seasonal fella that I'm sure that he grabs all those seasonal beers. But the Wise Acre Oktoberfest, uh, still a bit left from the mini growler we bought after the beer flight at Kroger this morning. I don't know what the hell you just said to me. He went to Kroger, Eric. Oh, yeah, he, Kroger. he got himself some, uh, you know, some groceries, and then seemed to have taken a mini growler with him. I don't know that my. I know, I know you're allowed to is. buy. I, I think it's like some sort of a wine skin that you use when you're in the Antarctic. Now, oh. I think it's some sort of a vessel. Eric, I just don't know, uh, Mike, you're allowed to buy the beer in Kroger. I don't know that they want you drinking it in Kroger, but hey, that, that's just outside. me. Eh, maybe. No, then, you know, he saves most of his heavy drinking while he's driving, Eric, like most of us do, right? Apparently, Wiseacre is brewed in Memphis. Uh, we liked it best from the flight. So, yes, he, he went on a beer flight. I went to all these places and had to buy actual goddamn groceries for fucking seven people. I don't have time. Afterwards, I could use a mini growler of Wiseacre Oktoberfest. So you can kind of tell it's October. It's like so. a jug to me. So that's it. Is that what it is? Does it look like it a wineskin? Like, hmm. it, it, so it looks like a freaking one of those little jugs with the freaking little finger hole you fucking put in there. No. You know, oh, like one a, of those? Do you, yeah. Hoo, hoo, yeah. you do like that one? Then you got the washboard. I could be wrong, but I, I put that freaking mini growler and went to the images, and that's all a, I see. That's a goddamn hoot, Nanny. Eric, he's, he, you go from Kroger to there. He's going down Some the road like playing the goddamn jug. He's playing the jug. His wife's on the the wash basin with the fucking you know broom handle and the stick doing the bass. Boom, 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 boom. It's going back and forth from Kroger. You hear that coming? Get the fuck off the road. The guy's drunk. So that's it for this week. Absolutely nothing to do with comics except the attached song that should be a favorite of Pete from NYC for years to come. And again, you we will hear that coming up. So until next time, keep it weird. Shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop, boop. Spotlight out. Turn that Patreon spotlight off and see you in seven. And it does make me sad that he's not going to talk about, you know, pop culture in your ass and all that. That was my that ass. He's, and, and I will tell you, we may be, pop, need for pop culture, we may be feeding that need for pop culture, uh, you know, in the, in the near future. We will see. Uh, you know, Eric knows I, I can't, you can't keep a, a good pop culture down. 
Eric. But I, we'll I don't see. know. Ever since the pop culture ended, the next day you've said like for seven new podcasts. So I don't know yep. when we're going to find time to I do this know. pop culture again. Wee! I have a lot of ideas, Eric. An idea, man. I am. And one of the Let's podcasts see what's going on on October fourteenth, eighteen eighty-seven. Yeah. That's pop. I told you, pop culture pop time, culture machine. time machine. machine. I'm like, you want to hear about the 80s? Well, we're talking about 1682. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of mine. I have another one, though, that, Eric, you like. And I said you were the executive producer and you were in. You were actually brainstorming with me and I was writing notes. Uh, yes, thank you, Mike. The next email is from Brandon. Brandon says, sup, fellas? First things first, did I hear a Bon Jovi song in between segments last week? If I did hear correctly, that would be the first time I've heard a Bon Jovi song in nearly eight years or so since he tried buying the bills and moving them to Toronto. You you know, you didn't hear any Bon Jovi. I don't know what he's talking about. Bon Jovi's not a like man in this part of the country. After this little stunt of his, he played on no radio stations, on no bar playlist, and is basically a dead human being to the city of Buffalo because of his despicable actions. You don't hear them say that in New Jersey, Eric. Never. So, just as a reminder, and also you have this thing where they also recorded, they re-recorded Slippery When Wet for Buffalo. It's called Everything's Frozen in This Fucking Town. That's what he called it, they, and they didn't like that either. So just as a reminder, slippery and in case when frozen Slippery over. When Frozen, at nine months out of the goddamn year. So just a reminder, and in case he is listening, on behalf of Buffalo, New York, you, Bon Jovi, can continue to go fuck yourself. Now, he did say that he was going to move the bills to Toronto in Canada, but that they're already in Buffalo. That's Canada to me. I already told you that. So he says, uh, you, Bon Jovi, can continue to go fuck yourself. I never thought that this podcast would have to disparage a gem like John Bon Jovi. How can this be? At this point, there's no idea that like the um, anything could come in. I'm like, it's not a shock to me. I think that when you hear him hit that high falsetto and run away, Eric, you can't hate him anymore. You just can't. Me and you, that makes us smile every time. Dancing Mike is a better Bon Jovi than you'll ever be. P.S. Your hair looks ridiculous for a man with so much money. I don't know. I wouldn't mind that hair. More Buffalo-centric news and notes uh, you'll think are total nonsense. And unlike the Bon Jovi one, we can agree here. The local Tim Hortons. Here we go. Buffalo is in Canada. You you can't tell me that's anything else. I used to eat those Timbits when I was in Toronto, Eric, and I like them. Who pretty much has a monopoly going on coffee shops in this area of the country has just released a Buffalo latte. A fucking Buffalo wing latte. This is from the newspaper describing what it's made of. Is This almost seems a little like pop culture as well, Eric. Yeah. This new product is exactly what you'd expect, at least in terms of ingredients. It's a mocha latte with improved espresso, enhanced with buffalo sauce flavoring, and a zesty buffalo seasoning. Essentially cayenne pepper. I would think that Buffalo's buffalo seasoning gross. would be road salt, Eric. <laughs> Sprinkled on top of you. But they boom, don't come have on, any Eric. Freaking road, extra salt. road salt, dude. They use road it nine salt. months out of the year. Sprinkled on top of the whipped cream. Now, this should also come with a disclaimer on the side of the cup that says drink only when sitting on toilet. Uh, that's why I usually drink my coffee because yeah, and really just coffee you, in general. You want to you want to have Eric. You want to go to the toilet. Give him one of those fucking monster Java monsters. The Java Holy monsters. moly. 
That cleans him out because you're not making it far after drinking this disaster. Anyway, I might have to go try this and torture myself because one of the two places doing it is literally down the street from my house. So this begs the question, would you? Not only would I, but if this was actually a contained drink and I, you know, I'm expecting this is just an open coffee deal. If this was actually a packaged drink, I would have Brandon send it to me and it, two of those and we drink it uh, on the Why podcast. Why do I got to be involved? Yeah, I would love to try that. I, you know, I, I'd drink that in a second and then tell you how awful it was and then insist that you drink it. <laughs> and then you, gotta admit. Well, and you keep walking closer to me until I actually have to turn around and run away from you yeah. screaming. But you have to admit when this happens, I never lie to you and say something's good if it if it isn't. I tell you how no, bad it is. And you to me no weird smell no, which and, you usually yeah. want. Because this is the thing with me. It's more intriguing to taste a shitty thing or you know, that or smell or whatever. Then something I go, oh my god, this is great. Here, try it. That's boring. I like to no, see the reaction. Yeah, that sounds pretty great to me. I like no. to try great things. No. God damn, I've had a terrible, no good, very bad sports week since the Bills lost Sunday. The Sabres have started losing uh, all their games, and the Nats knocked out in the first round again. He's a Nationals fanner. The one thing I used to be able to count on is fantasy football. I'm being good at that. I can't even do that right this year. I stomped them. I stomped them. All <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing so great. I'm, all my guys are injured. I, I'm uh, I'm against Rafe this week, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, he doesn't realize, but I've actually put a bunch of guys who have buys in his lineup, and I'm hoping he doesn't find out. I have to be moving in on the title of being the biggest sports mush of all time. He says, books, the second Wednesday of the month is always, at least for me, the goddamn wallet killer. Anyway, here it goes. Action. Sheesh. Say what you want about the button, which had its fair share of nonsense. At least it was interesting enough, issue to issue, raising new questions. Plus, it had a little action to keep you busy. But this Osreville story has just been uh, rather goddamn boring for something so built up. Other than revealing Oz's real name, what is the goddamn point of this story? Just another separate... just another separate the Kent family and kidnapped Superboy story again. Okay, I get it. Cause separate. I'll can cause I'll continue to be pretty bored if that's what's going on here. Come on, writers, editorial, figure it out over there. Detective, I have a suggestion for both of these Tim Drakes of both worlds. Next time you see your buddy Superman getting his ass hammered on uh, by that bully Doomsday, do us all a favor, save about twelve ninety nine, and go help Superman out a bit, will you? This you seem to know just the right spots to tickle that monster to get him to calm down. So help your buddy, the boy in blue, next time, so we don't have to read nine issues of him punching Doomsday again. I like this issue, though. Seriously, Detective continues to take me on a roller coaster ride of emotions between Shit Valley and the mountaintop. Wonder Woman. Is it just me reading way into things, or did Robinson say in the comic book what we all wanted to to Greg Ruckin, that one panel where they're all talking about Themyscira, Diana says something to the effect of, yeah, I don't understand it either, about how it just vanished and got a good chuckle out of it. Jason is a sexy man. Who would play him in a movie? Who would? would Zach it be? Efron. That's all. I, I always go to that's, Zach That's my go-to guy. That's all Zach Efron to me. Uh, I, I, I talked about the, how great his abs were, and when I think of great abs, I think of Zach Efron. Did Zach you see that Efron. boy in Baywatch? Holy shit. Zach Efron. I wouldn't watch that piece of crap. Oh, I did you watch either, Baywatch? I watched the trailer a couple of times. So did I. We watched it earlier. <laughs> uh, I actually, Tanya wanted to see that trailer, and I was just like, yeah. Oh, she wanted that, to watch that, a movie. I said, just watch the trailer. The fridges, the fridges connected on their shoulder. Yeah. I'm like, you just see the abs there. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. I'll end things on a high note here. Dancing like Mike, cover your ears. That. He doesn't want Dancing Mike to hear this. Metal, 
I really, really like this comic book series and how it's moving along right now, even with the iffy quality of tie-ins, which is expected in any event because the main writer never does them. Regardless, I unabashedly am digging this book right now. I like... Uh, I get a little bit every week. I like how bonkers off the wall it is, and I dig how it is re-readable. I always read it at least twice to make sure I got it all. I read comics and buy a bunch each month to weed through what I think I'll like to hope and get one like this, and I'm glad it's here for now. I mean, this is a series that spans so many books. At this point, it makes a $25 pull list in a real life of a living nightmare, but I'm getting it all, and I think this will be the first hardcover omnibus I ever get if they release it all in order in one someday even with the full set of singles sorry dense mike i know that was hard for you to hear i have a tennessee shirt i wear to clean around the house if that makes you feel any better and when i think of that i expected no pants he has a tennessee shirt in no my pants. mind it's like a 5xl so it just goes down like he's wearing like yeah, a long oh, he t-shirt does. to and like then, a bed and he just goes around in that and then he hits the stereo <laughs> He slides. He's got fucking swifters on his feet. Then he does that. There he is with the glasses. All right, dudes. Congrats on the Hot Eagles start, Eric. They are, I'd love to say they're the best team in football, but they did get beat by the Chiefs, so they are the second best, if you ask me. Boy, they're good. And I know that this is just going to break my heart by the end of the season. I know. I'm telling you, right now, in my mind, you're jinxing it. Yeah. I I stayed up uh, on Thursday Watching that game, and boy, it was getting later and later, and I was just enjoying every bit of it, though the officiating was horrendous, Eric. But yeah, we'll go from that. And that is Brandon at Beamer 3660 We're going to go off to him and possibly Trevitt. He couldn't get a hold of Trevitt last week. He was flying solo, but he, him That's and Trevitt will probably be going Amazing Spider-Man number 789, which he says here in parentheses is a fresh jumping-on point, Eric. So maybe, Ooh, fresh. maybe a, a young Eric Shea can go over and say you know what i'm sorry ben riley but i left you at the station i never picked you up i'm gonna go amazing about, spider-man I, I, number 789 issue of ben riley oh have you what is your favorite part was your favorite My part favorite when tommy part, jarvis it's shows all of up it, jim it's all of it <laughs> oh really all right but we're gonna go off to listen to them talk about it We are back here, guys. This is the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined along with Trevitt. We're joined by Trevitt. I'm not sure I said that right. How are we doing, Trevitt? Not bad. All right. And Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 789, won your guys' vote this week. It be out. Uh, I know Falcon number one. Uh, and I think the other one, if I had to take a guess, would have been... Shit, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was Deadpool. Was Deadpool? <laughs> yeah, it was so Deadpool. Deadpool. Uh, so we were throwing the legacy titles up lately uh, and, and letting you guys pick which one you want to hear. And this is this is what won by a pretty substantial margin this week. Uh, so we got writer Dan Slott, art team Stuart Amonin, uh, Wade Van Graubadger, and Marte Gracia, who have been uh, pretty much the standard art team for this for about six months or so. And then uh, Marvel Comics production, obviously. 
We're going to get into the blurb here and tell you a little bit about what's going on and, and what we think about this book here. Uh, so after a brief pit stop to see the goblin, uh, and if you could get his groove back, we check in on the legacy edition of Amazing Spider-Man. Now here with classic renumbering to boot. Uh, so what does a former CEO, CEO who lost it all, in parentheses again, <laughs> do when the world's tur turned against him? Hide in his girlfriend's house for long stretches of the day and spout off at the mouth, of course. But that's not all, folks. Let's see what other secrets number 789 is holding on to. Uh, we get into the events of the issue here. We see it pick up. Uh, we're in Soho of New York, apartment of Bobby Morse, who is Mockingbird. Um, and she's getting ready for what looks like a new job since S.H.I.E.L.D. is no more. And that's, that's who she used to work for. So she's... She's mentioning how she got a new job, and, and she wants Peter to get out there, start looking, because uh, he is just being a pouty, pouty bitch on the couch right now after losing everything. He's got his girlfriend's clothes on. His table is a mess of uh, probably what he was making, um, uh, web fluid. It looks like his ingredients for web fluid. He's got coffee. He's just got shit everywhere. Uh, so he, he's, he basically acknowledges Bobby's... Uh, commands to like clean up the house a little bit you know maybe get out get out and about instead of just staying inside all day um he we see harry's trying to get a hold of him he's not answering his phone calls uh he turns on the tv try to blow some time off he's getting ripped in the news um bobby's got all the food in the fridge tagged with like her name on it like uh you know sometimes roommates will do that uh, I'm sorry. and then and then we got an article when he shuts the fridge um, and it looks like she's kind of, you know, trying to encourage him to get out with haha uh, magnets, kind of holding this this newspaper article up, which says Peter Parker threat or menace, which is basically the opposite of Spider-Man threat or menace, which has been, you know, the running thing for years in the Spider-Man Daily Bugle articles. Uh, I thought that was hilarious because like he picks up the paper and he sees that it's cut out and he's like, Oh, she probably doesn't want to make me feel bad. And then he looks at the fridge and it's like, ha ha ha. Yeah. I think, I think this is her way to like shame him into getting out of the house. Um, yeah. Eventually do before we check in on um, Peter doing all that. We check in on Harry, who we see trying to call Peter again. You know, he's trying to get him to handle some of these, um, Last-minute business things uh, to wrap up Parker Industries' business. Uh, mentioning how he, Peter should be the one making these calls and not him. Um, you know, we get kind of really catch-up moments with Harry and the Osbournes as we check in on uh, ex-wife and kids and family and all that. Uh, when when the kids leave the room with, I don't know, I think that's the nanny or the grandma or somebody. Um, nanny. Is it the nanny? Yeah, uh, it's the nanny. We see Liz Allen and Harry Osborne are kind of like, you know, nibbling at each other's ears and, and getting back together. But before they really announce it to friends and family and stuff, they're going to, uh, you know, sneak around a little longer and make sure everything's on the up and up. Um, we get a hint about where the story's going a little later with, with them mentioning uh, Flash has a surprise party later that night and, and how, you know, they'll both be there. They don't want it to be awkward because, you know, they're kind of together again, but nobody knows. So so that kind of gets all brought up. Um, and, and we're just kind of hopping around here as we go next to uh, the Daily Bugle. I was going to say Daily Planet. Daily Bugle. Um, <laughs> as Peter walks in and, and he kind of just starts shouting off at the mouth. He's looking for Joe Robertson. Um, 
because he's the one that wrote the article that, that Peter saw hot hot on the fridge by uh, by Bobby. So he's kind of a little pissed off. He confronts his old buddy, his old pal, and, and says, you know, how could you write this shit about me? And then Robbie, it's his nickname, kind of, uh, he sets him straight, lets him know that he's in over his head, uh, that he wasn't ready to take the reins of a, of a global company, let millions of, you know, workers and investors and people who bought the, the products around uh, the world down. And, you know, Peter kind of acknowledges how that is kind of all right, despite some of the good things he did, like stop the carrying uh, virus and I don't know what else they did. They had webware. They had, uh, oh, yeah, he stopped the invasion of uh, Samaria or Simcaria. Simcaria, um, yeah. You know, for, for what's Silver Sable. So he did do some good things, but there's some uh, boners mixed in there. Uh, and that's basically what Robbie says he wrote about, you know, just your inexperience hurts you. So Peter takes his medicine. He decides to start walking out of the building. When he, he catches a glimpse of, um, I don't know, just out of his side eye, this science article being written about something Pim's done uh, and, and how he basically is able to dumb it down for just general people to understand instead of uh, this science nerd who is just probably using big words and confusing everybody. Uh, so, so that kind of intrigues Robbie as he sees Peter on his way, stumbling out of the, the office. He runs into Betty. Um, Betty mentions Flash's surprise party to help Peter take his mind off all this nonsense going on. So back on the streets of New York, Peter starts getting noticed by just general citizens who've bought his shit, invested in his company, probably worked for him. He gets chased down the road, uh, <laughs> probably about to be assaulted by these people. I don't know what they're after him for. It's the only thing I could think of. Uh, what are they going to do when they catch him? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Are you just going to take the $5 he has in his wallet? It's not like he has any money left. I don't know what you're mugging <laughs> for. Broke. Yeah, you're, you're mugging a poor... It's like beating up a homeless dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is homeless, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's li living at his girlfriend's place. He don't got no money because all the food has names on it in his fridge. He's really just down and out right now. These people are trying to, I guess, beat him down. He escapes down an alley. And just climbs up a wall, Spider-Man style, to, to hide out from him. And these people are just looking around like, where did he go? You know, one of those situations going on. And it looks like he was on his, I don't know, he ends up stumbling into, at least from the outside, kind of sneaking around at Flash's party. These people kind of just, you know, in general talking about him and his misfortune at this moment in time. And doesn't really feel like entertaining any of that conversation. So before anybody... Even notices he, he's there, he really dips out. Uh, and, you know, this party is just a who's who of all the Spider-Man supporting cast throughout the years. You got the uh, Horizon Lab workers. You got Mary Jane, Aunt May, Flash, Harry, Liz, uh, Betty, you know, everyone's there. Anyone who, anybody who is, everybody who is anybody in uh, the early Spider-Man universe is kind of here at this party. And Peter won't entertain it, so... So you, you get the just there of really what kind of mood he's in. Just doesn't want to deal with anybody feeling sorry for him, feeling pity and, until he kind of gets back on his feet, it looks like. Uh, he gets home. He runs into who, um, Bobby, who's who's arriving home from work as he's just laying on the couch and didn't do the laundry, didn't clean up, didn't do anything that was asked of him uh, before she left for work. So she it looks like Chuck's dirty laundry in his face. But uh, it's a Spidey costume, and 
she got her clothes on pretty damn quick, but um, she's like, let's yeah, let's well, go out and about. Unless she wears it under her business suit, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe because she looks like she's just snapping on that belt. But I mean, those clothes hit yeah, his like, head. That was the only walked... thing she needed to put on. I agree. Yeah, because he looks like he gets he takes it off his head. He's staring at it, and then she's putting on her mockingbird belt with the suit already. I'm like, what the fuck? That was yeah. quick. She's speed changer. Uh, That's her. But anyway, so. Th- they go out and about then. Uh, they leave Bobby's place, and Peter already, uh, with the Spider-Man suit on, starts feeling a little better right off the bat, like saying his head's clearer. Um, you know, they're flying through the, sh- the streets of New York uh, looking for a little trouble, I guess. And they run into some trouble in the form of Johnny Horton, who is the Griffin. Um, and he brings up how he was in the Dark Force Dome and just doing whatever the hell he wanted. Do you, do you remember seeing him in any of the tie-ins? No, no, I don't remember seeing him. Okay, never. There, well, there mean, was another point. Was. Yeah, the, there was another um, thing they mentioned at some point, and and I don't remember if it was in this book, and I'll I'll bring it up later, or it was in another book I read. They bring up something that happened, like in the Dark Force Dome. Oh, it's Harry and Liz saying that's how they kind of got back together when that thing went up. Oh yeah, because they were locked down together. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense because Harry was in fucking Japan with with Peter or Tokyo or wherever the fuck he was. Remember? Was he? I don't remember him being there. I know Aunt uh, May was. Yeah, Aunt May was, but I, I'm, uh, Harry was on that rooftop when Silver Sable uh, was firing the bullet hmm. at Goblin. Remember? Uh, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. So yeah, so we got we, it was, we got a continuity issues ago. Yeah, and it was uh, the the first issue when Peter ran into Silver Sable stopping her from taking that shot when they were all at that party. So unless he got back and then got stuck in the dome, I don't know. I don't know where that one takes place, but regardless, that's how uh, they keep mentioning things that happen in the dark force dome. Um, And Griffin was just running wild basically. Uh, So, so he's attacking an empanada truck, (laughs) not like a bank. He's not stealing money or anything. He mentions how he's just cutting out the middleman. I love the reasoning. Yeah, (laughs) source of just stealing food now instead of stealing money to buy food. I thought that was something like, well, (laughs) there I guess. (laughs) Uh, Going to steal everything he needs instead of stealing money to buy everything he needs is is what he's getting at. Um, So Peter and mocking, I want to say mocking Jay for some reason, mocking Bird, (laughs) go downstairs. To I go downstairs. This this kid is fucking up my flow here today. <laughs> Give me five minutes. I'm almost done. Okay, please go color. Um, so they start fighting Griffin, trying to stop him from hijacking this empanada truck, really ruining it. People at first are pissed at Spider-Man, you know, like just shunning him because he worked for Parker Industries, basically as a bodyguard. Uh, and as this fight goes on, they, they kind of keep sneaking, taking turns, sneaking up on a distracted Griffin. So first Peter gets flung out of the way. And while he gets flung out of the way, Mockingbird shocks him. Then Mockingbird gets flung out of the way and Peter comes up from the backside. Uh, Griffin decides to just say, screw all this fighting. I'm going to pick up this empanada truck and throw it at you. Peter catches it. And the, the dude who owns the truck mentions how, you know, this is all I have. Don't let it get destroyed. So Griffin takes this opportunity to try to like squish this truck down on top of Peter from from the panel. It looks like that's what he's trying to do. 
uh, as Peter looks like he's getting crushed under it. And Mockingbird, this is my favorite part. <laughs> Mockingbird like pulls one of these moves. I imagine she slides under his legs while this is yeah. going on and uses her like electric batons, taser batons, to shock him in the balls. That's exactly, I mean, that's what goes on here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, he's Shocking like, I can't believe up. you did that. He's like, please, everything's still in the same place. And that ends that fight. And the, the crowd just in general kind of turns in Spider-Man's favor because he manages to save an empanada truck without it being destroyed. I mean, that's the gist of, of how he gets everyone to love him. The guy yeah, because he saved freedom. someone's... It's because of what he said about saving the business, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's... Uh, he's livelihood. It's offered free empanadas for life. Um, <laughs> empanadas are delicious. We have them at, at they are Mexican delicious. place around here. They're, I would take I'll that take offer it. in a heartbeat, yeah. I got in trouble once because uh, we had um, this thing at, in high school, like this cultural thing where everybody brought in food from their culture, and this kid in my class brought in all the empanadas, and he had them, and I ate them all um, <laughs> before he could bring them to it. So I, everybody got so, he got so fucking pissed at me. They were so good. I've never had empanadas before then. Like, yeah. I couldn't leave yeah, they're, <laughs> the, the, they're like a dessert thing at this one place uh, that we have Mexican around here for. And uh, you can get either apple, cherry, or blueberry. And the only ones they ever have left are fucking blueberry because they're trash. And the other two are awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I personally like apple, cherry, blueberry if I had to rate them. So I usually end up eating a blueberry, but blueberries aren't my favorite. They're kind of sour to me. But um, anyway, we wrap up this story. Stop talking about food here. We, uh, <laughs> we, we get back to Bobby's apartment after they've shocked Griffin in the balls, probably got him locked away in jail. And uh, Bobby decides to offer Peter uh, what looks to be a Coke with her name on it. I don't know. I don't know what else. It's either a beer or a Coke. You know what I'm saying? It's like a red can. I think can. it's a Coke. So it's either a Budweiser or a Coca-Cola. Those are the two red cans that immediately come to mind. Um, it's got that one little co uh, little swoosh thing that Coke cans have usually under the name. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I would go with Coke, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. If there was a crown on it, I would say it's Budweiser. But uh, they, they chug their drink kind of share a smile and start making out. So um, I don't know if Bobby's only down with Peter when he's like upbeat Spider-Man and is, is, is well, you know, she's only down with Peter as Spider-Man and, and not really up for dealing with him when he's Mopey P Parker. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they share a kiss and it says to be continued and we get the legacy pages, which I don't know, just essentially recap one of the most popular origin stories with a, with a few updated beats, I guess. Um, because they got, I don't know, is that Ironheart, Daredevil? <laughs> There's like a random collection of people on top of just people Peter uh, deals with all the time at the very end of that layer. Yeah, I think that's Iron Man, but the helmet's ugly as fuck. It's yeah, ugly. it's, it's it. drawn Iron Man helmet by oh, far. Um, but yeah, Hold as it. far as buy, borrow, or forget goes, uh, overall, I love the art in this issue. The art was fantastic, So because uh, Amonin wasn't on the last... Definitely not the last issue, maybe not the last couple. I'm not sure really, but uh, no, he was. This was what he was obviously off doing. He wasn't on the uh, Goblin issue. Somebody else was. Not on the Goblin um, issue. Yeah, Greg Smallwood did that one. Yeah. So, so he, he he was able to take his time, and you can tell in this issue the paneling is cool. Uh, you know, the action looks great. Kind of some of my beef with what his art was was obviously just from the the story taking place in China with at night mostly because. New York yeah. daytime stuff all looks fantastic and, and the lighting and everything looks great. 
so art is awesome. Harry, um, Harry wasn't there, but I ch- checked it out. Where at the uh, the gala? The, in the, uh, in Japan. Were they in Japan or China? Uh, my bad. They were, in, they were in China. Yeah, they were in China. Yeah, that's, but yeah, that's he China. was. I, I downloaded them and checked it out. Well, all right. Well, I'll, I'll check that out later too because I'm pretty sure he was was there. Uh, anyway, we we the story was just kind of reintroducing you to everybody that Peter deals with his his current situation with them right now. You know, uh, if you didn't know, he was kind of flirting around with Bobby. You know now. Um, <laughs> by the end of this story. So it's really a good jumping on point for anybody interested in following Spider-Man. You know, you got the end of Parker Industries, what Peter's getting into. Um, really not a whole lot of action in the book. It, towards the end, you get a really a throwaway fight with Griffin, um, which was, was entertaining and, and funny. But uh, overall, I would say it's a borrow. It depends how you feel about Spider-Man. If you've been a longtime reader of Spider-Man, there's really not anything that happens you didn't know about. Um, you know, I, I'm excited for where it's going and, and when he eventually seems to get a job at the Bugle and stuff and how all that falls into place. Uh, but I don't know. As far as oh, Mopey that. Peter goes, that was just kind of a, a little bit of a downer. Um, uh, I don't know. I just wanted a little more from the legacy. I, you don't know where the overall story is going aside from just Peter maybe getting a job at, at this new place uh and there's not really like hints as to what he's going to be dealing with um and unless you're reading solicits far ahead you know what i'm saying so that's the one thing well, that they disappointed that, me they gave you that preview page at the end oh yeah, uh, yeah well, the, 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 like the solicits stuff pages. about what he, yeah, he's going to be entertaining but as far as the story goes they like didn't address or hint at any uh threads they they'd kind of pick up in the future so yeah unless you look at the preview page you don't know where it's it's really going aside from peter entertaining a new line of work which makes it just a general borrow for me with awesome goddamn art uh i really like i'm on board with the moaning now on, on the title um it took a while to get over get over ramos i really miss ramos on the title uh i'm not a big fan but anyway um what'd you think uh i really loved the art uh I thought it was pretty funny when he's sitting on the couch wearing that shirt that everybody made a big fuss over in the Mockingbird title that asked me about my feminist agenda shirt. I died laughing when I turned that page and saw that when I first read it. I know. Um, I, I don't. It must be a regular like uh, t-shirt because if that's like, uh, it, it, I mean, the way that fit Bobby on that Mockingbird cover, I don't. I don't think Peter would be. No, that's her shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like it would be fat guy in a little coat type thing. <laughs> but that's her shirt because he's like, "Don't blame me. It's your shirt." <laughs> like when she's talking shit about yeah, weird because no, he doesn't have any laundry. It looks like a girl's t-shirt when she wears it on that. Cover. She wears it on, and Peter. Yeah, it looks be, really like, tight. Bulging out really of it. <laughs> uh, I, I like seeing. Uh, I like seeing like how he's you know not dealing with losing parker industries like everywhere he goes that's all he can see all all that's happening to him throughout this issue is he's just getting beat up by everybody like either it's family like he's going to go to flash's party and he can't even bring himself to walk in because everybody's talking about him they're talking about how you know when he just got out of college or was in college and he got his first apartment and they all brought him that the furniture and and mj's like you know that would just be kind of sad if we did that now right he's too old for that (laughs) just like poor pd and i'm like just feels bad. And it also gives me a sense like 
everybody's always complaining about like you know the, the marriage that got broke up or everything but that but like i i liked seeing it it's more like real life where everybody has moved on like you know all these things have already happened in his life and and like you know if you see the way mjx and either iron man or if she ever shows up in this book you know she's past it moved on peter's past it moved on and, and that's nice and people always complain about spider-man getting back to basics they didn't like uh, the parker industry stuff and and it seems like they really but the the point of this issue is like trying to like bring him back to basics you know the goofy down on his luck peter parker um you know just a, a normal day in the life and I, I liked mockingbird uh you know trying to break him out of his funk like trying to motivate him even though it is kind of like a, a roommate joke like leaving that that clip newspaper clipping on his fridge you know with the yeah. ha ha magnets like with fucking ridiculous yeah. but and then you know she comes home and she throws the uniform at him like all right this is enough you've been here feeling sorry for yourself the whole entire day i gotta get you out of the house get you a little bit of action make you feel a little bit better about yourself which was nice and uh the lead-in for like what he's going to be doing at the bugle because obviously that science writer can't do his fucking job um or or can't talk like a normal person to make it readable for the average day like a uh, non-tech savvy person so you and yeah, you can see I, the I light bulb went off yeah i was wondering i'm glad he's not going to be a photographer it looks like they'll hire him to write yeah. article stuff this time so it'll be a, in a different capacity i thought he would be like uh since he did have some experience like a, a higher up job but yeah he's really starting kind of at the reporter ground level again yeah, it makes sense, too, because, like, this guy, you know, this guy can't write it in a way where the average person could understand what he's talking about. And then when the guy talks, says to Robbie, he's like, you could understand all that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I could. And you could see, yeah, like, well, the even corrects him. He's like, you got this part wrong at the end. That's why it's not making sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, um, I do agree. Like, um, I, we, I don't really know where it's going to go. I, I guess it's just going to be more of his, like, uh, him trying to get back to square one after losing his company. I'm just guessing that. And, you know, the coming soon shows him uh, having a day with Johnny Storm. I think this did a good job of doing what spectacular Spider-Man just can't seem to do or, uh, or, you know, just totally messes up is him going back to the way he always was, um, you know, a guy down on his luck, just working a normal job, just being the average every man that spider-man is instead of this billionaire ceo that he was so I, I really enjoyed it and the art was fantastic it was a buy for me i laughed my ass off through the whole entire issue I really yeah there was some good it. i i uh <laughs> i thought bobby shocked him in the nuts they don't really confirm it at first you see his face i'm like oh i think she got him in the nuts but they'll just let it slide like that and then they actually address it uh on the next page i was like oh yeah they're they're they oh yeah, yeah. Like humor that was funny um <laughs> but yeah, uh, just the reason I rated it as a buy is not that or a borrow wasn't that it wasn't uh, enjoyable issue. It was it was an enjoyable issue, but like being somebody that's read Spider Man forever, I just wanted some yeah. information, and this was definitely written as a jumping on point, which I'm fine. You know, it, it doesn't make it a bad issue, but just you know, coming from it's like a jumping on point for Batman. If you've read Batman forever, you're like, eh, I don't want to deal with a jumping on point right now. I'll wait for the next. I'd issue, really, but, uh, I really recommend it to all the like Dan Slott naysayers who like hated all the billionaire stuff and always complained about him like not going back to status quo. Like this is definitely for those people. Like, yeah, yeah, def yeah. It's a perfect jumping on point for anybody you know curious about Spider-Man in any way. So, so as far as that goes, if you're new. 
it would be a buy if you're someone like me that's read it forever. That's why I, I do a borrow for it. Um, but yeah, we, we're going to talk. Still. Yeah, the art is the art is awesome, especially the cover. Uh, this is the first, the, and we'll talk more about it later in uh, Marvel Madness. That's going to be one of our news topics. Is the legacy uh, value stamps? I, I like because oh I boy. didn't get a, um, <laughs> I didn't get any legacy issues last week, like uh, paper copies of them. So I didn't see yeah. them last week. So this is the first week that I saw one, and I was so curious what about like? what the hell the purpose of them is. Uh, they're mildly big. They're like twice the size of a normal postage stamp, um, but you don't stick them anywhere. I don't know what you do with them. Apparently, like <laughs> part of the digital code works with another app, and they're like a sticker on the app, so it's just like a way to collect them, I guess. I don't, I don't fucking know. I've been trying to find information about it. Even on like Reddit, everyone seems a little confused. So, uh, and if you cut uh, it out I of guess. your book, like it's gonna look weird, right? Like you just ruined yeah. your your book. Yeah, and then I'm sure you know if, if you're like uh, somebody who you know. So I I used to do it a lot more till I ran into a few problems with eBay and and bitchy customers. But like people get all bent out of shape if you pull the digital code out there. Even if you sell the fucking yep. book for like 99 cents, like oh this isn't mint. I'm like dude, you bought yeah. it for a dollar. And it, it literally says in the description, digital code is claimed. Like, I don't know what you want from me. Uh, but, yeah, I think this is going to be another one of those things you'll have a hard time getting rid of your comics on eBay if, if you rip them out just to. Yeah. Because um, there's a ton of ads in this book. And then those stamps. And, like, they're all different size. Like, they're not full page sizes. They're, like, pull-out ads. And then the legacy value stamps, like, half the size of a page. And, like, it just is makes it perforated? the perforated? No, it's just like a piece of paper. No? It's like a little tab. <laughs> it's about a quarter of the way through the book. It goes about a quarter of the way up a page. It, it's about the size of a postcard, and then the, the stamp can be like perforated. Yeah, the, there is perforated edges for to rip the stamp out. Um, so, yeah. Oh, oh. Keep your books in mint Novelty. condition, I guess. I don't, I don't really know. Unless you're like collecting <laughs> stickers on your phone. That's about the only purpose I see in them right now. Yeah, that'll wrap up my little rant on value stamps. I don't know what the hell they are still. So if anybody has any information to help us out, let us know what they serve a larger purpose. Like, is there a sticker book coming out for them or something? Because it's also, like, it, I got a Wolverine value stamp and a Spider-Man issue. So you just get random person in a random issue. Like, I got Star-Lord and Gwenpool, and uh, I don't know who else. I got one more, and I forget who it is. But, um, yeah, whatever. I'm done talking about value stamps. We're going to wrap this up. Party is over. Uh, uh, I have to take care of my daughter who's interrupted us 11 times. I'll have to remember to edit that out, but, uh, you looking for us, you can find me at Beamer three, six, six, zero. Where can they find you at Trevor? Uh, you can find me at Ephronatic and you can find us both on Marvel madness comics podcast later on Monday evening is when it usually drops. So you're looking for a little more Marvel talk. We'll talk this book and three others. And that's where we're at. But until that time, adios, guys. Spider-Man, right. Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like guys. Look out, here comes a Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey, there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night. The scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he 
arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big hang-up. Wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find a Spider-Man. And we are back. I, we I don't are need your back. backup vocals on a piece of American classic music like that. What are you talking about? That was what am I only about? that was Mike and the Guess Who, and the, and guess, the guess Who, who? was me. Mm-hmm. That's who the Guess the Who was. I guess who? No, that was not me. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't hear anybody say boosh at any point in a whispering, sexy voice. Is that possibly Weird. that that I don't even know? I wish I knew out of nowhere knew the lead singer of the Guess Who, but I do not. Unfortunately, the I do not. They're Canadian. Knows. They're the Canadian, is, Eric. Why would it, I know? When they that? say that, when they call themselves Guess Who, that was more of a question. You know, that was more the like, that was the question. Who? Nobody could. Nobody. That could was. Guess the, who. Do you like if you go to a concert? Uh, I don't think that this is as much a thing now as it was, and I might even say that grunge ruined this. Uh, do you like the concerts where they start playing, say there's Eric Shea, uh, uh, a la Steven Tyler, and right. he's like, yeah, but but now, and like, boom, you have the beat going. You give me a beat. All right, now, are you all ready to rock? On drums, we got Hansi Franklin. Do you like that when they do that in the concert where the I, lead I singer do. introduces everyone and then they always have to do their little riff? And what I really like is anybody who's ever been introduced on the keyboards always has to do <laughs> You have to do that. And on guitar or keytar. Eric God, Shea. I I more guitar in my life. And then at the end, do you think it's a pretentious thing if the lead singer then announces himself by nickname? Would what you, would about you think if that? he said, and y'all know who I am? Wow. And you know all, you know who I am. Skip it up to bow. And then it starts up, and then fucking dude looks like a lady hits in, because that sounds uh-huh. like that's how that would start. I, yeah, I've only I been to a couple... Be- yeah, I've only been to a couple concerts where they actually did that, and it, it does make me laugh. Uh, it, it just makes me smile, Eric. You know what does also make me smile? Comic books. Oh, yeah? Comic books sometimes make me smile. Oh, sometimes. Okay. Yeah, rarely make me smile. If I keep going, it's just going to be comic books make me cry if I keep going. But this is the Wonder Flash of America section. Oh, the Wonder Flash of America. And I will tell you. This is one of the the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the unfortunately, the good is kind of okay. Yeah. <laughs> How about it's the the filler, the infuriating, and the completely unreadable? Is is that a good section for you? And it will be. That's the order that I see that this like as. Sounds like a terrible section. 
I think it sounds fantastic. It sounds so fantastic that we're going to start off right now with your book at the section. That's the best part of this, too. I have two of these books in this section, and it kind of is my – it's like a microcosm of my week this week uh, with these shitty books, Eric. My life has turned shitty, uh, and I used to enjoy having comics uh, to be a relief of that. And when I get books like some of these in this section, it makes me wonder why I would do this to myself, to you, why to do I others. Go on? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Here we go. You go first, Eric. What is your first book? Wonder Woman number 32, written by James Robinson with art by Sergio Davila, Scott Hanna, Mark Morales, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Seda Temafante. Children of the Gods continues in this issue, and after having a page-stealing fight with parademons, we finally get to what we've all been waiting for. Well, we get a letter about what we've been waiting for, where Hercules, like from Hercules to Diana about his knowledge of her long-lost brother. After that, though, we head to Greece, where Wonder Woman finally comes face-to-face with her twin. Yes. Yeah, I uh, really... At the end of the second issue, we get to this, and you get the idea that James Robinson was given the, you know, the task of bringing Jason, Diana's twin brother, into, you know, to us seeing it. Obviously, he's already in the universe, but to get it it, to the readers, and it really isn't much of a story to go along with it. There really isn't. And the thing is, last issue really was a slow start where we had this whole Hercules bit. Yeah, I thought that was just a build because it was a really cool kind of cold open to the rest of the arc. We're getting. They kind of try to treat it the same way here, but what the and, story yeah. we're getting here is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the problem is you add that cold oh, – that's fine for the beginning of an arc. Yeah. And it's fine. We even said uh, Diana. intrigue. Diana even said, and James Robinson through Diana said that was a – or actually Steve, I think. Uh, it's yeah, a palate yeah, cleanser. cleanser. That was a palate cleanser. She fought Gigana. That is a classic fun battle. This just opens up, and now you're fighting parademons and thinking, okay, whatever, this is going to be a page, a panel, what's going on. It just goes on and on. It goes on where we start, where we're going to start fighting parademons. We start fighting parademons, and then we go back in time to see how we begin, like, the process of getting to stuff, fighting parademons, and then go back to fighting parademons. And then go back to parademons. I don't know about you. A lot of people have been upset because of the. Batman, Catwoman, hey, I love you, Bat. I love you, Cat. If Steve Trevor keeps using this angel, I'm I'm, I'm like, now I want to see freaking Aerosmith in concert do a little angel for us, Eric, because it's getting annoying. It really is to me. It throws me out. It's just, it's throwing me off every time he says it. You also get in here the wink, wink, nod, nod of the truth being mentioned again, and I just, I'm not into this. This is something that... Well, even that, the whole idea of this Parademon fight seems weird to me, because, you know, where did this Parademon hive come yeah, from? Has it been here know. since the first invasion of Darkseid, you know, huh. six years ago? Actually, by Wonder Woman's time frame, it seems like it was like, you know, she's been here for like almost 10 years at this point from yeah. where Greg Rucka was giving us. But just, are we led to believe this hive has been here just hiding in the Paris catacombs yeah. this entire time? And with I don't this, know. yeah, and with this, uh, me and you, this is a story that we've been begging for oh, yeah. for years. I mean, this isn't just for two months. This is years now that we've been asking for this story. That was when Rebirth, or not Rebirth, uh, DCYOU started. Uh, we got a little of this. and With the free we, comic book day Yeah, the free comic day divergence. And when they said Jason, me and you, it stuck with us that we were oh, like, yeah. huh, because when we first said it, I remember it's funny because I got that you read it, and I went to play football with my kids, and I got this message from you, and 
in the middle of playing football. It's like, who would Jason be? That's one of those and, things, too. I think you went to free comic book day and you just drove yeah. past my house, called me and up, said, come outside, and yeah. I just grabbed the book from you and you went to go yep. play football. And I, I went to play comic. football. And I had already read it. I read yeah. it. I was so excited about all the things in it because that set up the super – it just set up all the, the – the Trinity books in the DCYOU started the uh, the truth that sort of deal the and truth, uh, super heavy and freaking dark side war and dark side war and it was pretty exciting so I did read it I, I said I messaged you hey I'm gonna drop it off I gave you your copy and then I went to play football and then you said to me like who's this Jason. And then we started talking, yeah. and we're like, "Can't be Jason Todd. It's that, that no. and that's where you go right away." They were mentioning all these Justice League like characters. I even believe yeah. they mentioned Scott, who I figured, out, okay, it must be Scott yep, Free, Mister Miracle. Mentioned Billy because I went back. Well, but yep. this just Jason in there. I'm like, this is not Red Hood. This Red Hood is a great character. I love that character. He yeah, is it's not, not be this. In and this. this was, you know, with the Amazonians and you had Grail and they were there was a prophecy and it was just like, oh, no, I see, you know, Clark, Bruce, Diana, Jason, Jason. And even then in that, if you go back and read that divergence, it's a pretty cool deal because Hercules is mentioned. I'm like, OK, it really plays in. But we've been waiting for the story for all this time before dark. Side and world. now this is not this is just it's not terrible. It's just nothing. It really is nothing. Almost like now I see James Robinson's on for five issues, whatever. And he's just there to fill some time to what's going on next. And it's like this story now seems very small to me after two issues because we're we're just treading water and not going because you start off like you said you have parademons they're fighting them in the the uh, paris catacombs and really from there you get a lot of you know yelling about angel wonder woman goes up ahead you, you see the odd fellows that's in, in the, out of it's okay i know people watch the movie they really like that so it it seems to me that that's a little bit overplayed like that's supposed to get you excited but with this it's not that exciting well, the thing because you have the odd fellows there you don't really see them do anything. No, that's what I'm saying. You don't really they're get much there. of that. And they're fighting. And, you know, Diana's going and says, hey, I admit it isn't easy fighting Darkseid's paradigm in such a combined space. But it's a road I've been down before. So, you know, nothing we can't handle. This sort of thing. And it's like, again, it's almost a palate cleanser again that we don't need now. We, we've already had this. Now we and do go all then. All this has to do with anything is when we go back to four hours earlier. Yes, we, we go find four out hours about, earlier you know, then. We're looking at Hercules' body over at the Argus Central Command. And the it's just like a famished, like the, the, you know, like the uh, yeah. autopsy. You know, they have been monitoring this freaking apocalyptic energy and shit like that, like yes. to try to figure the shit out. And like you know, they have found a pattern to all this apocalyptic energy. And we see that Hercules is not the only one who's dead. We have a fucking whole room. Full yeah, of there's dead a whole room, and it's tied yeah. to this apocalyptic energy. And now it's going off in Paris, which leads Diana to this fight with the Parademons, yeah. which really goes nowhere. It just happens to be, oh, and look, it's, apocalyptic yeah. energy. But it's also weird, too, because these these bodies have all been sucked dry. Uh, yeah. They say that basically they got intel of Hercules. They got there before he pretty much withered away, and they have that. So you can only uh, you know think that these are demigods. There's some you know connection yeah, yeah. that these, these are all they've gone. Of Zeus in my yeah, mind. and I mean there's tons. And and Diana does a really good way. And this issue in James Robinson has a really good way of spelling this out, so that you're not like, okay, I wonder if that's 
you know, this guy is that that guy. Uh, Diana spells that. Listen, he had so many kids he because he fucked right. He loved the ladies, and the issue being then, a lot of these people would just be Eric Shea, normal yeah. people who didn't even know that just they really were a son of Zeus. That, he would never know that his father yeah. was a god. Yeah, and then they'd be like, the, he, the guy might wear a ratty Superman hoodie, <laughs> but he didn't know that he was a son of a god. But yeah, I also have to mention that if you're in the DCU. Me and you, me and you have been in it, we, right? We, are we actually are in it. About? Eric, I'm, I'm sending out vibes to our cartoon guys. We know that we always talk about things. In t- you, you, you find a doctor and his name's Dr. Peril, Ron. Run away, Eric. That's not good. I'm telling you, this is just like you meet somebody called, like, you know, Mr. Heat. You know the guy's going to explode at some point into a flame on and kill you or whatever. You, all you can hope is is that when the shit goes wrong, they're actually on the right side of things. Because these people with these names, you know shit's going wrong. But yeah, My they name say, is Vlad. Vlad yeah. and Poller. Yeah, really. See, there you go. My name's Jim. Jim Buffet. There you go. Then Eric, see, I'm on the I'm on the guy. good side. Yeah, I'm the blob now, the TC <laughs> version of the blob. You have where he's then talking about. Listen, I got intel on Hercules. We got to go there, but this gave us a possible connection to you, Wonder Woman, and that's he's like Greece, ancient Greece. I'm like, okay, we good. we get it. And he says, and I will tell you that. I think that the art in this book is above average. The problem is because some of it is great. I think so. That parademon battle that at the beginning of the parademon battle, amazing, battle it is amazing. Pedal, fucking shit goes yeah, downhill quick. Yeah, this is this is the weirdest. This is the most inconsistent art that I have seen in a long time because that parademon battle. When I first started reading this, Ooh. I was like, "Holy shit, this looks and fucking awesome!" And even when we awesome. get back to it, it looks good yeah, for some but reason. But all of a sudden, Diana, real, like, I, all right, there's so nothing interesting going on here. I'm gonna get really lazy yeah, on my real, art yeah, right I'm now. Yeah, real lazy. I, she got hit with the ugly stick. Yeah, she's there. And then it's just it goes all over the place. At one point when they're sitting there and hopefully forewarning us of another attack like before where they're talking to Dr. Peril and he's uh, Diana says, I understand, Dr. Peril, but what does this have to do with it? You know, this. and she looks like a demon there. Then she it is crazy. At one point when he's opening that door towards going into the, the room with all yeah. the bodies, I don't even know who that is. Look at her. What are you it, that's uh, it's dot for eyes, dot for nose, and a, yeah. a line for smile. I don't, I don't know what that is. And a real scowl on that face. Turn that frown upside down, whoever you are dressed as Wonder Woman. Because, boy, of. she looks great through all that. Even, like, just the bodies and things like that. That room looks really, really cool. And then you go – look at the page after the bodies. I, what man dressed up as Wonder Woman there? <laughs> Holy moly. But yeah, and, and Steve Trevor's face is, like, smashed. But then you, you go, and then you go back to the parademons. It's fucking incredible again. I mean, it is actually, to me – And even the coloring gets yeah. pretty top-notch at this Chum- point. That it's cl- it's close to Jason Fawbuck in that once the parademons come back. That reminds me a lot of the Dark also, Side we War have Scott stuff. Scott Hanna on inks and Mark Morales, so they're yeah. switching back and forth, and it seems maybe like that's, those, maybe those it's are the, the ones anchor. who are really the ones who are in charge yeah. of whether this book looks good or bad at yeah, this point. Yeah, because, boy, it just jumps back and forth. But, yeah, you go back. You get you know, you know get Diana fighting the parademons again. You get Steve calling her angel. Uh but other than that, you have, you know, hey, look at you, Steve Trevor. Oh, you are as I can. 
candy. Hey, you say that again, you get a black eye. Oh, come on, guy, keep focus. I'm like, really? Let's let's get on with this. But yeah, so you have okay. Diana. There's, there's still no link between this hive down here no. and the death of Hercules no. and the others. Maybe you're right, Angel. Maybe the freaking answer lies with Blake Cooper. You know the warrior of Hercules, Blake Cooper. That's right. An executive yeah, it's like she forgot Blue. about Blake Cooper. It's the biggest thing that's happened. This guy comes in and says she's got this. You know, we, we figure out that, at this point, you thought that they've already stayed in the Haunted Mansion over the weekend. Uh, but, yeah, it's like really odd. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that other dangling plot thread, Blake Hooper. Let's go to see him. Like, we and, got Hercules' body. We never bothered to go to his fucking house and maybe see yeah. what was it like, you know, he well, willed the freaking Diana. It's weird, too. I almost get it that he realizes, James Robinson realizes this and throws in that little caveat when you're reading the letter from Hercules and he kind of says, I know you don't care about material things. I'm like, I don't know. She dresses pretty fancy and goes around. But yeah, I'm you go. To- you, freaking that house that Steve built for her, wherever the fuck that was. I want to say that was in Paris, too, but I don't know off the top of my head yeah, now. But- I- that was a pretty nice goddamn house. I like yeah, to think that Steve had, like went through all that trouble, like when uh they put that house together and everything for her, and like now that she has Hercules us, she no, just she stays there care. and Steve just sits there. She doesn't Mother care. Fucker. Steve sits there with a single tear going down his head. I like it because they go and Blake Cooper takes her to the house. And they're talking, and there's a you know, there's a funny deal. And even then the art I really like there. And she's like, I could have just flown us here. And he's like, No, 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 dignity above all else. He's drinking his tea and the freaking you know, mustache. the limo. Of course I'm not gonna be yeah, he's like, listen here, somewhere. I look like Dr. Bombay. I'm not <laughs> heading off to flying with my legs kicking a like a stork. Man. I'm fancy. But yeah, they start talking about this, uh, and they get to the house, and they go in, and he's like, you know, she. Uh, he says, what's the matter, Wonder Woman? She's there, and like, I don't know, you know, this is my brother. He had a normal life. It's just kind of weird now. You know, he was a legend, but he was also my brother, and they do try to push this, that the... You know, you're going to have to push this, really, because these children of of Zeus, you're going to have to have Diana and possibly, you know, Jason join in, and you're going to have to have some sort of connection, so they do, and even Hercules says in the letter, listen, you know, I don't really know you. I watch you from afar. I see how great you are. I but saw you, are you my become sister. the Wonder Woman as and, you and, are. And, and he says, you're my sister, though, and this does, I, I, I like it kind of that these children of Zeus, it does mean something to them so that she would care. I mean, it's Wonder Woman, so she should care anyway, but she'll care about these people who she has to save as well. But yeah, she goes in and she's talking to Blake, and at one point she looks like she's got a lazy eye from from, from hell there. <laughs> but she's going, and she's you know, talking about Zeus, and hey, he may, uh, hey, I heard he loved the ladies. Well, love might be a stretch, but he fathered a lot of children. Some of them don't even know. That's where we See, got that. I think they're that. talking about Zeus right there. Yeah, they are. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm talking about Zeus. That that's where she, they get the, we get the explanation that some of the kids may not even realize yeah, yeah. that they're, so they're just getting attacked out of nowhere without even realizing what's going to happen. I also think that that's a setup so that it'd be tough for Wonder Woman and maybe Jason if we think he goes with her. To just find these kids and get oh, yeah. them and protect them. It's all about the searching out to find the children of Zeus. Like, yeah. there's gonna be, they're gonna be all over the world. There's gonna be no way to tell who they are unless no, they tweak their right. apocalyptic yeah. energy and make it like yep. a, a Greek god energy. And they're gonna have to try to get there for you know that sort of thing. But that's when uh, Blake hands over the letter, and the letter is pretty nice. And the letter even says because Hercules himself, even Diana says, you know what? I don't really know. 
what Hercules this might have been because there's stories about him being a madman and things like that. And he he repeats that even. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. you've probably heard of all my past. Some of it I'm not so Pretty proud of. Pretty much the of. legend of Hercules. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not the, you know, proud of everything I did, but I kind of kept secret. I, I figured it. But then the, the big kicker is that when he was with Jason and the Argonauts at one point and then he was given a boy – you know, named after the Argonauts leader, Jason, and he was, uh, you know, tasked with raising him, and that is Diana's twin brother. So uh, this is basically, you know, for the most part, the most important thing that he is leaving to Diana is the, yeah, not now even the fact that she knows, but yeah, where he is, but also the kind of like, hey, listen, you may have heard about this, you may not have believed it or whatever, this is the, the knowledge, this is the truth. You have a, a twin brother, Jason, and, and it gets us back that, to where we left off in Dark Side. Yes. Marina, the mother of Grell, she yeah. told me this, so uh, like I didn't believe it. You know, I thought she might have been lying. I never Again, actually yeah. looked into it for and, some that's, reason. But that's now what the I best letter, thing is. It's so great, is because you really have to throw in something where, okay, she was told me and you know, right. well, this is all this thing, and really was a big part at the end of the Dark Side word as well that. Wonder Woman hasn't done shit since. She hasn't looked into it, so you have to get this little panel here of, huh, I thought she was lying, so that's why I really didn't look into it. But hey, now, and I, I got distracted, she says. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, your twin brother, huh? You got distracted. You're so distracted with your goddamn personal things with the with truth that you couldn't truth. do. She's like, my life's like a jigsaw. That's what freaking fucking Blake Cooper. But yeah, they're talking about it, and then they go and says, hey, if you want to find it, look to my one of my labors. My first, in fact, uh, slaying Nemean Lion. Look into it now, and she goes, there's coordinates on this line. And that's what there. she says. I just see a bunch of little dots. I, I think know, it freaking it's actually dots. has lice in Braille. that freaking lion pelt. And that's what it, it, it's funny, too, because you do see some of his trial stuff around the house. It's a pretty cool deal. Yeah. And uh, she gets the I coordinates. Don't, I don't want to know what he kept from the Stygian stables. Yeah, really. I don't want to know. The best thing, though, is that she gets the coordinates and heads off to them. And it's the Aegean coast, and she takes Blake Cooper. I don't know why he went. I really have no Steve idea. Steve was busy. She and, wanted and like, hey, can I take? That's the problem. I think Cooper? that I think you need somebody for her to talk to to kind of explain some things and go through this. Why is it Blake Cooper? Why would he, the guy barely agreed to go and fulfill his duty of going to Hercules? Point, fucking though, I'm reading thing. This whole thing. Why Blake Cooper was still around? Blake Cooper's going to turn out to be Jason. You watch? Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be. Oh, we wanted to. Freaking Diana is the Arnold Schwarzenegger twin, and Blake Cooper's going to be the goddamn Danny twin. I just thought it was Blake Cooper. Like Blake Cooper. Good luck catching him. He knows six languages. He knows all the customs. Blake Cooper. He's there with an umbrella, drinking tea. But yeah, they go to find out where Jason. Jason is. They go to a cafe. Uh, these people actually know him. They're like, oh, Jason, he's gone up for the day. He'll be back this evening. And, you know, it, it's kind of he's a, a weird fisherman. deal that everybody just speaks English here. They're going at it. But, yeah, he's a fisherman. He's out fishing. Uh, Blake kind of, huh. I, I would love to have Blake in the animated. I just want to hear his voice. But, you know, And he says, oh, I guess we're going to have to wait. And she's like, no, no, I, I don't wait. Yeah, I'm Wonder Woman. I don't have to wait. I fly. Remember, I was going to fucking fly around, but you're too goddamn fancy. And yeah, fancy man. she goes off and gets to this fisherman's boat, and there's Jason. And he, he looks good. He looks like Superman, which I actually would have thought he would. it's not even one would. of those things where you go in where you're thinking, like, oh, maybe this won't be Jason. Because yeah. as Diana's approaching the boat, she can feel the energy yeah. of, like, and her, he she, can, she can as sense well. her twin. He can yeah, sense he her as well. Yeah, he says, too. And 
I do not think Jason's long for this world, Eric. I don't know. They, I always guess, but I just – I don't know if they're going to want to have look, a twin look at the brother. Look on that kid, all right? He's yeah. not going anywhere. The thing I was going to say, though, Eric, before you interrupted me with those sexy abs, and now I cannot get my eyes off them, is I really like the idea of her having a twin brother. I you like know. the idea of her having somebody that she can go and talk to and have that connection with her. Uh, you know, Especially Batman has the Robins. She has yeah, and somebody. Batman, yeah. Batman has the Robins. You have John with Superman. I would like Wonder Woman to have somebody. I, I and like you said, she doesn't even have a goddamn mother. Steve Trevor and the Odd Fellows. Yeah, no. And I actually think that maybe this would be the start of the whole because she even says Themyscira is gone. It's in another plane of existence. Are we uh, gonna have the Wonder Twins, Jim? Yeah, I, I, yeah. That's what I want. I want these Wonder Twins, and I want, I want Jason to want to meet his mom. I want him to go off and try to figure out what's going on, and that would be the start you, you, of you Diana getting that. back to Themyscira. I would like that. I think he's going to die here. I think he's going to sacrifice himself. Men are allowed on Themyscira, and once you leave, you can't come back. Don't break I the know. rules now. Hey, we just established the rules I just told you. They're in, a, they're in another goddamn fucking plane of existence now. Those rules are gone. I'm not following any shitty rules now. They're going there. He's going to go. We're going to have a grand old party. He wants to meet his mama. I think but we yeah, have a better chance that than is the end. daddy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, who knows what he's doing? Uh, he is he still a baby? Is he like baby? I said he's like baby, baby dark Zeke. side. Yeah, we we don't know what to because Zeus hasn't been seen. I don't know what the fuck's going well, on. We because saw really, Zeus before the gods started showing up, with just looking like animals. He had been reborn and he was Zeus again. Yes, well, but that's the problem is we haven't seen and to Those me, were all lies, so apparently. Yeah, that's, I don't know. It's all lies. What did you give this, Eric? Because that's the end. You see Jason. He's got the – it's thing, funny it? too. Right before you say it, it's funny because as she's flying down, she sees the boat. There's three guys there on a ladder. And then the next thing you know, you see Jason. He looks like he's in a really big boat and he's got an anchor on him. It wasn't in that panel before, but that's fine. Uh, go on. What? What did? What Even do you though the art was pretty uneven for different sections of this book, I still liked it overall, and I really am I all about too. this story still. I, like the Parademon stuff was bullshit. Like it was just a filler kind of it was thing. Just but filler. If you if you need some action scenes in it, uh, I can see you getting behind it. It was kind of fun, even if you like, yeah. especially if you like the Odd Fellows and the whole idea of that. But I gave it a six point five out of ten because yeah, I, it, yeah. It, I was really on high going into this issue because I thought this was going to be the one that I really gravitated towards. Because like I, you said. We've been waiting for the Jason story, yeah. but I was just kind of let down by the end, but I'm still on board. This was just a down issue in my mind. Yeah, I, I made fun of the art a bunch of times, but when it was good, it was great. So yeah. I'll, I'll give that the benefit there. Uh yeah, it was filler. I do, I do like, I like the dialogue. I like the interactions. I like the Blake Cooper Diana stuff. I even really like the letter that Diana had. It actually just, yeah, but it actually, that actually gets me a little angry that we didn't get more substance because James Robinson, obviously, that guy can write. We, we've yeah. read a bunch of things with him and that rarely does he disappoint. There's just nothing going on here. It almost seems like all you're doing is, treading water until you get to that final issue where you can have a big battle and see what happens. And I don't want that. I thought we were going to have more. And I did want Jason right away. So I, I, what I got, I wished for. I got what I wished for. And maybe that was the thing I'm we didn't it's a need. monkey paw, Jim? It might be because now you have that. And now I'm like, okay, they got nothing really happened. But I still, I'm a little more positive than you. I'm going to go seven uh, just because I am in, into I the think story I still. I the last issue of seven. I was still on board. It just like, you know, I liked a lot yeah. of what we got, but it was this very slow pace yeah i, I think if i remember i went higher one, than you so, i just yeah. went low I, I just felt low by the end of it. like it didn't give me enough but i'm still really excited about beating yeah Jason. yeah i want to see what goes on but yeah 
we're going to move on to the next book, Eric. And this next book, uh, a change has to be a coming. I, I, I just, I'll, I'll get to it. You, uh, you want to hear it? You want to hear this? You, 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 should I step on the lead? Am I stepping on the lead? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Flash number 32, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Christian Doucet, Ivan Placencia, and Steve Wands. Joshua Williamson continues his Flash run. And even though I love Wally West and Warden Wolf's inclusion in this issue, and the arc, I guess, it still was pretty damn boring. The art is good, but Williamson continues to want to use the negative speed force without explaining it. And this whole Iron Heights bit went on a little too long. By the time we see Mina uh, that is back, by the time the cliffhanger hits, I was already pretty much checked out. And this book, to me, it was just boring. And It, it was it, we, we boring, said, and it's crazy because even in the beginning, though, I was all in because yeah, like, was. Kid Flash was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, I like Kid Flash. Me and you are big fans of Wally West Kid Flash. Some people aren't. We like him. I like him being here. He's back in the book that leads to some fun things, which it would lead what we thought. I said right away. The minute that Kid Flash came back, I told you, we're going to get Mina because that's the tie-in. That's the yeah. tie-in because he was really devastated when Mina died. Because he because, knew her for like a day. Yeah, and yeah, and she was the one who trained him for an afternoon. So yeah. that goes. Now, they're really pushing the idea that, uh, you know, hey, Barry, you trained me. Now I train you. But before it was, you know, Mina trained Mina me. Oh, my God, trainer. Mina this, Mina that. And one of the other things that's cool with Mina, she knows who Barry is. The student has become is. the master, Jim. Yeah, but yeah, the, uh, other than that, though, it's just a boring issue, and, and what even we this get, whole thing in the beginning where we have you know the Flash is going up against Black Spider and the freaking mm-hmm. you know uh, freaking yeah. Copperhead's freaking Copperhead's gang. guys, yeah. This goddamn negative speed force, not even the negative yeah. speed force, just the speed force in general, actually aggravates me in this book now because I don't know what Wally's talking about. Somehow he's talking yep. about using the momentum of the bullets and then fucking like yeah, somehow, he's saying that. Yeah, he thinks he's Quicksilver here I, doing I don't crazy know what stuff. The I don't know either. About and then we have the freaking negative speed force coming in where somehow. It's siph- like since the speed they're force using is what they did before. Like we yes. saw the speed force storm. If, if two speedsters are together, they can kind of like siphon off or like you know yes. change up the. There speed is a force problem though because it for the most part, killed people. Yes, for the most part, they really tried to spell out. Williamson tried to spell out at the beginning that the stronger speedster would suck forcibly suck the speed force from the other one and it can kill them. And then he yeah. ended up using that in a wonky way to get everybody minus their their speed force powers at the end of the speed force. Day. It really was wonky. It's just this really thing. It's like now when I run with Wally, our speed forces connect and offer some relief. Help me yeah. calm down the negative calm down the negative down. And I'm like I don't understand yeah. what this but negative because we why don't know what never the, happened when you went up yeah. against Thawne. But we don't know. Yeah, and we don't know what the negative speed force does. All he tells us is, yeah, ever since I got this negative speed force, I realized that it's gone by emotions. But you know what? I'm not really sure about that. But then he Good. says, oh, it's great because I'm running with Wally. And basically all this is is because Joshua Williamson, instead of explaining what the negative speed force was and then having Barry work out how he could change it, how he can do whatever, he, he, I guess Joshua Williamson just wants to move on and says to himself, well, you can't have a flash book without flash running. So I'll get Wally here, which will siphon some of this bad negative energy off. Now, what does it do to Wally? We don't know know. because it doesn't seem like anything happens. Then Wally's like, hey, good thing we were together. So you didn't blow out those windows. But boy, what little negative speed force you had left really got Black Spider and burned him up. And even that when Blacks, they're fighting Black Spider, Black Spider uses his freaking tentacle robot bits. He picks up a car. And Barry hits him with a blast, like yeah. an energy blast. That looks like a negative force. speed force. And I don't force. know what happens to Black Spider. Yeah. 
And that's when he says, during my fight with blood work, I saw that negative speed force is controlled by my emotions. Helping them steady has helped me contain it, but it's still chaotic. Did, did he freeze Black Spider? I don't know, because then you see Black Spider just looks kind of like there on the ground later, just knocked out. I think he just like zapped them with a negative energy, uh, because then the police are going to take effort. care of it. It looks like a bunch of ice and possibly diamonds are mixed yeah. in with the ice. Well, there's I the diamonds, know. and then that's where you have the diamonds fly up in the air. Wally goes, hey i can use the speed force and these bullets and and the diamonds before these trigger happy dummies use anything and then i'll hit them and it's just like really what's going on though when he gathers the diamonds and hands it to the jeweler the from those diamonds and the bullets before these trigger like you're stealing the momentum of moving objects yeah. now yeah i i don't know i don't know because really if we want to go back and complain Joshua Williamson really also just had Wally at the beginning of the Flash book, and re- he just kind of had powers to have powers, and, yeah. and was adding some, and never really. So who knows what the hell's going on? Like, yeah, why you, is jo- Joshua Williamson just coming in here and changing so much without explaining anything? It's but just it's, throwing that's shit the at problem the goddamn is, wall, and it's not fucking yeah, working. Because that's he's the not problem is it anything. doesn't stick. Nothing sticks. So you say to me, if somebody sits there and I see reviews, I always yell about the reviews. Uh, man, this negative speed force has changed Barry at an elemental level and then i i'd sit there and say what has it done it, yeah, i don't know it so you can't understand like, what the yeah. flash is anymore that's why yeah, if he them. runs he destroys things okay why, why is that good and really explain it to me tell me what really is going on explain the negative speed force the way it's reacting and that well it's his emotions I, I, you know you, you're just yapping you're yeah. not saying anything because you're we're not getting we're not getting anything but i do like it's almost like a silver age thing when wally runs around real quick and picks up all the all the diamonds and, and hands know, it to the banker that's fun saying, stop showing off kid flash yeah, that's fun so it started out fun I'm like hey some two fast friends coming through and i'm like and okay i like it too because kid flash is really into this whole thing like barry's been a moat for so long yeah. now i like seeing some enthusiasm out of kid flash because it actually picks me up in this goddamn yeah, book. it, it, it does with me book. too yeah it does with me as well and then you do get the whole deal where uh, Wally kind of takes him down, and that's where you know Barry's like, "Huh? Well, how'd you do that? What what happened there?" And Wally's like, "Hey, Robin taught me that move before he kicked me off the Teen Titans. Re- really, he taught you a Speed Force move?" And, and then Barry's like, "Hey, I don't know what you know. I, I don't want, want you learning. Yeah, I don't want you learning any. I'm telling you, the, the double kick was the least impressive thing of getting the momentum from the diamonds and the bullets. But he says, you know, hey, I don't know if I want you learning anything from those. That's when Wally gives." things and then they they start talking and that's where you do kind of get I actually even really like that line i'm not sure what you're learning anything from that kid yeah 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 but then they're it's funny to me too because then they're there you have barry who's all whited out zombied out negative speed force guy there uh but yeah they're like hey let's go and that's where uh Barry says, hey, don't get in the officer's way. You look, these guys are guns drawn, ready to kill people. And they're just like, yeah, let's go. How's that for training? You look behind. The one guy's a drawn gun at Black Spider. I'm like, get the fuck out of there. Uh, but then they go and you well, yeah, do well, get Black a little. Black Spider was just zapped with the negative speed force. Who knows what could happen? Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. But yeah, the, yeah, nobody knows. That's the problem. We have no idea. Uh, but then Barry's talking like, hey, you know what? 
thanks for the help, whatever. And this is where Wally starts throwing things out there that does, again, show that Barry has not been paying attention, has no idea what's going on. And when Wally's, hey, I was kicked out of the Teen Titans. I had this problem. You know, have you even talked about the other Wally? Like, he yeah, had some you know problems. Like, he's Wally? dead, Shit. Eric. I, I wish that he's like, you realize that the, your Wally, he's dead. He's not alive right now. What? Wally? <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea, but he's like, I know. And then it gets to almost like I thought Wally was going to say, like, hey, I, I don't really want to be hanging. Like, we're not friends. But the, he doesn't go that far, but it almost seems like it's getting to that point. It's almost to the point where let's keep this professional. Yes, we're in that's costume, what we're it tight. seems. We're out of costume. Don't fucking and it look threw, at me. it threw me off because of how much fun they seem to be having together, even though, you know, fighting deadly criminals. But it seemed like fun. But it's like, hey, I promise I was like, go to school. He's like, yeah, Barry, hey, I got to go to work as well. And then they say, see ya, and they, they go off. But that's where you go, where Barry. He's going to go to his first day at Iron Heights. Eric, and we get a little background of Iron Heights. It's okay. You know, it was a, a hospital that burned down a military hospital. There was a bad fire. It's it's basically to me, uh, Joshua Williamson, the guy is a horror writer through and through. He really is. This is a setup for a horror comic with this whole fire broke out. People were trapped. I mean, they might have been on an air, uh, Indian burial ground on a full moon on Friday the 13th, Eric. I, you might as well go full bore. But, yeah, it's it's just – it's okay. It, it's nice window dressing to it me. Is. It's a uh, fucking terrible goddamn prison island. Yeah, yeah. But that's all. Yeah, we know what Iron Heights is. Yeah. You know, but they're going by boat. You said to me when I was telling you about it, it's like you would hate to be in the middle of the winter when they have to I'm go across you, there. A goddamn boat to work well, it's fucking December you, I think that I would just know and half the goddamn place is frozen over I'm like yeah this is how I gotta get to work in especially the morning. since bullshit. Barry's the flash I, I think that I would just ask to live there I don't know and then he can kind yeah, of sneak I, off I'm not, and I'm flash not living out. in Iron Heights I don't know he's got a cell it looked nice you got three square meals there but he goes in and they're they're on time and this is tar pit there. this is yeah there is a funny little bit here there's but me and you both have Mick a problem but, there. I don't need that yes he, there's probably sharks in those one there's barry he's finally on time but warden wolf don't play that eric he doesn't play that you have to be if you're not early you're not on time i I know you don't really do this but like because when you read a comic you don't hear a voice in your head really you just read it as jim warner reading something did you hear anything like any kind of voice in your head for uh, you gonna say like it's morgan freeman or something i'm looking at who it would be arlie ermy in my mind okay i don't even know who that is (laughs) who is that he, he's the freaking uh, the, the drill instructor from freaking Full Metal Jacket. Okay, you know what? Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I can see that. Uh, who is the guy who played the father in There's Something About Mary? Do you know that guy? I haven't watched that movie in 20 years. Do you years. know I who I'm talking who the about? Was he's, he's a, a black guy that was the guy who came in, and they that's when uh, Ben Stiller was zipping up his junk into the zipper, and he started I yelling. Remember, I, I don't remember the father. He, I like his voice, too, but I, I'll have to look it up later. But, yeah, he starts talking, and he's like – and I've, I've heard this. There's actually some NFL coaches that were notorious that if you didn't – I think that uh, – What's his name? Tom Coughlin may have been one for the Giants that if you didn't show up 10 minutes early, you were late and you would almost get cut if you weren't a star. I can understand this way of thinking. Not on your first day where nobody. No, you you don't know the rules. When when Wooden Wolf gives you a strike one because you you didn't do something that you didn't know about, I'm like, fuck you, Warden. I like it too. He's like, listen, you know what? You're you're not uh, early, so you're late. That's strike one. And Barry's like, "Uh, wait a second. Boop, 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 boop. 
yeah, I want to talk to the union director. I have a <laughs> grievance. Yeah, I was on time here. And it'd be funny. They'd be like, you're never on time, Alan. Uh, no, no, this time I really was. I clocked in. You can check my clock. Yeah, yeah, I was on time. He's yelling I got one strike. What the? Yeah, yeah, they told you to go to hell, Lord Warden Wolf. And it's just to me, it's like you, you're getting the hard-ass deal, but you're also getting the, you know, things are my way. And it's so stressed. That fucking, it's not even an illusion of what's going to happen or a foreshadowing. It's pretty much given to you on a plate that shit's going to go wrong. Fucking Iron Heights is going to be in a lockdown and, and Warden Wolf is going to be so bad and let everybody kill each other because he's got, he's got oh, a yeah. goddamn Warden hit Wolf's squad. He's got riot police there that may or may not be androids, Eric. I'm not sure that fucking guys the are. Line? Yeah, the pipeline. They're like nine feet tall, every one of these. Uh, but yeah, they're talking, and all of a sudden a fight breaks out, and, and this should be fun. This is, you know, if there's anything more fun than a birthday party, Eric, it's a prison riot. Prison fight, yeah. Prison fight. I mean, what I've seen tons of movies with prison fights. That's part of the big part of the movie. And this is freaking August Hart versus, which is Godspeed from earlier in here, against Heat Wave. That should yeah. be, that. that's a kick-ass thing. And, and I'm I, telling you, if I'm in this goddamn prison, I happen to be there for, like, I don't know, jaywalking, whatever Eric Shea does to get into mm-hmm. fucking Iron Heights. And Mick Rory, just shirtless, yeah. fucking picks a fight with me. I am not fighting a burn it's victim funny because too. I'm going to have to touch him. You have Mick there, and if, if August turns around, he's got double down with yeah. cards ripping off him behind him. Uh, it's not good, but you also have you have all the rogues there. And I did before even Kristen said later. I'm like, well, especially Captain Cold. I'm like, it's probably hot in there. Everybody else is bare shirts, and it didn't make any sense up until the explanation later yeah. on about yeah. why all of these guys still doesn't make sense. It still doesn't make sense no, to me. So, no, the thing is, it especially doesn't make sense for what we had of Warden Wolf in yeah. earlier arc, yep. like issue issues ago. I don't even remember how many. It's a lot yep. though. Where we were like, you know, introduced to Warden Wolf in this rebirth, and he's like, if I ever get the rogues in here again, I'm never going to let them be around each other again. They're going to be in yeah. solitary confinement. Separate. They're, they're not, not allowed costumes. Nothing. Yeah, all he does, you're not allowed to call him the rogues, but you're allowed to have Captain Cold dressed as Captain Cold and be addressed as Captain Cold. That that should be the deal Trickster, where... Trickster, Golden Glider, yeah, they're, Trickster, all, they're, they're all there. Trickster, they're all there. Tarpit, Eric, he's still dressed as Tarpit. Like, how do you freaking put a goddamn so power good. dampener on Tar Pit? It'd be he's just so, a burning fucking mess so there. How do you keep him in line? Do you like Tar Pit? I love him. I love the he's look of him. He's a flaming goddamn clay face. Of course him. I like him. Yeah, I like him. He's so cool. But yeah, they're like, and that's where Barry sees August. And that's that's all he sees. I mean, you see every rogue that has ever fought him in here in full costume cheering this on. Where does blood work? And the best is, too, <laughs> what yeah, blood works in the back. He has got a bloody nose. You have there. Why is he surprised to see August? He was involved with bringing him down, yeah. and he has mentioned in this book many a time that he is in Iron Heights. He's gone and seen him, and this is nonsense that he has no idea, like almost like, August. oh, my God. Yeah, August? And then they're going, and, and the, the warden kind of spells it out. Like, hey, listen, th- this whole thing, August – People are, uh, you know, they don't really like him. He was a former police officer. And he he dealt with the, the flash. flash as Godspeed. So, yeah, they're not going to do him any favors. And then Kristen's like, hey, aren't you going to stop the fight? And he's like, no, 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 they don't, they'll work it out. These people are pieces of shit. They can beat the shit out of each other. Then you go, and then things finally press the button. Pipeline's gone in, and you get the an pipeline, explanation. pipeline, giant fucking mecha yeah. goddamn guards. Yeah, with stun rods. Giants. And, 
Yeah, giants. Giants with stun guns. They are stun rods. They come in. Everybody's like, run. Everybody gets attacked. And they just talk about, oh, that was a, a part of the prison that, you know, was really harsh and brutal. They would. It's funny, too. It's like it burnt down. It, or it actually got destroyed in the riot. So they, they the riot happened. This one wing had very harsh and brutal uh, conditions. He wanted to rebuild it, and they would not allow it. Why would that be? Why can't you rebuild something that's destroyed? That doesn't mean you have to make it. It doesn't mean you have to make it this harsh condition anymore. That would be what you rebuilt. Warden Wolf, Gregory Wolf, he submitted his plans. There was fucking torture devices there. That's what I think it is. I'm telling you, that's what I think it is. He's like, what's that? Oh, that's the special room. It's called the waterboarding room. It's it's fun. It it sounds bad. It's more like a vacation for these guys. They get to get wet. It's kind of like a shower, a a little bath. It's a water park. They're like, no, no, we've heard of waterboarding, you know, Wolf. Oh, really? Okay. This is what I call the uh, electrified balls room. They're like, okay, we've had enough. We're not doing this. We're we're shutting it down. Okay, well, can I actually get shock troops? Endo from freaking lethal weapon freaking electrocuting rigs. Yeah, that's all it is. And and then he has another one. He's like, this is what I call the the chair without a bottom where I swing a a weight and it hits them in the junk. Can I do that? No. And he's like, okay. Uh, And and he's like, wait a second. Back back to the drawing board. I have a better plan. I'm still going to call it the pipeline, but instead of part of the building, I'm actually going to make them these shock troopers that are seven feet tall and they have stun rods. Yeah, that's good. That sounds good. All right. Thank God. I and he's like, listen, I only like the, war- the pipeline. I'm only in it for the name. I'm yeah, trademarking it. I've got is. shirts. Okay, we'll call them the freaking Iron Troopers. Yeah, that sounds great, Gerzo. I'm calling them <laughs> motherfuckers the pipeline. I'm, I don't care what they say. I'm calling them the pipeline. But yeah, and then they're talking, and in a weird deal, you have. Uh, Captain Cole walking talks to Golden Glider's sister and says, hey, sis, use your connections to dig up where Alan, why Alan's here and why he knows Hart. And then I want Golden Glider to stop and go, uh, wait, wait a minute. We we all know they, the connection. They both work for the CCPD, yeah, dummy. This is, and he obviously you're trying to get the idea. He's trying to push this idea of the, of the Flash to Godspeed connection. We already know that Barry works at the CCPD and so did August. There's no find out a connection. We know it. We just heard it three pages before where Wolf said that everybody hates him because of that connection. Yeah. But yeah, that's where like, isn't that a fight scene? Kristen's like, she's all, you know, she wants to go by the book. And that's where you're getting the whole like how Wolf is out of control and stuff like that. Because she's like, isn't this a crime scene? Aren't we supposed to go and no, take care of this? She's it's like, over now. Case no, closed. it's it's done. And then he, she's like, but the rogues, why are they dressed in the costumes? And that's when he stops her and says, don't call him that. I don't care what fancy labels they had, these criminals have, that word is banned. I've allowed them to continue to wear their costumes as a constant reminder of who they really are. are. Yeah. Not only can they never escape Iron Heights, they can't escape their past, but that's, she's right. And not even she's right saying, you know, isn't there therapy or something, but you have Captain Cold going around as Captain Cold in his outfit and shit like that. He's bound to get pissed. He's bound to do something. The the runoffs are kind of doing it in freaking Bloodhaven right now. Yeah, but yeah, that's where Barry says, no, no, I agree. These people are pieces of shit. They, there's no redemption for these guys. They've like, killed. They've done this. Imagine Warden Wolf heard about this great rec center in Bloodhaven where these freaking yeah. like ex criminals dress up still to go to therapy. That's what I'm gonna do. With, that's yeah. Wolf's idea now. Yeah, that's Wolf. That's branded. Wolf branded. And that's, that's where 
he's almost like you don't know if Barry's saying this to kind of get on Wolf's good side because he never really shows that that card. Honestly, I think it's a negative speed force. Yeah, because he's like, yeah, these people are a fucking piece of crap. They August, he killed speedsters and all this. I do like also where Chris and I know are like, huh. What about the Flash? Could he break in? It's like out of nowhere. And that's where Wolf's like, huh, I'd like to see him try because he belongs here with the rest of these criminals, all the shit he's done. And you see Barry in the back with like, ooh, he's all upset. And it's weird just too, nonsense. The whole issue for this whole bit is this like setting up a tome just through the exposition and it yeah. just gets kind of It tedious. just gets boring. It just goes on and on. And that's where they are given their, their office and it is a cell. And I Which don't know about you. Which goes back to a call back in the beginning. Getting when Barry yeah. said on the like, bro, at like, least we're not, hey, at in, least a we're cell. not in a cell. Huh? I, I'm. I want to be in a cell. If if I'm in a prison like that, I want well, that door locked. Says. Look, it just it's not a bad deal. We, yeah. we refurbished everything here, and if there's a riot, you got you can get locked in. You'll be safe. Yeah, you get locked in. But yeah, then we go off, and, and it, it just continues with exposition where we go off to the outskirts of Central City. Copperhead's in town, Eric, with a few days to thrill. She's there. She wants to kind of figure out what's going on in, in uh, Central City. She is the head of her crime family. She has these people that she keeps capturing, but she wants to know who's this big bad. Nobody will give up this name of this other big crime deal. Yeah, the one that shrapnel and and all this. And the guy's not going to – he's not giving up the goods, and she kicks him into a pit of snakes. And he obviously – it looks like he died. At one point, she even says, though, I used to go around, and I'd get the most lethal poison in the world. And I'd inject it into people, and then I'd wait. And it would take a long time. I was thinking, why would it take a long time? Why would it take so goddamn long? Yeah, why would it be a long thing? fucking person. It's the lethalist guy. Yeah, the the lethalest toxin. She's like, I inject it to him, but it takes a while, so I'd leave. But I'm going to like this one, but nobody will give up the name. I'd and, go and get a, a coffee. I'd come back to be dead. I'd be pissed. Yeah, and it's like black hole is what they're talking about and all this stuff because then Barry goes out. He's walking. Kristen says goodnight. Barry goes off. He tries to call See, Wally. I, I'm telling you, it makes sense to be black hole. Never got the idea for some yeah. reason, even though we have Mina at the end of this. Yeah, it, and Black Hole has kind of been around. Black Hole is so secondary in my mind. It I means know. nothing Everything to me in this is, book. Everything is, though. Everything in this, this this book has villain. You have the rogues, which are the best. I'm waiting for Reverse Flash to come where's out. Where's Gorilla Grodd? Get Gorilla Grodd in this joint. Get him out. And I didn't see him in freaking, you know, Iron Heights. Get him out here and jump around and cause some trouble. Because, <laughs> yeah, they're trying to find this. Barry goes off. Uh, a fucking speedster comes. Zoom, zoom. By Wally's trying to get a hold of Wally. He thinks it's Wally. Thinks Wally's pulling a prank. You know, that old come and trip Barry prank. And it ends up being Mina. So this is where we already knew Mina was alive. If you hadn't been reading at the beginning, Mina was a lady who Barry was torn apart because this was a lover of his after knowing her for a week. And And then Wally was upset because, as we said earlier, Mina trained Wally for a day. And so everybody was torn apart. Fall in love with immediately. Yes, and she was a speedster that right away. It was also funny. She was affected by the speedstorm. So in fact, as you see in her costume, she is a speedster. Uh, Another one though. though, Everybody believes that August killed her for. Yeah, she was supposed to have been dead. And uh, the best was when she became. We kind of got a little, you know, a little prelude to what we'd get with this negative speed force because Mina showed up. Never trained, but was the number one speedster and just had anything. power. Yeah, she could do anything out of nowhere. What was her name? So. Fast Track? I think it was Fast Track. Yeah, she was on a Fast Track. But yeah, she's like, hey. And he's like, Mina, miss me, Barry. And I get the idea. Obviously, she's bad. And, you know, as far as we know, you she, she is bad. You couldn't tell from the we black saw. suit. 
No, yeah. But I, I have the idea we might get a little bit of a Jason Todd-esque thing where she's like, you didn't care about me. You didn't even look into when I disappeared. I, I would guess that's going to happen, but we'll I don't see. think it's going to happen at all. I don't know. What, what would you give this? I'd give it a 5.5 out of 10 because while I really liked the art in this issue, I thought everything looked pretty goddamn solid. Yeah, yeah. It was a boring story that is just setting up a tone for something that, like, just it's going to lead to more mopey fucking Barry. And, yeah, like, the best part so. of the, the issue, even with the lousy dialogue of Kid Flash, was Kid Flash. He was barely in the book. Yeah, I, I wish that it was just all him and Kid Flash running around and doing things, uh, solving crimes and, and writing rhymes. I, I don't know. It, it would have been a lot better. It was boring. I really did like the art. You, you said that. You know what? Be- I'm going to go up to a six because I yeah. really did like the art in this issue. And I the, actually, the freaking I'm only a- it's been rough, but I really like the art. So I'm going to go up to a six for this. Well, I, I was stalling. By asking you, usually our books, we give the score first. I forgot what I gave it. I actually thought I was right when I thought, but I wanted to make sure because I give it a 6.5. And where I I could go as low as a 6, but I did really, really like the art. And I like the stuff with Kid Flash. And I do like Barry and Iron Heights. It's just it everything just, was, like the whole just was boring. Stuff, I was so torn, though, because while I was having fun with Flash and Kid Flash – Nothing made sense. I still don't know the negative speed force. Fucking Kid Flash is using momentum to make himself faster. Possibly, I don't know. Uh, He's just saying shit. So I'm the lowest. I'm looking at the scores. I don't even know what happened to Black Spider. So that whole opening scene, where was my favorite part? Couldn't tell you what the fuck happened. Yeah, you couldn't tell. I, I was looking at I'm the back roundup. To a five, five. I was looking at the roundup <laughs> to see what score I was. Let's keep going. Keep going. Uh, yeah, I was. I'm the lowest. I'm the lowest five, by four, far. Eight out of ten. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I gave it a six I'm five, a but I'm one point. Lower than the next lowest. I, I don't think that I was being overly negative either. Uh, but yeah, you, if you want to see a little inkling of my week, look at my flash review. I actually looked at it tonight. I forgot to put uh, pictures and my blurb is one sentence. I, I had to finish it. <laughs> I was done. I put Joshua Williamson sticks uh, starts a new arc, and while some of this series' old problems stick around, I want to see what happens from this point on. It's so generic. Ah, uh, yes, Eric. Put a stamp on that mail, that bitch in. But we're going to go off to the last book of the section. Did you do a Flash <sighs> preview this week? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, so I you had the pictures. Preview. You just didn't put them in your review. Yeah, I forgot because I, I <laughs> ended up that was hanging for the longest time. Still haven't done Supergirl as we record this. I got to do that, Eric. Got to get to it. Uh, no, no, I've read it. You don't, Actually, yeah. the thing is, it's not a bad issue with no, Supergirl. Okay. I'm going to tell you, there's hey, not a lot to it. That's not I for the section, my friend. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, it is kind of because we are going to the other Steve Orlando book. I- I'm hoping what you're telling me is Supergirl's better than this one. Is is that what you're telling me? Is, is that what you're it's going? It's not great, but it's not this. So okay, it's a plus. Well, well, this is Justice League of America number 16. <laughs> Can I say words by Steve Orlando? Because I-, I don't know that he's really writing anymore. I-, I-, I think it's not that it's bad per se. It, what it is is it's not it's good. It's out of nowhere is what it fucking is. <laughs> it's not good. And Steve Orlando does not appear. I think that maybe he's in his own dream world, like the Matrix, and he does not realize that he's writing a comic book because the, anything with a comic because book, Because he has no pacing, idea how to pace a comic that's book? That's what I mean, the pacing. And I've said this from the beginning, and this just keeps going. He does not know how to write a one-issue comic book story and pace it properly to fit that format. 
He just doesn't know how to do it. I think that if he wrote an issue and you had somebody with, you know, maybe even a Dan Abnett, I would say, would be a great guy to come in and say, okay, this is what you have to do. Push this part here, that part there. Get rid of that part. Don't use that extraneous thing. And then you have a comic. What he gives us is just it's odd. It just does not come out like a comic to me. Or when you get done, you never have the sense of like, Whew, that was a roller coaster ride of emotions, and I can't wait to ha- what happens next. You end up almost well, like you're in the middle of something, and like, I don't know what the fuck just and happened. I, I, the thing is, the whole telling of the story, too, because we have a Justice League book, and the last one was kind of narrated by Ray Palmer. This yes. one seems to be narrated just by Aaron All. Aaron But Alt. the whole thing is, we two issues ago, we had ended on a cliffhanger where freaking, you know, Ray Palmer's yelling, You have killed us. Why did you yeah. bring Aaron All yes. here? So. Next issue, we're expecting to find out what Aaron Alt did to become this bad person that Ray Palmer says is going to do us all. And we never got that resolution of what he, you know, we just had their time in the the microverse together. And it seemed okay, which is weird. And we ended that issue. Now we jump into this issue where it's Aaron Alt's backstory for when he was a child. I'm like, what is Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I still have my blurb. I will get to this. But yeah, when you get to this, you get this backstory. And because of how even issue to issue pacing, it never hits. Well, it never hits home. Issue. And it should. And no, I, I don't need to see him as a kid. I, if you what I set need him to up see. As a villain, you need some kind of. Setup, also, at least this would have made more sense. Just, last issue. Just go with this as well, because we've seen a couple times the message from Ray, which kind of spells out. So we we have been left dangling. Yeah, it does change every time. Justice League of America number 16, written by Steve Orlando, art by Felipe Watanabe, Roy Jose, Marcelo Maialo, and Clayton Cowles. The panic in the microverse continues with another awfully paced issue that I wish I skipped. We find out more about art, but at this point, my interest is equal to the null set, Eric. Oh, the null set. You get it? Get it? Steve Orlando is by far the worst writer at DC, and knowing that DC signed him exclusive gives me no faith that the higher-ups know what the fuck they're doing. How about that? You take that, Eric. You take that. I just don't that. think they're paying attention, honestly. I don't either. I think that they were just at one point, I do think that it was like a golden age for writers. DC thought, listen, we're losing guys. You know, we lost Jeff Lemire. We lost Charles Soule. We lost these guys. That's not happening again. Grant the minute Morrison some guy, some heavy metal shit. If, I don't yeah, even know. Yeah, yeah. If you can tell me that a guy had written three issues in a row, fucking sign that bitch. Get him on. I don't even care if he's good. I, I imagine, uh, you know, Mr. DC is up there. Hey, hey, you know, hey Mr. DC, this Steve, you want to read some of his, I don't need to read him. Sign the bitch. You know, just go with that. I, nobody's doing anything. I'm telling you, it's nonsense. Nonsense, Eric. I, I didn't even point out one thing I did want to point out earlier just to show you how it seems like everybody's asleep at the wheel. Uh, in Wonder Woman, they did have a call-up. They had an editor's note that when Diana was talking about Baby Darkseid, the oh, editor's yeah, note was, uh, see Dark Knight's uh, metal number three and spelt knights wrong spelled it with the k that's not the name of the book that is an editor making an editor's note and fucked it up that right Thank there you, shows you that that is nonsense eh? uh, you want to talk like, you want to skip this book <laughs> <Skip>. kind of <laughs> It's terrible. I'm telling you, this whole it's note, not, like, I don't know. Is it fun? Terrible? Book, it's all about the backstory of Aaron Alt when he was so a kid. He bad. was fascinated with the whole, like, you know, the idea of zero because his parents were wanting him to be a mathematician. They were or, like, mathematicians. You know, figure out the, the ways of the universe by using numbers and shit like that. And he didn't care about all that shit. He thought that zero was the perfect goddamn number. And he's like, yeah. I studied him. Like, 
What are you studying fucking I, yeah, zero? And, and this is the other thing that he does, too. It's like Steve Orlando just throws shit at you. So he says, my parents raised me to study numbers and figures as they did. First off, just say I was a mathematician. That's sure. all you have to say. But he says this about, hey, uh, like they did. Like this is supposed to be very important to us that, oh, my God, Aaron Alt's parents were mathematicians as well. I understand more now. And then basically he loved the simplicity of the null set. He loved zero. He loved the idea of nothingness. Nothing. The problem nihilist. is he doesn't really ever deal with nothing. He deals with a restart, which is not nothing. So that goes off. But it really seems like the poor guy, he, he really liked those weird-looking pets that he had. So <laughs> he really, had a bunch it's, of fucking monster dogs yeah, he loved. Yeah, he had these monster dogs, you know, fucking Manchichi here. And he's like, that. that isn't the null set. Like really, Much. now you're going with, and it's like he's there, and they die, and they. I'm like, okay, these koala oh, the bear looking storms, fucking my things. Freaking koala monster dogs died. Yeah, and they died, and you but know what? This That's when I realized that you have to look to the zero and start anew. I'm like, that doesn't bring back koala manchichis. They're dead. And then, in fact, then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna show I mean business. I'm gonna get their blood and make the null set. Rip. I'm like, really? This is what we're getting? This is what you're wasting time? The whole thing, all we want to know is that Ray said, why did you bring Ott here? You've doomed us. If there's anybody who stepped on the lead, Jesus Christ, Steve Orlando has stepped on the lead. By the time Ott reveals himself, I forgot what they, you know, I didn't forget. But I'm like, I don't know. At one point, I thought these Manchichis were fucking each other. They're fucking going on, uh, going to town, the ones. Uh, but yeah, then all of a sudden, the quantum storms hit. And then he's like, okay, suddenly my simple existence was impossible. Okay, and they die, and he's upset. Then you go to the ignition point, so now we're going to go where you get where Ott and Ray actually found the ignition point, which this is where this goddamn issue, this should have been the middle of last issue, leading to the cliffhanger of Ott being the bad guy. Yeah. You know, having out of him. Nowhere, if he shows himself this. I am the null. Yeah. Okay, you, there's your cliffhanger. Yes, that's what you on. need. Cliffhanger. Ray is in prison, uh, and and Ought has turned into null. There is the cliffhanger that should have been last issue. What, what it, is it doesn't this happen. No, because we have you know scientist know. Aaron Ault who likes to wear a goddamn poncho and shit like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's an armored up oh, dude. I'm telling you, all, like, where where did he have this outfit? That's one of my biggest things, and I like it too because they're talking, and they get there. They get the ignition point. Uh, Ray's there, and, and also Ray seems to know a little too much about the microverse. He's like set up all these things, and they're going to go, but he notices right away. He's like, okay, I set up the 4D seismographs. They're aligned. Let's get some readings and see if we can stop. Wait, wait. Your seismograph, I knew its design was different. I assumed it was aesthetic. No, the design, it won't stop the ignition point's destruction. Why would a It'll speed it up. It? It's a seismograph. It's made to get the rate readings. This doesn't make sense. But, and the funny Ray, thing is. Why would you think that this would stop it? Even if you you saw it look different, you thought yeah. it was just an aesthetic choice. Yeah, you why thought it was. Now all of a sudden. Now all of a sudden he, now he thinks. Yeah. Freak, I, I'm actually surprised because it speeds it up because. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know what that meant. What is it? A big like to me, a thing that he's talking about would like be a giant hammer that just pounds on the ground, right? It'd be like in uh, Man of Steel. 
things like that. It wasn't that Man I, of Steel when shit was going down. thing where it's like in Tremors where they have a thing that's buried in the fucking ground a little bit and it just has one of those no. needles that fucking does the, no. the, uh, the lines on the paper. This is a seismograph. Well, this is a, I'm saying if it was something that would speed it up, I'm, I'm assuming it has to destroy something. This is just a seismograph. There would be a paper that's getting readings. And yeah. he says, and it's so funny because I wish there's sometimes in cartoons and in comics, one of my favorite things is when a guy doesn't move and yells it and I wanted it here because that's what Ray and you see Ott behind him and he, he looks sinister there. and there's Ray it won't stop the ignition points destruction it'll speed it up and I really want Ott to yell sleeper hold because that's what he gets him <laughs> in he gets him in a goddamn sleeper hold and then Nelson. and then they're fighting but really why why did why would Ott this is his plan the whole time first off he could have sliced Ray's throat right when they got there doesn't need him how he says he got there that's why he needed Ray but I don't know you, why you, he didn't slice his why did he put him in a goddamn force field prison oh sleeper hold Eric and then he's like wait whatever this is you don't need to I do I do I always have and then he puts him in the prison and that's where we did see him in the rebirth in the beginning of, of the Adam book before JLA you know that rebirth deal and he's there and he's like oh my god what what is this and that's where all of a sudden ought now it is no he, he's in full garb and he's saying like Ray is gone you crossed half a universe with me Aaron to attack me uh, you know why the project the microverse falls apart everything above it goes it's desolation you know everything's gonna go to hell why are you doing this we can save the world and he doesn't want to and he's like my name's Null and I think that this right away like you said that should be a cliffhanger and I really think that Steve Orlando thinks that everybody who reads this is gonna gasp yeah, but we hardly know. Like we did see the Null Army, we hardly knew ye. Oh, I'm telling Eric, you, we, saw we the don't Null care. Army who came out of nowhere, which we didn't understand, except for the yeah. name, the Null hey, Army. If you and go back to the sudden, podcast, Aaron all is the yeah. prophesied. Well, remember, like, remember though. When we were talking about, it, if people remember, when you go back at that one point, he shoved past the Null Army. The one you guy grabbed him. He goes, yeah. "You know who I am," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, he's the leader." <laughs> that, but it's not. This isn't a gas moment. Even this moment. whole thing where he's like, you know, presenting himself as the null, and he's talking about for mercy and like, you know, what how they're. Yeah. Your solutions don't fully comprehend our culture. Our culture. We're at heart realists. We don't believe in baseless yeah. hope. You mm-hmm. know, like that goddamn planet that <laughs> Moscow God. wishes. This is what I, I yelled. I, I actually probably woke people up because it was getting late. I'm reading Hasn't this. And he's like, in a thousand he's years, like, our people, people are going to go yeah. there. Everybody in the microverse has become pilgrims to go talk to a thousand-year dormant wish-giving God to try to get their kids who they mopped up and put in a wineskin. And this is what he gets? I don't think Steve Orlando remembers issue to issue. He thinks everybody's like, oh, we're realists. No, no. You, everybody in the microverse are now fucking – Aaron. Yeah, no. They have no idea. And he's like, listen – I don't want to stop this damage because it cannot be stopped. And then you're going back and forth. No, no, no. We can stop it. No, we can't. We no, can. Mm. And that's where he looks back at the mancha cheese and he's like, yes, you know, everything's reduced to nothing. We get the whole thing. You like that, don't you? I do so <laughs> and then, much. And then you I have this. He's going to try to say what that thing is. Mancha cheese. This it is. It's the mancha cheese. And then he's there and you get the whole thing. Listen, reality is a broken pane of glass. Now it's not a pane of glass with a bullet through it. Now it's a broken glass. I don't know what's going on. But he's like, listen, there doesn't need to be suffering. No, you you are helping the suffering, yeah. Noel. You, you're doing storms, this. Storms. And he's like, it can be quick. We can get raw potential. Basically, he's like, let's destroy everything, and then we can rebuild. But he, I, the way he talks, it's like everybody's going to be wiped out. I don't know what he thinks I think he is going to rebuild. wiped out, and maybe you know, life will find a way again yeah, and restart but it, from nothing. It seems like, I don't know. 
it just seems weird but he's like and that's where ray's like you can't you can't believe that you know not after all we've seen the clamarians maz got the clamarians uh, maz god prion we can stop the damage and counsel those affected and he's like oh how childish the broken cannot i like this how childish what is broken cannot be unbroken it is the breakers Oh, yeah. It's the broken can't be unbroken. It's the breakers. And he's like, not the builders that have it. I kind of stopped. But yeah, he's like, the breakers are the ones that do the deal. Nonsense. Well, then that's when I really get Enjoy upset. Enjoy your cell. I have work to do. Why keep him alive? Yeah. Why? And he goes off and that you did see Ray playing around with his belt uh, before. So he gets this camera that this is where he's going to get the message to Ryan. The nano now, camera. He wants Ryan to come down right in the microwave. nano yeah. journal. Yeah, the nano journal. Everybody has a nano journal in this book but me. I want a nano journal. But he, he has this camera. He's sending the message that we saw. This is a little better in line with what we have seen in the rebirth. So I'll give him that. But he says, listen, when you get there, hours later. So you can only imagine he's been talking for a little bit. He was playing with this. And hours later, he starts with the, oh, there's one last thing. God. How can I forget? Yeah, how could you? Because it's the most important thing. I, I want to, I really, we were talking about and laughing at work, what he possibly could have said before. Like he's telling him like recipes and like, hey, you know what? You know, if you see Jean, tell her that I want the dog back. Because what else is he talking about well, that he forgets? Even this whole thing where it, it tries to, you know, it is more in line with what we had in the Rebirth special number one. It doesn't yeah. make any sense because right now Aaron All is at the ignition point, all right? Mm-hmm. He's like, you're going to meet somebody when you get to the first world, yeah. and they're going to seek you out. Don't trust them, or yeah, something like that's, that. And yeah, there you're right. Because no reason at for this Aaron point, yeah. to be at the first world, yep. and there's for them no to reason do anything, even though because he doesn't even tell who it is. But no, there is no reason for Aaron All to be there for him to leave this message. Here's the thing: the message should have been, Ryan, I'm in trouble. I'm in the microverse. Don't ask questions. Yeah, the microverse is a thing. It's crazy. There's Please the help. bio belt. Hit it. Go into the microverse. It's it's. Tethered to my belt, if you meet a guy named Aaron Alt, you f- kill him. Get, don't bring him to me, but you have to find – doesn't even say in this like, I'm in this place called the ignition point. I'm in here. I'm there. Give some – this is a very smart fellow, Ray Palmer, and he is beating so. around the bush. Why isn't he you, – you have four points really, if, if not three, that you really four have to stress. Really, right. if I'm going to say I get in and I say number one. Find Prion. She'll know what's going on. When you find Prion, tell her that aught was bad. He's actually null. And I am at the ignition point. You need to get here quick or we're going to fucking lose everything. There you go. That's all you need to say. He's like, huh, I'm doing this. And one last thing. Oh, how could I forget? I just got trapped by the guy. I mean, he, he trapped me. He's really the bad guy. He's not that bad. He has his issues. His animals got killed when he was a kid. You know, he likes the null set. He's a mathematician, but his name is Zip. It's It's cut. I'm telling you, the guy, he's, he's got diarrhea of the mouth, and it, and it fucks everyone. the worst part is, I don't know why the nano camera shuts off there, because it's not like Aaron Alt does anything. He just, no. like, you know, he just Ray says realizes it. he's there, and yeah, he, he stops, says, and then please, sends the recording off. Like, there's no reason for him to stop, yeah. stop recording at this point. I don't know what he does. Yeah, he ran out of thing. It's like an old fucking answer machine. He's got to call back now. It's just, it's so infuriating. How this ties in and what we know and what we need. And then Ray to have the fucking nerve, the gall to say to Ryan, huh, you've doomed us all. No, you got no. them blabbermouth doomed us all. I, I, I'm expecting he gave Ryan the, the fucking great recipe to goddamn fucking, you know, uh, 
banana nut muffins. I don't banana know what muffins. he did. That's what you went with. Yeah, I was trying to think of it. Banana, banana nut muffins. He's like, you know what? I've been thinking about this for a while, Ryan. You know, I know that you're you're not an athletic type, and the asthma kind of affects you. But like, you know, you got that face. You know, it's not the worst face, but you could probably use some plastic yeah. surgery. Yeah, you listen. Know what? Let me tell you about all the plastic surgeons I've ever met in my <laughs> life, real fast. He's still, and, and by the way, you know what? I top five movies that include dogs. Here and you I go. I don't know why this number came to me, one. But- there's Canine. no reason it should ever come to me, but guess what? If you should ever come across Killer Frost for whatever reason, don't have a relationship yeah, with her. Don't have a relationship with her. She's a little cold. You know what I'm saying? Who? yeah, that's the sort of thing that got me a divorce. It's just that he doesn't say anything. Killer Frost in my ex-wife, Gene. Gene. Oh, that Gene. She's cold as hell. Yeah, he says everything but the most important thing. I'm, and I'll go back since they were kind of joking around, but go back to the point where he does spell out. The first world you're on, you're going to run in. How does he know this? What does he tell exactly. the goddamn future? Why is there a freaking world, a first world you have to go to when you enter the microverse? It and doesn't make not, any sense to it's me. Not, not really where he, and it wasn't the first person they met. They met Prion first. Like all these things are not, you know, not what jiving. the first deal was. It doesn't jive. And it's so funny. He's like, they're going to seek you out. Whatever you do, whatever you say, do not look at his birthmark. He is very, very uh, cautious or conscious of that. He gets very mad. Uh, you just get nothing, and for him to be mad, and like, then you out of nowhere, too, if you got the full thing out there, and Ryan is following instructions to a T, he goes and meets Prion. They beat the shit out of her and just move on. Next person they, they meet, got her. Aaron Alt, and I go with Aaron Alt all the way there. Look, yeah. I followed your goddamn instructions yeah. to a T, motherfucker. It's, How did it's I your do instructions? Myself? Like there he is, and that's what he says. That uh, it's funny too. He's like a nano camera. Then it appears. That he is in the cell with him, possibly, but he's not. Then I don't know what happens because then you have launching. The, na- the nano camera shoots off and goes up to yeah. freaking you know transmit the Ryan. It's just that. But what happens then? Because it looks like it breaks a hole in the thing, and there's an ex. I don't know what's going on because then you have. No, where now you said he should have killed him, but he put him in a prison. Then he busts through the prison just to strangle him, and, and then, then they have a fight. The room. Yeah, then they have a fight. And the, my favorite, my favorite thing of this whole issue is that as they're fighting, they're going at it, and you have them. You know, you continue. Listen, you could have told me, Ryan Ray's like, listen, you could have told me, you know. And he says, "This makes me laugh." Listen, no, if you really believe this, you didn't need to lie. You could have presented your findings. I would have listened and refuted them. I could have convinced you. Basically, what does that mean? Like, you listen, couldn't convince a goddamn and, living planet to I'm grant saying. you a wish. And even so, he hasn't convinced them. There's, there's nothing convincing. No, and, uh, he wants you, to do you, the bad thing. This I'm isn't a goddamn you, this dialogue meeting. dialogue doesn't make any sense for where we're at. No. What happens next? What happens with the stave? Please tell me what happened. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, I can't get by the fact that Ray wants to go in a he, – he thinks this is a uh, educational for, forum that he's going to – listen, okay. What? Oh, you're the bad guy? Wait a minute. Let's sit down. I got a table here. Draw out your plans. Let's see what you want to do. Kill everyone. Huh. I don't think you should do that. Yes, I should. Oh, well, we tried. I, I mean, right. what, what, is, what does he think is going to happen? He's already been presented with And you don't so even stupid. know. And then the, the state. He's contrary just to be contrary. He's a big yeah. dick like that. Yeah, he is. He's one of those guys. Like, everybody else would love Mr. Miracle number two. That motherfucker would give it a five. Right. Why, why, who would do that? 
Yeah, the stave. <laughs> the stave well, goes. They're fighting. They have a whole, yeah. like, you know, Arnold has a staff, and they both yeah. are grabbing onto it. And all of a sudden, it starts glowing. And it starts boom, glowing. Boom, booming energy, I guess. And all of a sudden, Ray just has it in his hand. Aaron backs off. My my stave. Yeah. No. So, and we never talk about it again. Uh, I we'll talk about it. Happened. It disappears. I think it, I think it floated away. He's looking up at it as if it did, floated did he, away. Did he make it freaking shrink? Is that what we're trying to believe know. now? Is that the vroom, vroom, vroom I, sound? I don't know. I, I don't know. And he's like, ah, you know, you have your short-sighted bastard. They're still fighting. Uh, and that's where Ray's like, listen, I'm kind of a smart cookie here. I sent my the bio belt, kind of how we saw Prion. She kind of yeah. disappeared. But when she did, I didn't know what was going on. But now I know. And I set a failsafe just because I knew that you were on the you, – you weren't on the up and up. I don't know just why you'd have case. this. And this doesn't seem to be one of those, like, failsafes of the – well, you'll go to the bar where we met, like Priam. This ends up putting him in space, and he hits it. And that's it. the thing is, too, he's in it space now. Like I'm telling yeah. you, I don't understand physics of the microverse, but I know there's worlds and there's space between these worlds. Somehow, Aaron Alt's in space, just yeah. living. Yeah, he's just there. He actually he's just floating in space. Don't tell me living. that he's got a, a space helmet on because that was smashed by Ray. Yeah. He smashed that helmet open. And even when he's in there, the helmet's completely gone. Yeah. He's just yeah. Now the yeah, you're right. The helmet's actually he's no longer null either. He's no. Aaron Ald again because if he's null, that would not go well because he ends up on Moscow later, and that's when he runs into the team. But yeah, you go through all this to see that he ends up on Moscow, which now we know that's where he meets him. Then you get uh, you have. Him talking, the damage would spread the suffering, and this is Ott saying like, oh, now I've got to get back to the ignition point. i got to do it. It seems like he's already working that, but then it looks like Ray possibly destroys the, the 4D seismograph, but it never really is spelled out. I nope. don't even know. It looks like he's got a shovel. And he hits something because even when he walks away, there's there looks like Thor's hammer's there, and there's a hammer. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. It looks like a tire. And then he's like, hey, one problem solved, but I, I got to get out of here. And then he says, uh, finally, whatever you are, it's just you and me. Oh, 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 what, what, what is he talking about there? Can you, I, I'm telling you, maybe the I'm a dummy. point? I don't know. I don't know. He's like, finally, whatever you are, maybe he means the destruction. Maybe. But he's like, it's just you and me. And then, you know, you'll not only be saving my life, Ryan, you'll be saving the entire universe. So we go back to that message. There's Ryan with the belt. Oh, no. And then we have at this moment where we have the whole team. Now, again, we have the Justice League of America book where we had nobody involved from our book. Uh, and they're like, hey, yeah, oh, it's there. But again, now he's dressed as Null again out he's of nowhere. Again. And before we had all this stuff getting sucked into a black hole. And now they're just standing. I don't understand yep. the progression of where we slept then, last yeah. issue to this where we have now. Yes, oh. I am Aaron Alt, but you should have called me Null. And this is the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. the end of the world. And again, not a great cliffhanger. <laughs> oh. You're like, what? what's going on? Yeah, this book sucks. You've already revealed yourself to be no. This you yeah. fucking took all the goddamn shit away from this yeah, goddamn it's, cliffhanger. It's, yeah, you didn't do yeah. anything. You're done. The, the pacing's terrible. It, it just and the story, the dialogue, everything surrounding it is nonsense. It's terrible. That's why I gave it a three point five, Eric. I gave it a three point five, and I may have been point uh, five more than I should have. Uh, the art's okay. Art's it's okay, okay when it makes sense it's for the progression great. of the panels. Yeah, it, it's not great. I think uh, Ray actually you... looks really good in this whole issue, though. Like what when he's smashing that freaking seismograph, if that's what's happening. I think I don't know what's happening exactly because they don't yeah. spell it out. He looks cool as hell, though. Yeah, he does. 
But what would you give it? And then I'm going to talk about some reviews. Four point five out of okay. ten. Well, Hussein, who listens, he's on Comics the Gathering site. Uh, he gave it a four. I give it a three five. He pretty much says the same as me. And I know if he's listening, which I, I, he does listen, he's probably just like shaking his head, like God damn it, why, why do me and Jim have to read and review this book? But it is a it's Your a labor of love now. Uh, but Eric, I just want to point out somebody gave it a ten. Somebody thinks that this is the perfect comic. How? How is this happening? There is that people we need to, if you're listening and you review comics for whatever site, I don't care if it's weird scryants that you've completely ripped us off. I, I, I don't mind. I don't care about that. We need some standards Ain't here, those people. Those weird scryants guys. We, yeah. I, those weird scryants guys are not bad, Eric. I'm telling People, we, we, we need some form of standards here. There has to, we need, I'm going to get together with everybody who reviews comics. We're going to have a standards meeting. And we're going to talk about the idea of Eric Shade does not, practices. Eric Shade does not give a 10 because to him, that's the perfect comic. And then you can't go anywhere from there. I don't go by that. I yeah, do I'm go by the insane. fact that's that if deal. you, but I'm just saying, if you give this comic a 10, you're done. Where do you go? And this is okay, something Dalton exactly. from is, Dalton done. before ten ten, was ten, arguing. Smell you later, bitches. Yeah, I, I sat there and talked to Dalton about this and on one of the mails that he had on the podcast. And it was kind of like, how can you give a, you know, Bane Conquest a 6.5 and give a Batman a 6, even though the Batman – but it, it, that goes within a book and whatever – that's not a reason to give this piece of shit a 10. I don't know what you're doing. I'm not going to say the guy or the site, but I, I don't know I what you if I, what, I don't know what you're doing here thinking that this is the epitome of a perfect comic. Uh, if you give this a 10, I'm going to look at your scores now. You better have 100 reviews and average a 10 because I've written uh, written I've read 10 issues this week that are leaps and bounds better than this one so i i don't know what you're doing and these people you gotta stop stop the fucking madness is what i say and he's i see the guys he's, he's reviewed every almost every issue of jla uh in rebirth and how how he can give this a goddamn 10 i'll never know eric but that's it that's my little soapbox uh we're gonna stop and go off to some mail it is the best podcast of week. All right, Eric, jumping up, in man? again. What are you trying to do, my friend? You're messing up the, the great tones, the stylings of one. Dancing Mike there. We always like to hear those, but Why we do you are get on. To play? Why can't I play? This I bullshit. whisper, and what I would say is that I 
add to it, Eric. Oh. You subtract. You almost got it to the null set, I would like to say, Eric no, Shea. Why but would you, know you want to say that? <laughs> I don't know, but this is mail section number three, and we have Jeremy, and Jeremy says, Hello, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop, boop. It's Hello, Wednesday Jeremy. currently, which is new comic book day for most of the GFC, but simply catch your breath and remind yourself you're still human day for me. I do have a largest Weird. order on the way, though, and an even larger pile of comics to catch up on. Happy days. You might be interested to know that I'm halfway through episode 136 of the podcast. Right. I'm determined to catch up by time of episode 150 rolls around, and I'm enjoying the headlong rush through nonsense, laughter, comic reviews, and the occasional bit of anger. I know what he's talking about, that anger. Okay, I'm not going to lie. There were parts of episode 135 that were a bit uncomfortable to listen to. That's why I love the podcast. You guys don't, as you say. I have no idea what happened in 135. Fake the funk. It's funny. He's like, hey, I'm listening to 135. And he mentioned something that was like something that he thought was funny. And I mentioned it to you. I got to cough a minute, Eric. Tell me what your favorite thing about episode 135 (laughs) I told you already, Jim. I don't remember anything about 135. I'm back, Eric. Yes. Yeah, he he had something, and it was something I mentioned to you. And he was like, oh, yeah, and we were laughing about it. And then all of a sudden, he reminded me of what 135 was. That was when I read a certain mail from a certain fella. We haven't heard much from since, Eric. Uh, Yes, he still talks to me occasionally. uh, But, yeah, that was when I read Brett's email. and then I, I. Uh, yeah, and then it's funny, too, because then Jeremy's like, boy, I, I can tell why Eric wasn't involved. And I had to tell him, uh, we didn't. I didn't read it ahead of time. I didn't have three weeks to read it ahead of time. Eric, I just showed you the length of it, and you bailed. You're like, I'm not I, I doing said, it. Get, you you and get you, mail robot on this shit right now. And you said to me that also because we had done that at one point, but you said I, you didn't want me to read it. And I didn't read it ahead of time, but I said, no, that, that's kind of the rule. We read everything. So I said, if you're not going to do it, I'll do it. And then when I got through it, I was I was angry. Uh, yeah. But I'm not as angry anymore. Eric, you I've played learned, me the highlights of that. <laughs> I've learned to love uh, what I did. I, Brett thought that he was I was teaching him, but that he was teaching me. Teaching oh. me to love, Eric. Uh, that day I found what I knew I had in me, heart. The last recent comic and? I read was Deathstroke 23, which was a bit disjointed at times, although the individual components were very enjoyable. Slade's stabbing managed to be both funny and disturbing, and Jericho's scenes with his mother were very intense and interesting. Apart from maybe Warren Ellis Priest is writing the most sophisticated real characters in comics at the moment. And and yeah. Jeremy, that is why I worry about him doing the Justice League. I don't really <laughs> want the real characters. I know some people are excited. I just want to have some fun. Jericho's conversations with his mother about Etienne, about his sexuality, and how about how her hated hatred of Slade is corrupting every other aspect of his life were beautifully written. I agree. It really is an excellent comic. What I want to see a bit more of is just what Slade's endgame is. While I do think his conversion is genuine, the specifics of his plan for the Stroke Squad remain vague beyond subjecting them to a training regimen that seems deliberately designed to piss everyone off 
off and apparently motivate at least one member to stab him in the stomach. <laughs> Perhaps the team members will fulfill their role in some kind of road basis next month. Power Girl, maybe? I understand that Slade wants to build the group's reputation and raise its profile, but what's the end goal? Admittedly, I may be displaying my ignorance here. I did only jump on a couple of issues ago, after all. No. I'm going to have to get the rest of the series in trade. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll really enjoy it. But Right now, it's still up in the air. We're pretty much exactly yeah. what you said. We're just going issue to issue, training the, like, the Defiant Strokes squad. We don't know what the end game is yet, though. Yeah. I mean, it could be as simple as him getting young heroes and trying to be a father figure to them, you know, especially that he wasn't to his kids and two of them are on there. But, you know, it could be something else. I really do think that he is on the up and up and then he's going to try to go, you know, nationwide and the rest of the heroes will, like we said in that Superman book that uh, James Bonney just finished up, that two-issue arc, that they look at him as a killer no matter what. You, you yeah. can't redeem yourself when you've killed that many people. So I think that that's what's going to be the end of so, that. But, like Raptor told us in Nightwing, it's all about branding, and his branding is not very good right no, now. No, it's not. It's good if you want to keep killing. Knowing yeah. that Priest will be taking on the Justice League book is great news and a just reward for the sterling work he's done on this book. I only hope he can manage to stay on books both simultaneously this one is so intriguing I really don't want to see it handed over to someone else at the moment I I Deathstroke seems to be one of those books like right now like you had with Charles Soule when he took over Swamp Thing and when he left they just ended it I, I, really I have do a hope feeling that this is a contained freaking you know priest run and once yeah. he decides to leave or if they, it takes him off it. the book it is just done yeah now it, it is selling well enough to keep going but wasn't selling well enough to keep going twice a month so we'll see how the sales going like i always go with jeff lemire on animal man when he left freaking animal man is done yeah yeah i go charles soul repairman jack's email had me nodding vigorously but safely in agreement on the way to work this morning dc needs to change things up broaden the focus yes absolutely from listening to your reviews over the last couple of podcasts it seems that quite a few books are getting locked in repetitive narrative cycles or in the case of patriotic superman remember this is you know episode 135 and 36 and stuff like that yeah journeying down unsatisfying cul-de-sac a more expansive vision seems to be required this certainly seems to be the case with suicide's Squad, a book that appears to be bound by non-comic considerations for far longer than it should be. You know why I like I like when Jeremy writes in because it makes me sound smarter because I read it. <laughs> I don't read it, but again, I've heard your discussions and I'm reading the first volume of the original Ostrander McDonald run at the moment. I can't recommend it enough. I've read a couple of the Ostrander McDonald run, just kind of grabbing things and, and yeah. reading it. And I have not read anything bad. I, I really do like it. it. I actually go with that. It's a weird thing. The one day I sat and read a couple issues from that run and then went the opposite and read some of the uh, Christopher Priest Black Panther. And they really kind of flowed together with me. I, I liked it. But most of the stories so far have been single-issue stories. And the creative team has settled on the core of the team that would probably be familiar to current readers. That's probably why the ones I, I liked – because they kind of were in and out. But um, keep things fresh by cycling guest characters in and out. It was Kronos in issue four, and the Penguin makes an appearance in issue five. Him and the, the Suicide Squad sounds hilarious. Oddly enough, Mindboggler dies during the team's first mission. 
What Poor is Mon it with Bagma. these Firestorm villains? But the death means something because it's largely the fault of Boomerang, who deliberately lets her get killed by enemy troops. That actually oh, happened boomerang. to that Ostrander one-shot. Uh, where we had that weird guy who just showed up. I wish I could remember who it was. And he was trying to get out and jump into the uh, the Jeep that they were in. And Deadshot, Deadshot Boomerang kind of like gives him the boot, kicks him out, and then calls to Amanda Waller. It's like, yeah, he's going MIA. And they blow yeah, the bomb they as they're going. Up. Oh, so good. It sounds like this is the kind of characterization. And that was the Ostrander one when he came back for that one shot. It sounds like this is the kind of characterization the current version needs. On episode 136, you speculate that Rob Williams might not have much leeway in who he can have on the team. If that's the case, whichever suit made that decision needs a strong talking to. They're probably the same exec who thinks it's a good idea to introduce coupons for free digital comics at around the same time that Marvel had figured out that they weren't the big that big a selling point and started phasing them out. And it's probably the same exec who doesn't want an app. Idiot! I want an app! Jim wants an app! Everybody I bloody talk to wants an app! Love that Marvel Unlimited app, Eric. That's one of my podcasts that I have in the works. If you were going to have a Marvel Unlimited podcast, what would you call it? Nuff said. I'm calling it The Sun Shines Bright on a Tuesday. Bang! Oh, people will – they're going to go to that like freaking stampedes. Back to the squad. The chief principle behind the book is really simple. Everyone, or at the very least, the majority of the team is disposable. End. End of it. Take some minor characters and have fun with them. Harley probably shouldn't be on the team in the first place. But if you're going to have someone like her, then you should probably lose Katana and or Deadshot. Both of them seem too big to die. Katana needs to be in an outsider's book, really. A rebranded JLA book featuring Katana, Vix, and Killer Frost and a couple of other second stringers would be awesome. And Orlando safe in a locked facility at least 3,000 miles away from an internet-ready keyboard. <laughs> I agree. I say that later. DC needs a bit more diversity of current characters in its books, but most of all, it needs its team books to be good. Which brings us back to Deathstroke. Oddly enough, the best team book in Rebirth currently? I'm thinking so in the sense that we do regularly get to see the Defiance team members on a page at the same time, and gosh, working together effectively as a team. Well, until Terra screws everything up, I suppose a Rose maybe, or Jericho. Well, that's me done for now. One thing before I go, Jim, I like a good fart as much as the next man. <laughs> oh, but my goodness, this episode is ripe with all the sorts of sonic shenanigans. Please, never again. Oh, that's when I went back to the fart sounds. Oh, that's always solid gold, right, Eric? You still there? No. You still there? How about this one? What would you call this one? What would you call that one? I'd call that old man trying to be funny. I, I don't. Did you know that that was me doing yes. that by my own voice? That was yes, me. Yes, I know it was Eric. you, that man. Was not, that was not a soundboard. That was actually me. Do it. Am I blowing your mind? Is that you? Do you realize this? How about this? What would you call this one? <laughs> That's called mudslide. Please, never again, he said. Some of those fart effects sounded suspiciously meaty. I hope no underwear was soiled in making them. Take care, and thanks again for everything you guys do. Eric, I'm not sure what exactly you have against the new gods and magic in the DC universe, but in other respects, I think you'd make an awesome continuity guru for DC. Somebody make it happen. All the best, Jeremy. And then here's a PS. A top five, top five rebirth titles I need to see. Number one, something totally unexpected and awesome. The Terrifics might just turn out to be that, to be fair. That's what 
I number really two, hope for? JSA. Number three. No, you're not going to like this. Firestorm. Number what? four. You hate him. Number four, Legion what? of Superheroes. In the 30th century, none of this lost in time bullocks. And number five, a genuinely century. scary Swamp Thing book. There you go. There, I, I would, I would like. That. I'd be down and for all of those books. That'd be a Reggie I'd book, right? Just, I'd actually take a Swamp Thing, and actually, no, I take the Legions off the table and put a uh, Shazam book in there. I want, I want Animal Man back. I, I do like Animal Man. You mentioned that earlier, so I would like that. But that is the end of emails or mail. What am I saying? Mail section number three, and we're gonna go back to some books. So close, no matter how far. Interviews come straight from the heart. Forever trust in Warner's words. Cause Jim's reviews matter. Jim never opens himself this way. To his wife or his family. Let's not forget Eric Shea Cause his reviews matter Trust I seek and I find in him Twelve hours a week we get jammed Open mind for a fuck you Jim's reviews matter. How drunk is Eric Shea? Segregation Reggie. Segregation Reggie. Pants have fallen. Ah, yes, and we are yeah. back, and we're here with Solid. Solid is your new That's right. name. That's my That's new, your my new name, Solid. That's my, uh, Solid. Solid. Yeah, Solid's here, and we're going to be talking about a couple books in this section, a couple books in the next section, but we are starting with a Green Lantern book, so we do have to start with this, Reggie. Okay. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No war threats. Evil mites. Aware of my power, greens like. <laughs> then what? Wolferts? I, I have the no idea. Did I'm he say? Not. Did he say no evil escape my knife? I, I, I think he said he just he says, about a knife. At evil escape my sights. I, I oh, don't okay. know. He says so. And we we've had a problem where his department is a little slow, so he's actually kind of been transferred to another apartment now and again, or department. And uh, I want him to do. Uh, I want to keep getting different lanterns uh, oaths. And it's it's a chore. You can't get it. He is yeah. so he's heading next week. He's excited because he's going to the terror behind the walls in the prison. Like Eastern State Penitentiary. In Eastern State oh, Penitentiary. Right, 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 right. Every time he tells us about it, as he it's as if it's the first time. And his attitude towards it changes each time. So one day he comes in and it's like, Listen, I ain't getting no afraid. 
He tells us. <laughs> and we're right. like, what? And we're like, what are you talking about? You know, the, it, you're supposed to be scared. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. I ain't no scared of that. And he, he, in his mind, number one, thinks it's still a functioning prison with prisoners and guards. So he tells me, he's like, those police guards, they're gonna, they're not going to scare you. They're there for the prisoners. I'm like, it's not a prison anymore there, buddy. Boy, but then he'll cool. do that. Then the next day he'll come and he'll say, I'm going to be jumping out of my skin, is what he said. And I, I said to Eric, like, yeah, somebody t- said that to him, and then yeah, recently, yeah, yeah, I well, think what re- happened was he went he went to tell you he wasn't afraid, and then you said, "Well, you're supposed to be afraid," and that put the seed in his well, mind. It must have put the seed because now he be says, afraid. "I've been yelling at him that he's afraid of everything. He's going to be afraid of this." Yeah, now he thinks he's going to shit his pants. He told me, and he told his brother-in-law that they cannot eat beforehand because he doesn't want to shit his pants. So, especially and, and it's so cute too because he doesn't say shit his pants. Like, I don't poop. want to poop my pants. I don't want to poop my pants. Yeah, easy. You have that whiz, you know what I mean? You get that wit right. whiz. Yeah, you yeah wit that. whiz. That's, right. that's just a lubricant right there. Yeah. That your, is a uh, lubricant. Sphincter. That is. That's just have for you ever, sexy Have you guys talk. ever been over to uh, Eastern State? I no, have not. actually, I've I have driven not. past it on intentions of going one year, and I saw that the freaking line was going on for blocks, so I just kept driving and went to a bar. That's fair I, enough. There you go. I, I, There's typical Eric The one thing that really struck me about Eastern State is it's like literally right across the street from residences and what yeah. have been residences yeah. since you know the 19th century you know so for for a really long time so I mean, but we're not even talking about like 30 feet we're, they're yeah. right there it's, yep. it's ridiculous how close this prison is to the center of everything but is it possible that people uh, long-running fans of the podcast would have heard a dan stransky <laughs> from the <laughs> eastern penitentiary uh, as i recall no as i recall what that was is i had gone to Eastern State Penitentiary. That was and, the Eastern State Penitentiary, though. Right? Dead straight. I forgot all about that. But, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. that, that's a that's, that's a right. deep that cut. Was, that, that was an early an early uh, whatever the hell Reggie's recklessness. Hello, weird science. Yes, very, I remember that nice. actually. That fr- that was in Echo. I remember. Yeah, that's all what, I had. Let's go. I remember that, it was like over what, over. what's going on? Is that you, Dan? Is that you? Hello, weird science. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> that that made me laugh. It was brilliant. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. Uh, but yes, because we heard Green Lanterns. I I don't even remember how he ends that oath. Green Lanterns uh, knife. Now Green, Green Lanterns knife. Uh, what book are we talking about, Reggie? Al Jordan and Green Lantern Corps, number 30, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Patrick Zercher and Jason Wright. Ever since I was a young man, I've worn the emerald ring. Hello, weird From science. Korrigar to Oa, I've let my willpower sing. But Clarky fought Sinestro, and though Thal did fall, he's now infused with parallax. He sure ain't that scary at all. <laughs> his teeth have got all pointy, and his face, it looks all flat. In fact, it's sort of funny. Did I really look like that? He's surely very powerful can't stop laughing at the gall superman with the fear entity sure ain't that scary at all yes right here on weird science uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> we had some dan stratsky some beatboxing Boom. we had it all there uh yeah this this issue kind of continues the pacing of this book again where yeah. not much happens it, it really well, there's one, not a lot one really great thing i like to see what is and that patch searcher back yeah um, that that is true i did like comics that. work i like to see that i thought it looked very good and great throughout and that was nice 
I, I, I love just, Fatty Z. I miss him over on that Action Comics books. I really thought he would be a mainstay. They've kind of pushed yeah. him out of there. I don't know if he's going to be on like Hal Jordan regularly for now on, but I really I like hope this. he does. Yeah, I like this. Uh, it's just I think weird he's that doing these two, and then I, I think to be honest, from what I can tell, he wants to do various things. So yeah, we'll see yeah. where he turns. It's but weird because be it starts two. out, and Hal is he's uh, he's at Earth for one panel there for a credits page, and then you know it does have he's flying, but it's just a weird way. Then you go back, but ah, we all knew that he was heading here. It kind of spelled it out, and you have you it and gave it away. But yeah, so this whole yeah. exchange that goes on pages. Yeah, John, it's basically John them just deciding like who. Who's yeah. going to go to Earth? And basically, it seems like because Guy wants to go to Earth, he doesn't let him. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and Kyle well, as well. But Kyle, part too, because Kyle and Guy are arguing whoever gets to go to Earth for this mission that they have. And I'm like, it's called How Jordan the Green Lantern Corps. It's not Guy Gardner the Green yeah, Lantern Corps. Yeah, really, Lantern it's Lantern not, not Kyle Rayner. And, and Kyle, he's he's kind of been, you know, he's been featured pretty much and here. So you do. I'm actually surprised they didn't have. Uh, guy go with Hal possibly, but yeah, it's just Hal going, and it's weird too because, because you have the Hal whole deal. Has this history with Sinestro. That's, that's what I'm that's saying. This is where it doesn't Superman. even seem like yeah, and it doesn't seem and like Superman, this should yeah. ever have been up for grabs anyway. No, there, there shouldn't have been yeah, any talk about it. They should have just went right to Hal and said like, you start out with Hal showing up on Earth. Never have to go back to see. That is just pure filler. Uh, with them deciding who and hey pick a straw any straw that you end up you're halfway through the book before superman and how kind of talk to each other it really is that it's filler that doesn't even set up a lot of times uh you know in a book you'll set up something for later in this little you know get together there there's nothing at all they just it just goes all this is setting up is that there's going to be you know some sinestro action yeah, in the book. But I'm saying just, like you would set something it, it up for Kyle. Things. It ties it in with the recent action yeah. comics. Right? Oh, yeah, that that's fine. Yeah, uh, it, like Superman. I said, I knew I knew it was one of them, and uh, it ties I'm it just a little bit there. It has a little bit of feature. Yeah. It's, it's, it, but I'm it just surprised in that whole recruiting deal before they actually get to how it almost seemed like they would have set up like, oh, listen, I would send you Kyle, and and it's good you're here too, guy. Because I have something else. Listen, you guys are going to go off and do this, and, and then we'll pick up that later. But it's really nothing. It, it just nothing happens. But, yeah, Hal goes and talks to Superman. We know this from Superman where Parallax, Superman had trapped Parallax inside the ring. But Hal says he's not in there. He's like, nope, he's not in the ring. Well, even this whole thing where, like, you know, Hal goes to Earth to get, the, you know, the Sinestro, like, you know, Sinestro's ring and get the, like, the intel on what Sinestro is up to, where Superman spotted him, all this shit. And when Superman tells him all the events that went down in that two-part story about, you know, yeah. Parallax Superman like getting together, yeah. even Hal says, like, you know, I took this ring off of Sinestro's, you know, hand, and then I trapped Parallax. And Hal says, what you're saying, you know, it's it sounds crazy. It doesn't make any goddamn yeah, sense because yeah. even in those issues, it didn't make any goddamn sense. Yes, yeah, yeah, but it did. It happened, yeah. girl. Yeah, did you did like? Because I don't know. Well, and here's the thing. When when this all wraps around, it really is to me. I know that it doesn't say it, but it, it, Superman's not Parallax. This is just something that's infected no, Hal no, no, who thinks not, he sees. Not. He sees that, but it's not because Parallax is gone. They don't know where he is. And it just it plays out really stupid it, to it's me. Hector, it really, it's Hector Hammond at the end fucking yeah. with him. Which yeah, I fucking like with to him. Trying that, to get you know, him. I do like ridiculous comic book shit. So that I do too, but still it seems like Hector needs his help. 
Why does Hector need his help? Don't do this. Who is calling Hal Jordan for help, and that's the whole basis of this issue. And I don't understand how the calling for help makes Hal believe that Superman is Parallax Parallax. when they start fighting until, like, you know, I don't even know what to believe because when Superman becomes Parallax, once Hal says that, you know, oh, Parallax isn't in the ring, he must have gotten out somehow, and then you see that Superman is Parallax, and they they start fighting, and then all of a sudden... Superman's not parallax anymore. The, I don't know what you're talking about. The I problem with, with me and the problem that. with this whole thing is if you read Superman, you did see Superman as yeah. parallax. In, so this actually, doesn't yeah. play yeah. off right because he has been that. So when you see it, you immediately like, oh, shit. And then you actually it's like, oh, shit. And then like, f- what the fuck's going on? Like, what are we playing the fucking cup game? Which which fucking Superman has the pa- because he already got rid of that. Now he has it back. But it isn't how's, you know, mine. But. But it's so weird because it comes off as the same exact thing that happened in the the Superman book with Sinestro and all that, and it just this issue just plays off very weak to me. It it looks great. I mean, it, it really does look great. I'm I telling you right now, it, this is what we call the filler. Oh, the filler you know, story I, arc. Really, this is you know, we probably just talk, be what? a little little diversion. And, yeah, uh, what do you, what do you, we uh, probably like, talk like two minutes. We actually have talked about everything in this book already. There really yeah. isn't that much. Well, we haven't talked about the fact that what my song was really about was that Superman, <laughs> as like you, you know, fake infected yeah, with parallax. Yeah. Looks so silly, you know what I mean? Like yeah, he, he looks does. so not scary at all. He does. What's up with, the, what's just... up with the white shock in his hair? Is hey, supposed to I be like, like the way that. That's, the, that's parallax. Yeah, it's stupid. Kyle though. got it during freaking. Uh, but and, and that's what's Jordan weird Reaper. about it is that's is that supposed to be. Because it's not, but is that supposed to be the tell that Hal is kind of thinking this in his mind and and attacking Superman even though it's not that? But even that, he actually hears – like it's not like he hits Superman Parallax and Superman says something that after the fact you get a sixth sense M. Night Shyamalan like, oh my god, I see what was going on. The the dialogue that Superman was saying to Hal, he really wasn't bad. That it's like, oh, now I see. Once you figure it out, you don't get that you, like everything is how being fucking bonkers until Superman punches him and knocks it gives him a concussion and knocks the fucking sense into him because it seems like that concussion breaks this bond or, or link that Hector Hammond has but really why if you, you think that Hector Hammond he needs help correct is that yeah, what we're going seems with like he's captured by the Croatians he's I'm captured like, you know, by that why would he, he send needs out this help. whole goddamn thing why? Like yes. this delusion I don't that's understand. like me I need Reggie's Listen, help so I, I, I send out that wanna, the fucking talk against you guys but what you <laughs> don't know about weaponized telekinetic hypnosis Ooh, could fill five, could fill a five minutes okay i'm just telling you it right just, now you so, know what i mean like how is this make how do anything to help he's him? awkward I, he's a very socially awkward hector hammond okay? he asked yeah. the wrong way he's got that big fucking head yeah uh, yeah he's awkward but it, this throws me <laughs> off a little too because if you're not reading are you reading deathstroke reggie uh, no, you, that, Hector Hammond's in the end of it being in the secret society really? of villains. Yeah, wow. of super villains. Again, so again, it throws geez. it off, though. Ridiculous. It throws it off. Yeah, it throws it off. Get this shit together over there. Well, and I here, mean, Reg, here, Reggie, Reggie, that's not the worst. Of oh yeah, wait till you hear Flash this. Is in there, and so is Killer Frost. And there, uh, Killer Frost is a good person. Yeah, is she is she a villain in Deathstroke? Yes, well, now she is. She showed up with the Secret Society. Oh, my God. And then you have Reverse Hector Hammond. Reverse Flash is, is dead. Yeah, it, nothing goes stupid. together. 
And and Deathstroke is a book that I really hang my hat on being something I can trust and something that has really been kind of like the book that's shown the others how to deal with these sort of things. And all of a sudden, that's gone wonky. I, I mean, this is just nonsense. They, so. are, they really are just flaunting it now. Uh, yeah. Just how little they give a fuck about creating a co- cohesive yep. universe. Because yep. to pull Hector Hammond out, of their ass. I don't I know. That, I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. a Green Lantern that's guy. That's what I thought about. He's been in two. How awesome yeah. Hector Hector yeah. Hammond. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, been in two issues in the two weeks. If he's, if he's there, if you like him here and he's over in Deathstroke, or you like him in Deathstroke and he's over here, he just ruined it. Either yeah. way. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. Just like, fuck. Because he is a cool, like you said, it's cool to see him. You're like, well, oh, man. Look at him. a dog's age. Yeah, and there he is. He's in two issues in two weeks and separate sort of things going on. Nonsense, but yeah, basically all this is is Hal was seeing that because Hector was, you know, mind controlling him or sending him this this deal, and he wants to be safe. That, that's basically it, and he wants him. And it to looks come. like the Crawlatans are probably trying to get some sort of like his telepathy or something like that out of him, so they can put it into a yeah. super soldier. Some, or some sort of Hammond juice, let's yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. Let's head, yeah. Mm-hmm. They look like gremlins, don't they? They're, they're, they're called gremlins as well. Yeah. It's the Croatians. They like they actually are just referred to as gremlins half the damn time. Yeah, you, you don't want. To, I heard that gremlins. You do not want to take them for a walk after noon. Is that? Isn't that the no, rule with the gremlins? No, you don't because they're, they're allergic to sunlight, Jim. That you're going to kill oh, them. See, it's true. That's, I, I it's knew true. that. Plus, Even you're not allowed. Why. You're not allowed to give them sandwiches around dinner time. I heard. Well, it really depends on what time, like, you know, what time zone we're talking about. I eat dinner at 12.01 a.m., so there you go. What about time zones, Eric? Yeah, what about time zones, Eric? I always have so much trouble with that, Eric. I can't even. I still, obviously, look, here we are now in 2017. I still have trouble with that rule. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense at all. doesn't make any sense. What did you give this, Reggie? Well, I mean, really, this was a filler issue. The art really was the most enjoyable thing about it. it but there was yeah. some, a little bit of good, like, characterization. Even, like, the filler in the beginning with the guys. So a couple of gags there, a couple of little moments with uh, Clark and Hal. I, I have to say it was good to see Hal Jordan not acting like a one-dimensional flyboy yeah, no, the whole time. Yeah, no, he was just going. Those flyboys cracked me up. There was like a little bit of actually up. him being a person... Uh, but mainly because of the art, and uh, you know, I think the next yeah. issue might be a little more, more interesting. I gave it a seven out of ten. Okay, I like the art as well, and it's weird. This is starting how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps to me is getting towards where we say with Harley. If you've liked it all along, I yeah. don't think that this is going to throw you off. There's nothing inherently wrong with this. In there's fact, like you said. It. I'm saying just there's I don't think there's anything. It just happens and it's done. I mean, it's it, there's nothing fantastic about it. The art's good enough, though, that if you and really, if you you think there's something wrong with this issue, then the whole fucking series has been just the same. Nothing happens in this series. An arc of this series could fill things not happening. It's just that they did not t- tell a story that you can really understand. No, that, because it doesn't I, make any sense for I have Superman a, to become fucking paralyzed yeah. and Hal's mind for what's going on. Hey, Hector Hammond has Doesn't done it, it and they went with that. I just, to me, this Doesn't is just the same as every other goddamn issue of this series. I give it a five point five, though. It just, I like the art a lot. Uh, but yeah, nothing ever happens in this book, really. It's boring. This book just continues to do nothing, issue after issue. But what do you give it there? Uh, that's the thing is, I really love the art in this issue, and halfway through, I was really into it. Like the whole idea where we like. It didn't make any sense for Superman to be able to trap Parallax within Sinestro's ring using hope for some reason in the Superman issue. Yeah. But the idea, like, if they came and said, oh, that doesn't make any sense, so he's fucking Parallax again. I'm like, all right, I'm all about this. Fucking Superman is going to have to, like, Parallax Superman is going to have to fight Hal Jordan. That's cool to me. 
And then it's just a complete mindfuck that doesn't make any sense. It really just took away this entire issue. Well, because- e- even if it had been, I think, even no, if I- Hal had just sort of thought he was Parallax, but there was a reason for it that made sense. That could yeah, have been interesting if there was also. A reason that I'm cool. telling you, I already read. Implant, but it's very strange. I already read the Superman issue though, and I saw this already. I, I saw this exact fight already. But it seems like is, next I really issue. I thought that this issue was going to come out and make that make sense. Yeah, but it, it really wouldn't. That. Even if he was Parallax, still, it still doesn't make it. Hey, then next issue of Flash, you can have him show up and fight Flash as Parallax, and then show up in Batman. I mean, it's the exact same thing, and it probably would have ended the same way at the end of this i would have thought that they'd capture him in the 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 ring again or something it's just nonsense it's complete nonsense. i give it a 5.5 out of 10 though because i really do like the art and i was happy to see hector ham at the end i think this might lead to a cool story and the crow italians that's a a cool throw out there yeah we'll see might even lead to some evil star action it'll be weird to see what happens with him and then see him in deathstroke again next issue of that but we'll move on now to your next book reggie Yes, uh, which, I believe. I mean, am I right when I say it's Suicide Squad? It yes. is. All that right, is correct. Was, yes, it is Suicide <laughs> Squad number twenty-seven, written by Rob Williams, art by Barnaby Bagenda, Jay Lyston, Wilfredo Torres, and Adriana Lucas. Katana, Digger, and Harley on a stupid expedition, cause the spider robots got Waller in a rage. In space, they found a platform with a giant purple monster and a Ah. couple of throwbacks to the Silver Age. And yeah, Crocs cookies were tossed. (laughs) And yeah, Crocs cookies were tossed. Yes. Yeah, I had to do the falling off the... uh... The waterfall, even though that was not in the, this particular version. The, you know, if, if this was karaoke, that would have been in the yes, instrument. That, that, was, that was one of my favorite theme songs of all time, of That's, Land of the Lost. One of my favorites. Uh, I do uh, like the Stepan Sedgwick cover uh, of this book. And I actually don't mind this issue. Uh, but it's weird because then all of a sudden at the end you kind of have a backup, but isn't a backup. It's not really a backup, but they separate. I, I disregarded them calling it. It threw me backup. off so much. So, I, I you know, just you know was I mean? It was two pages, and it was like, yeah, it did. This it just was there. But best, and if they had yeah. just like put the end just very odd. there very instead odd. of like two pages earlier, it just would have been the end. But you you would agree that possibly this is Rob Williams kind of saying like okay let's reset the book and kind of go forward and I, even I, I don't even know if it's a I, reset as much as I've run out of ideas people like that first just, issue so I'm just gonna recycle I, everything I, actually, I did there to me I thought that all that other no- nonsense I almost freaking belch there all this other nonsense. It, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it got all tangled up in that Suicide Squad versus Justice League and all this stuff. And it, to me, it just definitely seemed like a reset where he wanted to start up his his thing again. And I didn't mind it that much. But it just – again, this is another book that just what happens. That Not a lot happens, right? I, I mean uh, – In a know. sense, you know. Um, you know, you get a little characterization in the beginning yeah. and then the uh, spider robot shows up, which I like to uh, yeah, that's, that's assassinate okay. Amanda Waller. And that's exciting. You know what's funny? I'm, I'm trying to – I was thinking this for a second. I'm actually scrolling through the pages because you guys are talking about that backup. I'm like – 
I never read it because I got to the thing and said next. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm done. Good enough. And it's right? not yeah. it's not officially a backup, but it's weird how it's separated I never like the page that because it's it said next. Two, I'm like, all right, I'm done this pages. issue. I really don't it's know why they, they called that a backup, but anyway, you know, it's uh, also I, I, you know, I'm not sure what you mean by reset because I mean they're they're still holding on to a lot of the Harley's still yeah, pining I'm for s- fucking Rick Flag. There's that I'm saying though, but it's about- like. Amanda Waller's back to being a hard ass. Uh, she, we have that again. You have Katana so. now as the leader. Uh, you know, obviously Rick Flag is not there, but then we get the old Rick Flag. So it's like everything that has just happened and all that. Fuck that shit. Amanda Waller's a badass again. She's going to threaten all these people. Katana is now the leader. You know, Harley can't be the leader. And and let's go with the goddamn jokes with, like you and said, I'm Killer Croc throwing up. We have to go back into space. Croc yeah. vomits, okay, check. And then uh, Captain Boomerang, and, and Captain Boomerang shits his pants. His pants. Check. Yeah. yeah, check. But yeah, they Those go are, and it's kind of a... Stuff, guys. That is, stuff. I guess. Well, they go up and they get this uh, spider robot. Ago, <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I said you're like, we get some good char- characterization. We've had these characters over and over and jokes. over. I mean, I mean, what do you want out of these guys? You I know don't I mean? know. They're going to like open their hearts and become something? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Hey, hey give me characters, not, ca- not uh, caricatures. How about that? I guess you're right. I, I think characterization would be the wrong thing. Just more, uh, you know, That's funny okay. making, one-liners, yeah. goofing off. I, I'm one telling you, this pony. seems so. Well, basically, they have a, you know, while they're taking shits and all of this and slavery, like the place gets attacked by what looked like the Robin bot at first. I thought, yep. what the hell is going on? And it's going to uh, kill Amanda Waller, but somehow Deadshot is allowed to run rampant just as Even the bodyguard. Even he was just in his cell before. And he was out. in the cell. And he's doing this as the bodyguard of Amanda Waller so that he can earn some leave to see his daughter, whatever. And they look, and this robot that attacked him is like a old-school robot. They check it out. It has Argent on it. Argent on the side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, didn't Argent sing Hold Your Head Up? Isn't isn't that a song by Argent? (laughs) But But then there is a mention of the Backstreet Boys that made me laugh, but Eric said that she was off. Uh, Harley says it wrong. The Backstreet Boys and everybody being that's that hit of 1995 I'm like that didn't come out to 1997 bitch yeah, well it's, i oh. said that that's hardly she's crazy uh but yeah you, you get that and then they're <laughs> gonna have that checker they're gonna have to go into space uh half the team and the other half's going to this old you know plain fucking graveyard thing and they go and you get a little aliens type deal in space because they too, go because the, the robot was like it's had stuff like maps of groom lake i'm like why don't we go to groom lake fucking area 51 and shit like that like but we don't ever go there so yeah, I didn't no that's where it seems like uh the other part of the team goes and that backup that you didn't read or you know they end up going to that graveyard in nevada so i'm assuming that that's what that that is when they go there uh, to check out what's going on. It's some sort of a, an Area 51 related. Yeah, you have Deadshot, Enchantress, and... I would have Area 52, yeah. though, you know. Because yeah. Oh, that's and, the real place now, Reggie. And El Diablo head there, and then there's that whole thing with ghosts there, and but the Argent Space Station is where you get most of the deal, and it's, you know, like Reggie said, there's a lot of jokes. You have boomerang with the hey you never see a boomerang in the face of a, in an alien movie right that's, that's because it's their weakness and that was okay actually that was kind of funny but again now he's like i'm gonna shit my pants and it just keeps going and they attack until the the thing is called off they have all these things and there's argent well, it, it they, turns you know, out to be argent yeah the yeah. alien hybrid hero from dc's yesteryear argent Ooh. was also the a segment of 
that Argent was sort of like uh, whatever the hell Waller is part of. What, what the hell's her organization? Argus? Is it anything? Argus, yeah. So Sorry. Argent would have been like Silver Age Argus, although it was created in the Team Seven. 80s, yeah. But, that was but the yeah, you have. But then the, what you end up having is the grandfather of Rick Flag, which is Rick Flag, and you know Doctor Karen Grace, the original Suicide Squad. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, and now we're gonna you know complete our final mission. And it's just, and that's where it says next Operation Red Wave, and you have all <laughs> that's of them where there. Eric said, Eric okay. said, oh, yeah, Eric, Eric was out, and then you have the aircraft graveyard in Groom Lake, Nevada, and that's where you have Deadshot, Enchantress, and El Diablo checking things out. The art changes completely, and mm. they're just doing that and find the, you know, Task Force X, the history of Task Force X. And, yeah, you have uh, freaking King Faraday there in a thing that continues because that's he's going to tell the, you know, in his dossier of that. Yeah, but it's just, again, it's okay. The art's okay. King Faraday in a DC book, you know you're about to be thoroughly bored. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the last time we saw King Faraday was Future's End. So it's Eric. Yeah. It's what it is. It's, it's Eric it Shea showing up to work. Boring as shit and confusing as shit that Do whole th- time, well, too. Dare we, does, would King Faraday come and talk to me for four hours about the proper uh, timeline of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Is that possible? Would. He probably would. And, and lighting cigarettes the entire time. Lighting cigarettes, yeah. there you have that. And then he lights a cigarette and goes, let me tell you. About Friday the 13th, and then he goes like, into oh, that. God. Well, Jim, no matter what you want to say, even though Friday the 13th came out in 1980, you got to understand, Pamela <laughs> Voorhees died in 1979. 1979. I'm telling you, I will I will go on Jeopardy <laughs> one day, <laughs> and that'll be the question. And I'll end up being like Norton, and, uh, and and freaking, you're Norton telling me this constantly. I will not remember it. I'm Ralph Cramden, like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Eric tells me this all the time. <laughs> you, <laughs> you should hear him. The, he even comes in, he's like, he, he said, yesterday I was online, and these people were talking about how, you know, she, you know, Pamela Voorhees, she died in 1980, but really, she died in 1979, and I had you to even tell see them. You on her tombstone, which they yeah. feature in, like, uh, Friday the 13th, for the final so, chapter. so to Eric, everybody is off a year. And to me, what Eric thinks this means, it's now Raiders of the Lost Ark. Everybody's digging in the wrong location. They're never going to find the Ark because well, they the think funny, it was 1980. The thing about Friday the 13th Part 4, it's actually Sunday the 15th. <laughs> He keeps telling me this. Then he's talking about fucking Corey. Corey Feldman wants to come back, and everybody's pissed off. Oh yes. Oh, it's good stuff. Good this, stuff. This is still the weird science DC this is. podcast. See, this yeah, is man, what happens. Well, right? This it is, is what happens. Yeah. Whether I had slipped through different podcasts or something. No, we we ended the pop culture. Now it's all seeping in. Hey, oh, I right, said to Eric, enough, we don't end the pop culture. Now we're just going to talk about nonsense all nice. podcast long. That's the way but you do it. That's that is the end of this. That is the end of the Friday the 13th talk and this issue. What did you give it, Reggie? Uh, like you said in the beginning, even though we kind of picked it apart, it definitely was not chock full of uh, things happening. No. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it more than you guys. I really liked seeing Barnaby begin to back on art. Yeah, he's good. It. He's also been kind of MIA for a little while, at least as far as I know. And uh, whoever the, who was the guy in the back, Wilfredo Torres, I liked his style too. For two pages, it's okay. I could I could eat that up all Very day with a knife and fork. So I ended up giving this a seven point five out of ten. I I actually it's it's okay. I said I actually had more fun with this issue. 
I know that it's the same as that first issue pretty much, but I like that first issue. So did I. And we didn't and even get a problem. It's like, you know well, what? If you're going to make give me an issue that I like, you can't just keep rehashing the same but shit But again, over you again. have this where that first issue, if you remember, it was only eight pages, what we liked yeah. because of those backups. So if you're going to give us full stories, though, there's a weird backup in this. But God, I, uh, I didn't backups. mind it. Uh, I'd give it a 6-8. I'm almost at a 7 because of the art, but I'll give it a 6-8. What would you give it, Aaron? I uh, I really like the art in this issue, and I'm telling you, it is it is fun, more fun than we've had like like with these characters in a long time just because they are cracking wise and we are trying to get back to like a normal status quo for this kind of book. I was just really mad that we're just rehashing the same shit, though, and, and for some reason it really bothered me this issue. Like I don't know if it's been like this for a while now and just haven't picked up on it. But Crux's dialogue is terrible. All of a sudden, he's talking like yeah. this fucking Grimlock from the Transformers. Well, and even at that one point, you even have Enchantress. You have Enchantress Crux reading a book to him. Grimlock, yeah, no bozo, Grimlock king. <laughs> you sound a little like Yoda. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, he's I was <laughs> read, read book, you will. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll probably give it a six out of ten. I really hope that it does become something that I can enjoy again. And like, if this is like, you know, um, I can't think of who fucking even writes the book, but Rob Williams, yeah, Rob trying to Williams. get back into the swing of things, like he finally has control again. There's nothing you're gonna fucking get in his way this time. I'm all nice. for that, but just rehashing what we had before is not the way to get me on board. All right. Well, we're gonna go off now to Jeremy. Talking yeah. about that Michael Cray book, that Wildstorm. Oh, I heard shoot. that was Cray Cray. I heard it was Cray Cray. And if I was writing that review, I definitely would have that as my tagline every issue. It would never yeah. change. I'd always it, have it that as my tagline. I would definitely beat that one right Yes. You know, oh, right I would. I definitely would. But we're going to go off to listen to him, and then we will be back with some mail, and then back with you, Reggie. You guys, ever, you guys ever wonder how Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 through 4 actually work together? <laughs> No, I, I never have. So let's go. <laughs> let's go <laughs> to Jeremy. Welcome to another edition of The Wild Storm. Uh, I'm your host, Jeremy Dorr, and I'm here uh, this week to talk about uh, a new, uh, not only a new issue, but a new title in the Wild Storm universe. This is uh, the Wild Storm Michael Cray issue one. Uh, it was announced some time ago uh, when the Wild Storm was uh, was first kind of announced that there would be uh, one or two sort of uh, tie-in titles. Uh, this is one of them, and obviously the the host title, the main title, 
has generally been excellent. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think a lot of other people have as well. Uh, there's always a slight trepidation uh, about the expansion of the uh, the universe and uh, and the line, uh, for that matter. So we're going to look at how that all plays out. And uh, as we usually do here, uh, we'll start off. Uh, we'll start off with my opening paragraph from the website. Uh, we'll have a quick read of that and then I'll take you through the issue. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on in this issue and uh, we'll try and cover as much of it as we can. So uh, first of all The Wildstorm Michael Cray issue number one is written by Brian Hill with Warren Ellis. What that means exactly I'm not 100% sure but I've uh, got some thoughts on that in a moment. Uh, art is by N. Stephen Harris and Dexter Vines. Uh, Colours is by Steve Bucciolato. Uh, letters is by, uh, by Simon Boland. Uh, it's published by DC Comics for the cover price of $3.99. Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt's The Wildstorm has been one of the most impressive comics to come out of DC in the last 12 months. While I know the plan was always to expand the Wildstorm line and universe, in an incremental way, I must admit that I've been viewing the arrival of a non-Ellis scripted title with a mixture of anticipation and trepidation. The former because more Wildstorm is undoubtedly a good thing, the latter because any dilution of quality, which seemed a possibility if Ellis wasn't writing everything, was inevitably going to be disappointing. Well, I'm an idiot for feeling that way. Let me explain why. Okay, uh, having a look at this, uh, can I just say one thing before before we get too far into this? Uh, the cover is not amazing, and it's a it's a Dennis Cowan, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz cover. Uh, both of whom are pretty decent artists, but I I don't particularly like this this cover very much at all. It's all a bit kind of rough and rugged and. You know, it, it and it, it's not really a proper kind of representation of, of what's inside the comic either. Um, so, okay, you need to sort of get past the cover if you if you like uh, to really enjoy this this comic. Um, we start with a very very succinct um, summary of um, Michael Gray's childhood and, and adolescence and. Um, how he came to work for IO, and it's presented in, in what I can only describe as a very kind of stylish and ironic way. So on the left-hand side, you have uh, these three panels running down the page uh, of uh, Michael Cray as a as a child, Michael Cray as a teenager, and Michael Cray as a young man. Uh, in each panel, he is being uh, spoken to by um, an authority figure of some kind. In the first panel, it's his father. In, his, in the second panel, uh, he's clearly just been involved in a fight. Uh, it would seem from the uh, dialogue that it's a fight that has been not started by him, but started by somebody who has been bullying him, perhaps racially. Um, and um, then in the bottom panel, it's he's approached as a soldier fighting in either Afghanistan or Iraq, somewhere like that. And he's approached by a shadowy figure who says, uh, do you want to work for IO? Um, so uh, that's, how, that's what's happening on the left-hand side. On the right-hand side, each panel, there's a counterpoint uh, of Michael Cray being incredibly violent as he works for IO. And in one or two of these things, there's a kind of ironic comment on, on what's being said by the authority figure in the left-hand panel. So, for example, 
he's being told by his father, you know, this world can be fun, but it isn't kind. It's going to blame you for more and give you less. Remember that, son. Say it to yourself every night. Now finish your brownie pops. And on the other, uh, on the right-hand panel, uh, he's in a car which is being shot at and he's kind of driving at speed and he's firing back. So um, whether that constitutes as fun or not, I'm not entirely sure. Probably is true that the world isn't being particularly kind to Cray there, but it looks like he can handle it. Uh, the next panel is uh, is him kind of beat up, nursing a bloody nose, sort of leaning against some high school lockers. And uh, he's being told by a teacher or a principal or somebody, I don't care what word he called you, you can't hit people. That is not how we solve conflicts, Michael. And then the next uh, panel uh, on the right-hand side uh, is of Michael Cray kicking somebody off uh, a rooftop. And the man that he is kicking off the rooftop is on fire so, <laughs> so <laughs> okay so that's like yeah that that's how we deal with conflict that is absolutely how we solve conflict uh you kick people off rooftops just after you've set them on fire um so so that that's kind of like how we start and you know it's it's cleverly done it's it's economically done um it's impressive there's a nice when you turn over the page it's the title page and can i just say right i i, I do need to say this there's a house style here definitely um for, for one thing the art is is kind of davis hunt-esque and yeah, i know you've heard me rave about davis hunt's artwork uh, john davis hunt's artwork in the main book um this art is not as good um, it's difficult to be as good as John Davis Hunt, to be honest with you. It is, however, similar. It's similar in tone. Uh, the lines are clean. There's lots of detail uh, in terms of how the images are sort of presented. Uh, backgrounds are more or less filled in. Um, I'm looking at this page here. You know, the, the 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 tiling on the wall is is nicely done. The young Michael Cray is standing on a stool as he's cleaning his teeth in the family bathroom and there's a lot of detail in there and then below um it's a similar kind of thing actually where he's looking in the mirror as a as an older man but now he's he's bloodied and he's he's bleeding all over the place and what have you but again the the, the there's a lot of detail in that picture and i think you know the other thing is that the layouts are very, they're very kind of minimalist in the sense that there's nothing too flashy going on with the layouts. It, it, there's a, there's a kind of a very, um, it's all very kind of geometrically exact uh, in a way that uh, modern comics often aren't now. Um, there's lots of bleed in modern comics and there's lots of kind of, um, you know, sort of characters springing out of panels and all this kind of stuff. That doesn't happen in Wildstorm comics. And it doesn't happen here either. So the, 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 there's definitely a kind of house style. The, hut, the, the art is kind of Davis Hunt-esque. The, the layouts are, are clear and clean and fairly straightforward. That doesn't mean they don't do clever things with them, because they do. But it does mean that, it, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a kind of a definite similarity uh, between the, 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 the two comics in terms of layout. We, we then kind of see Cray uh, in San Francisco. He goes to um, a, a secret base that's kind of 
I don't know, in some kind of in some kind of urban sort of rundown environment with graffiti covered all over it, and um, it, it's a secret base for basically uh, Christine Trelane's uh, team. And he's been told actually that he can get a, a team of his own together, which is which is kind of interesting. Nothing is particularly resolved in terms of the team that he's going to bring together, but it is it is kind of interesting that he's he's been given that um, that leeway. So there's there's a kind of conversation between Trelane and. Uh, and Cray, it, it, it's all about, you know, he says, who, who do you want me to kill now? And she says, Oliver Queen. And this is mentioned in the solicits, which is which is fair enough. The, the, the moment you mention a, the name of an established character like Oliver Queen in, in relationship to a series like this, it, it, it triggers all sorts of kind of thoughts in your mind. Um, what kind of might of Oliver Queen are we going to get is it is it going to be a good version of him? I don't mean good in terms of good bad. I mean good as in interesting. Um, I think I can say kind of categorically that the answer to that is yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You do you do get a very very interesting Oliver Queen. They they talk about they talk about Queen a little bit. Uh, Cray wants some more information, and Trelane puts him in contact with his father. Uh, with Michael Cray's father, that is, and he hasn't seen his father for for seven years, and you do get a nice like bit of you know, and again, you know, it's there is frisson, there is kind of friction between uh, Cray and his father, but it's not overplayed, and um, it's not kind of melodramatic. It's just kind of the it's 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 underneath the tension, uh, it's underneath the surface. He wants something out of his father. He wants information on Oliver Queen. He gets it. He's not really, you know, he's not really interested in kind of mending bridges or whatever. But but he he has to get this info from his dad. It it's it, it's a very nice scene. Before that though, we get Oliver. Uh, Oliver wakes up, and um, he is at home in San Francisco, and uh, he's dreaming about being on the island. And um, being on the island is obviously no no walk in the park for him. The things that he, the, the the two things he's got two speech bubbles. If you don't count the ah when he wakes up, and it's you survived, you can always survive. Okay. Now at this point you're kind of thinking, oh okay, so he's kind of he's still reliving the trauma of the island. That's something that you could imagine a um, an Oliver Queen like the one in. The regular DC universe doing, you know, that that that's fair enough. Then we get sort of um, a couple of pages in uh, Oakland, where Cray is in his house that Christine Trelane has bought for him. There is no furniture in the house. There is, however, a mouse. So that's nice. Except the mouse explodes when Michael Cray tries to pet it. So. Craig, this is something again. This is something that was was kind of introduced in the Wildstorm series. Is that he seems to be developing some kind of superpower. Um, he makes a part of his coffee cup disappear in one of the Wildstorm issues, and uh, now he is exploding mice. So that's kind of weird. And of course, he's still got the brain the brain tumor, um, and he's. He kind of deals with the kind of death of the mouse in kind of an interesting way. He kind of says, sorry, buddy, I'm a little broken. And then he kind of kneels down and puts his head in his hands and says, I think I'm dying. So you've got this 
this contrast now, but this is this is an issue about two men dealing with trauma. With with Oliver, it is a um, the fact that he has survived the island and survived the trauma of the island, and he is damaged as a result of that. Uh, he is broken in that sense. With Cray, it's the fact that he is he is facing he is facing his own mortality and he is trying to come to grips with that and that is what is threatening to break him so it, it, it's really quite interesting and they, they the, the creative team do a really interesting job of bringing of setting these two men up they don't meet they're not going to meet in this issue uh, but what we get is a sense of how they're connected thematically it's really interesting so then we get Oliver training, and he's vicious. Um, he he trains with a sword. He trains with his fists and his feet. And everything is about surviving. And this is what he says as he's training: "You suffer for what suffers, learns to endure, and what endures knows how." To survive, so th- th- there's there's kind of a real sense here that this is an Oliver who hasn't properly shaken off the the trauma uh, and the experience of the island, and that's that's quite interesting. Now, when uh, Cray goes to visit his dad, uh, he finds out stuff about Oliver, and this is quite interesting. He 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 hears from and, and there's there's a kind of an element of possible racism here that that sort of when when we find out you know word is that Queen helped this is what his dad says word is that Queen helps funnel narcotics and guns into the wrong neighborhoods wrong is in inverted commas crime goes up then he privately funds political efforts to hammer down on them with the police he's turning San Francisco San Francisco into an island for rich people too never mind the blood. We're going to march on his private penthouse. I'd love to see my son in the line. So his dad is 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 getting sort of politically active, uh, getting involved in kind of challenging Oliver Queen in terms of real world politics, and and this starts to ring alarm bells in our heads, or at least it should do. It certainly ran alarm bells in mine, because the Oliver Queen that we know in the DC universe is not this would not operate in this way in terms of sort of making money or political capital in this case out of uh, crime uh, sort of cynically um, pushing drugs into a particular community or particular neighborhood in order to advance a political agenda um, and obviously kind of ruining lives in the process so that is something that 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 our Oliver we can call him that would never do and this Oliver is so 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 right there it's like okay what kind of Oliver are we getting we then one of the great things about I'm going to say this one of the great things about this this story it doesn't hang around and what I mean is 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 scenes do not they're not over long they're not too short they give you just enough to keep you interested and they give you enough just to drip feed you that little bit more information about the two the two main characters the cray and and queen so we after the very kind of quick scene with uh, cray and his father and his sister um we move to uh, san francisco again and it's 
uh, it's Oliver and he's in he's at home and he's got a rather attractive woman the rather rather attractive woman is crying because clearly he's telling her to disappear uh, and leave him alone and he's he's quite cold to her he says diggle will uh, what this is another thing and that you get this <clears throat> sense that the people around queen haven't changed in the sense in the sense that they are <clears throat> who we expect them to be if you see what i mean uh, diggle will drive you wherever you need to go he also has an envelope for you what it what's in it should be sufficient if it's not let him know and she says i never asked you for money oliver and she's starting to cry you should have Everyone should know what they're worth. I can't, and she says, and uh, and she says as she leaves, she says, I, I can't. I don't know what she means by that, but I, just, I can't do this. I can't, whatever. I can't stay and listen to this. I don't know. Um, and she leaves and closes the door behind her, and Oliver says, you'll live. Uh, and again, there's, there's that sense of, right, is he doing this to protect her because she's getting too close to, to him? Or is it something else? We, we don't know. So, and, and then the interesting thing here, there is a bit of humour here. So so he says, you know, Diggle, uh, send her home in a taxi. Oh, I'd like to go to the sanctuary. And the sanctuary is in, the word sanctuary is in capital letters here. Um, of course, Mr. Queen, I'll ready the car. Now, that's interesting because Diggle doesn't call him Oliver. He calls him Mr. Queen. So that, that hints at a, perhaps a slightly different relationship than, than what we're used to. And Diggle, have Thea come change the sheets. Make sure she doesn't sell them on the internet again. We don't know who Thea is. In the in the comics uh, and in the well, certainly in the TV series, it's uh, it's his sister. Is that who we're talking about here? Don't know. Uh, she then he, get, he he then says, make sure she doesn't sell them on the internet again. Now that that's kind of funny, but again, it it, it hints at a slight uh, well, potentially quite a different relationship with his sister if that's who Thea is than what we're used to and then he says open chamber and he starts to quote uh, so this bell calls us all but how much more me who am brought so near the door by this sickness no man is an island and he opens this uh, secret doorway into a uh, a kind of closet compartment uh, where he keeps his green arrow stuff um there's there's the hood there's the armor there are swords there's um there's a morning star there's all sorts of kind of primitive weapons lots of arrows that kind of stuff and it's all you know the, the, the kind of design of it is is sort of similar to what we expect from green arrow but i would suggest that there's much more of a kind of eastern uh, feel to it in the sense that uh, it looks kind of Japanese, Chinese, it, it looks oriental in, in some way. Um, it looks more kind of samurai-esque, the, the armor. And that's, that's uh, again, an interesting kind of clue as to uh, what kind of Oliver we're talking about. The, the, this, this outfit looks a lot more martial than what we're used to with Green Arrow. And um, yeah, it looks... It, Gotta be honest with you, it looks looks pretty good. So then, um, Cray's hanging out. Uh, he's sat on the on the porch front front steps actually of his house, um, and uh, Trelane meets with him. And again, he kind of says, "Look, island gentrification, soulless billionaires, and all the lost souls under his heel." 
he sounds like a jerk, but I don't kill people for being jerks. And, and Trelane says, curious, what do you kill people for? And he says to stop more killing. Um, so what's interesting about this is, is the whole reason he left IO is because he was told to uh, kill Angie Speaker and he wouldn't do it because he checked into Angie and he found out who she really is and he realized that she was not a valid target for him. She was not somebody who was a threat. She was not a killer. She was not somebody that he should be he should be killing himself and so you know that that led then led to the conflict with io it led, then led to him leaving io and he's carrying on this this so so, so there's an there's there's a there's an element in it in which this is very he's very sympathetic as a character here because although he's kind of a badass and what have you um, there's a, a there's a vulnerability to him, which we which we just saw in the scene with the mouse, and also to a certain extent in the scene with his family. But also there is a there is a kind of moral code, and there's a there's a moral kind of um, there's a determination to act in a kind of a moral or an ethical way, and I think that's that's kind of uh, endearing as well. So so although yes, he is a killer. There is a clear kind of sense here that actually this is somebody who we can respect and somebody who we can be sympathetic to. Now, this is where we get finally a little bit more information about Oliver and a little bit more information about exactly why he would be a worthy target for Michael Cray. Christine says, Michael, what I'm about to tell you isn't in the file because we don't keep files on things like this. We see it, remember it, then we stop it. Everything I'm about to tell you is true, 100%. It's the kind of thing that keeps me from believing in God. <laughs> okay, all right. And everything else now is her narrating. Uh, and we shift scenes to a terraformed facility that's somewhere in the, presumably in the California desert somewhere, I don't know. Uh, it's a facsimile of the island that uh, Oliver Queen spent years surviving. Uh, this is the sanctuary that he was referring to earlier. And as Christine Trelane says, he uses it to test and retest himself. He's built his own hell so he can prove he can endure it. And then she says, that might be something I could admire. But Queen needs to share that hell with other people. Queen has men abducted and brought to him. He prefers veterans. They make the best sport. And as she says that, we see a man running. He's bleeding from a wound in his chest. Uh, his clothes ripped and torn. Uh, he's got uh, he's got some beard growth on his face. We don't know how long he's been in that place for, but he is running and he is running from Oliver. And we know that because uh, he gets shot in the thigh by a green arrow. Basically, we, we kind of follow him as he tries to kind of deal with, with this wound he's now got as he tries to escape. Um, and he says, please don't kill me. And then we hear, presumably over some kind of tannoy system or whatever, Oliver's voice. And he says, Lieutenant, I didn't bring you here to kill you. I brought you here so you could prove you deserve to live. And then he shoots him again. And then um, the, the last page 
is of him, of Oliver, standing over this man with his uh, boot on the back of his head. Uh, this guy has got two arrows sticking in him now, and there's, a, there's another arrow uh, knocked on, um, on Oliver's bow, and uh, it's very clear that the next arrow is going straight into his head. So we end with so Christine Trelane's narration saying, I can promise that if you don't stop him, no one else will. So it's setting up this, this kind of confrontation between a, a sort of traumatized, psychotic Oliver Queen and a, some, a, a killer, a somewhat, but a somewhat vulnerable killer, both in terms of uh, the brain tumor, but also in terms of how that affects him and and his his kind of personality and his self confidence, it's going to be fascinating to see how this this plays out. Um, I really enjoyed this issue. It, it it's not perfect by any means. One of the problems with it is the art is not as good as I would like it to be. There are times when it is off. There are times when perspective is a little bit off. There are times when facial expressions. Um, don't look especially great. That said, the story and the dialogue are spot on. In fact, actually, I would say one of the most impressive things about this is uh, the pacing. The, the, the pacing of the, of the story, the way um, we're, we're drip-fed information about Oliver, the intercutting of uh, the Oliver, Oliver stuff and the Michael Cray stuff, it's really, really uh, masterfully done. It's it's very skillful plotting. Uh, the dialogue is is also pretty good. I mean, those of you who listen to the podcast for any uh, length of time will know that uh, I tend to hold up uh, Steve Orlando as the uh, example of uh, of how to do truly terrible dialogue. Um, and indeed, last week we we discussed that in in the Shadow and Batman. I have no desire to revisit that particularly. I will just say this though: Brian Hill here, um, who's a writer, he, he's written um, some stuff for Top Cow and uh, some other places as well. Uh, his dialogue is really good, really naturalistic. I really like it. I, I think in terms of if we're talking sort of house style. We, talk, we talked about house style in relation to the art and also the layouts. But I think there's also a house style here in terms of the way characters speak to one another. They speak to one another like real people. They communicate in a fairly naturalistic way. There, there is, uh, they're snarky with one another, but not overly so. Uh, they're human beings. They, they, they come across as, as very human. And, um, and and that's the same kind of level of even though we're dealing with an Oliver Queen who kind of he's no he's not our Green Arrow but he still runs around with a green outfit on and a and a bow and arrow in his hand. Um, despite that that kind of slightly absurd kind of superhero kind of thing, it's dealt with in a very adult way in a very mature way and uh, it's great storytelling. I gave it eight out of ten. Eight eight point zero out of ten i recommend you buy it i really do uh it's certainly if you if you are buying and enjoying the wildstorm series this you have to get 
you really, really do. It expands the Wildstorm universe really well. It's in terms of dialogue and plotting and intrigue and the kind of storytelling that draws you into the story. Uh, it's more of the same, really. You're not going to get Davis Hunt level uh, style of, of artwork, but it's it's good enough. And there are times actually when it when it's very good. Um, it is still just great storytelling, um, and um, I would highly recommend uh, that this is worth checking out. If you are interested in the character of Oliver Queen, again, I would recommend it. Now, that's not to say that this is an Oliver Queen that you will enjoy reading about, but I, I think it's, it, it takes some of the characteristics of Oliver and twists them ever so slightly and just you he gets out of out of whack he, he he sort of this is a recognizable oliver but at the same time it's an oliver it's an oliver that could easily have happened in the real dc universe he could easily have gone this way you, that, that that's the way they're going with it it's it and it's a very it's a very kind of it's clever because because it's not as if you know, it, 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 it's it's not like sort of Superman Red Sun, for example, where he's picked up by, um, he's raised in Russia and he becomes a Soviet kind of uh, super soldier and what have you. It, it's not like that. Exactly the same thing that happened uh, to Oliver in the DC universe has happened to Oliver in the Wildstorm universe. It's exactly the same. What is different is how that trauma has affected him and how he has responded to it, and I think that that subtle change is is quite clever. And we see how that that subtle change, that that um, the way that um, that reaction has diverged from what we know, how that has then led to a an Oliver that is quite frankly a bit terrifying. And and when you see him kind of uh, in that final uh, splash page at the end of the the issue, there is something quite disturbing about it. And I think it, its power lies in the fact that it's a recognizable sort of heroic icon, and he's doing something truly psychotic and truly anti-heroic. And it's it's there's real impact there for that. I think it's I think it's a really really clever piece of storytelling and and it, it, it in the sense that it kind of um it draws on sort of pre-established continuity pre-established mythology it does it really well and that slight twist that it gives it um makes it all the more intriguing and all the more interesting as a as a comic read so i i absolutely recommend it i recommend it unreservedly i think this is as strong a start as you can possibly hope for with with a comic like this i think it's great uh we've got 12 issues of this okay uh so how that pans out who knows but it, it i think it's going to be great and uh i certainly advise you to pick up issue one so thank you very much for listening uh thank you for your time and uh, i'll hand you back to the guys in the studio Take care. Bye-bye.
understand why you just can't admit Jim is the man The time on the podcast is here The voice that we all want to hear So here we go Oh, my goodness. That is some sweet sounds coming down from that Tennessee area all the way up here. What do you think of that? I just don't understand. You with me? You with me? You there? Mail section number four. We're going to start with Ray Ray. And he says, Jim and Eric, Ray what Ray. happened if Jarrell was your father? Would you allow your children around him? Eric, no, would you allow your action figures around him? Why no. does it feel like the hype behind the Mr. Oz reveal seemed to die down? I have long ago chilled my expectations since the button not to hope for an amazing finale or reveal. I'm enjoying the book, but metal has me invested in the story. I enjoy the twists and turns and everything involved with the story. Tie-ins have been fun. My favorite has been Batman and the Death Machine. My fear is with Doomsday the Murder Machine? Looming. Yes. Yeah, I, I called it the Death Machine a bunch of times too and then i i started calling it doomsday for some or reason the red death or does he yeah. mean both of them maybe he does my fear is with doomsday clock looming and the metal story still happening that the finale of metal will not have any lasting effects on the dc universe and boy ray you are singing my tune i said that to eric exact phrase <laughs> the other day i was like you know it's weird that this metal kind of goes past where they start the doomsday clock and doomsday clock is going to start and that's ahead so it's going to spoil everything and it's not going to mean anything and then i said boy i just think that this metal is hey before we change everything with doomsday clock have a fucking ball just do what you want yeah. I really do think, and I think you are completely correct, Ray. It seems that Doomsday Clock will weigh more only because of the Watchmen being involved. By the way, my anniversary, I didn't cook anything. I bought sandwiches. LOL. You can't go wrong with a hero sandwich. No. You like them? Do you ever call a sandwich a hero? Have you ever you a ordered? No. No. Have you ever ordered like, hey, I'll have this sort of sandwich hero? Have you ever done that? No, we're from Pennsylvania. I did Target. it once. I did it uh, once, Eric. I was in New York, and I ordered a chicken cutlet hero, my friend, because <laughs> I heard somebody say it, and I liked it. Did I ever tell you one time that oh, I I'm wore – If I'm in a certain place, though, like you know, if I yeah. know the vernacular going in, I will oh. do it because I don't want to cause a fucking scene did, like a hoagie, and they start laughing at me. I don't need that shit. Did I ever tell you that one time I won a 
uh, Frank's cheesesteak in town by wearing a skirt and wooden shoes. Did I ever oh. tell you that story? I'll have to tell you that story sometime. Actually, that's the whole story. I, I was challenged to wear a skirt and wooden shoes uh, to Frank's and order a cheesesteak and that they, my buddy Pete and Jay would pay for it, and I did it, Eric. See, I, got, I think mine's better where I went to Spanky's Deli and actually mm. won a contest where I got to have a, a make a hoagie and put, have it put on the menu and have my picture not, on the wall. That's not better. That's nonsense. Better. You, you made that fucking meatloaf sandwich. No yeah, loaf. Go, to, yeah. go to hell. Go to hell with the loaf. Now nah, that's just you coming up with nonsense. I, I actually had to go in. And this is also, yeah, also, this was 11th grade when I did this. Eric. Well, you dabbled in cross dressing, so it wasn't back a big in, deal. Back in those days. It was a big deal. Uh, there was chances that I could have been beat up for what I did. I oh, was yeah, this not. Is a piece of shit town. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a piece of shit town, and also this is in the you know mid '80s. So I know that yeah. people were dancing around to Boy George. They didn't like him in town, and I, I didn't. I got anything for free food. I'll do anything. Also, I streaked across a uh, library parking lot in West Virginia to win tickets to go see U2's Zoo TV tour. That's wow. another thing I did. And it was I awesome. just got drunk and ran across 309 once. Hmm. My Make wife said, hey, he says, you can't go wrong with the hero. My wife said she emailed you guys in the Pop Culture Podcast to reveal the anniversary story. Thanks again, guys. Ray Ray. Uh, P.S. Will you guys be going to see the Justice League movie and possibly provide a review? If you haven't tried it yet, Movie Pass is the Netflix for movies. $10 a month to see one movie per day. It's worth it if you like going to the movies. And you have to tell Ray that that sent me down a rabbit hole, Eric. I've, oh been, talking, I've been talking since Ray sent this email. I, I've only talked to anybody about this pass. spent an hour in the freaking bathroom researching yeah. it at work yesterday. Yep. I, I slipped away, Eric, to the bathroom and looked to see all the stats and how it, it, it adds up. I really wish they had a family plan because they if they did, I would have gotten it already. My whole family's fired up. Me and Rafe went midnight shopping last night after recording some stuff, and we actually went by the movie theater to see what was playing to see what we would go see if we had the movie pass, and there were six movies that we definitely would go see. So I was like, we're getting this movie pass. So we're going to do it. You'd watch it. You'd watch Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner 2049. See, just think that the problem is when we think about it and the stick throws you off because – Yes. No. Actually, American Assassin is playing over at our theater. I would see Blade Runner, it – uh, American Sa- Assassin Ninjago movie. We said we would go it's see. Okay, I wouldn't even think uh, that, but yeah, but that's that with is the a big kids. Right so now. we're gonna have some kids, and uh, oh, I can't remember what the other ones were, but there were a bunch of movies. Happy Death Day. That actually, I think we said that as well, and also <laughs> My Little Pony. I actually, we had you go six. See My Little Pony. Oh, really? I said we had six already, and then I said, "Fuck it, My Little Pony, we're in." If <laughs> that, I'm telling you, what the hell? We'll just well, go in if you go is, in. It's not even that. Is I would go see everything like I used to back in the day yeah. when we it was like a cheap. I would and go even to when see I worked everything. Theater, I saw everything just because it was there. I, that's what I'm saying. We would do that. Uh, they have some little Fuck, caveats for this pass. Floor back in the, the day, the pass you shit. you have to yeah you have to be within a hundred yards of the movie theater. And there is some weird things, and it's not a great thing for multiple people. So I would like to get Matt, the right pass away, from I'm my out family because I don't have a phone. Yeah, so you're you're in trouble. But I really do want to do that. And in the meantime, I would like to have a kind of a side podcast where we talk about the Justice League. We'll, we'll talk about that. Well, you know, we actually were talking about it. I told you why this movie pass would kick ass for that. 
I would not feel comfortable talking or reviewing a movie only seeing it once. I would probably right. go, you know, two days in a row with the movie pass, go see it, and out we go, and I talk about it. So I think I think we'll try to do that. So, yeah. Now, Ray did mention his wife did uh, write into the pop culture podcast of Ask uh, Jim and Eric, and we don't have that podcast anymore so I put this email because she did. Stormy, Ray's wife's name, Stormy, which might be the greatest name I've ever heard. And she name. says, hello, fellas. First, That's I good. would like to start my email off in response of my husband Ray's email last week. Obviously, our anniversary is past, and guess what? He did not cook a damn thing. Five years in with our marriage, he takes me to get fucking hoagies. <laughs> what? He, he, he's See, and now she, proper vernacular, Eric, it's no hero. He's no right. hero to her either. He's a hoagie. He's lucky he is fine and an amazing husband, LOL, but he better step that game up in the kitchen. All he had to do was go to Boston Market, Eric, and throw away the Look, shit. I gave him an easy out here. Now you're going to have to go to couples fucking cooking class. I I could send him a couple a couple recipes that I think would kick ass because I like to think that I could have had a cooking show at one time called uh, the Bachelor Cooking and I'm even though I'm not a bachelor a budget was what I think you would have no but mine's like bachelor type thing where you have like seven things in the cupboard and I'm telling you I can make a meal out of it it may not be the greatest but it will work I am actually good at throwing shit together like that's that that's the but. thing is every food you make has surprise at the end of the that, like, that's title true. Part. Chicken surprise. You know what the surprise is? Hey, no chicken. There's no chicken. <laughs> There's no chicken anywhere near chicken, that thing. Surprise was the chicken. That's like, hey, Dad, where's the chicken? Surprise. There you go. <laughs> there you have it. Anyways, I'd have a friend. I have a friend that is always turns to me for advice. When I give her the advice, she won't listen to a damn thing I say and gets pissed off when I try to make her make sense to her. What would yeah. Jim and Eric do? I would tell you, you just stop giving her advice and just say, yeah, you know, stop it. Actually, See, I can't even say that because then they'll get mad at you when you refuse no, to give no. them advice. So you, you just no. give them the same advice. Honestly, there's nothing you could do besides cutting oh. this person out of your life altogether. So you have oh, to keep going goodness. down the same monotonous path as you always have. I think that what you do is you stay back. They are waiting for you to give advice every step of the way. And when they say, oh, my God, you know, this guy, uh, I want to go out on a date with him. But he, he appears to wear a hockey mask all the time and has a knife. His name's Jason. I don't know. And he wants to go out on Friday. And then you say, oh, my God, but she's going to wait for that advice. You just don't say, oh, I don't know about this one. And then the next time they'll fucking realize that you have good advice. Also, you do what I do. When they fuck up, you say, I told you so. I say that every day. I told you so. Why aren't you listening to me? Whew. Goodness, Eric. P.S. I need more wrong turn. I about piss myself every time I hear the episode when he told his thoughts on the movies and shows. Hashtag bring back wrong turn. Thanks. And that's Stormy again. Awesome name. And that, that thing with, no, that's the problem is hashtag bring back wrong turn. Hashtag get wrong turn out and have break with me and Eric. And again, I've had some issues and I've been back and forth and I haven't really even been taking breaks with Eric. But yeah, no, the other day, break the, uh, yeah, the other day I tried to get him to do some things, but he, he's a little flaky right now. He, he yeah. only, the only thing, what I will promise that I will try to do, he's going to this horror. It, it's the, uh, Eastern state penitentiary the where they, they the close that down the terror behind the walls. And he's going to go there and shit his pants because all these, I do want to have him discuss. Describe what's going on. I remember the other day 
I told you he was talking about something, and I said, God damn it, I should record this. And then they guess what he's talking about because whatever he was talking about, you could not tell anything of what he was saying. It, it was nonsense. But, All I can think of, it might have been the vape situation, and I it, really want yes. him to describe what yes, was going on with this that's vape. that's what it was. He needs to his, buy a new one. His vape was broken, and he explained it to us, and I had no fucking idea what he was talking about. Then he left it in the break room. You grabbed it. We were going to hide it on him, but then we thought we'd get fired. I'm not even <laughs> we, fired. It would just cause problems where yeah. you go and think somebody stole his thing and go up to the boss. And then, and then all of a sudden, the police. A gag, I he don't does, want to cause any problems where the bosses have to talk to me. He even does tell on people. Shea is what I'm he calling, does right? tell on people Shea? all the time, though. He always tells on people. Nonsense. When when I actually, at the one point when we were banned and I fucking went off on him and was screaming at him, he went and told on me. And yeah. you see, maybe I'm untouchable Jim right now. I'm just unlovable. No, he told Cass. That's I'm unlovable, Jim. Yes. The next one is Pete from NYC who also had a What Would Jim and Eric Do that I wanted to include this just because they took the time to write these in. I did not want them to go to waste. And Pete from NYC says, this is purely hypothetical, but I know this guy. He's a real douche. Walks around wearing lame spandex headbands. Would you, A, tell him he's a douche? B, ignore it and let people laugh at him. <laughs> C, tell him he's a douche and join the others in laughing at him. And I know I'd go with B. I, I would just ignore this clown. What is he, in no, the darkness? No, I, I call him a douche. He's putting him out to everybody else <laughs> you so think they can all laugh with he me. He doesn't seem to think that th this guy is lame or anything. He's lame with what he's wearing, but it seems like maybe he's kind of friends with him or it might be him. I I don't know, but you know, spandex headbands. You would like that, though. You would no, not. No, I don't. Laugh I don't. I don't rock the spandex headbands. All my yeah, headbands not are custom that. shape. Yeah, they're custom shape. But maybe he ripped apart his spandex leotards to make this headband. Now you can be your DIY with him for your headbands. You know, just because you don't own spandex pants is the only reason you don't have a spandex headband. That, that's you. the I don't only think reason. I wear a spandex headband. You know who wore spandex the best of any man who ever wore it? There's one guy and one guy only, Eric. Jean-Claude Van Damme. That is David Lee Roth. No, yeah, it's David Lee Roth. You see, he's shaking that ass. I'm telling you, I had problems. I, I, I really, just imagine Jean-Claude I really discovered myself. No, I discovered myself back in the day seeing that David Lee Roth. And I remember the one video, yeah. and I can't remember. Dancing Mike would probably know where it's almost like a black and yellow spandex. And he's shaking his ass in the camera the whole time. Whew. Nah, not sure if either of you Fan could even relate. Up, not sure if either of you could even relate to such an obscure and ridiculous situation, but I appreciate the advice. Keep killing it, Pete from NYC. I just went, ah, yeah, wow. I love David Lee Roth. He makes me laugh so much. But that is the end of mail section number four, and we're going to go back to some more books. Who is the guy whose songs all seem so long? Who's the guy who can carry a tune? Who is the guy who's butchering good songs? Everyone knows it's Reggie. And Reggie's voice is so low. And Reggie sings so damn slow. And he sings in monotone. Now it is time for Reggie.
And we are back. We're back. There was no no backup Hello. singing there, right, Eric? No, Hello there. there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing there, there son? Uh, what the hell's going on with you guys? <laughs> hey, You're he breaking couldn't help the ambiance. The Hello. Was, hey, was that's the joke, the son. <laughs> he can't help it. He cannot help it. And what we have here, what we have here is the super section. There we go. Eric has always wanted the super section. We got it no. once before, and I was happy. Yes, we're going to get it again with new Superman, Superwoman, and Supergal. And, uh, it's an amazing yes. section. It is. It's synergy at the extreme, and we're going to start with Solid <laughs> over there. Solid <laughs> over there is going to start off with new Superman. Give it to me, Solid. New Superman number 16, written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Brent Peoples, Richard Friend, and Hi-Fi. Right here on Weird Science. <laughs> Continue. Do you remember Fu Manchu, Hong Kong Fui and Kato too? It's the end, the end of the Yellow Man. It's the end, the end of Charlie Chan. Do you remember at Ferris Aircraft? How cold his friend Pie facing stifled the laugh, and Thomas cried where no one could see. We need Keenan and we need him fast to knock these white folks on their ass. Or maybe more Mr. Moto movies we'll see. Eee. High speed Keenan Kong Red Dragon. Let's go. High speed Keenan Kong Red Dragon. Let's, Let's go. go. High speed Keenan Kong Red Dragon. Let's, Let's go. go. High speed Keenan Kong Red Dragon. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. See? I finally got involved. Uh, I just like to, I'm telling you, I started like, <laughs> face. I wish he was in this. Oh, uh, yes. I, I this... kind of wish there was a list of, of great uh, Asian caricatures yes. from the days gone by. because Days gone by. There are so many that should be remembered and laughed at you know i mean but, uh, obviously remember- not even just comics but you know any sort of you have an asian guy in any jerry lewis movie and you're bound to have some really awful fun with that uh yeah and you have uh what's his name andy rooney in uh oh god breakfast uh, with awesome. Tiffany's. That, yes, yes. that that's that might be one the of worst, the top right? ones i would even i would even throw uh david carradine's guy what who was his mentor kane <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm telling you, that's bad. But I'm telling you, that Andy, Andy that's the worst. It's that was what, so that was bad. It's Charlie so Chan, I think, bad. really is the Charlie paramount Chan, yes, of yes. just total. Now, horrible I'll, I'll give you one thing that uh, the end of last. Chinese. Yeah, the end of last issue uh, of New Superman, Reggie, me and you were doing it together. Eric was gone that week, and yeah. we were doing that, and it did make us laugh thinking about how giddy. awful. We got a little giddy, yeah. We did, and thinking how awful. And I have to say that it it it's not subtle. I won't I won't say that, but it definitely well, I heard is that done. This is the first issue that Eric opened it up, and he was like, "Oh, finally." He, they're he's all found, Chinese. I finally <laughs> get it. He didn't realize. Now I get it. He's like, I, I didn't realize that all these characters in this book were Asian. He, yeah. he finally gets it. No, I, I actually have to say that it's worst. done. it was done very well. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not done. And, and Gene Luan Yang is doing this. To me, it was not overdone. It really you wasn't. You've got to put a lot of it on Brent Peoples, too, the, the yeah. artist, because it's very clear the stereotypes are very overt. Yes. But at the same time, not 
so yeah. overdone. You know, you got well, you got and Bucks, it's only a couple pages, but yeah, it's only a few pages. And, and then you it's get seen. The idea. You get yeah, the, you get that's the what I'm saying. Idea. Yes. And you get the idea because then he ends up using – Keenan uses his X-ray vision that can also see other things they say. But when he does that, he actually sees that these are just standard Asian people, you know, Asian yeah. Americans that aren't, you know, these stereotypes and things like that. I thought that was really good. The problem is, is I just – it ends up being like maybe this should have been just a one shot somewhere else down the line because it really doesn't do a ton for this book. Uh, you know what I mean? You're just there. I just so, don't know what we're doing in this pocket universe time frame. That's what I'm saying. An illusion this, that makes all I understand look what's like going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I understand the concept, I, but I think it I should have been a one shot. I understand exactly <laughs> where you're coming from because I felt the same way. I would much have rather see an entire issue of Asian stereotypes. Oh, I yeah. really definitely would rather have. <laughs> I, I'm I would, saying. I would have loved to see them go into an opium den and yes. be like, oh, honorable sir, would you like to smoke the opium, please, sir? <laughs> Here's you know, the thing. Just like, I, I know. Stroking you sound an Indian. Doing wizardry, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is the problem is I, I, I know spaces. it sounds awful, but – I needed one ancient Chinese secret line. That's all I needed. Yeah. But no, it to me, I like the concept of this. I think it's a really, really cool concept for Keenan, who I see every time DC puts this book on Facebook and it's a preview for it. You unfortunately you get the worst things show up like, oh, I don't need this, you know, Ching Chang Chung Superman. And this is not me. I love this book. Right, but you right, see right this. Or you see this like, oh, and, and the people get even worse with the Oriental. You know, I don't need an Oriental Justice League and things like that. And it's awful. So I like the idea that Gene Luan Yang is actually playing with the stereotypes now with Keenan being Superman in this book, but also throwing it back at the old stereotypes into the older comics. It just is kind of forced into this issue. That's now, the thing is, I don't know why it's needed here. Well, here's the thing. Can I maybe go and guess maybe because he has come out and said that the this book was going to end at issue 18 yeah, it yeah. was definitely i think this is just something he wanted to have done i think that he wanted to show this scene and show keenan do this and kind of fight this whole racism in the comic dc comics there's, history there's, there's and he wanted to do it explaining though that you know a german army came stole this red yeah, dragon yeah. and he's going to get know, it back but it, it just really it, da, da, da. You, you can, know, white, I love basically it. white people suck. Plus, it's a chance to see Slam Bradley, who also made his debut yeah. appearance in Detective Comics number one, just like the crazy huh. wizard see, that the All Yang has. Yeah, you got the I Slam Ching Bradley. has become the All Yang. Yes, he has the All Yang. Uh, that's what Eric but, I mean, usually people, calls people himself on the dance a, floor. People calling this just a Chinese Superman or a Chinese Justice League, like the way his powers work are totally different. Yeah, yeah, and to yeah. me, way more interesting. You know, I, like, I, just, I really yeah. got. I, I, I. I didn't think I would be this into no this, the key, the especially key this far it, along. I, I really enjoy it and like well, how it limits he, him in some ways, yeah. but you know he can do pretty much any one thing, you know, in a way. Or at any the end of this things. issue, because they keep talking about like, oh, you're gonna learn that ultimate last power. I actually yeah. got excited thinking, yep. okay, that what is it gonna be? I wonder what it's gonna be. Also Solar with flare. that. 
And also with that, though, I still want the Green Lantern Corps. You have to show me this. I the really Green Lantern want Academy. it. Yeah, the it's, Academy. It's supposed to go beyond 18, so... And you you would imagine, and I, I don't want to be, but you would imagine it would have, like, a green paper lantern, right? That would, that would probably be the oh, look. Oh, God, like I hope a, so. That would well, be you know, so the cool. The green lantern from Alan Scott was from China, right? The uh, meteorite fell in China. They had hammered it into a lantern. An old yeah. school lantern, so maybe well, that's be that. what I want. Yeah, I, I hope that we get that because I think that. But like I said, this whole thing—it's a great scene. It's really good, but it lasts sixteen pages, and you know, after that, you go from there. You do get the all yang. That seems to be really that and the red dragon. It is pushing the book forward, the red but I really, th- I really do think that. It is Gene Luan Yang where he thought that it was going to end and he really wanted to do this. It was set yeah. up issues upon issues ago. Issues, we issues saw it. Ago. Yeah, they ended yeah, so, it with the cover to Detective Comics. So I'm wondering like, if it was just one of those that – fucking moon. Yeah. I, I just wonder if this book, he knew that it was going to continue and he knew that he had – like they said, listen, no matter what, you get 30 issues. If it, if it works out past then, that's good. But you have a – I think that this would have played out a little more you know, set I, up, I a little know. more I, through I, that. I definitely agree with you, but I think that for what it is to set the okay, tone yeah. that he's supposed to be pissed off at, at yes. white people essentially yeah. and like because for pilfering uh, – I'm pissed you know, off the, at the, white the people at the dragon end. And also yeah. for you know, uh, the stereotypes. Awful. And I, I really—I uh, no. I think it works, you know. But I do believe—I I do think you're right that it was something that was supposed to maybe happen later, or was even I, I, supposed to be maybe to be like a something longer. One-off. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have liked that because I really—I love the concept that he then uses his vision to see that this isn't real, that these yeah. stereotypes aren't—you know—it's not actually what's happening, and then goes and and takes it to him. Plus, gets to the point even at that point where he's going to use his heat—he's going to kill him. Yes, old slam bang. He's about to die with heat, and it, <laughs> and then Keenan pulls it back, and he says, "You know what? I I feel my key. It's nudging me." <laughs> and he's like, "I'm gonna do this," but then it pulls yeah, it back, it, and the key is gonna show him what to do, but also what not to do. I thought that that was again also a really good progression of the character, and yeah. to me, he's now actually from that this scene to me is a more mature character because of it. I really like it. I love that. I really do like this book so much and it's your book has been kind of like the little shit that you root for yeah really just just being a straight-up hero you know he's not a perfect person but no No. hero is you know but yeah i I really at this point especially the way the book ends so he wakes up in like out of his induced two-week coma yeah i really like that he's in his like you know superman or like you know like the rebirth like the black suit like superman was after his death i'm like you know i really like that idea too just putting him in that black suit like that so he is sort of like the return of Superman after yeah. the, after the first Doomsday battle. It's, I, I didn't just, even see it that way. I saw it more like his yeah. weird wetsuit. But yeah, I just I wanted like to Eric know where I could go and get in a two-week coma. That's what I need. I, uh, more it, milk. I water, said that's got to be the most comfortable. Can you, pl- please do it. Yeah, that's the uh, bucket. To, I need it. I need that. But yeah, he comes <laughs> too, and everybody's all happy, right? It's it's good. Well, Ming Ming comes much, in. You know, then he's he's a little weird about his mother. You know, he's yeah, still kind of like fucked up about his his mother being well, Doctor. His Oman. mother's a bit overprotective because this whole thing is weird for his mother to be Doctor Oman like this. Because I I told you I did not go back and re uh, read the last issue once I missed because I meant to. I never actually got around. 
a big fight scene. It really yeah. was just a fight I, scene. I pretty the much last picked issue. up everything I needed to know in this issue from it, it seems like. But um, this whole idea that, you know, Dr. Omen is his mother for how she acts, like, even the fact that she has a different face, and we're just kind of not dealing with it. It kind of irks me a little bit. And the fact that you're like, all right, you're my son. I've been calling you a piece of shit this whole time. And when he wants to go and find this freaking, you know, the red uh, jade dragon, he's yeah. like, yeah. Hey, you can't do that. I'm going to shoot you with this goddamn kryptonite gun and lock you up because that's yeah. for your protection, though. Yeah, and I, I'm it's saying also, it's also her like endless, you know, uh, work for China. You know, it's always yeah. country first. And her. and uh, remember again, I, I'll just keep pointing out that he did think and came out and said that it was going to end on issue 18. So I do think we're going to have a rush thing yes. uh, with this. And you even with that, me and Reggie read the last issue and talked about it on the podcast, and it was just a fight scene. And then all of a sudden, it never really ended because Akinan, you just end it in two panels, three panels afterwards. Like, yep, those people disappeared, and that team, you know, that American team, they escaped. And you go with that, and yep. I think we're going to get <laughs> a lot of this. And everybody I, else is in the crab shell. Telling you, yep. you weren't, you weren't uh, reading it with us. I, I, me and Reggie both want to know what the China White Triad, what the fuck happened to them? They were they there, and then they like, disappeared. Later. They were gone. <laughs> you, they really, they were like, I'm yeah, smell here. you later. Yeah, we're out. Bullshit going it was on. so funny. They just disappeared. And there was uh, so many characters. Like, at one, it was, at it one was point, a battle they royale. They drain away like they pulled the plug out of the oh, fucking I'm telling you, it, it was a battle royale going on. But, it was uh, nonsense. But I, I think, but, yeah. to be honest, the big reveal, the big secret behind what you know, the, the truth about Keenan's mother might be like the last issue, what was intended to be the last yeah. issue, two more issues away yeah. reveal. So that's yeah. why we're getting teases of it, but we're not getting any real Yeah, you're getting teases, plus you're getting a we- that weird deal. Your dad's somewhere. He's safe. I have a tracker on him if you want to go see him. No, not right now. You know, I'm busy yeah, or whatever. You know. I'm like, really? That got shoved aside. And then he, out of nowhere, Keenan, if he's a superhero, if we think he has matured, if we think he has gained a lot of character, he, he doesn't get the idea that, you know, Dr. Oman, his mom and his dad really don't like each other that much because yeah. she's like, I put a tracker, he's gone, just he's safe, whatever, but, don't well, worry about to it. To Eric, uh, a mother putting a tracker on her child is yes. just protection. He, I'm that sure is, well, Keenan right? then Can says, all I, yeah, Keenan, all I want is us to be a happy family. I'm like, eh. say, my, my parents never knew where the hell I was growing up. Go some kind of track. I've seen pictures of Eric as a kid. I've seen pictures of Eric as a kid. That tracker would have been near that fucking refrigerator a lot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like couch, refrigerator. There you yeah, go. That's how they tracked him. Track too far. And I'm not saying anything, Eric. I don't want to get involved. But so yeah, anyway, then they the, go. The, 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 the uh, Justice League of China, they're all, I, I love the fact they're all buddied up. They're all together now mm-hmm. again. Uh, they've all been through a big ordeal. Yeah. So there's a reason for them to actually yeah. be closer as a team. So it didn't just happen because... They said it did. We actually saw it and happen in the comic That's one book. cool thing because going oh, into this I issue, I really dislike the dynamic of the team, how they are actually oh, a I love team it. and they want to be together. When they like are that. actually they in this. They've yeah. earned the, the ability to be this way because they've fought a lot and they've had a lot of experiences together. Yeah. And like this is the way you grow a character. And all yeah. these characters, they're not yeah. the same as they were when we first met them, and they shouldn't be. They really have uh, and, you know, grown uh, into something to, that I'm you can right really enjoy reading. Uh, when when they are actually in the BUV 2.0 yeah. and Robin Bot is driving, it's well. Uh, just seeing them together, just it's it's cool. 
I, yeah, I actually cool. had a smile that, oh, man. That, and then all of a sudden, Mecha Bat sequence engaged. And That's awesome. It's so good. And Keenan's like, what the heck is a Mecha Bat sequence? And then you see it, and it, it is. It's awesome. And I'm they you, start that, attacking. It does bother me, though, because while I do like the whole idea of the Mecha Bat sequence where the Bat uh, BUV turns into a g- goddamn Mecha. Yeah. It just shoots a goddamn missile out. What? Why doesn't anybody know what the hell it's shooting at? It seems like nobody gives a fuck what this goddamn yeah, missile is going next. They're not talking about like it until after just, it explodes. It seems like it just activates to a threat, but yeah, it ends up being the Justice League, and there you have Batman in the middle, and it throws it off a little because of everything we're dealing with in all the books, yeah. uh, but still okay. The, this one... I'll give it a pass because, number one, I like it so much. But, number two, you could even go with this being a slightly out of the current continuity. Oh, yeah. You can always play around with it that like, way. In my mind, so I like it. in the horizon of what's going That's on what just I'm right saying. now. Yeah, so yeah. I it's would not, like it's that. not even close to happening. Plus, this book, like you say, it had to be kind of truncated probably or yeah. rushed along to, in order yeah. to get to the conclusion so that uh, he it, wants to get to. And I, I don't know how much more we can we can praise this book you know what i mean and we want everybody to read it and i do think it deserves i just i wish that gene luan yang would would recognize us reggie we're here (laughs) we're here to love him and we push it we have to be one of the biggest supporters of this book the the scat benatard you know made a song all about it yeah Uh, yeah 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 you gotta do. You gotta do it for the love of the book, Jim. I'm sorry. You can't. It can't be all I about can't, you. I want to have tea or, or something. All these other, you know, podcasts and sites seem to be giving these huge uh, scores so that people will be nice to them. We need somebody to be nice to us. Though I know, I I know all the stuff about Gene Luan Yang, and he supports, you know, the educational uh, reading yeah. and stuff like that. I don't know that he wants to hang his hat on us. Probably, you know, no, we are not the greatest not. of guys. And we have You're Eric. So right there, it throws it out. Literati, you know no, I mean? we are not. Uh, but we love this book. We really do. And yeah, I, I, can't, I can't deny that I had an absolute blast with this book. Yeah. I have the same thing, the feeling about wanting a little more of that stuff in the beginning. But yeah. at the same time, uh, maybe we shouldn't. I wanted Maybe. less of that because I Maybe loved so much of what we got towards well, the end. Well, that's the I meaning. That I too. would, I wanted that, but in a separate deal. I really like I, I that agree, idea. Yeah. I think that if we got through, we get. I mean, we really want to get this Justice League of China together, go out and do their thing, have them set, and then have Keenan do this and maybe a special two shot. Uh, where he right. does I go think, back. I think a one shot did. would do it, you know. Even but, that, uh, but a special kind but, of a but like side. I, say, I hear where you're coming from, but. Maybe, it's still good. Maybe we shouldn't be wanting such a I thing. Know. You know what I mean? <laughs> or maybe we should. <laughs> I uh, don't know, but I did. Like I thought it. the art was a little rough. This issue, at, it wasn't at points. At, not yeah, all. I liked it. Sometimes it was it was just perfectly fine. Other times, some of the faces look a little crunched up. Or I don't know. Uh, yeah, these actually, slightly yeah, off. But I agree with uh, that. Not not horrible. Nothing that would like ruin the comic for me. No. So in the end. I had a blast with it. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. All I'm going to go to the same. Day. Yep, I'm going to go to the same. I liked it that much. I really enjoy this. I think the dialogue is always good. Uh, you're kind of setting up. This is one of those series that's been like one long arc, really. You know, the mm-hmm. story just is a long, much, slow yeah. burn deal where we're getting this whole whole deal. I'm with Eric that I thought that the stuff with Dr. Omen and her face and things like that was shoved aside. So I hope that you're right, Reggie, that in the next two issues uh, we do get to see that. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I had a blast. I think that the Justice League showing up will be pretty funny. I want to see how Batman reacts to the other Batman. That so seems I. like it'd be really cool. And I do want to see Batman make uh, some sort of comment towards Robin Bot, which yep. will be and almost like, huh? I never thought of that. That's a little better. You know what happens when that robot dies? Uh, we repair him, and he's really? fine. Come back as a maniac. Huh. It's good. Yeah, really. Did he ever come back as a you know a homicidal maniac? No, no, no. He never did. Oh. All right, that's good. But yeah, I think that that'll be funny. Uh, we've already had. They, see, here's the thing that gets me: is Superman's already hung out with Keenan, so yeah. he has to kind of. He can't There's be no that reason. against He's not gonna come him. Attack these that's guys what I mean. And it's cool to see them. Simon uh, there, you so. know, with with Wonder Woman, and you know, you have that deal. So I'm looking forward to that. So I go eight five. What do you give it, Eric? I really love the second half of this book with the whole team interaction and just, you know, Keenan taking charge and being a more confident character and like that and the whole lead to the whole them fighting the Justice League. I think this seems like a lot of fun and I really liked everything we got with this. That first half, though, it went on way too long. I have a score. I know what you're going to give it, Eric. Because that goddamn, it's it's just this whole thing where we have the freaking, the red jade, like a dragon. And I don't really get a whole idea of what this whole goddamn thing is with the all yang. Like, I need to show you this illusion of what shit looked like in people's minds in 1937 because no reason. Okay, let's go to this Jade Dragon. Now, this is what we need to get over here. So when you go back, it it served no fucking purpose. It was just this terrible thing to show people. No, he did. That's all he wanted. He wanted a lot of chop suey houses and and (laughs) freaking what's it called Where's the uh, rickshaws so you have the rickshaws <laughs> and you have a lot of cleaners we we get I really it like this we series, get it. i give it a, this issue a 6.8 <laughs> out of 10 oh i thought you were gonna go seven i actually I thought see. you were gonna be positive you are just a negative you dropped, dropped in point two because we were making fun of That's right. that <laughs> is true that is true i want a i need a, a suffers look at this I need a Chinese place that's called Best Food in Town, like in our town, Eric. We almost went there today, actually, uh, but we did not because Logan still thinks that that is a place that people sit on uh, cardboard boxes. He still gets upset about that because they have a lot of stacked cardboard boxes in the place. And when he went in, there were well, people sitting on them. because they give a lot of cardboard boxes. People say order a lot of Chinese he food. He got upset. You don't sit on cardboard boxes in your restaurant if you want Logan. He's not in. He wow, thinks that that means out. it's crazy. Though tomorrow we're going. for that. Don't tomorrow he is. He's too refined. He, he is a man. No, no, they're uh, right. It's the best food in town. He is a cultured yeah, man. Uh, not, tomorrow. It's Demi faint praise tomorrow me and logan are uh, me and him for lunch are going to get sushi we're going to a sushi place just me and logan tomorrow so there you have it there you have it take that cardboard boxes there there's no no he won't go for that he don't play that he said you have chairs you don't sit on cardboard boxes it really disturbs him he said it the other day he will not stop saying it but here we go last book for reggie solid reggie what is it it is Superwoman number 15, written by Kay Perkins, art by Sam Basri. Hi-fi. I was thinking about my powers. Forgive me if this goes astray. See, I got these awesome powers. Let me tell you about them anyway. I thought it was a solar flare. Then it was red kryptonite. I gotta obsess over these powers because my powers are really tight. 2,000 hours later, cities over. Oops, out of here. 
I didn't see that nightmare because I'm blowing kisses in the mirror. That's I can relate. Ah, yes. Superwoman. Superwoman, Reggie. Here we go. So how about that energy hole creating goddamn midnight? How about that character? This is not a a good issue, and it, it, it pains me. This is one of those books that when we talk about it, I really, when Kay Perkins got on, or Perkins, as we like to say, Reggie, we learned that the last time Eric is not here. Uh, I really, really want to like this book. book. Yeah, because she says she's forced to do that, but she'd rather have Perkins, and I would like you to go with her wishes. I I I want you to go with her wishes. Family diner, Perkins. I I think that's exactly what we said. I love Perkins. Yes, (laughs) I I really think that I like the art a lot in this issue. Yeah. I, I like think the coffee at Perkins. I like the pancakes at. I, I like the pan- I don't like pancakes, but I wouldn't mind pancakes at the thing. If you ever went to uh, another restaurant, Eaton Park, Eric, you would like the smiley cookie there. But that has nothing to do with this book. Where's Eaton uh, Park at? Eaton Park. Well, when I where I saw it, it was in West Virginia. When I went oh, to okay. college, I think it's more like that sort of area, maybe Western Shouldn't Pennsylvania it be in as well. Eaton, Pennsylvania. Eaton, no, Eaton Park because it was going to be called Park and Eat, but that was on a uh, most restaurants, so they called it Eaton Park there. Uh, and I'm going like with Perkins, this because though. I really don't have a lot to say about Super Bowl. Well, here's my problem. What I was going to say before Eric rudely interrupted me about talk of pancakes Terribly rude. is uh, I do believe that Kay Perkins would have been served better to kind of not add all these characters in the book. I, I really think this book has too. Many they characters would have been in it right better now. At Perkins. <laughs> we really would have with, with an endless cup of coffee. But right. no, uh, I think there's too many characters in this book. The book really doesn't have a direction at this moment anymore. And I no. thought that that's what she was getting towards. And this issue throws it all off. I don't understand why Maxima is still in this book, but Supergirl isn't. Because we saw the last issue, Maximus showed up. That is a character that's friends with Supergirl. Supergirl's disappeared, but we still have Maxima. There's no but reason Maxima to have her staying, in this. But, um, isn't she supposed to be at the Crucible? Like She's supposed to be at the shit? Crucible, I don't really yes. What's going on. Why well, that's like the problem. And then you just had her doppelganger that got sent back to the Crucible. Like, last issue to this really does not play well together. Like, there's no, no real good transition, but Maxima's Plus, still we there. Got, we got... Asha and Tracy 13 back again, yes. you know, and I, I'd forgotten Tracy 13 was even in this book. I yes, I, I actually pile. did too, and that's uh, why, uh, again, I don't think she needs to be in this no. book, but it's kind of in there to have the Maxima, Tracy 13, and Natasha kind of discussing, you know, their gay relationships, which that's fine and dandy, but it doesn't do anything really for the overall narrative of this book, unfortunately. And because of that, it throws it off. What I need in this book and what I think that she should have went with and stuck with was Steel, Natasha, and Lana. That's all you need. You need those three and work on the whole relationship between Lana and Steel because that was what I liked at the beginning and then it got wonky. Yep. Even when the book sucked, we at least – maybe we were mad at Lana because she was a bitch to Steel, but it still was something we always talked about and we wanted – and I wish – and yeah, I wish that this whole part since Perkins came on was all about Lana trying to get with Steel and be nicer and trying to go with that. But we're still even dealing with Lana like, I don't know how I got these powers. Well, we're past that. And we not really I mean, are. The, the thing is, I feel like so far since uh, Jimenez, since, uh, since yeah, Perkins yeah. took over, that it's just been a successive point where she's like, Lana's like, I have the power. Now yeah. I can do it. And then the next issue, she's like, where did I get these powers? This is Man, every issue seems to start again. Yeah, every issue is a restart. 
Yeah. And, and yeah, and now in this one, you're getting back to the what again, Phil Jimenez's big thing, and even before that, with her character and the truth, like you're you're going with the anxiety stuff again. And the problem with me is that she never uh, Perkins. She's not grabbing onto one thing fully. It's all yeah. these little things going on that never hit. So you have and Lana there. And Lois showing up in here. Yeah, for, and then Lois shows up. There's too many characters. I, I really thought this was forced. The way they addressed the fact that she's, you know, not the original Lois, obviously. Yet yeah. Lana, like, just leaps out and grabs her. So happy to yeah. see her. I and says, like, the best friend. We yeah. left the book. She hated her guts. I mean, yeah, I there, there were points when they didn't like each other. And, and it's they, were, just, they were just working together as Superwoman. Yes. But ever since Reborn, I've never understood the connection now. Yeah, yeah. And it starts off, and there's Lana. She's trying to figure out her powers. Again, this is just, let's stop this. Let's get on with it. Get a story going, and you have Midnight, this crazy virtual virus I don't know what Midnight type is. of black it's hole. The the net it's the dark net that's what it is we we have this going on and the, you have her also she's writing her story her editor comes in who's overly nice like hey you know i bet you john's at home waiting for some loving and you know don't work too hard and it just nothing hits like there you have the oh. her reporting thing i okay. mean that, that's literally a scene that you might happen at my office and i have to tell yeah. you you don't want to read a comic book. No, that well, that's what I mean. So you start off with her anxiety. You want to read a comic book about me that, that, huh, at the office. Looking at YouTube's about serial killers and true crime all day. That would be good. I, cool. do that too. I wish we could do that. Uh, I just sit there and yell at Eric. That's all I do all day. There's a comic for you. I yell at him. I build little things out of cardboard. He builds wood. little things, and then he comes over. Can you hold this <laughs> string? Can you hold up this mechanism I made with the string? I'm like, I, I know they're going to come out, and I'm going to be the one who gets in trouble. <laughs> they're going to come out. He has this fucking elaborate I'm set that it's, it's taken him three months to build. <laughs> no, it's because I have the worst luck. I'm sitting there holding this goddamn prop. That's when they come out, and then I don't know what to do. I'm not going to throw you under the bus, though. If this happens, you're getting right under that bus uh, i don't I'll know what the fuck bus, like what's going on tonight. i don't know what the fuck this is he got the fucking i don't know he's making computer consoles out of cardboard i don't yep. know oh yeah yeah but yeah the, well, I don't I don't what else is there to say fucking virtual goddamn monster that's breaking through to our reality yeah. using energy holes that are kind of like black holes but not that are sucking people they in suck energy and, and she's people. absorbing the power of this and allowing her yeah. to do more things like at the one point when she comes out she can now speak, she says, even though she was speaking before that. So I don't know what's going on with this yeah. character. Just sucking yeah. people up. And in the and meantime, Lois. Well, now, she, Lo- now she can speak more eloquently. Is yes. what's oh. and, and Lois is in town to, to do these goddamn. Few there's just a yeah, few days to thrill all, right? She's she's investigating these kind of uh, disappearances. I actually laugh because Lana so herself Lana is, is a reporter. About, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And that's like, I know that Lana at one point was going to do that freaking, you know, the. Uh, uh, ecology type. Remember, she was going to be the science thing on TV at one point. Yeah. Now she just seems to be a, a reporter columnist. for the paper, a columnist. And Lois shows up. I'm thinking Lana should be pissed. She's stealing her goddamn story. But oh, you, she has you, no idea about it. It's like she's so no. self-involved. Yeah, I know. Well, thing. Lois shows up and, and then goes and, and goes and visits Steele and then Steele looks sexy and falls on top of her. I thought that was inappropriate. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But yeah, they have these energy deals but all through Energy this holes. it's just nonsense my mic Hello? got a little my what mic happened? got all wonky i i just was hoping you were continuing on without me holes or anything like donut holes that's what i'm wondering delicious i 
the the exactly the center of your energy. The no, sweet, no, center you know, no, that's not true. What donut holes? If they're like that, then they're never going to satisfy you. Because I could eat the seven trillion donut holes, and I still I, want more. I don't think that's true. That is true. Indeed. First of all, challenge. Let's I get think, this going. I think seven trillion <laughs> donut holes is a lot. I I, that's, that's the last lot. time I, I had seven trillion. That is a fact. I actually tonight I had a triple uh, at Wendy's and I thought about Eric's eight triple challenge and I'm calling a complete goddamn bullshit. I ate one I and I thought I was. I thought I was going to vomit. To my, you know, people are like eating perfection at that. No, point. there was no way. Never. I already, you, you I already medically it. proved why you shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, well, we really. all know I shouldn't do it, it, it but it was a worked challenge. Out something like eight pounds of undo, you know, yeah, oh, it's nonsense. Your colon is so impacted by that point. But yeah, so this black this black hole midnight uh, you know, monster starts attacking them. It's going after Lois and Steel. It seems to be Steel is like the chosen one. It's gonna go after Steel because he's important. Lois, you know, avoids it. And steel gets swallowed and up. This is the and weirdest part too, because midnight, go, like you know, it comes after Lois, and it like it steel stops or gets in the way. And it's like, look, you're too, you're too strong, you're too important. I'm going to go after the other one who's not as strong. And then when steel goes out and gets in front of Lois, now out of nowhere, yep. steel isn't as strong and gets absorbed. So I don't know yeah, what the I fuck midnight's playing at. Same way where where it was like almost like it changed its mind at the last second. It was like, okay, now I'm going to absorb steel. Oh, that's all. all this Even though he was power. too strong. Yeah, actually, I didn't think that it was saying it was too strong at first. I actually thought that it was one of those where uh, it was going to swallow both of them and figured, well, I'll get this weak one first and then I'll come back to steel when I have to do some, you know, extra heavy lifting. The, the I actually thought like, that's I'm going to get this weak one first. Psych. Yeah. yeah, actually, it's like you have eight triples. And a thing of five nuggets. You can eat the five nuggets first. Just get them the fuck out of the way. Then you eat the eight triples. Yeah. Is how I thought. But yeah, it ends. Up, it this is nonsense, though. It really isn't that good. But Steel gets swallowed up by it, and Lois is falling. All that. And then I thought the issue was over because that is a pretty goddamn good yeah. cliffhanger, at least. And then we have this where all of a sudden you go off, and now we're going to have Maxima talk to Tracy and Natasha about how, you know, we at the Crucible, we accept everyone, gay, straight, anything, dumb, smart, I whatever you want to do. I did, I did appreciate the tips on scissoring, though. Not yeah, for, that not is for true. Me, but for other people. But yeah, it's friends. just – this is and and I remember when Maxima came out in the in the Supergirl book in the New Fifty Two, it was uh, Mike Johnson and Perkins, and they they really were pretty proud of it. And but what was good about that is the character was developed and really was developed to the point where I really loved I loved it. I loved that run, their little teeny run of Supergirl at that Crucible, mm-hmm. and it was really well done. It was, uh, but here it's just thrown here. It's just thrown in here as if she's like, well, I had this character. There weren't a lot of people reading that Supergirl run. I really want this to be, you know, had, I want to get this out she again. She didn't get to finish. Yeah, and it just, it, but it just doesn't fit. And it's just, I understand we have this, but it just doesn't fit don't here. Don't add and, more characters when you don't have enough for the other ones characters. to do. That's what I'm you're, saying. You're you have too many characters. Superwoman, for God's sake. Yeah. She's still running in place from where she was Seriously. in the fucking very beginning, you know? It's, it's like... It's, 10 characters in a three character book is, is yeah. what this ends up being and it's a real shame you don't need Lois Lane here you don't need you need oh. Steel like I said Steel Natasha and, and Lana and, Ronnie, and good. 
and solid. I'm telling you, Natasha, we don't need Natasha every issue. Comic books, but we yeah, need, to yeah. have them running this cast this whole time. I want Steele and Lana to be in every issue together yeah. doing things and come. And Natasha shows up, you know, half an issue there, whatever. She doesn't even sure. need to be in the whole deal, but she's there making tech and making the you suits see and stuff. Steel in this issue, really. I know, yeah. It's I, just that the big part is him getting swallowed up. But yeah, yeah it's just you don't really get a lot of Lana. I mean, really, there there isn't a lot to say about the actual characters in this book, and not, I just that's it. I'm done talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the well, end, though, as we get to the cliffhanger, where Lois shows up, she, like energy is a yeah, spouting offer to the rest yeah. of the people, and she's all like, "Steal, take, and help me." And the big thing is, people might be wondering, like, you know, oh my God, what's up with this energy coming off of Lois? I want to know how Lois survived that fall because Steel was above buildings. Yeah, Steel was above. That's, was I'm telling you, you see her. that she, where she Steel gets hit. She does look pretty fucked up, though. She's bleeding out of the nose and the mouth. She's a goddamn zombie is what this is. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know why she looks like she was eating at a, a soup kitchen and got shit on her. Uh, I guess that or might be blood. It looks eating like she Perkins. just can't eat. She was eating at Perkins, and, and she was eating, I don't know, a uh, a large stack of pancakes and, and it's just nonsense. It really she is. Coffee on her endless coffee. You just gotta again. I'll go back to the beginning. It. I really, really want to like this book. This is one of those books that I'll gravitate to. That I think, and I say it all the time. I think this all is of like, us. I think all of us keep wanting it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were the ones who were really pushing the idea that this should be a strong book when it first came no, out. We definitely. really wanted to like it. Yeah, and this with every is, new yeah. arc, I think we're all like, okay, here's a chance to, you know, put things right again. And it just is never, it just doesn't seem to be happening with any kind yeah. of rapidity. I need all. Lana to mention she's an electrical engineer at least three times an issue. We got to get I back to that. I love that. I love Lana in the, you know, the new 52 and Greg Pox action comics deal. I, I really did. And then get, giving her powers seemed cool. I think that one of the big mistakes. She, well, the thing is she was so compassionate. Yes. And to me, that was their difference from Lois. Whereas I, yeah. and maybe that's the switch now after Reborn is that Lois is the more compassionate. Now Lois is and Lana's kind of, I, know, I just, I really. Type, but, since they don't play, since they're not with each other constantly, you don't see that yeah. dynamic play out. I, I it just, just it just makes yeah. Lana seem like a bitch all the time. I, I just wish this power thing didn't happen. I actually wish that Reborn made it so that she didn't have powers, but she still had the suits that Natasha made, and go with that. I don't need every cool. issue of her like, oh, where's the powers? I, again, this is all like me and Eric won it from the truth with Superman back in the New Fifty Two. Show that Lana, like you said, is a compassionate, great character. She doesn't need powers. I mean, that she's just a great person that has become a superhero above and beyond having powers yeah, she or not. Could be Lana she's a Steel. superhero. That would actually yeah. be awesome. And it would be great for her going around. You have Steelworks. I mean, it's a perfect time for her to have suits and things like that and go with it because this book is not going to last forever. People have already said that the, the writing's on the wall. This is ending probably in February, somewhere I around think I heard there. February, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you got why, you know, nothing's going to stick anyway. So I wish they would have said, okay, Reborn happened. Doesn't make sense because Superman didn't die now that there wasn't the solar flare that went. And she's still talking about it. Just have her do suits, and that's what it was. But the suit remembered her powers. And then what would you give it, Reggie? Uh, you know, I don't know. I guess I was feeling pretty good about it. Really, it's not – I found this to be a mediocre issue more than a hateable issue. Yeah. I like the I like the introduction of a new villain, even though it doesn't really make a whole I lot of sense. Any, but, I, yeah. You know, I, I do like the existence of it. Uh, Baltimore gave it a seven out of ten. Probably would okay. go six point five out of ten uh, after talking about it. I like the art. I really do, and it's I funny. Like the art. 
because by the end when it's actually maxima and, and tracy and natasha in there for some reason right when that hit and lana's there as well it started reminding me of art like that would be in an archie They're book and just i was like, like in caligula right that's what i was thinking of. exactly and yeah. i was like oh you know what i really like and i the art's great throughout the whole thing steel looks great uh lois Colors looks awesome nice and bright, lois, he, amazing. Uh, lois mm-hmm. looks great and even this midnight which i have no this villain is wonky and all that i love the art with it so i i can't give it you know real low marks but because of just the nonsense of this book I, i'd give it uh, yeah, i'd give it a five eight maybe a six i'll go a six i'll be all positive right. because all of right. the art but yeah uh what would you give it eric i'm saying eric's giving it the five one but then that's just me what are you giving get it get the fuck out of here <laughs> what are you giving it <laughs> 5.1 out of 10. You're going to give it more than that? No, that's exactly well, what I'm giving it. Oh, see, yeah. there you fucking, go. Nef- that's fucking bullshit. Stop reading my goddamn mind. Shit, no, that's the, the thing. I, I he yelled the- bullshit like he, like he was going to give it a 9. <laughs> it's yeah, like, what the I hell? Thought, I, thought, I, I know you what you're giving. Jim was uh, undercutting you there. For yeah, really. Oh, hey, man, he's fucking calling me no, out. No, like here's you're the thing. He knows you, so you're mad. This is 145 fucking episodes. I've done this with you. I know what the fuck you give. You're usually a point below me, but you would not give this a fuck you five because of the art. Five the art one. is amazing, but yes. everything else in the story is fucking nonsense. The character work is terrible. They throw things out there that don't matter to the story just because they want to have more things to do with the characters. But except for tell the goddamn story, I don't know anything about the freaking uh, the villain. And it's just a whole bunch of nonsense that really needs to move on and just Oof. go away or just completely get another reboot. Yeah. Girl, <laughs> what what's your score, Eric? This is terrible. Oh, five one it is. <laughs> I nice. knew it, but yeah, uh, we're gonna go off now to another super book. Uh, is one that I still, again, as we're recording this right now, I still haven't reviewed. This is the worst I've ever had Uh-oh. with not doing a review. Where I and I said to Eric earlier, later, I don't know how it's gonna tie in here. Uh I actually have hadn't missed a rebirth review since we started since rebirth, uh, and I've now failed. So and now I, I'm along further with... than me and Reggie. Whenever we did get behind, no, I remember the one right. time Reggie had one, and I believe it was a Harley that somehow it like didn't show up in the the review copies, and it was something that Reggie. I, I, do you remember that Reggie? That it was like vaguely, there was, vaguely, but there I was got a to weird thing. Next week started. Yeah, oh yeah, but there, there was a weird thing that you had no idea that came out, and none of us caught it, and then all of a sudden you were like, I think you messaged me. I was at work, and you're like, holy shit, I didn't do Harley, or maybe you thought you did. It was a no, funny I, one. I, I, sometimes I, I think I just glossed over Harley. That's what brain. I think it was. Yes, I do as well. Yes, hey, indeed, but yeah. Hey, but we're going to go. I did Ragman on Wednesday. Yes, you did. Week, yeah, Wednesday that was a little snafu so. as well. And that was my – I said that to Eric that I was going with it, and when I was going, I thought – Okay, Reggie's doing Ragman. We thought we're going. And then I didn't realize because I see all of the previews and I'm sharing previews. I'm like, yeah, there was no Ragman preview. Okay, you know what? And I should have realized right then. And this was earlier where I should have been like, huh, Reggie didn't know that that's what we thought. You know, I'm Johnny on the spot with the previews. So if you don't see it up there. That's why. And it didn't even cross my mind. And then I realized that. But again, it it was late. And then I said, I'm going to be up late. I was going to do it. And then I didn't finish mine. So shit happened. And then I couldn't do it. So we're going to go off, though. Now to finish up the super section with me and Eric talking about Supergirl. 
And it's time for Supergirl Eric Shea. All right, the super section keeps going. What? Where's Reggie? He just went off. He went off into the ether. He was not about my horror movie nonsense. He left. He said, enough of that. I'm out. And I don't think he'd want to talk about this book either because we are continuing with Supergirl number 14, written by Steve Orlando. Eric, here we go again. Art by Jose Luis, Norm Rapman, Michael Atea. And Steve wants. Steve Orlando uses Keenan Kong and I Ching to get Kara's powers out under control, but instead of showing us that, we mostly see a lame Rocket Red go all schizo on a Mongolian village after being shot down. While that should be an international incident, it's all worked out by Supergirl freezing the bad guy down to his underwear and everyone making out like it's habitat for humanity. It's yeah. nonsense. That that is one of the biggest things that I have a problem with. You really do have an you international have incident. You, no, yeah, I, that too. <laughs> you, you have an international incident where it does. When we get to that part, a rocket red has been shot down by they say the Mongolian government. Yep. But yet nobody comes to get him. Nobody cares. They just leave him, and it becomes one of those like, hey, we can all get along. I thought well, Rocky was going to come out. They're all about getting shit out of their airspace. Once it's in their then their land space, they're like, all right, so they don't care. care. We don't so worry about this shit flying no more. over and doing nothing that that causes incidents they, when they, they like land that air there. way more than they like that freaking land. Yeah. No, I, I think Rocky showed up and started. You know, if you could get along. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's all it is. Rocky solves everything. It's Rocky Red Rocky is what Red, that yeah. should have been. That's what it should have been. But yeah, it, this is – it's a typical Steve Orlando book in the nonsense level. There's a little bit of wonky dialogue. Uh, this might be one of his better – books though and, that's and it still is, sucks even going right into this whole thing this whole idea like i think the goddamn the supercharged powers that kara has it was kind of a bullshit story that never really went anywhere right. and when we go into this what feels like a one-shot kind of deal where it's all about getting her powers under control i like the well, i like the idea not yeah, a one-shot thing, but like a story about getting those powers under control because you set this up we got to do something with it so i like the idea of going the new superman and i ching because you know new superman king and kong He's been dealing with the same kind of deal about getting his powers in order. So it kind of makes sense yeah. if you go with it. Yes, but he wasn't it shot by shot, anything. Though, it takes all the goddamn steam out of it. The thing with it, though, is Keenan is trying to learn his powers, that his power is from within. Kara has been shot by Emerald Empress and, and Selena. They shot her with a at first a green laser it seemed then a purple laser with with selena and it overcharged her powers where we had dr veritas try to fix it and she couldn't she could not do it but at that point it was going to burn kara's cells apart it was going to burn her from inside she was going to become a disco inferno they got that under control but dr veritas says there's no way you know there's no way you can change this you're gonna have to deal with you go and somewhere along the line since then and this is only a couple issues ago steve orlando thought you know what really don't want to deal with this number one we never really found out what this really was what it was that affected her so now we go from that step to this step of kara just showing up with keenan and i ching and he's going to get her key in order and then that's going to do it we never find out what those powers still were it's bullshit it's bullshit it's putting it under the carpet because he doesn't want to deal with it and i think that he can't because he doesn't know how he doesn't know how to do it he's the one who set this up if yep. this was Eric Shea came for a two uh, you know two issue arc on my book and somehow gave Kara super extra powers and then I'm like god damn it I got to get myself out of this and I tried to do it but he set this up it was a major part one of the biggest parts of that freaking emerald eradication arc that he had because that's where you had the whole setup of the uh the national 
turning on Kara yes. because she was destroying everything. But just like in Flash, instead of giving us a legitimate explanation and telling us what happened, it's the negative speed force again where earlier we heard where Barry's running with Wally and says, oh, you know what's great? It siphons off to him. Uh, case closed. Now now I can go back to being Flash stuff. Don't set up shit that you can't fucking undo yourself, that you can't figure out a great way or a good way to do it. This is a cool thing to do with Keenan. It's not that I would say, okay, Kara can go to Keenan because Keenan's using his key to discover his powers. That's not what's going – it's just nonsense. Now it's going to get her to get rid of this extra power, and it's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. It infuriates me that he did this, though I love seeing Keenan and I Ching. just makes me laugh because we love we love new Superman. We, we yeah. talked about it two books ago. And the problem is nobody's really reading it. So you have a thing here. And Steve Orlando really does not do anything to set up who I Ching is, really, who Keenan is. If you're not reading the new Superman book, I don't know what you think of this. Because all of a sudden, they just go into it. And then and then I Ching has, well, you know, your Kryptonians, they, they knew about the key. Not really, but they did subtly. No. And, and look, your S. It doesn't. It's not just a symbol for hope. It's also that no, no. It's a symbol for hope. It's a it's map a, symbolizing yeah. the winding path yeah. we must no, no, all no. walk. Yeah, that's not That's like me saying my name's Werner, W E R N E R, and that is the no in the, the my key that shows that I'd have a winding road through the no that that's the alphabet. You know, yeah, th that is the Kryptonian alphabet S on her crest. If, if for some reason she was a Martian and that was a fucking pyramid, they would have done the same thing. It's fucking nonsense. Now, I do like the fact that he's kind of pushing towards almost like the, hey, it's like the ancient uh, where you get holistic medicine. Right, so right. you have, you know, oh, we're going to give you, you know, all these shots and things like that when in, in fact a lot of, you know, holistic people and somebody who would, you know – study that would say no you have to you have to put your plant at, at a 90 degree angle there so your energy can flow you know what that that gets you more sick i'm telling you no 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 and that's you know it, it just gets to me and personally i know that this is going more towards the spiritual asian you know type meta you know that sort of thing what it reminds me of are these people who don't want to believe in modern medicine and end up having their family members die because they don't believe it they're gonna you know they're gonna go the old school way well that's the and, thing is jim I, it's not that I don't believe in medicine. I just don't believe in doctors. And one goes with the yes. other. I'm just screwed all around. Well, I, I thought possibly when when Supergirl shows up, luckily at the beginning, uh, we didn't see this. But in an off panel, I Ching was gathering his leeches. He was going to get his leeches, and that might leech out this extra power. Hey, plus, he had to leech off that power. Plus, he thought maybe – Maybe – I don't yeah. know. And if she eats a hot pepper – that will get her, uh, you know, her Q zone in her stomach at a higher level to go with the the B zone of her liver phlegm. It's nonsense. It's just you know, nonsense. What's funny to me is I was just trying to make a silly little joke there, but you know, why didn't we get parasite out here to try to do like leech yeah. off some power? Tell me, uh, get some leeches. <laughs> not just the <laughs> leeches. Parasite. Saying, though, like the whole yeah. thing too. We're like we could even do go that. back to this whole there thing. There you have a good story to me. For a while where everybody was using parasite and then screwing him over in the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. And the truth that was so great. <laughs> they kept using him and promising him the world, and then when he was done, they're like, really. And basically, Gotta at the end of the back to freaking yeah. you know, uh, Strikers Island. Yeah. Remember at that point. 
point, it was Bell Rev because he was in the Suicide Squad. And the best part of it was every time, and Superman especially, they they use Parasite. And he's like, all right, now I get to go free. Come on now. You really yeah, thought we were going to set you free? That's how it always ended. But this – I wish that this was a better issue that people might read this and think. Because if you're reading Supergirl, you may want to check yourself. But if you are, you may be inclined to check out New Superman. Just because it's another monthly book, it's kind of a – but this doesn't do anything for me to get anybody saying, oh, my God, I got to read more of this New Superman. It's just wonky. It just – it really infuriates me that this issue – I don't mind a one-shot. I don't mind guest stars. It's that you are trying to get rid of something that you set up for four or five issues – Without telling us really what happened, but then and, that, and also was, you're not, not seeing not enough telling of us it. What happened? Because you know her her powers are supercharged. Just the idea that she can go in here and like Keenan's been freaking you know working at this for a long yeah. time now throughout his entire series so far it seems like. And Supergirl comes in. She has one meeting with I Ching who says, "Look, most people got to walk from you know Earth to heaven. You got to go from heaven yep. to Earth." And then halfway through the issue, she realizes, "Hey, I know what that means. I'm cured." Yeah. And, it's and just this is that a, simple, folks. And really, yeah. And if you're just if you're reading new Superman and want to read this and like, oh, what's a Supergirl again? You get one little editor's note. She got shot by a mysterious gun that sent her powers haywire. Oh, thank you. And Good. they move on, and that's like you said. Uh, you have I Ching trying to get. Uh, Kara to get to her key so that she can kind of get her powers in line and they end up hearing with their super hearing a rocket red crashing in Mongolia they don't know that it's that at that point but they hear it and now we have and basically we have what to me is a complete and utter ripoff of Luke on Dagobah saying that he has to go and save his friends that's exactly you can't go now this is the dangerous point if you leave now but really that doesn't come into play at all. No. That's where you have I Ching. It's actually the best thing for her. Yeah. She, actually she ends up she figuring out herself, it seems. Yeah, for the most part, she teaches herself. I Ching thought he was teaching her, and in fact, she was teaching him all along. But yeah, you just go and it's the life energy and stuff like that. But they hear this and they have to go off. And when they get there, right before they get there in Mongolia, you do have a Rocket Red, which is a Russian guy. He's part of the Rocket Red program and he got shot down over Mongolia. He crashed into this town. Uh, I guess it says it's Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia. Oh, he crashes in and everybody comes rushing to him and it's about to get to World War Eight. You have guys with guns they want to know what's going on they don't speak the same language so they're you know it's miscommunication and things like that what steve orlando seems to want to be doing in a social justice warrior way is to show listen Yes, there's times where certain countries are against each other. Uh, that That's the main guys. These are the leaders. But the, the regular people, they should be able to get along. But you see that they don't have a way to really talk until they do, where a girl shows up and says, oh, I speak Russian. Because at this point, Rocket Red's like, look out. My suit has an auto-destruct. Please, everybody, are you listening? You have to get clear. He seems very concerned for and the people around him. And he's trying to lead them backwards while they have yes. guns pointed at him. But eventually, and he seems like, when it yeah. does explode, there's the, the language barrier screws him over because now they think he's just a terrorist who just blew yeah, up a yeah. section of the but goddamn town. But even that, you, you can see what he's doing and you can see the body language. At some point, one of these guys should have been like, they don't understand him, but he legitimately is trying to get them back. And he's like, come on, get back, get back. Then he's like, move you. And he ends up saving some guys. Then they're like, what? You're a bomb. And now you, you still have Rocket Red like, listen, I tried to tell you, idiots, the suit has self-destruct. Wait. And this girl just shows up and says, hey, uh, wait, wait, 
And he goes, oh, my God, you speak Russian. And now in this book, Steve Orlando is trying to grab onto that thing that Gene Luen Yang does, that when somebody speaks Mandarin, it's in yellow. I forget in the book the, the color. In, in Mandarin, everything is like, you know, spoken with a normal thing. When it's spoken in English, it's blue. Yeah, and in here you have a purple for Russian. You have – it's all over the you place. You have blue for Mandarin. You have purple for Russian, and you have orange for Mongolian. Yeah, yeah, and, and then you even have a little uh, English. So that gets thrown in too because at points when they say just regular English, it ha- it's that's regular print. So it's all over the place. But while this goes on, this girl shows up and says, listen, wait, wait. And Rocket Red's like, listen, you speak Russian? And she's like, yes, I learned in school. My name is Alton Setseg. And he's like, oh, mine's Navoy Maximovich Komarov. At this right, point, no. at this point, people should have been calming down. They really should have like, okay, they're talking. Hey, girl, what is he saying? Oh, you know what? He, he, they think you're a superhuman bomb that just fell from the sky. No, no, listen. And, and what happens though? He goes, you just fell on our town. They think you're an enemy. He flips out. He flips out. Enemy? An enemy? Now he's Iron Man. He's going to shoot all her with the Iron sudden, Man. He be- like the freaking macho Russian bravado that yeah. this character just has out of nowhere. Nowhere. It's just Rocket Red number yeah. 77, I believe it is. So it's just a random yeah. Rocket Red. The bravado comes out. It's all the machismo, especially yep. when Supergirl, because like, he's not going to be talked yeah. down to by at a woman. This point, at this point, with this mom and things, it makes – this is a little girl. And she says, you know, I learned Russian. Okay, please. You have to listen. Everyone is scared. They think a superhuman bomb just fell out of our on our town. They think you're an enemy. I understand he got shot down. I understand this. But he should say, wait, what? No, I got shut down. I don't know what's going on here. I no, he flips out and he's going to kill this girl. And then he seems to, I don't know, stub his toe? <laughs> That is is that supposed to make it seem like that's the sound of of him shooting because he ends up hitting a rock and it goes look and then they open fire you pull a weapon on a child and they start firing and then he, you attack me oh my goodness gracious and and they're just, I, I just and, the idea that you like this person like if you're just walking and you happen to see, like hit the goddamn rock on the ground with your like shoe that's yeah. enough for people to say oh my god open yeah. fire open fire just that little sound is ridiculous yeah. to me it, it, this is this whole thing and then that's when Keenan and Supergirl show up and they're like hey everybody has to stop the, the Mongolians are kind of like oh my god the Chinese Superman you're here uh in the meantime, they do go back with the whole thing. Like you, China, you don't have any shit here. This is Mongolia. We don't have to listen to you. They they actually go to that route at one point. But that's like, oh come on, you know, you already opened fire. We just got here. They don't know they're coming. No. It's just ridiculous. Kara knows Russian mainly because she says, you know, she's studying all. And this was set up when well, she that's knew Mandarin earlier. To freaking in Russia but, yes, as well. But she was scooped up before she even said, you know, that's just there so Steve Orlando can throw that at us again it doesn't make sense why she would know the i'm language. telling you the whole idea too though where she says i speak a little russian the way she's talking to rocket yeah. right in this i'm like she understands this a little bit of russian more than i understand english Yeah, i mean a little bit of russian is like listen calm everybody you know work it out she's like i speak a very little bit noy i landed here long ago it, it was the first human language i heard yeah she got the fuck out quick but yeah they're doing this and you have just this mob scene of these people going and you have listen i don't speak you know i don't need a chinese superman and american supergirl here to handle us we're in charge here why was he flying in supergirl says to rocket red like why were you flying over mongolian airspace we never find that's classified i don't answer to you or them now he's 
just he's he's insane. He yeah, is completely gone insane. insane. And you do see that that the his suit did blow up because you know they don't want to leave evidence and things like that. But at yeah, this it's, point, it's Russian tech. They don't want to at, fall at this point head. as a Russian rocket red who was over Mongolia. I think that the main thing that he would want to do and would have done immediately is fucking ran. There's no way that he wants to get shot. He doesn't want to get captured. You would think that the Mongolian government who shot him down would be there to kind of collect him or see what's going on. They never show up, but nope. he would think they would be. This He would be out. He would have an escape plan. He'd be out not sitting there, like you said, with this Russian bravado screaming and then getting mad because no one talks down to me, girl. No, shit's gone wrong. Then he you know, does like a, a sonic attack. It, it ruins things. They get carried is about to uh and give Kara's him losing her shit because at this yeah. point her powers are still heightened so this ultrasonic yeah, sound is killing her killing her and then she goes to use her heat vision which would be overpowered keenan's like no 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 you can't do that and that's when she realizes I Ching told you yeah you and this is where i ching and we see i ching there hovering there yeah you, it, again now it's luke with obi-wan he knew him for a half hour, and he's fucking running his whole life on He's like, oh, you know what? That's right, because I Ching told her to regain your powers through focus and ritual. You must fall from heaven to earth. In huh, the, in the meantime, get it. In the meantime, Keenan has to go from earth to heaven. Do you, you yeah. get it? You get it, Eric? And also, I also no. love the whole thing. You don't get that? I also love where Rocket Rocket Red, he's seen some He-Man comics. He doesn't really get the full phrase, though, because he, he says, I have the power here. I have oh, the power here. Like, he's misquote now. Yeah, like, what the? And that's where Kara's like, okay, I, I just thought, heaven to earth, I do get it. Ha! I do get it. I get it. You get it. And what Supergirl I want. is back out of nowhere. Status quo yeah. preserved yeah. and yeah, brought done. back to life. Ends up ends up frost, you know, freezing him, but not to freeze him because we're out here. Huh, you think my exoskeleton recycles my internal heat. You could never freeze me. No, that's not what she's doing because then she touches it and it shatters his armor. So obviously the armor is as good. The exoskeleton, it's great forever. You get shot, Eric. It's not going to hurt. You Just don't get lost somewhere cold. Because the no. shit's gonna break. It, it makes no sense. And, my, and then he's he's in his undies. A, you stupid child. These people will kill me now. Yeah, now they're gonna kill him. They, yeah, because you're fucking yelling and screaming. Yeah. At this point, also, you've never even had Kara say, "Okay, you sit down and you guys put those guns down. I can speak both of your languages. I am here as a mediator. Listen, what do you want to say? Oh, I just want to tell him that I'm not a threat. He's not a threat. What do you guys want to say? Uh, we're gonna, they're gonna kill you. Uh, okay, no, they didn't say. It just nothing ever gets resolved, and they're just standing there. But it gets resolved. About things get immediately no, resolved. No, that's what I'm saying. It gets resolved to just be resolved, where you then have them rebuilding houses. Somebody gave well, Rocket we Red some jeans. Then we do a part, everybody. Let's work yeah. as a team. Yeah, just ridiculous just ridiculous and where this always ends up is this is how steve orlando's books go especially supergirl where things just end up happening to happen because then they're walking later shanghai later also i like the later because he doesn't want to spell it out because uh, it'd be bullshit whatever he says how quick supergirl learned how to do all this stuff and get rid but yeah her and keenan are hanging out she's got her key in order and now sure powers are normal they're they're normal yep. now we just go and uh, now they're you, eating soup dumplings. 
Yep, soup dumplings and the mystery of how you get the soup and the dumplings. But then we go back days later to Catco Worldwide Media, where Ben Rubel and Kara are there, and Cat Grant, uh, you know, tells them to come in. Also, yeah, this is something that gets me in this book too, because both Ben and Kara, pretty much. I wouldn't even call them interns yet. I know they are, but they won a contest in a high school, or at least what that is school. Cat Grant's like closest associates now. Cat Grant tells them every single thing that she's going to do. She tells them the most top secret things. She goes on and on. These are just kids that won a contest. You have to have somebody under you that you could trust more than these people well, you, you know have what, no Jim, idea. You know who else just won a contest? Charlie Bucket. He got the keys that to the chocolate That is true, factory. but you know what? At, at least you got the everlasting gobstopper as a tool to try to figure right. out if he was trustworthy. I'd like to see Kat, with all her nonsense, trying to figure out everything about Kara because Kara's background we say this about Superman all the time when he goes to the you know the Daily Planet and they must not have looked into anything uh Kara not only it should be wonky what her whole thing is but it also was just wiped out so anything that she would look into Kara and her past and her history about where she grew up and all this there there's a, a lot of gaps and it seemed like it was just all erased by uh, Cameron Chase when she left on the road with Laura on off to do their detective book. Their wolf Eric. man freaking, you know, hot ass <laughs> wolf detective man work. detective. But yeah, and and Kat's like, listen, uh, I'm going to tell you something, and you are under threat of uh, an NDA that could stop a bullet. Hey, okay, Kat, we, we get it. I know that Steve Orlando really must cackle to himself when he writes Kat Grant's uh, thing. It doesn't play out. It doesn't. It, it's not reading well. Uh, but then she's like, listen, uh, where is it now? I, I accidentally scrolled. She's like, national cities divided on Supergirl. She abused their trust and mine, as I've subtly hinted at. That will not stand. Supergirl lied to me. I want to show people what else she lied about. But she's not invulnerable. Not really. Uh, you're, you're going okay. too long. You're going too far here. You just told us what you're doing. You're going to show that she's lying. But she's not invulnerable. Not really. Not to the truth. Time we prepared our counterstrike. Oh, okay. Well, whatever, and that's where she says, and I don't, I don't want, want her to see it coming. And I don't want to see her coming. Of course, she's right there. It's Kara, so we know that's kind of a funny it's thing. Kind of, it's, in my mind, it's the same thing as we had Warden Wolf talking about, like, I'd like to see the Flash yeah. come in yeah. here. He's talking to I don't mind that. that that's, that's classic comics. It's pretty good. But, yeah, you have the whole thing where she's like, you know what? On Krypton, we believe science held every answer. It's the whole thing. You know, sometimes truths come from within, and this is Steve Orlando's pseudo-cliffhangers to gym. show that Kara – and I see these reviews oh steve orlando gets the character it ended with her realizing the power was in her all along i've had enough i've had enough of this book i've had enough i love supergirl not this book this book is a bunch of goddamn nonsense then you have next Kara danvers versus supergirl oh my goodness holy moly eric i don't understand it's a roller coaster ride of emotions book is nonsense it, it's complete and utter nonsense and this is a one shot and, and maybe more coherent and and you know than others but it's still fucking nonsense i hate it uh though i love the art the art is I great and the if the art, art, the if art Jose really Luis like, stays, you know, puts this up to yeah. where we had before in my mind because before it just seemed like a child's book from yeah. where the artwork because the dialogue didn't help anything but even though the dialogue isn't like great still 
the art really just propels it to that point where I could say, okay, this is going on with the rest of the DCU. It is yeah. more important than I originally thought yeah, because yeah. the art is just that good. The problem is, though, it's just that good. It's just that easy. But it's yeah, as good. you go, though, the whole point of this issue is for Kara to find out how to control those powers or, or just get rid of the overblown, you know, hyper powers. But yet, 90% of it is a stupid thing with Rocket Red 77, uh, you know, yelling and screaming at Mongolians uh, and really does nothing. And I hate it. I hate it. I give this a 4.5. 4.6 of that is art, Eric. I, I'm telling you, I give this a negative in writing. I, I can't stand it. I, Steve Orlando, somebody has to stop this madman. Please. I don't know what he does. He gets a pen in his hand. The, the pen is mightier than the sword because it kills me every time he picks it up, Eric. I'm fucking laying there bleeding out. And he just laughs and probably sits there and writes wonky dialogue to fucking, you know, put me out of my misery. What would you give it? I give this an issue a 5.8 out of 10 because I really love the art. And I actually, like I said before, I like the idea of the story. It did not pan out, but at first I was really interested to see where it was going to go because I'm like, this is going to be an arc where we have to get like, like calm these powers down to get her back to her normal status quo. Once I found out it was just a one shot, it's very disappointing. But for what he threw out there initially, it got me at least on board until it all just fell apart. Yeah, but I, 5.8 out of 10. I wasn't on board at all. And again, I got more explanation of the negative speed force than I got about these hyper powers. And that infuriates me just as much. I, I just can't deal with these things happening where a guy writes a comic and doesn't even know how to explain what's happened in his comic and then uses a fucking wonky way to get rid of it by not explaining it. She just – the power was with, within – there's how you ended. It's all done. But we're going to go off now to what I believe will be mail, right? Sure. We're the, here we, we just sure. did the super section. I believe we're going to go off to some mail. If you would read my mail, Jim, want to tell my words would tell. But if Harry tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. But when you reach the part where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. Yes, Eric. The nonsense, it never, ever takes a break. And we're going to end oh, the God, mail. I need a break. We're going to end the mail of the night with the Dave section, starting with Onu Davis. says, Hi, Jim, Eric, What's Reggie, up, and the entire GFC. Boop, Beep, bop, boop. Well, I'm a dollar over my pull list as my local comic book shop was sold out of normal copies of Action Comics 989. I had to buy the lenticular version. I must admit, it's a nice novelty. I agree. I never bought those old ones, and I forget which book I got, but I got it sent to me by DC, and I thought it was pretty damn cool, and my kids did like it. See, comic feels more substantial. I agree. My kids were intrigued, moving the cover back and forth, and if you swish your fingernail you back and forth quickly. You yell about those lenticular covers I know, because so I never got one. I think much. it's nonsense. I do think it's nonsense for to throw it out there, and if people are going to buy it, they're going to buy it, but some of those back in the day, it seemed like a lot of places only had those lenticular covers when we had those September events, so I, I did think... 
it, they overdid it at that point, but yeah. And it, this is the best, and he's right. You you swish your fingernail back and forth quickly across that, and you can make a cool rap DJ noise. Oh, yeah. One. That's what I say. As for the comic itself, it was another average issue for me. On paper, there was a lot happening. Terrorist attacks, war, Jarrell, and Lois meeting, etc. It's just that none of it felt important. Doesn't feel like an event. I think Eric pretty much nailed it for me with his review on the site. <laughs> Finally, Eric. Look at that yeah, shit. A, a, a fucking broken clock's right twice, right? Aww. You know what I'm saying? I agreed with his score and his opinions on everything except for the art. I'm not a fan of the style where all the faces look the same. I felt the same about some of Fernando Pessaran's work on the Justice League. Same face style, different hair. The rest of the art was fine. Did they have puffy lips, Eric? Did, did, no, did they did not have puffy lips. Okay. I don't want to be too negative. Action Comics is still where I want to be. I just remember being more invested in the revenge arc by the third issue, and that wasn't an event. I'll be positive and hope for a good conclusion. Maybe I'll treat myself to a few extra comics this weekend. So I stopped picking on Action Comics and appreciate it. Now, you have these the events. Facts isn't really an event either, though. Well, it's not, but they they're pushing it as because they're also pushing that what I was gonna say, at least you're not, you know, in, in tune with the panic in the microverse that we had ads in the comics and then we get to that fucking nonsense. Hope everyone is doing well in the GFC beep boop. Love having the podcast back as part of my daily routine and we love having you back. Not too sure right, the man. other guys in work get it. What the fuck's going on I'll hear every now and then. Why that's just Jim's classic impression of Sam Humphreys. <laughs> <laughs> might say or that's just dancing mike singing well what's he singing about i'll hear don't worry about it i have to say back uh to get back to work some things can't be explained kind of yep. like the devil's hand eric right. oh new dave you like my sam humphreys impersonation like your tim seeley better oh my tim seeley did you I, I can't even remember which one that was. Was that like, hey, hey, guys, what's going on over there? Is that my Tim Seeley? And then he I says, and I'll read this. British. He does say, sorry, Jim, I had to rush this email before work. My punctuation is way off, which it was not. Hope it's still readable on air. Hope you're doing well, mate. And yes, thank you. And thank I love you. y'all. I love hearing from you. And yes, anytime you want to get on, you know, on my side, you just tell me my impressions are tap notch. And then I'm in. And this is Dave J. Dave J says, hi, Jim. Or hey, Jim and Eric. Poop, poop to the get fresh croupie. Doop. I've got some time to kill between rounds of Friday the 13th, so I figured I'd drop you a line. And Dave plays the Friday the 13th game, and I asked him how it was, and he said, if you have a group, it kicks ass. Uh, Eric, you would probably not have a group, so there you go. I probably You'd would not done. have a group. I no. tried to probably find people online to have You'd a group. Be like, Dave, I'm sure there's one of those like, guilds you or in. whatever they do. I think they oh. still have that kind of shit. D- Dave would let you in. His oh, yeah. group. And then they'd make fun of you. He'd send me messages like, listen, Eric, Eric's a nice enough guy. The biggest dick. Oh, it'd be so great. You get on, and then they're, they're in the middle. Of, I don't really know exactly how the game plays out, but you have, you know, Jason's going around, and you and Dave are working together. You turn around. You go there. There's a goddamn cabin. You go around the cabin. Somehow they have something hanging in the cabin, and you're like, wait a second. That is from this. But next thing you know, you're both dead. You're fucking there. Continuity kid strikes again. Dead. The thing is, they're all pretty accurate. They actually yeah. have a. They put a lot of time into the maps of this freaking game. Hmm, did they? You know yeah. this, don't you? Because you, you spent as much time playing that game as you read Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider. Yeah, the thing I, is, I just, though, I oh, I know. You watched tons played. of videos. Yeah, I told you again. You, you want to talk about Stormy saying advice? I told you when you were doing this that you were going to burn yourself out. I told you every day. 
don't you're gonna burn yourself out you will never get this game no no i'm planning on it then you realize you don't even have a system to plan no. on and i don't want to get involved i just finished listening to your review of Dawnbreaker from last week and i was a little surprised that the discussion never mentioned red lantern rings since one of the big issues people had with the book was that it basically broke all the rules of green lantern rings do you think it would have made more sense if a red ring had come flying down to bruce uh, the thing is he says he doesn't have He's any emotions yeah. whatsoever so no uh, now he ends up getting wonky now if he had maybe something like the travel lantern and he was cycling through things maybe that the would be kind of cool lantern. the problem is is you're getting these characters that have to be so shoehorned in and forced to be a member of the justice league that you have the how jordan connection even though he's not even in uh only can mean to me why they had it and we got an explanation from scott snyder while why metal had uh, Hal Jordan, but now I'm starting to think a lot of it has to do with it'd be tough to have an amalgam of Jessica and Simon as a Bruce Wayne deal, and, and Bruce doesn't have that too, connection. Like, actually, no ring at that point besides the Green Lantern ring, which doesn't make sense either, wouldn't make sense because they weren't really out and about at that time frame. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. So I feel like it makes more sense on a few levels. Bruce seeing his parents' murder is much more of a rage event than a willpower event. I do agree. What they were trying to push is that he could overcome fear. The problem is he didn't seem to overcome it. He seemed to be a psychopath that couldn't yeah. feel it. There's a big difference. I See, know. That would have been cool, too, if the Dawnbreaker was a fear lantern and it came to him because he had great fear for the thing that just happened Well, that's what I'm him. saying. Know, if like you changed it, yeah, but he didn't. He didn't have but any But even then, like, you didn't have the Sinestro core in that time frame though so it doesn't make sense yeah. either yeah, there isn't a Red Lantern on Earth at this point that I know of, so there isn't a continuity issue with a ring being available. We've seen other characters that Blaze and Rancor yeah, become intelligent Red Lanterns, so I feel that it's less of a stretch to see Bruce overcome that aspect of a Red Ring than overcoming the no-killing settings of a Green Ring. No oversight from the Guardians, no nothing to hold Bruce back from being the complete tyrant if he wants to. Now, I will say that the other thing that might happen by the end of this and metal, there's a possibility that maybe these Bruce Waynes get saved somehow. You ain't getting saved if you're a Red Lantern. You nope. take that Red Lantern ring off and you're dead, you know, unless they do a Supergirl and Bruce flies into the sun, Eric, and, and then you're okay. Or they God have a Blue Lantern, Red but they're Daughter not really. Krypton did not yeah. make any sense at all. Yeah, I, I don't know. And basically the whole thing is just to set it up to so that Hal can fight that. I would have liked to have this whole thing where these these – you know, Dawnbreaker comes in. He's like, oh, you know, don't have Hal fight him. Have Superman fight him. You know, go go a little opposite. Don't go the strength to strength or whatever. Do a little, you know, mix it up. Mix up the game, Eric. See what goes on. I, I would have liked but, it if it made sense. Yeah. Well, I'm saying if you're going to start a fight, we had this. I forget one book. Remember what? Oh, it was at the beginning of Metal when you had those Mecha guys come out and you had Wonder Woman just fight the Mecha. That was the Wonder yeah. Woman Mecha instead of like, why? Why not her fight the Flash Mecha or, you know, that sort of thing. That's but the whole plus, thing. If you and I were fighting this arena, I'd go after the Werner Mecha because I know it'd be weak and short. Yeah, weak. I'm telling you, you go after the Werner Mecca, that, that Mecca is going to slice your goddamn throat, then dance in the fucking puddles of blood, and then maybe slice it again. 
Yeah, that mech is not stopping. And all of a sudden you realize what they what it ties around in that is there's the, the dark universe Jim Werner starts fighting you and you realize just the hatred that I must have for you because this dark universe version of me is just spouting hate at you. And then what happens is the lights go on. You are fighting me. There is no dark well, universe. Course. There's no dark multiverse, Eric. It's been me all along. Slice in your throat. Plus, I think (laughs) today I was yelling because there there was a discussion about friends and things like this. And the whole thing came up and it's like, oh, you have friends. You have Eric. I don't even know where the fuck he lives. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, baby. I know where you live. I was yelling. And then I said, he's been to our house one time. Yelling. Plus, I think it would have been more fun to see Atrocitus get swallowed up by the darkness after he came to Earth to challenge Bruce for being too powerful. Just curious to hear your thoughts on that. That idea. I, I think that it would have been uh, visually better uh, for the Red Lanterns. It would have made more sense what he does. But what Sam Humphreys is doing in that book seems to be jumping around and kind of playing things from all levels. He wants yeah. to have him get the Green Lantern ring because he can overcome great fear, though it doesn't seem like he feels anything. But once he gets it, then he seems angry. Then he seems to want to do this. There is no reason why a Green Lantern ring would be flying around, so that doesn't make any sense. And he just he really wants to you know have his cake and eat it too here by just throwing shit at you. And because people are taking this as an Elseworld story, which it is and isn't. It is coming from the dark multiverse, but it is coming into ours. So I think more care should have been done with this, and more care should have been done to spell out things a little better. But without that, I do think that they are using these one-shots to do whatever the fuck they want. Mr. Humphreys mailed it in is what happened. and, And I think that they're doing it, though, as kind of like, hey, this sounds cool, and then go with it. And there's nobody to talk to them and say that does not make sense. We've seen that Sam Humphreys— because nobody understands metal. Well, and Sam, I'm saying just Green Lanterns. Like the whole thing with the Green Lantern ring and the grit that it doesn't make sense. But that's what he's done kind of with this whole run of Green Lanterns it is kind of prove that he really doesn't get what's going on. Or if he does, he doesn't, he doesn't care, care, and he's going to do whatever the hell he wants. One of my yearly traditions is to watch all the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes in order. Till the quality goes to shit. He says he usually makes it to until season 15 or so. That's and he about says, as far as I get to as well. And uh, I'm a huge – it's funny. I say to Eric, like one of my favorite shows of all time is The Simpsons. But I really can't say that because I rarely watch anything past season nine. So how yeah. can I say that show is my favorite when I won't even watch more than half of the – got three quarters of the whole thing? Uh, I have told Eric many a time. We have we don't have arguments, but we discuss it. I hate the Treehouse of Horror episodes. I really do. I I don't like them Jim at all. Jim doesn't like fun. I, I just I, I I don't like it. I, I just I like regular episodes. And I think now that we're talking about this, I'm going to watch some Simpsons when we're done. But he says the Shinning, Eric, which is the proper Damn, right? deal that you know, That's my favorite. That's is one of my his all time favorite. Episodes favorite. And and really. That's the one I, I can watch all the time. The shinning is great. But all work and no play make Homer something, something. Cool, crazy. <laughs> Curious to know. And not if only you that, guys... the whole thing with the toaster time machine, one of my favorite yeah, that's segments great of that too. too. I like when he gets mad and just starts stomping everything. <laughs> uh, yes, and Eric, I, if... you, I, I have the time I walk around. I'm like, I just say to myself out of nowhere, even if I screw up, 
I wish I wish I hadn't killed that fish. Yeah. Uh oh. And the thing is, if he just would have waited two seconds more to see that it was raining donuts, hey, he, all his troubles would have been gone. But curious to eh, know. Close enough. Yeah. It's curious to know if you guys have a favorite treehouse episode. That is my both favorite treehouse episode. Sound like big Simpsons. I want to say that's Treehouse of Horror number four or five. I want to say Probably. five. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, they aren't my favorite episodes. I I go through a lot of different favorite episodes in general. Uh, but yeah, I I think right now, and I always forget. I think it's the Springfield connection that was always one of my big favorites when Marge becomes a cop. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I can laugh when when Homer. I'm telling you that when Homer sprays his fucking eggs with the pepper, the pepper spray. spray. Incapacitating. It's so funny to me. Oh, then when he, oh, what do you call it? Oh, it's so good, so good. But you guys kick ass as always. Looking forward to the first episode of Jim's issues with his bowel movements. <laughs> poop, poop from Dave J. And we're gonna go off now to Vermilion's Vision, and then we will be back then to finish up the podcast. What's up everyone, Vermillionaire here, welcoming you guys back for this week's installment of Vermillion's Visions. Uh, and this week I'm going to be bringing you guys Reborn Volume 1 uh, from Image Comics. It's the first six issues, um, and actually the only six issues that are out just yet. Uh, it's from Mark Millar and Greg Capullo. Um, I've been thinking about doing this book for a while. Um, I'm a big Capullo fan. I wish he'd come back on the podcast, Mrs. Calls In. Um, and, I, and I really enjoy Mark Millar as well. So um, it's just been getting around to this book. Uh, so for now, that's what I'm going to be doing this week. Um, and the book opens up in Minneapolis, 2002. Uh, we see someone lining up a man in, in a gun scope. Uh, then he fires a shot into this guy's head uh, before shooting a few other people. Um, and then he also lines up this older guy in the scope, kills him as well. Um, and now turn the page and that older guy that just got shot looks a hell of a lot younger. Um, and he wakes up in this exotic forest surrounded by other people. A girl is standing there and tells him, you know, there's no time to explain. I know that you look different and you don't know what's happening, uh, but we've got shit to deal with first. And we look over at this field and just see this massive army approaching them. Uh, so now we actually get introduced to our main character, Bonnie Black, um, and we get introduced to her in the form of a narration. Uh, Bonnie is an older lady. I think it said she's uh, like 78 years old, um, and she's not doing so well. Um, she's had a stroke, and she, you know, she's in a hospital. Uh, but she starts off by saying that her husband was one of the people murdered by that sniper in Minneapolis in 2002. Uh, so we can just assume that it was that older guy that then woke up younger. Um, she explains that her parents both died uh, when they were younger than she is now, um, and then we see her sitting on a bench with her granddaughter Felicity. Uh, you know, she's telling Felicity how scared she is of dying. Felicity's trying to comfort her by telling her how good the doctors at this hospital are, but, you know, it's not really helping. Uh, Bonnie's still scared to death of, of, she says, she's scared to go to sleep for fear that she won't wake up. 
but the narration continues to show the people Bonnie has lost along the way. Um, and as she's talking to one of the nurses, she says, you know, do, do you think any of us ever really makes a difference? Um, and that actually becomes one of the main themes of this book, you know, do we matter? Do the things that we do really impact the people around us? That type of thing. Uh, so sometime in the middle of the night, Bonnie has another stroke, and the doctors rush rush into her, um, and they start wheeling her into the operating room. Uh, during this, her narration is saying that uh, this is it, this is the end. And as she reminisces on her old life, you see you see her, you know, starting at seven years old, uh, then moving on to 22, being kissed by her husband for the first time. Uh, feeding her baby Barbara, and then uh, to teaching adult learning um, in retirement. Everything slowly starts going black. Um, her memories, they crumble around her as she fades out. And then she's standing there, young, looking hot again, as a blinding spotlight shines down on her. Um, a man, he comes in, tackles her out of the way, just as some lasers fire down at her. Um, then he takes out some soldiers with his gun and grabs this huge axe and takes out this, this giant fucking dragon. Um, so all the while, Bonnie's just standing there, you know, like, what the fuck is happening right now? Uh, these people and these creatures attacking them turn, and they see and they get a good look at her, and they say, you know, oh god, their protector is here. That's the woman they've been waiting for. Get the hell out of here. And then they fucking bolt. Um, so Bonnie's all confused as to why they ran away. And someone goes, you know, the savior of Adistria is, is finally here. Um, but she obviously has no idea what this guy's talking about. Uh, then the man that saves her asks asks his dog, you know, is that really her, Roy Boy? Is that is it really Bonnie? Uh, the dog runs up to greet her. Um, Bonnie's confused, you know, like, how do you know my name? Uh, and then she looks at this guy closer and sees that it's actually her dad. Um, she doesn't know if this is real or not, but they, they share a big hug, and it was actually a really great emotional moment. I had a little bit of of watery eyes a little bit when I was when I was reading this at first. Um, the issue ends with Bonnie's dad telling her that they're going to go see the others, presumably meaning the other people that she knows from from her life. Uh, so as always, that's where I'm going to stop with the details. You know, don't want to give any more spoilers for the rest of the book. But since that first issue didn't get too in depth on this Adistria place, I'll do a little bit of that now. So when people die. Uh, they come through to this place, but they all come through at different ages. So some some come through real old, and they don't last much longer in this place either. Um, and some, like Bonnie, come through young and kind of in the prime of life. People have apparently been waiting for Bonnie for a long time because uh, she is prophesied as being the savior of this land. See, uh, when people come here, if they were bad people in their previous life, they end up in the Darklands, and the good people come to Adistria. And apparently Bonnie was, you know, the best or one of the best people of all, always putting others before herself because she's going to have some incredible power in this world. The legends say that Bonnie is going to be the one to take on Lord Golgotha in the Darklands and save Adistria. Everyone comes to this land, uh, but they can't always find everyone. Her dad tells Bonnie that this land is ten times the size of Earth, so even though his wife and Bonnie's husband Harry have both died, you know, her dad hasn't found them yet. He hasn't found his own, his own wife, uh, and he hasn't found Harry, which was Bonnie's husband. Uh, so I think that 
that pretty much gives you an idea of this world and you know what's going on here. Um, actually, coming into this week, I had I had notes um, for for a segment this week for a different book, um, and I was all I hadn't recorded yet, but I had the notes ready and I was sitting down. You know, just just decided to read Reborn for fun. You know, maybe maybe for a future segment or something, um, and decided to do this one instead this week, just because I had so much fun with it. Um, it's an incredibly fast reading trade. I mean, I sat down to read it for fun and just thought, okay, I'll read the first, you know, one or two issues and go to bed. Uh, but after I read those first two, I was completely hooked and I actually read read this trade all the way through. Um, and I've read it twice more since then, and I and I I really love it. Uh, there are some points where I think the pacing is just a little bit off, um, and it progresses a little bit too quickly. Uh, but that being said, it's so much fun that I can look past that. Um, and it's only six issues, so you know to kind of set up this world and and get the story moving forward with Bonnie, you kind of have to move quickly at some points. Uh, but it does tackle some pretty serious thinking points, like you know, does each individual person matter? And what happens after we die in this world? But it it does it in a fun way, set within this world, and I think that Mark Millar handles those topics really well. Now, Greg Capullo's art is great as always, uh, but much like Jim and Eric were saying about you know Dark Knight's Metal, especially the first issue, I think in the first issue he's a little off from where he's usually at. Like, I don't know if he just wasn't used to drawing these characters yet or what. Don't get me wrong. The first couple of issues look awesome still, um, and I'd take Greg Capullo's okay over a lot of artists, you know, really, really great. Uh, but I just know how good he can be, and it does get to that level by the end. I think it just took a couple issues for him to settle into drawing these characters and all these different creatures and stuff. Uh, but I love the characters and how fleshed out Bonnie is, especially in just six issues. You know, I love this other world where they go to, this Adistria world. I love the story going on in this other world. And I had a really, really good time with this book, and I highly, highly recommend it. I think to put an overall score on the trade as a whole, I'd say like a like a 9.3 out of 10-ish. I really did enjoy it that much, and I think that if anybody out there hasn't read this yet, uh, it's a great book to check out and have some fun with. You know, even if you're somebody, somebody's listening who, you know, pretty much strictly sticks to DC or strictly DC and Marvel, I think this would be a really good book to introduce some people um, to to these other other companies and these other these other titles. Um, you know, it's not so out there that it's hard to get a grasp on what's going on. Um, there are still some superhero-esque elements to it with, you know, Bonnie kind of being like the chosen savior and having these having these uh, these powers to defeat, you know, the big bad of Lord Golgotha. Um, so, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's uh, I think it's a good book for somebody to jump onto if they haven't really read much image or other companies before or even if you had um uh, it's just a it's just a really fun read so like i said highly recommend it for pretty much any comic book fan out there 
Um, but that pretty much brings us to the end. Uh, so I want to remind everybody to uh, go check out Weird Science on their Patreon. You know, give them some po- some support for everything that they do. Get some extra shows in there, and that content's really really great. Uh, you know, I love listening to those extra shows. So definitely go check them out on Patreon. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire Three. Uh, But like I said, that pretty much brings us to the end. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening this week. Uh, But other than that, I'm going to send it back to Jim and Derek. Thanks, guys. Uh, we are going to be talking about a book tonight that it hasn't been our favorite. It really hasn't. And I told you that we were going to pick this one because I was a little more positive this week about it. Uh, it is Mr. Miracle. Obviously, you would see that in the title of the podcast. And you went and read it. I read it. We didn't talk about it because I nope. you hadn't read it until this. And right before we started, you got mad at me and said I was a retard. I said that I is not appropriate. That. that is not appropriate, Eric. No, you actually said that you didn't like it as much as me. So we're going to have one of these podcasts. We're, at it, it, we're, all. we're actually kind of going apart. I told you there was a little bit too much synergy with the two of us. And luckily, I didn't have to do anything uh, to change that, it just k- happened naturally. Eventually, me and you will disagree about everything that happens on this planet, and one of those is going to be Mr. Miracle number three. But before we go, I do want to say that we are a podcast that, that has – I don't know what I'm going to say. I wrote some notes, and, and now I've run out of notes. Here, but notes, we, we No, no, the notes – I need some other things before what I actually wrote out. We are on Twitter at Weird Science DC. We have an award-winning podcast at Weird Science DC. True. Comics.com. This is the stuff that I should know, uh, you know, verbatim. I should not have to What's have notes for the, line, these huh? things. The rant and rave line is something, but that is not part of the spotlight. <laughs> Though I also want to say, uh, I'll do a little rant and rave right now. This will be uh, something that people that listen to our main podcast that does come out, a long podcast that comes out every Sunday night would know. Pop culture, R.I.P. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you get what I said? Pop culture, they Run, call it, right, they called it the Lost Boys. They and then call the it the Lost podcast. Boys. All right, P. Yeah, we, we ended the pop culture podcast. Uh, we had a couple people that seemed to be upset, but not that many people. And uh, we ended that just because we end up doing a lot of other things, and we wanted to do even more things. Eric, possibly the pop culture time machine podcast. What is with you in this goddamn so thing? so funny today. a day, and you're just freaking yes. up we, we were talking about this, and we were going to keep it going for one month, and then some guy badmouthed us on the Twitter account, and I said to Eric, fuck it, fuck it's it going down burn it down so i i said to you though if we weren't going to do it i'd rather just end it and get rid of it completely than have it just hang there and have people think we're lazy because i don't think we're lazy no. in the podcast land in regular reality land 
I might be a very lazy fellow. reality line, I don't want to do a goddamn thing That's ever. right. Well, and this is what happened is I come into work today, and I told you last night. I said, listen, yeah. I shut it down. I completely shut it down. You get the option of the feed. Like, do you want to keep the feed until the end of your pay cycle, or do you want to just shut it down now? You will not get a refund, though. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck a refund. So I just shut it down. So, yeah, we had some people ask about it. Unfortunately, if that is something that you enjoyed, it is all right. Peace. But yeah, I, I came into work and I already had 17 other podcasts that I told Eric we're going to do. I had all these ideas. I'm like, now that we have Wednesday free. But you yeah, jumped really the next thing was Cellar Dweller. You just took yeah. up my time. Yeah, stop. Eric's going to do the Cellar Dweller. Reggie still has that bet out there. Eric's trying to finagle that bet. He's telling, and I'll, I'll tell you, if you're listening, Reggie, Eric is trying to make little bit of, I don't know if it's cheating, but trying cheating. to bend the rules a little with this 10 minutes of stop motion video. He's trying to bend the rules. I just want to point that out. But I have some other ideas of podcasts that I might do, including Jim talks about bowel movements and, and stuff like that. That's okay, my one. So Would you like that? Yes. It's called Jim Needs Fiber. Is what this one's called. Actually, I want to have a podcast that has a name that means nothing with what's going on in the podcast, just like it seems everyone else, Eric. Yeah, I really need cool that sort do, of Jim. podcast. I need a podcast that's going to be called uh, Let Me Check Your Temperature. That is a Doctor Who podcast, Eric. There's even a little tie-in with the doctor. But hey, how about Bedside Manor, the Doctor Bedside Who podcast? Manor. Would you like that one? Not would bad. you think that would be a house podcast? How about this? Two doors and a window, and that's a house podcast. House. How about how about somebody's going to have to move? What is that podcast? It's a TV show. Somebody has to move the podcast. What is that about? Modern Family? Full House. Uh. See? You get it? How about that one? How about uh, come down to the precinct, we have your wife. What is that? Cops? No, that's Arrested Development. You see, Fair you're enough. not you don't you're not good at this game. Come you're down to good. the precinct. We have your husband would have been an arrested developer. No, I, I just wanted to have it for my wife because if I say the husband, then people are going to get the wrong idea about me or the right idea, Eric. Or the I don't right care. Idea. Or the right idea. But we're going to get to this. And yeah, I just wanted to mention that the pop culture podcast is dead, dead and buried like Granny Goodness, Eric. And and I the during the Who day. During the day, I actually dug the pop culture podcast and beheaded it. Uh, have you ever watched a beheading video? Have, have no. you ever done that, my friend? Have you ever gotten involved in maybe watching snuff films? Is that something that interests you at all? Not at all. I actually oh. stay far away from that. And one of the times I was most pissed off, I was at a party. It was after, a, I want to say, a governor or a senator or somebody. They shot themselves okay. on live TV. And my okay. buddy thought, while we we're having this great party, oh, man. Because we, we talked about it earlier. And then he's like, man, was I really want to Bud Dwyer so from back in the day? TV at this party. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong was with it you? Was it Bud Dwyer back in the oh, day yeah, that – uh, yeah, that's Filder's song, Hey Man, Nice Shot. That is a tribute to Bud Dwyer. If you didn't know that, Eric, there we go. We're going to have – we're already doing but other no, podcasts tonight. Do that. But that's what that uh, I accidentally got tricked into watching a 15-minute beheading video once. 
Actually, I didn't last that long. I was yeah, but I did. Here's the uh, I ended was up it like 14 minutes of talk, and the last I was at work. Was a yeah, I didn't understand the talk either. I don't know. They they had their swords out and things, but uh, I did see it. Uh, the guy who Big Bob, who's uh, you know, he's in heaven right now. Eric, he oh, died. He's he was not, a big he was fella. Terrible. Yeah, uh, I ended up walking into the office at my old work, and he was in the middle of watching one of those. Be- the one that was the beheading video of the kid that was uh, from around here from around oh, us and it was awful and it upset me and actually I got a little flashbacks of it when I read this issue. I know, this is not a spotlight that's off to a great start. Not Eric. at all. <laughs> I don't know what where this doing? is going. I don't know. I'm talking about it because it, that part of it, we'll get into it. it. It disturbed me a bit but Eric, now that we've gotten everybody at their full attention and with a smile on their face mr miracle number three written by tal oh no actually before we go i did one of the big thing that i wanted to mention we do have a patreon eric if you like all these stories we have a patreon account you can go to patreon.com slash weird science and why i wanted to mention it we are doing our regular spotlight tonight and believe me this is about comics eventually uh but yeah we also have a patreon only spotlight each week picked by the badass members of the get fresh crew and the patreon Boop, boop, boop. And this week they picked Ragman number one as the Patreon only spotlight. So that is up. If you want to hear that, you can go over to Patreon, you know, help us, support us, and you can listen to that as well as this week. And I believe that we are going to be putting up the Back Issues podcast where we talk about some past issues and the badasses picked the Saga Swamp of Swamp Thing, Thing 21 Anatomy Lesson. So that is the, the big one for that. And then next week we're going to have Reggie, Eric, and myself on the necessary nonsense podcast talking about family stories and boy i have a lot of those eric shea yes you do i'm not gonna comment no comment from Uh, me eric that is done done and done and i mean done and this is the i i maybe i will edit out the beheading stories uh, before we go on with this i don't think you will what is more uh, enjoyable for you, a snuff film or Mr. Miracle as a series right now, Aaron? One thing is, I would have to go with Mr. <laughs> Miracle still because at least you just don't I like tell myself films. I was having some fun and trying to figure out what's okay. going on. I you wasn't. Know, I, I like hate it last issue. little clues here and there I could really yeah. pick up on and just throw like everything at the goddamn wall, see what sticks. By the time I was done this issue, that was all taken away from me, Jim. Last issue, number two, obviously, I gave a fuck you five. And I Mm -hmm. stand by that. I hated it. I hated every second of it. This issue I liked a little more. This issue I liked a little more, but it is Mr. Miracle number three. Now I can properly start. Written by Tom King, art by Mitch Gerards, your Gerards. And Clayton Cowles. It's issue number three of Mr. Miracle. And while this issue doesn't show us the light at the end of the tunnel, Eric, at least I think at least we're now in a tunnel. I have had a hard time reviewing the series up until now, and I'm still not going to fall for the trap of gushing over it because I don't want to look stupid or pretend that I know what's going on. But the sixth issue actually has me thinking about possibilities again. I'm now a bit more excited to see what happens. That may change very soon and probably will. But for now, I am cautiously in and that is probably the opposite of what you thought you, I'm telling you, you are right not now, in i actually have no i actually have a lot of respect for you right now because i, I don't read your reviews we just talk about it so i don't bother yeah. to go to the site and read your reviews but i have no idea how i would go about trying to review this guy it sucks book. reviewing it i'm telling you it stinks but this issue now i'm going i go by an issue to issue basis and this issue there's a couple things mentioned in it 
that I can go, okay, I'm going to grab onto that. I'm going to see where this goes. I'm, I'm going to bet on that pony, see if I get a win, place, or show, Eric. I don't think I'm going to. I think that I'm going to be fooled again. And by issue seven, I'm not going to know what the fuck's going on after and all these issue issues. And by issue it's going to throw a bunch of other stuff in the wall. That's what I mean. And, and, but sense. but so right now. Whole new, because that's the one big problem is that when we went into the series, issue number one, I had a lot of fun talking to you about these different ideas yeah. we had going forward, like what we thought was actually going on. Issue number two, it was not as great. No. I still had some no, fun uh, trying to come yeah, up with some ideas Yeah, but here's the thing now. You. You're, you're going to ruin it for me because I really thought, boy, my Eric Shea, he's going to get on tonight. We're going to have theories and we're going to be laughing and we're no, going to be smiling. I'm like I'm telling you, well, I, am suicide, I am the third issue in of suicide, like, I Am Suicide right now with Tom yeah. King where I am just done because yeah. it's not making any goddamn well, sense. It's here's just the problem everything is, is thrown out there and – I think it's just call-outs to old I, shit, I'm, and I don't think it matters in the long run at all. Yeah, and I try, I'm try. i trying my hardest, my darndest, to read this and not let, say, the jokes and riddles uh, affect it. But because of these things, you do have a track record of Tom King not fulfilling what he promises. Not that no. promise, but what he shows and it wrap up. So, yeah, you're three issues in, and I don't think anybody – well, it, it the way Tom King writes it and to me where he gets away with some stuff, everything is so vague and out there that you can have your own theories. And at the end, I don't think anything will be proven or disproven. It'll be – Dark side is, and what he's already said, this whole dark side is thing was when he was at a con, and so, I forget, some other creator came up to him and just said, hey, dark side is, and then Tom King said he just kept going along, this guy was there going, dark side is. And then Tom King, like, all of us, oh, my God, I understand what you're saying. And basically, it'd be like me saying, like, love is. You used to have the – there was a thing in the 70s where you had these two little cartoon characters was love is. Oh, I but you can those. say that. I can say to my – like, you can say, you know, what is love? Love is. And and Baby eventually you me. may think – if you sit there and think about – like you think that I'm some fucking intelligent fella and you're like, hey, what – it's almost like that joke that we say like when somebody's pretending to be somebody and they try to get them to talk and like, hey, like I'm supposed to be Eric Shea and they're like, hey, if you're Eric Shea, let me know what, what I should do now. And I don't say anything because I'm scared and like – yeah, I know what you're saying now. Yeah. I get your meaning. And I think that that's that dark side is, is basically dark side is terror. Dark well, side even is that whole being thing this. Dark side is, it's a big deal of this goddamn arc. Yeah. I don't, I never thought about dark side is before this. I won't think of dark side is after this, where it was no. really pushing that first issue where I had all these great ideas yeah. about Yeah, there was the next word. Asking, yeah. Dark side is looking for a location. Is he alive? Shit like that. Now it's just so, you know, you get it once per issue yeah. And I'm like, okay, it's Tom King. It doesn't mean a goddamn thing. No, it it's does. And I gibberish. think that that's where – this is where he's tricking all of us with this dark side is. Dark side is whatever you think dark side is. Dark side is could be uh, the nightmare I had last night. Dark side Actually, is – a queen now. Yeah, dark side is could be the wars – uh, on a planet, dark side is could be the atrocities that man deals with, and uh, you know this is going to be what it's going to end up. I really am, you know, betting that at the end of this whole series, dark side is will be just 
whatever you want it to be. That's why it's Dark Side is, and I'm going to be furious, but I'm going to yeah. go, and then we're saying this. It starts off, and you do have Orion there, and there's a parademon. It looks like they killed this parademon, and then when that's done, they dig up or, you know, dig up Granny Goodness because they're, I, they're all there. Why do we dig up Granny Goodness? Why is Granny Goodness's body buried with a bunch of fucking bones in the wasteland? Like, did they just, like, you know, oh, like the rest of the parademons or whatever, did they, like, oh, my God, Granny Goodness is dead. Let's fucking unhitch our goddamn tent. Yeah, and, and, and I'm, body, I'm, get the fuck yeah. out of here. And I'm actually even wrong. Now that I look at it, it's actually, he tells the parademon to dig it up. The parademon just yeah. digs it up like a dog. And they get uh, Granny Goodness's body out of this ditch. Now, here, here's what I could go with. Granny Goodness did seem to be killed by Barda last issue, yeah. and they left. I I could only think that her people and the parademons or whatever would have buried her. That that's their leader. They probably would have buried her in a shallow grave like this. I don't know why they wouldn't have have moved her back to apocalypse. Yeah, but I, uh, that's the thing. I think right now they're on Apocalypse. I, that's the problem. Yeah, when right they now went they're to, on New Genesis. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Apocalypse. But again, I don't know that you – they have boom to technology, the actual parademons, the people that are with her. There was no other big shot that I think would have a working mother box. I, I just think that this is a war. Your general died and they bear – this is where I get – I don't know. I'm telling well, you, all this thing, is why, – Why is she surrounded by bones? Yeah, well, I just think there's so many dead. I, I think that that's just supposed to show. She is in a, a fucking landfill of bodies, it seems, and they say to dig her up. Uh, I just think that when we do go and talk to Forager later, and he says, there's, you know, how many people have died here? Uh, again, though, this is us. Um, we're already jumping to these things and trying to fill in the blanks, and this is what I hate about Tom King, though, like I said, this part is not my favorite. Uh, but yeah, he actually, Orion looks like he's just digging her up and it's an extended scene of him cutting off her head uh with a you know a apocalyptian knife a new genesis new guts knife knife. whatever it is but we don't but we don't know what that is no and why do you need that to cut off a head i i don't know i don't know why or how or what you need a fucking head off you need a guy you need i'm telling you it just you could just have any blade this seems like this blade is of some importance where it's like really spelled out there and the whole idea of this head being taken off seems to also be very you know extended while you get the story of a Christmas story that Scott says, and, and this is also while this is going on, must be thinking back to it because it seems like they're in bed getting ready to go to bed. And Scott's like, "Hey, can I tell you the story?" And Bart is like, "No, no, no, just don't do this. Just go to sleep. You don't sleep enough, you know." And then he's like, "Yeah, you're right." And then he tells the story. And where this is off to me, I don't know. I, again, there's a lot of things that I don't know, uh, and one of them is why Granny Goodness would tell Scott Free a story on Apocalypse about. Earth in 1942 with the Germans and the Jews. I, I no, have no I, idea why Christmas would ever matter to Granny Goodness or anybody on Apocalypse at this or point. Or World War II in general. Yeah, so I, I don't know why. Now, again, I don't know, and this is where Tom King will drive me nuts, is that at the end of this, if we don't find out why, if this is just a story that he wants to tell and, and kind of get people on his side, because yeah, if you want to get people on your side, yeah, not tell, you know, tell Nazi stories story. about Tell stories about how the Nazis are pieces of shit. That'll get everybody on. You know, that'll always work. 
Oh, and wow. So, Tom King, you're singing my tune right there. I don't like them Nazis either. Yeah, I don't like them either. So, yeah, I, I know what that tune you're playing there. But as this goes on, the story basically is about uh, a Jewish family that was – or a family that was harboring Jews, this and Sora, and the Jews got found out. They all got killed. And this kid, Sven, who was the deal – made a mistake. Yeah, he made a mistake in school. And at the end, they went to the gas chamber, but the gas didn't kill him. The trampling people did. And I can only think that this is one of those where it's their Scott is Sven. And he is kind of the kid who made a mistake. He didn't mean to do what's going on, but now everything is piling up on him. And, it, you know, that's what's killing him here is everybody just go. But I don't know. And that's now the thing I, is, I, I'm not jumping to the conclusions anymore. I'm not doing it. I know, but if I don't jump to these it, conclusions, then my score makes no sense. In the long but run yeah, but I, again, with this, and then you have the idea that Scott hasn't been sleeping. He has been paranoid or, or at least anxious and things like that because he's trying to go to sleep here. Well, he he tells the story. Nothing fucking makes yeah, sense. Yeah, well, and that's why I don't mind this issue because at least Scott himself in this issue says that. He says that something isn't Nothing's right. Wrong. He's yeah. wrong. He doesn't feel right. I like that. And says the big the big line to me, the big boom here is the I don't know what is real. And that is to me that's the springboard for us to actually get some answers or at least see something going on. If from this issue right, we go answers, on and we don't we go. there's an editor's note here. See issue number twelve. Yeah, I'm saying if we don't start getting things, I'm going to be pissed off again. But yeah, as he's laying in bed, Bart is just sleeping. He's talking. In the end, the whole thing is like, you and know what, this even, kid. Even this whole goddamn story, well, it doesn't make sense to you and I because there's no reason in our mind that freaking granny goodness should know anything about the Jews and fucking concentration yeah. camps yeah. or gas chambers or any of this goddamn nonsense. Yeah. The whole thing starts out so weird where Scott has a story in his head. He wants to tell Barta, and yeah. Barta tells him no to, she go doesn't to want sleep. And, and he just he tells just it to himself. Going. Yep. He just starts going. She's sleeping. And again, is this the idea that Granny may not have told it, but Granny told another story that was about an apocalypse thing and, and war is universal? Again, Eric, I'm no. jumping to a lot of conclusions. <laughs> I, I am. I'm jumping. To, but once you get away from and, and a lot of people I see like that, you know, crazy art with like almost like the old UHF TV well, type is, deal I going. I don't like that, too, because it seemed to serve a purpose anymore, though. They're not telling yeah. you like there's. I don't know. It's I almost like every flashback seems to have that, Gilbert, too. You had Gil Gilbert Godfrey almost said Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey. Godfrey on the TV. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. So we're seeing these wavy lines. Shit's fucked up. It makes sense at this point just because it did not seem right anymore. They yeah. just seem to throw it in in weird situations. And I'm like, I, I can't guess what this yeah. is. You know what this book really does need? Gilbert Gottfried. See, once you go Gilbert back Godfrey. and he, he – yeah, yeah. He tells the story and then, hey, and at the end, Granny would always say, and then he's laying there, Merry Christmas. And again, it, it just seems weird. But then all of a sudden it says, it's Dr. Bedlam calling, and he snaps too. Like he is in bed. Now he's like, oh, he's looked par And he's going to spring a trap that is simple and foolproof and sinister in its own existence. Uh, read what lies in store for Scott Free, super escape artist. Open the door of terror and drop the paranoid pill. And that's where you see him get upset, and he goes off to take his pills. And honestly, that whole thing there, I think it means nothing to the rest I, of the story because we've had this with every issue where they have well, these and big here's booming the thing, but he, keep, he does keep taking those pills. If 
he stops taking the pills, maybe he starts seeing some wacky things. And maybe it's like the paranoid pill. It's like you drop the paranoid pill and it turns into a vapor which you inhale. Yeah, so it's again, like even though, taking the pills doesn't make sense here. It could be something different, though. It could be something. And I, I have notes here. And this is Dr. Bedlam for people who don't know. If they're just reading it and you're like, oh, Dr. Bedlam, let's go on. Dr. Bedlam is a member of Dark Side's Elite, a disembodied yeah. being that inhabits artificial bodies called animates. He is one of Dark Side's chief scientists. He is mainly researching terror inducing mind manipulation one of his inventions is the paranoid pill now his powers are he has no physical body he's uh, being a pure psionic energy and has no true body anymore but when he inhabits when he inhabits one of his artificial bodies he retains the powers and abilities found in all new gods and then one of his big things that i wrote he uh, possesses things and in his new form as an energy consciousness bedlam can possess his own biomechanical android animates to resume a physical form and he can control six at once and that's a big deal because like i told you it seems like there is now i sat there and tried to come up like okay there's this guy this guy this guy and it does seem around that number because people always end up dying and what happened is because these are animates artificial bodies I did go back to see when they were beheading Granny Goodness to think, okay, this is where we're going to see something. You have that knife. Maybe that's why I said maybe you have to have something special to do whatever because this see, is was not just, somehow in flesh my mind, and blood. I was actually saying like this is somehow the mother box transformed into a, a knife or it was just the astro force he was summoning into a weapon. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. But even that, what I'm saying is it did seem to have some energy to it even when he was cutting her neck. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe these animates – you can't cut as easy as flesh and blood. Maybe there is something different. The problem is, and this is where there's a huge problem, even though I think that the art is really good in this issue, you can't tell what the fuck's going on with Granny no, Goodness there it, because it's, it's that crazy craziness going with the, the wonky UHF TV deal. It throws it off, and it's that you know stylized be- for the story, but not stylized to tell us any information, and it, it was driving me nuts. It, it was really driving me nuts because I thought, okay, now I'm on to something, and I'm not. And then the paranoid pill created by Dr. Bedlam, uh, paranoid pill is a chemical weapon that rapidly induces delusions in humans who inhale its fumes. Uh, he developed the pill as a means of defeating Mr. Miracle, challenging him to escape a sealed office building filled with victims of the paranoid pill and the paranoid pill causes uh, symptoms akin to acute paranoid schizophrenia they experience delusions in which others uh, are identified as enemies things like that and, and it even does, that the whole thing I'm trying to remember back because t- I don't think that Mr. Miracle was ever affected by the paranoid pill it's well no because that was the thing when he did guy. it they were so that is maybe and, and it's also it seems like they were infected by it I don't know if he can't be but maybe the pills he's taken kind of keep that away and everybody else is on it. I don't know. It's again, though, it is spelled out more than once about this paranoid pill and Dr. Bedlam. It really seems to be spelling out that that's the bad guy. Dr. Bedlam is the bad guy. Like you said in that first issue, maybe he's being tortured. Maybe he's doing this. But they even mention like a sealed office building type thing later and all this. But yeah, he's just sitting there and he's, you know, drinking water. He takes his pills. He goes. He sits there and forager shows up and he's just there all of a sudden right after the pills he's there 
and I didn't see a boom tube or anything that came in for him. No, He's just you, there. This part here, I started like having ideas like you and did again, with the whole is that a delusion? Like that because the way it's like you know broken up with the fucking nine panel layout and shit like that. Yeah, you never have them in the same panel. So in my mind, no. it's almost like he isn't there because they're separated yeah. by a. Yeah, panel I think break, it's a delusion, like and I think it's a delusion, but, and it's a delusion with Scott trying to figure out now when at the end Light Ray comes in and when kills Light Ray him. Shows up, you could see Forager and Scott together, which really yeah. threw everything out. For and that. that's where I. I just to me i actually just think that maybe this is a delusion it's scott trying to break free uh and think what is really going on light ray comes to stop it because he does say like don't listen to you. he's not that but he's not supposed to talk to you but as this is going on he does start talking to him and says listen you know this war is fucked up and you know scott's like what can i do for you you want to drink and he's like six and a half million of my people the bugs have already died you fighting for your people orion ordered their deaths purposely ordered them to die before for the gods and then that's where scott's like i need more milk and again it it doesn't he just tom king doesn't want to tell us anything but scott goes goes and gets some milk starts pouring milk he overflows the milk and then looks on the thing and it definitely looks like it there looks like is mr. him on the side the if there picture, if it's yeah. anything if it's not mr miracle it's metron those are the only two things that it might look like but i think it's supposed to be mr miracle it says missing and it's like missing since or date missing 0817 that's when this book started it's started August, in August of, you know, yeah. 2017. So I do think that that's like another hint that he's been missing. He's somewhere. He's being held, but whatever. But he's like, listen, I don't know. Go talk to Orion. Did you talk to him? And he's and, and Forger's like, yeah, we sent our queen. She she got batted. She's there, yeah. uh, you know, Ryan right next her. to Granny's head. He just Treason. killed her. And it says, I'm, I'm, I want you. We actually, the bugs, we want to go with you. We want to follow you. You are the general that we had the least amount of casualties come. You please lead us. And then and he's like, and I like this line actually. He says, like, what does it matter? You know, if I lead you, I'm just gonna be doing what Orion said anyway. And and, and then Bug says, no, if you lead us, that means Orion's dead. And then all of a sudden, boom, Light Ray comes in, says, you know what, you're not supposed to be here, and just kills him. Kills him, freaking boom, dead. Oh. And then as they're there, you have Mr. Miracles just like Jesus. And then Jesus, it's weird because then he drinks more milk. And that's where he's going to go back to New Genesis. And uh, Scott says, Light Ray, is, is it true? Is that what Orion's really doing? And then all Light Ray says is he was, not in, he was instructed not to speak to you. That He violated that. He got the consequences. And he says, but is it true? And then Light Ray just says, don't be stupid. Scott never answers him, goes back. I don't have anything that I'm going to be like, okay. But then he says, Merry Christmas. Back to that stupid story at the beginning. Merry Again, Christmas and drink some milk. Kind of a deal where it is a whole deal of people being trampled in this war and whatever. But again, I, I don't know. But that's where he – Scott goes to bed again. And it's, it's funny to me because he's like – Tabarda's still asleep. And he's like, hey, you missed Forager and Light Ray just the way he said about, you know, hey, you missed Metron last yeah. issue. So Barda through everything that goes on that's, you know – is always just sleeping. Again, a boom tube makes a lot of noise. A, a bug there makes a lot of noise. How she could sleep through that, I don't think any of this is happening. And you go and he says to Barter, you know, I love you. He hugs her and then you have the dark side is. Which is the most and important then, line in the comic in my mind because yeah. it really sums up everything that we've had. And in my mind, what we're going to get, dark side is. Everyone says that, but what does it mean? I yeah. bet it doesn't mean anything. Just people uh, just think it sounds cool. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. That's about then it. Then I got mad. I actually got mad then. That's what happened. Between the joke and a riddle. Who cares? Yeah. And again, this actually kind of is starting 
heading towards a weird concept of Mr. Miracle Scott Free kind of telling people, and he has throughout this, like, that it's not a trick. It's an escape. It's not a magic trick. There's that fucking thing again that drives me nuts. But I'm telling you, other than that UHF art, I think the art's incredible in this book. I really like his art style when it's not that wonky fucking, you know, buzzed out fucking panels you. where you think to do. When, I when the really, panel really needs like tracking. Yeah, now the other thing is I'll even wrap it around or come out of this whole issue and start talking uh, just about the thing. I really wish this was just a book about Mr. Miracle doing shit. Because so I, but the art fits what this story is, but it, it kind of angers me Bullshit. as well. But then, yeah, well, and then you go and there's Mr. Miracle with a lot of panels where he's going to do an escape where he gets into this, you know, crate that's I, I call suspended. this kind of stuff filler. Yeah, and he's there. He gets in this crate. The crate goes. You have the whole thing. Everybody count to me. There are three, two, one. It falls. It breaks. You don't even ever see if he's in it or not or if he escaped or he lived, whatever. It just goes. Well, I know, but it doesn't even say like – it doesn't show you like, oh, my God, he wasn't even in there, but I saw him go in. It just crashes, and then he's eating with Barda. And they're like, hey, we got to go back to Orion. And this is where I thought the best part of the book was. And then he's like, hey, you know, when you were performing. And he's like, listen, I'm not Eric Shea. I'm not performing on the podcast. It's a podcast, just like my escapes. And he's like, I was escaping. I'm actually escaping. And he just did. Yeah, really. We're trying to. We try to have some fun. But yeah, she, she says it's performing. He's like, it's not performing, it's escaping. I'm actually escaping and you know that kind of you know breaks down a wall there to me like he's trying to do and he's like it's not a trick and she's like I know what you do you don't have to do and then he start, they tar- start talking about Orion how Orion wants to go to dark side and then he's like I have to talk to him and then she tries to stop it like oh no no and then he's like all these people saying these but that's when he says listen there's something wrong with me there's something wrong and she says I know honey and we're gonna fight that together I promise after the war so this war whatever is going on or whatever they're really trying to do obviously Barta to me is in on it they just want to get yeah. what they want well, from I'm him and you, just Barta's discard him the first issue when we saw yeah, she because her eyes were and different and then they change and then it's funny too because a lot of times she has these goddamn sunglasses on but he does too so I can't say it's that but then he's and like listen this weird line where we had this whole thing where you know they are eating and Barta says you know Oh, Ryan wants his bag early. And he's like, okay. And he yeah. goes in that whole thing about what he does. It's not performing. Yeah. It's escaping because he's actually escaping. And then I don't know. He's invading? Yeah. yeah. He said dark side stopped the invasion. I'm like, that uh, was just out of nowhere. It's like he finished her sentence for Like they didn't – they never picked up on him why yeah. Ryan would call him back. And all of a sudden yeah. he's invading? Yeah, yeah. It's just, and that's where – uh, he's like, hey, something's wrong. And she says, we'll deal with that after the war. And then he yeah. says, this isn't about what I did. And then obviously trying to kill himself. And he's like, it's – I was trying to escape. And she's like, oh, I know. And he's like, I was trying. I don't know. I mean obviously it could be that. I'm not and stupid. It's really – the whole thing of the, where we start out with him trying to kill himself is escaping this whole yes, thing. Yes, yeah. And then he says, sometime I don't know what's real. And that's where she pulls away. She pulls her hand away, and then she's like, oh, that's easy, darling. I'm real, and he never says anything about it. He never says, you know, oh, I know, or whatever. He just starts eating again, and then you get a crazy thing with a selfie where this girl yeah, shows, girl up, shows up, and she wants selfie. a selfie with Scott, and, and it just Barta. goes on. She loves Barda as well, and again, if this is one of those things where we thought, I'll start jumping to things where this is where they can sense that he is starting to figure things out. They have to fucking get his mind off of this. You got to get him away from this. 
throwing a selfie. And yes, it is filler, but I think that it's also filler in this world where it gets his mind off of it and they just go with the flow. Uh, I just whatever. But then you go, you have Funky Flashman, yeah, your man Funky Flashman, Eric. Funky and Flashman, just out of nowhere, entire page of Funky Flashman, the goddamn yeah. tour manager for Mr. Miracle back in yep. the day. And I'm like, why? why I know. We well, he's this? there introducing this like there's a show, and there isn't. It's just for Orion, and Orion's like, clear the room. I'll talk to General and Free I, I alone. I can't even say that's the, the case. I think it's just there, and all of a sudden, the Orion's are like, I can't even tell if that fucking part's real because it doesn't correlate to the other. Yeah. I just – when he says clear the room, it makes me think that, you know, that's what's going on. That that And actually like – It doesn't even I, make sense for Funky Flashman to be on fucking New Genesis. I know. Again, I, we, I think that we're not – I think this is all, you know, shit that's getting thrown around. They're using it. But again, I, I don't know. This is my problem. I, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but this I kind of like. And Orion says, you know, clearly, Rome, I want to talk to him. Hey, where's Barda? Barda's getting shit ready. Shouldn't you be? And then that's where Scott takes off his mask and says, listen, uh, you know, father said the that he, Darkseid, had the anti-life equation. Maybe it's inside of me. Maybe what I did was try to cut it out of me. Maybe I wasn't trying to kill myself. Maybe I was trying to get this thing out. And he's like, what I need to no, is do you think that do you have it inside of you do you have it as well and that's where orion kind of goes nuts and then says just, have you ever seen the and he says have you ever seen the face of god this is what metron warned him about in that dream yeah. metron said you are not to know the face of god don't know the face of god you are not to know it the thing about Orion, he says, you know, when I first read it, I'm like, he, he's like, did you ever see it? And it's not that he thinks it's him per se. It's that he has seen it. And he says, this is the face of God. This is the face of God. But before that, he says, you know, it helped me. I saw the face of God. I witnessed the divine. It helped me, brother. It will help you. Look at me, brother. And that's when he takes off his mask and it gets wonky between and all that. And he's like, this is the face of God. And it just keeps going. This is the and face of God. It just gets that whole UHF freaking tracking. The VH, yeah. And UHF. again, the VH is, tracking to me, I only the, think like that. It becomes the, like to the point where you, it gets rid of the disguise of yeah. the lion wears and you see and his now, ugly yeah. apocalypse. And his ugly apocalypse. Apocalyptic face, and is this in this where Orion has already been taken over? They have to get Scott because also, if you remember, when Granny was talking before she got killed, and it did seem like she was trying to warn him, trying to do things. She said, "Listen, this is all about that prophecy that Darkseid's yeah. son will kill him." Yeah, yeah, Orion. He, but what if he isn't the son? What if you are? And that that was the whole deal. Well, maybe this goes in. Maybe they already have Orion. That didn't work. Whatever they want to do, it's not working. Now they have to go get Scott, and maybe Orion is actually involved, but he has been taken over. To me anyway, because Darkseid's a goddamn tween well, right yeah, now. Well, yeah, but again, it, you know, but Darkseid on is Earth. There. But again, maybe it's they want to have that Darkseid's gone. At first, we thought that they were going to try to find Darkseid. Maybe it's not. Maybe they do want to find a new ruler. Maybe that's all it is because all I could think of, you have Darkseid and Apocalypse. Darkseid's gone. They, they don't know where he is. He's a baby. Now he's a tween. Whatever he would be in this part of the issue and where it's going on because Tom King has sworn that this is part of the rebirth continuity. This is part of the main continuity. So maybe they're just trying to find who could be the next and you can't just get a Scott Free to be the next ruler of Apocalypse. You kind of have to fuck with him and kind of change him into what you need to be. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe just Orion and him against him are the people of New Genesis. Yeah, and like just turn, like you said, turning them against because but, everything yeah. we've seen right now, 
New Genesis looks terrible. Like, yeah, it looks goodness, horrible. When we see the general of Apocalypse. She was kind as hell to Scott. Wanted yeah. to help him. And, and again, then that's far to beat her to death. Yeah. And again, where you have this, where you have Orion beating the shit out of, of Scott, kind of the paranoid pill type of thing. You know what I mean? That, that, that's what the paranoid pill ends up making you do. And if Scott isn't on the par- and these others and they're trying to see, but maybe, like you said, maybe they are trying, and this is what you thought from the first issue, that they were trying to wear him down yeah. so that he could accept his place on Apocalypse, making it, even when Barda said, when they were all fucked up and they couldn't figure out how to use the showers on New Genesis, and she said, you know, wasn't it so much better on Apocalypse and the fire pits? Yeah. All you had to do was go in, and it burned you away. And if you're strong enough, you didn't die, and we were strong enough so uh, i miss that and all this where you have this idea that maybe that's it but yeah when orion says that he well when when orion says that he saw the face of god and it's something that he thinks that it's like almost like it's beautiful and almost like the ark of the covenant where oh it's beautiful next thing my face is melting eric that's what it seems to me that he was warned not to even Go anywhere. Or, Don't or even Orion. seek it out. He got trapped in the Speed Force, and he was right there with a Reverse Flash and Deathstroke, and he yeah. saw the Divine. Yeah, he saw it, but he says, and when he <laughs> goes with the whole thing, this is the face of God, this is the face of God, he turns into his ugly self and all that, and maybe that is where, you know, you had Metron warn him. And Granny, Granny even asked shit. him in second in the second issue, Granny asked right away, did you talk to Metron? Well, he was in a dream or whatever he said about this. Okay, well, that's good, and it will go, but then it, it, it ends with this with the has dr bedlam with the aid of the paranoid pill devised the perfect trap for mr miracle it would seem so and this is why where you have the repeat this is the face of god this is the face of god but he said one can never tell when dealing with a super escape artist watch for the next sensational issue of mr miracle as he prepares for the closing jaws of death so we'll see there's a lot of wonkiness i i don't know why i just got a grip on this issue thinking okay there's a couple things here. When Scott doesn't think this is real, we can go from there because that's obviously him going to – he's going to try to figure out what's going on. He has yeah. already said it out loud. It doesn't matter. And when Bart is like, I'm real, he doesn't believe it. He really does. He didn't say, yeah, I know, it's dear, or whatever. He was just – he just kept eating. He's starting to ask questions. What I need in this book is for Scott Free to start asking questions because that's the only way we're going to find start anything out. breaking down the reality. That's the only way we're going to find out. What's not. And, and I'm really afraid yes. at this point, though, that we're going to go the majority of the entire series, if not all of it, with Tom Without, King yeah. just being vague because it makes well, him look I know. clever in well, the long run because you can't that's say the problem he's is. wrong if he's too vague. Yeah, the problem is that is really he go vague. That is the that's the easy way out. Yeah. You, you can go with things and then when I and this is where I mean really you want to see vague anybody listening to this. Go and ask Tom King a specific question about this book or Batman oh, yeah, or anything, vague and answers. you will get vagueness if you say, "Hey, what is Mister Miracle thinking?" And then he'll give you Mr. Miracle is, thinking is, uh, when one thinks, one knows. He'll never tell you anything. I used to think that reviewing Grant Morrison books was a pain in the ass because if you talk about how you you don't know what he's doing, people call you out. They say you're dumb as shit because even if they don't know, they say they will because nobody wants to look stupid. And that's what the whole thing is here. If you say you don't understand Mr. Miracle, you just go, wow, this is such a story. It looks great. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm never going to review this book by saying – I don't know what's going on, but I love it. I when I when I see something, yes, I don't know the overall picture. Nobody does, but Tom King and Mitch Gerard and and the editors or whatever. But 
at least I can grab onto something. But I'm not going to give this book a pass just because I, I said it my thing. Uh, people were calling me out as being a fucking airhead and stupid because after two issues, I said, you know what? I don't know what the fuck's going on, yeah, and I can't and rate that's it. Exactly what and last call issue, you out and call you a goddamn last dummy issue, I found. Last issue, I found nothing was good about it. I really got angry. This issue, I like the art a little more, and I like the idea that Scott's starting to question his reality, which we all we thought right away. And then also, you have these other reviewers, and they're talking like, oh, this and that. And then you're like, well, why is Metron in this? Well, that's because Metron went, no, 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 Metron's dead. He, yeah. He's not around right now, so your answer's wrong. So don't, don't give me this nonsense. Uh, you know, why did Barda's eyes change? Well, that, you know, no. There are characters in this book that are legitimately put in there for you to know this reality isn't really what's going on. And if it if it doesn't turn out that way, then there better be an editor telling Tom King, listen, you're grabbing these characters. They're, they're not in. You have Darkseid. Is, there is a war going on with Darkseid who we've never seen because he is a baby. Yeah. He is 18 now. It can't be. A tween, so, Jim. He's not quite yeah. there in my mind. He's 12. He may not be. Like I said, this could happen, you know, months after whatever. But there's no way that Darkseid goes from that Wonder Woman book just to, to start a war. There, there'd be some nonsense going on. I just, I like this issue a little more. I do also want to call out some people that when they review this book, you had like 48 reviews for the first issue. And that's yep. just the ones that are on the comic book roundup. There's probably a lot more out and about the other publications and things. Then you get the next issue, number two, obviously, and there's like 30-some. You know, it does. It always goes down. People yeah. jump onto that number one. It's bullshit that they leave then. Then all of a sudden, this number three comes out, which a lot of – I like it more than any of the others. I, I actually do. A lot of people I see don't. Now we have 11 reviews after a couple days. Like, I, Where are the people you need to review every issue of this so I know that you either don't like it anymore or do? And I can only wonder that people are like, okay, after three issues, I don't know what the fuck. And because of these other goddamn reviews that they wrote that are so vague, huh, you know what? He's pulling the wool over our eyes and I'm making a sweater out of it. Shit like that. A weird review. They Hey, that is a great review, Eric. Ten out of ten. But after three issues of not knowing what's going on, they don't know what the fuck to write anymore, and they no. bail. Or because they they're have like, to stay positive for whatever yeah, goddamn and, or, reason. Or if they, they just yeah. I'm out. So uh, when issue six comes out and the, these people only have one or two reviews, they'll show up for fucking issue eight when all of a sudden we get something. Like I said, this is the greatest book ever. Where the fuck were you for five issues? You know, be there for the good and the bad. They don't just sit there and the ugly, Eric. That's you. Oh. I see you blowing kisses at yourself. But I you know what I mean? This, it drives me nuts because I am struggling every issue to review this and trying to be, you know, not positive. I'm trying to be well, like realistic. I said, I give you I'm trying all to be respect the world because I have no ooh, idea how I go about doing this. Me. Yeah, it's just tough. And I'm going with this issue. I liked a little more. I'm not no more Fuck, ranting and raving on this. Batman. That's pretty goddamn straightforward. Yeah, I know. Wait till next week, Eric. Uh, we have uh, the end here. I'll tell my score. I did give it an 8 out of 10. I really – the art other than the beginning with Granny Goodness's head being cut off, which I think that that was just extended so you can get that Christmas story anyway. Uh, I think the art's great. I think that the actual regular uh, art of Mr. Miracle Barda, all that's great, even though that girl who took the selfie freaked me out a bit. She looked a little <laughs> freaky. Uh, but, yeah, that that whole deal. But uh, what did you? what would you give it? 
I'm saying the art's not bad. I'm telling you, I'm looking at the things like I, I'm really a fan of Scott Free when he's not in the Mr. Miracle costume because I just no. really enjoy the yeah, way he looks, looks like just yeah. hanging out on the couch yep. and shit like that. I love it that. looks really good. This nine panel layout's fucking killing me for every goddamn it, it's issue. It's killing but me too. I don't mind the art. Like there's there's times like we said with Granny Goodness, even last issue where it was just fucking dirty and ugly looking and you couldn't tell yeah. what the fuck was going on. It really bothers me, but this goddamn story, I'm telling you, I got done and I wanted to have a, like, you know, have these great moments where we could talk about ideas and shit like that. And I wanted to be on board. Like while I haven't liked every issue in the past, I at least yeah. got excited about what could be coming by the end of this issue. I'm done. I'm not having fun anymore. And it's just fucking nonsense thrown on there. And like I said, it's vague to be vague because you can't say he's not clever then because everybody's going to come out and say, wow. It is true. Telling it, I, I agree here. with that. And he's, and he's just, it's just this whole overboard thing where he's not telling a real story. He's just throwing things out there no. that don't make any sense. But so, and because why do people I have to love give it a fuck you five because uh, I don't want to yeah. read this book anymore. Why do people – like this is what he gives us in every story. It really does. It's vague for vagueness sake. And like you said, it's vague to seem clever and vague so you're not tied down to one thing and you yeah. can kind of make it something later. It's just like you said, you had the whole jokes and riddles where the ending, you know, the punchline was who cares? Yeah. That's, 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 and dark sucks. side is, I'm telling you, this is like, you know, yeah. uh, Tom King in my mind showing his hand a little early because at least he waited for the who cares for the final issue of jokes and riddles. Yeah. Here we have issue number three and saying, you know, dark side is doesn't mean a goddamn thing. It's just something that people say to sound cool. No, I'm positive. Okay, eight out of 10. So I've given a seven, nine, a five. And an eight. So it is I have tough. No though. idea what I'm doing. I mean, it's weird anymore. too. I just we say that it's a gut feeling, the end score, and, and the gut feeling to me was okay. I actually get an idea that uh, like I guess I don't know what is all going on really, but it seems like Scott is coming to an idea that something is fucked up, and that uh, that to me is the like I said, the springboard of us finding yeah. out. So I'm hoping, but if I get burned, Eric, there'll be trouble to pay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We Yo, what up? What up, Eric? I think there's a ghost in my bedroom whispering <laughs> no my name ghost. in my ear. It's a ghost in the shell, baby. I don't know what that means. I don't either. It sounds provocative. Here we go. We have two more books left. Uh, we are going to finish this bitch up, Eric, and go home. Call it a right. night. See you and never. Oh, really? Yeah, we have two. Yeah. See, maybe oh. I don't know. Everything tomorrow. Everything's going. To, yeah, really. See you tomorrow <laughs> when we record another nine hours, and then you know what? The next day we'll start it all over again. It's a wacky roller coaster. It's like a merry-go-round of fun times. Is what that is, my friend. Uh, I want to get off the ride. Ooh, it's making me sick, Eric. It's making me sick. I feel like crap today. I stubbed my toe and ripped off my entire fucking big toe fucking uh, uh, nail. Damn. I have no nail. It ripped it completely That's off. That's gross. I, I'm telling you, well, I can't because even. Because you've been stepping on it, it wrapped around your toe. They've been growing for so long. That's why. Edward Scissor Toes. They called me, gross. my friend. I, I'm telling you, it ripped off, and I am in severe pain. <laughs> Every time I move my foot, 
it, it either hits something or just the, the fact that it's there. And all I can think of is this is the sort of shit that would happen to two of the guys we work at uh, with and they would end up losing their foot. Uh, and this yep. is where you start losing uh, limbs and shit like that to gangrene because they have no circulation. All of them have diabetes. And the next thing you know, the shit's gangrene and yet got a fucking cat eating it while you're walking down the road. It's ripping Ew. flesh off your toe. Hoo-wee. All right, Eric Shea, we have two left. You going to die, Jimmy? I am. Hopefully, we have two more books, and these are both your books, and they're kind of – could this be called the mini bat section, the bat si- family side hour? Is that what we'll call it? The <laughs> I don't know Maybe. what you call it. You could call it the red bat hood girls. Is that good? The birds the, the, of hood? The outlaws, the outlaws the birds, birds of, of hood? Oh, you would just so what you would actually go, you'd go through this and you'd think, what should I call it? And you'd actually call the it outlaws the of Red prey. Hood and the Outlaws and the Backer on the Birds of Prey section. That's what yeah. you'd go with. You'd go with something that simple. I know Eric Shea does not play the game like that. I know that Eric Shea would say that this would be Crowbars and Canary Cries is what you'd call it, Eric. How about That's that not one? A bad title at all. That's Holy good, shit. isn't it? Hey, I just made it up because I know I'm thinking along the lines of one Eric Shea. Listen, the Outlaws of Prey, Jim. There you go. I just lit up, Eric. I smoke like a badass. <laughs> now, 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 just like you, I have lung cancer. So yes, we can go to the ICU together and live our cancer. The, Come on. Throat, you have throat cancer. You chewing yeah. over there? Yeah, I think I might take up chewing during the podcast. You just hear me it's spitting in a cup. That'd be so great. And then you know for a fact, if I did that, I'd start chewing. And I'd have this big old chew. Hey, Eric, what's going on? What are we talking about next night? You hear me? I'm d- doing that ding. Thing. But then what? That, that, that's no. not the problem. I know. Oh, you, I know you what would happen. Everywhere. No, no the, the real problem, what I was getting at, is that I also drink a lot of coffee during Aww. that. And I would never, ever think ahead and have my spit cup be a different cup than my coffee. And then you know that at least once a night, I would drink my spit cup and then I I'd think fucking more than go once. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's why I said at least once. It'd probably be two or three times, and then I'd be. I and then you'd ju- spill it everywhere. I, I have to tell you, when I was in college, that did happen to me once, where I did drink a spit cup deal while so uh, I was in the I band and we were playing. Like I drank a beer with cigarette butts. Yeah, I had that happen a couple gross. times too. But yeah, I grabbed a cup. Of, you know, I'm rocking the house. I was drunk, and I go to drink it, and it just burned the shit out of me eric and then i i said you know what kind of ended up tasting a little like beef jerky actually it didn't it, it tastes was like awful. somebody else's spit it was completely awful eric but what are we starting out this section with red hood and the outlaws number 15 written by scott liddell with art by dexter Sully, veronica gandini and taylor esposito detective comics's detective squad isn't happy about bizarro's one-man quest and all crime in gotham city and because of this they kidnap the big lug and try to question him about something. What the outline of questioning is, I'm not totally sure, but it doesn't matter because the issue quickly closes after the outlaws show up to rescue their friend, yeah. but the Gotham heroes easily take them out. Yeah. 
I don't know what I was going to say. I have, I, I had yeah. to, I, I, well, what happened is I had to mute my mic and sneeze like seven times while you're doing that. And then when so I went to talk, yeah. no, when I went to talk, I had this weird, like nasally thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would also say that this section uh, would probably go around the way of nonsense, uh, you know, guest stars and cameos. Yeah, cameos. It's nonsense. It it is really nonsense, though. In this book, it's not as much nonsense as the next one in Birds of Prey, I think. But really, you have this where you get the detective squad or the Gotham Knights, if you will. They are there. One thing that throws me off is, number one, in the book, in the actual Detective Comics, I couldn't tell you the last time we had all of these characters standing in one room together. First, We really don't get that a lot anyway. So when this is going on... Well, that's why they don't have just, Batman, because you can't have everybody in the same room no, together. No, and, and what happens in this just seems to be a way for... I don't know. Is this supposed to be an issue where we get the idea that Jason really likes Bizarro? Because I already get that. I already got yeah. that. We got that really well in that almost that flowers for Bizarro, that time when Jason was going to shoot him and then didn't. We pretty much get that every issue. Yeah, we get it every issue. And and it's weird because from this, you, you don't get a lot of Bizarro because basically all he does is send out the word to all the other vigilantes and heroes that they can step down. He's taking care of everything. For some reason, when they say this, this makes the detective squad go fucking bonkers it and makes them lose their shit i'm telling yeah. you i don't understand because the whole issue starts out with the detective squad being called together or the gotham knights if you prefer yeah. by batwing who is going over this hologram of the city talking about there has not been any crime in the city in days and that's crazy yeah. for the crime capital of the world yeah and when they have it the, and they're like i think it has something to do with this invisible fortress hovering above yeah. the city I'm not yeah. sure but i think it might and when they go to look into it on the hologram map if freaking like bizarro systems hack their computer and it says you know check it out if it's like costume uh, superheroes or vigilantes reading this you can stand down your job stand down care your job's been taken care of and that's the How issue dare is he. the uh, yeah and the issue is they've already just spelled out to us that it has been taken care of. so it's almost like they think of this as a threat but like you said yeah. it's almost like how dare he come in here and do that? I do I think that this for us. this issue is so way off of what they're doing. If you're gonna do anything like this, you gotta get the super family involved in the whole deal with Pizarro being this you know super genius type guy. Maybe have the super sons even show up and have Damien and John looking in because they were at you know LexCorp earlier and they do. But with the detective squad come in, it almost seems like they're just like you said, they're pissed because now they think that they are being you know they're gonna not have jobs. Their jobs are being outsourced. Their jobs, yeah. yeah, it's outsourced. All of a sudden, this is they where you took have a our jobs. They're mad at this, and later they're gonna join up with the workers who are mad at at the self serve checkout because you yeah. don't need checkout guys I, it's really there's nothing to this uh and bizarro doesn't do much of anything so well, you don't even get about that this with bizarro it really seems like this whole issue is like you know the detective squad does go into his floating fortress i need yeah. to come as like outlaws hq they go yeah. in there using clayface and kidnap him, but we never see the real kidnap. He just winds up back in the belfry. Like where he wants to be kidnapped, right? Exactly. It seems like he is setting this whole thing yes. up where he allows himself to be, he allows Clayface to enter, kidnap him, so they can bring him back to the belfry. Yes. This all seems to be some weird, dark plan of Bizarro's, but they're not really letting us into any no. of the sinister things no. besides for the fact where we have Ma Gunn at one point. Where yeah, Ma Gunn. The story that's of her the finding the, the letters that Jason's dad wrote him that she stored yeah. away back in the day because she would like to use this to control the kids, like yeah. not giving them the letters their parents. And 
and he told so now and, she's yeah. she's all repentant about it. So she is opening letters and reading them, and this is bothering Bizarro. Yeah, because so Bizarro like, said not only- to do it. Bizarro's exactly. told her to leave the past in the past. Don't worry about it. But also, but even when he said that, it never was like a, uh, hey, listen, you don't want to open old wounds. Uh, you know, Jason, he won't be able to deal with this. He'll hate you. We don't want that. It was Bizarro right away, almost like that's how he was going to get. It really was sinister at that point and continues yeah. to be. But because of that, but not really so being explained. Yeah, that's it's the really problem. Low key. Yeah, it is. It's really. And even there, you get the idea that Bizarro let himself be captured. And in and the meantime, also left. makes it feel sinister. Yeah. For like, and no also, like things that yeah. says it's sinister, it just feels that way. And seemed like Bizarro himself really made sure that they he got the mud around the, you know that sort of thing so that they could lead to him and things like that but then he's there and I'll tell you the progression of the panels too is you're there all of a sudden he's fighting you don't really get a lot of what's going on in, in my you know deal and then all of a sudden he's captured like you said now he's captured and I was like Huh? What? What? What's going on? Why? Oh, okay. He's he's in the detectives guy. You know, he's in the Belfry. Wherever he he's he's there. I get, but it never was really well spelled out. But they use the thing that is there to contain Clayface. Well, the and few Biz- tweaks to it so it can contain Bizarro at least yeah, for a little while. Yeah, and even to the point where Bizarro is pretty much captured until he doesn't want to be. I I mean, he really doesn't seem like he's really. Captured, well, you know what weird. I mean? It, he it just rips it like open. He's captured though because he does rip it after uh, Artemis throws the mistress axe, the yeah. thing allowing him to break free at that one point. But what, I'm telling you, what his first thing that he says is that, yeah, you know what? This will keep me for a minute. Yeah. He he never, you know, doesn't even think that it's going to keep him from much. He's like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, you'll keep me for a second. Yeah, we'll get through this. But then even the point where. Uh, Jason and Artemis go to try to figure out what's going on, and I don't think the art spelled out really well the chair Zorro and things like that. I think that it, it's confusing. Now, you catch up pretty quick, right. but it's just – but you have almost the whole thing where you have the detective squad. Why do they have Bizarro? Well, that's the biggest problem with this issue because why – I'm telling you, I like the idea of like these other Gotham heroes interacting yeah. with the outlaws because we're all in Gotham. It makes sense to eventually come across each other. It's just the line of questioning that why did we kidnap Bizarro because even if you look at Batwoman – it will last as long as it takes to get some answers, Bizarro. Yeah, you because that's that when off. he I'm says, like, you know, what? you restrain me for a moment. And then, yeah, yeah, that's when she says it'll last enough. But yeah, And he wasn't even subtle about it. I'm like, they didn't come at you. You freaking were looking into something, his fortress, and he yeah. sent a thing out. You said, and, you, you know, yeah. I'm taking care of it. He didn't come at you. No, and then and then Batwing's right there with her and says, you built a veritable fortress, somehow allowed Clayface to slip in. Tell me why. And he says, simply put, because I can. But what is he getting out of this? I don't know. What is he getting out of this? Because all this is then. I don't know what they're getting out of these line of questions. I don't know what they're getting out of any of this. They're questioning him because while this is going on, now there's crime going on again. (laughs) He had stopped it, and you didn't even get the thing. Yes, how about this? You set it up where you have the detective squad, and they're at their goddamn holographic thing of you know map of Gotham, and they're like, listen. Uh, we're getting a lot of reports of some really vicious things going on. Uh, criminals are being, you know, it's almost like a, a dark night type thing where, you know, Bizarro may be doing good by getting rid of the criminals, but he is overstepping bounds. And, and you have criminals who are, have their fucking one arm is burned off. And I know you don't want to go too far with Bizarro, but that would lead them to say, okay, crime, there's not been a crime now for three, four days, but this is not the right way to do it. We have to find out what's going on 
Maybe it's that invisible fortress. That's the weirdest thing of the whole deal is as this is going on, they're more concerned about no crime. And then it kind of leads them, oh, maybe we should look into this invisible fortress. When if it was me, they would go up there thinking it was Colony immediately because that's something Colony would have had in the Detective Comics book. They would have an invisible fortress above Gotham and, and do cer certain things like this. Never anything. They're just like, we're going to go check it out. Clayface slips in. It's bizarro and they capture him without like any we, idea of what's going on. When we talk about the crime, though, it's like even when we saw in the last issue, Bizarro stopped a guy for, who was like just helped Zaz get out yeah. and yeah. talked about how I'll talk to the judge. I'll have them go try yeah. to go easy on you. Yeah, and, like, and Jason points it out. to the letter just compassionate. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's where I think it's off because you have detectives and, and there's no – and what's also – what's weird too is in this continuity and this thing and even with Jason and Artemis, you're not getting an idea that anybody would ever think Bizarro is quote-unquote bad just by seeing him. They might be interested trying to figure it out. The minute they know he's with Jason and Artemis, yeah, they're the outlaws, but he's never done anything bad. No. If this would have been the opposite way and it was Clayface and people were like, oh, my God, we got to see, you know, Clayface is involved. We see him out and about. They think he's a villain. They go and get him, try to figure out what's going on. Are you on the up and up? But but with Bizarro, there's nothing to say. They're just there, and that's when Artemis and Jason come in, and now it's basically just yelling and insulting each other. Yeah, they just door in, yeah. and the fight becomes physical and verbal. Yeah, and it's basically like, hey, you know, Batman, you know, yeah, Batwoman's saying, I think that Batman should have long ago put you down. I don't know why he, you know, shuffles his feet with you. There's Jason, like, you know, shut your mouth, and I, I hey, look at you, Batwing, you look stupid. Uh, that's all it is. So, that, you know, tell me, Batwing, was that like the last outfit of Bats R Us? Because yeah. it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And this is not a good issue. It really isn't. And this goes hand in hand with the next issue. This goes with me with that Supergirl issue. You're getting these issues where it seems like it's a filler issue. But why are we getting these on monthly books? I don't know. You should not have filler issues like that. Now, if this is setting up something... I don't know. All this can be to me is by the end of this arc when the Suicide Squad, because it does end with like, uh, you know, you think Amanda Waller's going to come because we get to that, that at the point where Batwoman realizes, oh, you know what? Jason Todd is a good guy. I, I don't know what you're getting at here because really there's just a long fight and then the outlaws get knocked out. They, they end yep. up getting subdued. Uh, because at one point it is a cool plan where they're going and Clayface is kind of the environment and then he envelopes them. I, I kind of like that. Got your nose. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, got It's a Freddy Krueger line right there. That's all I can yeah. think of. Ooh, yeah. Fresh meat, Eric. I, game on. Doesn't he say that at any point, Freddy? Now hey, you're playing with power? Hey, bitch, game on. Does, she no. say, does he say that? He it's doesn't not like say it that. It goes up to like a, a tennis player and starts shooting tennis balls at it really quickly yeah. and like blows holes in it. Game on! Yeah, do, do, do they say that? No, Your no, serve! Okay. How about that? <laughs> 40 love! Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, don't even, I don't know why I said tennis because I know uh, nothing about tennis. How about, this? Describe how about this? You have him fighting Jason. Mm -hmm. And they're on. They're in a Who, uh, deal. Or Freddy Krueger. Uh, uh, now it's, it's Freddy Krueger. And, and now we're talking or about maybe, Jason Voorhees or Jason. And it's Tom. Jason. No, Jason Voorhees. And he does. Okay. And they end up. And they're at. They end up somehow. They're on the ice at a hockey arena because Jason with it. And he hits his mask and goes, "Looks like it's time for a face off." Would that I'm be saying, good? If he knocks the mask. Ooh, face off. Yeah. Would that be good? 
Yeah. Oh my God! How about if he knocked it? He's like, "This is like why they stopped the leper hockey game. There was a face-off." No, no, you're know. putting too much. It's got to be like. Quick How about this? They're there at a baseball. They're they're there at Yankee Stadium, and he hits Jason in the in the nuts, and it's like this is like a leper baseball game. It had to end because he dropped the ball. How about that? Would that be? He did the same joke, just in a different environment. Uh, really? Is that what that was? How about he's like, hey, Jason, what happens when lepers go into a pool? You get soup. How about that? Is that good? Would that, no. would that work well? Can I write the next Friday the 13th movie, please? I think I, you should. I have a lot well, of ideas. Sick. I just want to read it. I just want to see how terrible it is. I have a lot of ideas. The minute that the, the day you get those 10 and, minutes of stop motion, you let me know and I will finish my Friday the right, 13th script. Do me a script. favor, though. Watch the movies before you write a sequel to no. them. No. No, Eric. That's going to be the, the thing that's going to put me over the top. What number movie would I be at if I wrote the next one? Thirteen. Oh, so it'd be Friday the thirteenth. Thirteen. That's no, what you're telling uh, no, me. No, because uh, uh, people consider the remake part twelve, even though God it has nothing to do with the twelfth movie. So that has oh. nothing to do with the rest. So I can't. I can't make it the just called thirteenth. That's what I'm gonna call it. It's just gonna have thirteenth there. How about that? Thirteenth. Thirteenth. It's called Jason's thirteenth. No, no, just thirteenth. They'll know what I'm talking about. A little wink, wink to the Don't audience. Know They'll up. show up. It'll start off with Tommy Jarvis. It's going to be played by uh, Corey you, Feldman. Like you know it's going to be Corey Feldman. He's going to show right. up. He's going to reprise his role. We're going to get rid of everything past. You be uh, topical. We're going to get past number four. It's all for everything else is, is wiped clean. Am I still? Am I still on right now? You're still remembering everything I told see, you yesterday. See, yeah. I told you. I I, re- I listen to you. You may not think that I do, but yeah. Yeah, gets rid of the older Tommy Jarvis. We're going to have the young Corey Feldman as he ages, and then we're going to go from there. But I'm going to keep everything else under wraps, Eric. I don't so want to. We're going to have Tommy Jarvis 30 years later. Yes, yes. I don't want to spoil it, but that's how it's going to start. So there. See, at least you know I am not building this house on sand, Eric. I have a solid foundation that I am starting. See, this is the sort of talk that happens. We end this pop culture, Eric. I have it all inside. I have to let it out. I have to be me, Eric, and, and that's no, what's what going to happen. What you're doing is being me. Yes. Well, that's the best thing that I can do in life is I live through others vicariously through one Eric Shea. Don't, don't but live through me, baby. Don't we, do we end this. We end this with them knocked out. You have the outlaws knocked out, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to have to call oh, yeah, we're her." About Red Hood. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to call her. And that is not Pamela Voorhees, who did die in 1979. I don't know no. if you know this. She did not die in 1980. And it, so Amanda Waller is going to show up. I just don't understand why uh, Batwoman would say, now we call her like she has a really good working relationship with Amanda Waller. I, I don't weird. think that. That's weird. But, yeah, that's where we're going to go. And also, at this point, you do end up with the last line being Bizarro saying Splendid as if he knows exactly what's going on at this moment where it looks like But he seems knocked out. But that's where you're supposed to realize to me, yes, I think that maybe his big thing is he wants to shut down the Suicide Squad. Jess, you've got to sacrifice some pawns. That is true. And even some rooks and some queens and some kings, Eric. That's how I play chess. I never win. That's the problem. That is the problem, Eric. I sacrifice Eric. everything. Somehow I'm telling you, I never win. I, what I use always is the Rook's Gambit. That's the move I use, Eric. You, you'll learn about that later. But what bring would you give this? I as soon as I can. What would you give this? I gave this issue a 6.5 out of 10, and mostly because I love the art. And I'm so, like, I'm telling you, this is a down issue where 
I don't understand why the detective squad got involved with their line of questioning is or why a fight even broke out. I'm still on board with the goddamn Brain Zaro thing, though. Smarty Pants Bizarro yeah. is a story. I want, I want to see how I, I and wish why we saw he more of that here because yeah. there's too much of this feeling within me to fucking think there has to be, like, he has to be sinister, even though they're not really coming out and say that. I need to know what's going on. What Tell yeah. me, Scotty Goodell. Yeah. But it's mostly my intrigue, and the art is what gets me to the 6.5. It's still a down issue, though. I think there was progression problems with the art, but I did like the art itself, you know, just looking at the art. But I'd have to give it a six. Uh, this the issue opening panel when you see the, the actually opening page when you see the detective squad with freaking Dexter yeah. swords on. I'm like, Batman yeah. looks yeah. amazing. I I just think that this might be the worst issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws that we've gotten since Rebirth, uh, just because it, it you never get anything explained. So that that is a shame. We're gonna move on to the last What'd book. What you say era. the score was? Six. I'm gonna go okay. a little lower than you, but yeah, the art's great. Sense. But six out of ten. Eric, what's the last book that we're talking about? Back here on the Birds of Prey, number 15, written by Julie Benson, Shauna Benson, with R5, Raj Antonio, Marcelo Maalo, and Josh Reed. A flu that only affects men is going throughout Gotham, and it's up to the Birds of Prey, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Batwoman, Gotham Girls, Orphan, Spoiler, Wonder Woman, and possibly Lois Lane to get to the bottom of it. Oh, jeez, sir. <laughs> Are you there, Eric Shea? I will have to edit that out. I, I actually, I thought that my, my, my mic's all fucked up. So I have a problem with my my headphones that they don't play. So we've had a couple times, even tonight when we were talking, I forgot that I had to cough and I muted my mic. So I'm there fidgeting with my goddamn fucking headphones when I had just muted my mic, Eric. So I am back. How are you doing? How are you right now? I uh, really wanted a response from you this whole thing. So I wrote this thing and it might just make you laugh or just get a ding or something out give of it. it. To, give it to me again. Give it to me again. I was on the line with Crispin Glover telling him, listen, can we get Jimmy Mortimer back? Can we do this? He, he has not returned my call. What was your thing there? A fool that only affects men is going through Gotham, and it's up to the Birds of Prey, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, Batwoman, Gotham Girl, Orphan, Spoiler, Wonder Woman, and possibly Lois Lane to get to the bottom of it. There you go. All right. <laughs> Feel uh, good now. Crispin Glover. Right. Crispin, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. I, I, I could not get a hold of Peter Barton. Well, that is. The, I, I'm gonna get this movie. I'm gonna get it going. I'm gonna actually. What I want to do is I want to write this. I want to know why you're bringing back characters that died. No, that's because that didn't happen. You'll see. It's all no, no, a plan. No, no, The thing is, part no. four did happen. No, it did happen. Nothing but after. It, but it was all in little Tommy's head. You'll so see. Tommy didn't actually kill Jason. Nope. You'll see. There's no way a, a young Corey Feldman ever killed Jason. No. They, it's see, called the now, final chapter. No, it's not going to be the final chapter because I'm writing the sequel now. And I'll tell you, I'm going to fake the funk and I'm going to write this. And it's going to be the best ever. It's not going to make be, any sense. It's going to be great. It's going to be so good. Here we go. Uh, let's get on with this book. Uh, this is a chock full of characters, Eric. And, and there is and that's a... the thing is, I'm telling you, the whole idea of this story, this, like, you know, the flu raging through Gotham that only affects men and only gets worse as, you know, it's going to kill them. Yeah. The scope of the story I really enjoy because Batgirl and the Birds of Prey stories have really felt small to me and like the yeah. big runaway comic books feel and shit like that for the like the titles. This always feels small to me. The scope of this feels big and the way that they're bringing all of these characters in it, it feels like it it, uh, it works with the scope of the story that they're going with 
It's just that it doesn't make complete sense. No, the characters that are getting thrown in and why and their you know their motivations and what they're doing don't make any sense. And the no. Bensons have had problems with this. And they've had it. And the problem with it is that sort of thing might fly in a Harley book. If, if a Harley has a book where Catwoman shows up and things get wonky – all you really have to do is have the, uh, you know, Palmiani and Connor, even when Thierry takes over, say, well, you know what? Harley never really sees what's really going on. Or when when you're around Harley, shit goes wacky. And it works. It really does. You can be like, okay, I get it. If the Harley book, I told you, the last issue of Harley, of Rebirth, or any Harley book can always end up with her in a padded room. And you'd be like, okay, all of the series we just read was in her head and it would make sense. Yeah. The problem in this book is it's Batgirl. And Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, it, it means something. These are very important characters that, in my mind to the Bat family. Stuff from Green Arrow and shit like yeah, that. So yeah. it's really just doing a whole bunch of different stuff because you have Black Canary in here. You have Huntress who's yep. also in the Nightwing book. So you have a lot of cross-pollinization that really you know, yeah. should make this matter. It should, but it doesn't. And so when it doesn't, and it wants to be kind of this goofy little side deal, it doesn't. And also, it, it does. It, can Lois? It, does she have a lot of free time? Because she's tracking stories every goddamn place that anything pops up. She's That's there. The thing she's is, in Jim, Superwoman she this week. Have a lot of free time. I, I get. Well, she doesn't because she's all over the place. Because now she's, she's in always Gotham. On the move. She yeah, is she's a always on the woman. move. Always on the move, Eric. But yeah, you start off, That's why and she's I do. A terrible mother. Again, yeah, yeah. Don't say that. I saw comments on the site. Oh my god, furious. it was great. I backed away. Uh, but yeah, you have where Barbara's worried. Her father's sick, and I do like the setup. The setup's really good. Of where, and now again, we knew the solicit. You knew exactly what was going on. But I did like the idea that Barbara's there. You know, Gordon, Jim Gordon, does not take a day off. He is not Eric Shea. Yeah. Eric Shea wakes up a little stiffness. He's staying home. Jim Gordon oh, is not oh taking. God, yeah. I'm not going to put on my feet It's all Wednesday, day. and Eric's at work, and he's like, yeah, you know, hurts himself, and says to me, legitimately, "Good thing it's Friday." <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, but yeah, I like the setup. Gordon's sick. Then he finds out the commit. You know, everybody the, in the line. Chief every, yeah, the chief of police is now like, sick. Uh, you know, covering for Gordon while he's out. And then the mayor's sick. So yeah. Everybody that's freaking pretty much in power in Gotham City is yeah. freaking calling a sick day today. Yeah. Chief O'Hara sick. But they, they go and, and Lois shows up. She's heard of this virus going down. She, you know, she heard of that basically is in town because she heard that Gordon took a day off. He took a sick day. That to Lois Lane means story time. And you get a little weird interaction between Gordon and Lois. Uh, but yeah, no you comment, find out. Jim. Yeah, yeah. You find out later that basically all the men in town are sick. And, they, you I'm know. telling you, and what is that shitty time for Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, to come to Gotham to visit yeah. his lady love, too? And freaking only men get affected, and he just decides to come in for a few yep. days to thrill? Yeah. To thrill. He gets some Cinnabons. They go up to the Belfry. It seems that he's not affected. But even you, you have more Huntress, where Huntress is having the worst time uh, teaching. She takes him off to a goddamn you know a field trip that goes awry. Now she's in a class that nobody's showing up. I actually just thought that everybody thought she was bullshit because she just showed up out of nowhere to teach a class. I just want to know why there's only two girls in the class. And two girls before it looked like she has jumped between possibly teaching seventh graders to now it looks like she's in a, a, a an adult learning center. I, I don't know. These, I have to these, imagine that these are the two ladies that in the last issue I thought were freaking grandmas on the bus. These do not so. seem like kids. Uh, the, now they seem like 45-year-old women. I don't understand. Uh, but, yeah, they're trying to figure out what's going on. 
And the problem with this is I just – I do like the idea. I'll tell you. You said it. I like the idea. I like the scope. Like you said, I like the idea of the women of the DCU trying to come here and do this. But – the progression of the issue to me is way off because then they go off to find out what's going on. And all of a sudden, Professor Pig is just here. He's just here to be here because he's there. He's sick as well. So he's and upset. A lot of his Dolatrons, you know, they're yeah. getting sick. So yeah. he's thinking that he has to go and collect new people, freaking, you know, uh, lobotomize them, cut yeah. their genitals off, freaking do the whole yeah. Dolatron thing up to make some stronger Dolatrons because he doesn't understand this whole flu yeah, thing. Yeah, he doesn't either. understand he's what's been going affected, on. So he's he, he has the flu as well. But it really is nothing. You, you no, know what I mean? Yeah. It's just there, and it, it just didn't play well for me. Uh, but through this whole thing, they're trying to figure out what exactly is causing this. We don't really know. Uh, it leads them around. It's kind of a wild goose chase at this point. But even Batgirl calls over to the mansion. She wants to talk to Bruce. Bruce is sick. Alfred is sick. Then Nightwing is sick. So everybody, and he, you know, he was just leaving town. He had to stop. And you're getting all these guys sick. You have Oliver there, who he he has to stay in the Belfry. So you have him there. He has the to, why is he, Why is he here? Yeah, the clock tower. I'm, I keep thinking the Belfry. Uh, why is he there then? Y- you know, he's there just He was to there not... for a few days to thrill. He was. <laughs> yeah. And then Lois calls, and it's funny because Clark, and it looks really like, uh, and the art's okay in this, but it really looks like the animated series uh, Superman when he's there answering the phone to me. But he answers, and, and Lois is like, listen, you know, we got this thing going on. It looks like an epidemic. It's affecting the men. And there's Superman. I'll be there in a minute. No, I just you said the dumb men. Bastard. But what it's the funny fuck because. Did I just tell you? It, and it's funny because I thought right away when he's, I'm like, but he's Kryptonian. And he's like, hey, listen, I'm an alien. That might not affect me. No, no, you stay with John. Somebody's got to be a good parent. I don't want to get people mad at me, though. But she's going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, and then in the meantime, you just have the characters going around and finding more women. You have Canary looking into this pharmaceutical well, that's place. The thing is because it's not even finding more women. It's the fact of the matter is that while, like, you know, the freaking, like, the police services are put on lockdown. And, like, everybody's getting sick. And so criminals are using this to their advantage with the yeah. streets being cleared. People have broken into a pharmaceutical company, a freaking jewelry store. So they have to still yeah. go out but there. But they go. But, of course, it's, it's Harley and it's Catwoman. And Harley's there. And to me, this is the biggest part that I think it's nonsense where Harley's there. She's trying to find a cure for the Joker. And that, it's the you, Joker. It's, it is full of nonsense. I'm telling you, they have one line that tries to make it right. But yeah, the because whole she says, the I'm the one who's going to kill the exactly. Joker, not this but disease. But saying no. my pudding and my all pudding. this other stuff, it's she off. seems like the old Harley where this still yep. doesn't jive. Yeah, it's off with her book. It's off with any book. And it's off with the DCU at this point. Yeah. It's way off. And then you have Catwoman who, as we see, is marrying Bruce as long, you know, she agreed. And now she's there. And I understand they try to get it thrown in. But throwing in, to me, I'd rather them not even put it in because she is breaking into a jewelry store as if she is using this whole virus as a way to get these jewels. And that's where Huntress goes in and says, listen, you know, I I guess I thought you were past stealing jewelry, Catwoman. She's like, not stealing, borrowing. And then they start fighting. And then there, she says, Huntress, like, listen, I, I don't have time for this. You, there's a virus. It's affecting all the men. Bruce, you're past that, you know, Catwoman. I'm telling you, and when, we were, when she was calling Alfred, too, like Batgirl, I yeah. swore that Selena was I, in the I background so there. Too. And so, like, she would know that Bruce is sick. Yeah, I thought that was her, too. And it was a weird line because they had Alfred sick. And he's like, oh, you know, I have my chef do this. I'm like, chef? 
Oh, I thought you were the chef. <laughs> what are you, who are you talking about, Alfred? You're getting all high on your britches. Out Alfred's whole butler thing is just the title that he still goes by. He yeah. doesn't do shit. No, he, he doesn't do shit. Staff. He actually gets paid so much he, he buys his own staff. Yeah. But yeah, even then, it, it would have made sense to me. Don't do this jewelry shit. That makes no sense. Have it that Selena isn't sick. She's a woman. And, yeah. and quite a woman, Aaron. And she's there and she's taking care of Alfred and Bruce. You could even go to a point where at the end they're like, this is a way Alfred actually accepts her and realizes that she's good, though it wouldn't ever happen in this book. But no. still, you can sit there and think that, like, oh, my God, she's actually taking care of Alfred and Bruce. This is awesome. Instead, she's stealing jewels until she hears that men in town are sick and Bruce. Bruce. And I'm like, get that Bruce out. Don't even give me that because what you're doing does not tie in anything of what we've seen in Batman and what she should be doing. So yeah, you have that, and then she wants to go. That That's all she needs to here she's in and it just continues and you even have a, a weird thing you have lois and barbara there together and all this but you even have a thing earlier where they they're trying to figure out what's going on and we don't know uh, you know we don't know they think it's poison ivy at one point uh that comes up but even at one point they're like listen this is what happens when everybody gets inoculated and then they, i'm like what is going on here? Uh, you know, this is what happens in the modern age when all of our immune systems have been down with drugs and they ever do. No, let's just get back to comics here because Amanda Waller comes in and she's like, she's shutting she's shit down. She's setting up the quarantine of Gotham, yeah. which just yeah. seems really odd Why? that it's Amanda Waller. Yeah. Why would Amanda Waller do this? It, it doesn't seem weird. It is weird. There's no reason that she would be involved. She is in a secret freaking organization of, of criminals that work as superheroes. They're there is no reason for her to be in town with a th few days to do nothing because she shouldn't be this one. Oh, I got, you know, I'm here. The president wants me to lock down that. No. Why? Why is it you? Only because you're the woman who, you know, th that's all it seems to me. Get Cat Grant. It would make more sense, I think. It, this doesn't make sense. And then, she, you know, you have Lois. Hey, is this an attack? Is this going on? Whatever. And then she's like, I have no comment on the ongoing investigation. But whoever did this must must have a real hatred for humanity. She's just answering a question. No further questions. She says, this sparks Batgirl into real. Oh, now I get it. And a runs hatred off. for humanity, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is just Amanda Waller making shit up. She's just yeah. saying something to get the questions over and move on. This is what and now we the, you go know. to Tara Care to go question Poison yeah. Ivy, who we yeah. know in the past has a real hatred for humanity. Yeah. And this is and another man. part where we have Harley show up because she's now with the crew. It doesn't make any sense. No. It doesn't seem like she's really even friends with Poison Ivy at all in the story. Like, exchange. Yeah, they're just like there. And like, yeah, you have Catwoman. Why did you do it? Uh, do what? You know what you did. And they're all going and she, at for a second, she, and then that's where Harley says to, to, Poison Ivy, you didn't get my pudding sick, did you, P.I.? Pudding? If, if I'm Ivy, a vine would go and slap her twice on the face. Shut with your pudding. Yeah, your pudding's done. It's nonsense. But, yeah, they're going. They're going to all fight Poison Ivy, and she gets a little bit where she kind of is like, oh, Batgirl, you, you said you trust me. You don't. But they're, they're moving on. Now they realize that's not her. Basically, everybody just says, it wasn't me. Okay, let's move on. You are We're going to find this out together. This, yeah, and this is just a everywhere we go, we add somebody else in. They go to the rooftops, and then that's, that's the when. Part, because where were we were just collecting people as we went around? Now that we have this group together, all right, we don't have time to collect more people. So we're just going to bring all the rest of the people we yeah, can think all 
glue them together. And also, you got you can't really figure out how you're going to get this fucking eclectic group in with this because you have Gotham Girl. What? We haven't I, seen Gotham her Girl shows in up so with the long. The Detective Squad's women characters like yeah, Orphan and Spoiler. But including like, Spoiler, who doesn't so make sense. As hell. Spoiler makes no sense here. Spoiler, you have, I can only see just showing up because it she's could there happen. with them she's though. In Gotham, but Gotham girl, she was taken yeah. out of the goddamn like Gotham, and she was like going overseas to train. Her hair is still short. No, I'm like, this no, doesn't no. Make any yeah, sense she went over, and she did. She went overseas to train. The problem with spoiler showing up is pretty much she's almost a wanted person by the detective squad because she's going around and sabotaging everything they do. She can't just show up like this willy nilly and Batwoman be fine with it. Everything we've seen with spoilers, she's going around and ruining shit. It's just nonsense. It's just, hey, how many women do we have in the other books? Let's get them in. I, you know, you have that. Where's Harper Rowe? She, she's coming next. Dance of Michael loses Harper. shit. I would have rather have had Harper Rowe than Gotham Girl. Because that was where Batman did send her off to train yeah. so that she wouldn't have to use these powers and kill herself. But there you go. And and they're going back and forth. You know, it, you hey, gotta talk you're some trash until we say, OK, we're all yeah, a team. Yeah, you, hey, you're villains. No, you're superheroes, but you're bad. No, no, you're villains. And they just go on and on. And, and then it Wonder just, Woman shows up. Yeah, and then they're going, and it's just back and forth. Hey, listen, we to save the men, the women have to be united, is what Batgirl says. And that's where Batwoman says, you're right. We stand together or Gotham falls. Hey, who's in? And then they're all in. It's like, yeah, baby. You know, you have to have Harley say nonsense. But, yeah, everybody's in. And then it's like, huh, you have one more for that, you know, little gang in there? And puts her in. It's Wonder Woman. So there you have it. At one point... When earlier, when they're like, listen, we got to call in, you know, the big cheese. We're going to get the woman who means something to get in here, and it's Amanda Waller. Really think that it would have been Wonder Woman. I really thought that Wonder Woman would have been there. That Clark, when Lois called, okay, it only, it only affects the guys. Okay, let's get the female, you know, member of the Justice League to go find out what the fuck's going on. And he would have called Wonder Woman before Amanda Waller. Get her the fuck out. The only, reason, the only reason Amanda Waller is there is because the Bensons want to have a, a freaking false deal where – Gotham is quarantined and you needed, you know, the big cheese to come and say nobody's getting in or out so that it's a contained deal in Gotham. And it doesn't make sense for what she does and what the Suicide Squad is. So uh, that's nonsense. And when Wonder Woman came in, I'll, I'll have to tell you, I really like, I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now we have 15 characters, now but I like her. Hitter. Yeah, yeah, we got a real heavy hitter, and I, I like that. Also seems to be – a lot of these women that are involved, I love Batgirl. And I'll even say Black there, – there's a lot of loose cannons on this thing that shit might go wrong. I mean, you have Harley there. You got Gotham Girl. Who knows what the hell she's going to do, Catwoman, all these. But, yeah, Wonder Woman's going to come in and say, listen, let's, let's get the shit. And I think I really get excited for maybe – you get rid of this and have a Batgirl Wonder Woman story. Just a, I really like that. I, you don't cool. see that much, but – I don't know. It just this is just utter nonsense. It really is. But what what would you give it? What did a you lot give like it? the Supergirl book, uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws? The idea of this book, this like I said in the beginning, the scope of the story, it's bigger than we've seen in the series before. The addition of all these characters to be like in line with the scope, I like all of this. It just does not pan out. But for a setup issue to get us going into this arc. It's not the worst thing we've seen in this rig of thing, and I really in the series, and I love the art in this issue. So no, I, I like the, the 6. art 5 out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it a five five. 
I just, it's nonsense. I, I like the idea of what they're trying to do, but they're getting at it in a very odd way. You have that whole section with Professor Pig that makes no sense. It, it really doesn't. It doesn't need to be in there. You have every character, it seems, shows up. It's, well, it's just a wonky. It's escalation of everything that's no. going down where we have Professor the whole thing, Pig. you know, like. And Professor Piggy, he's, he's doing stuff. They have to go stop him, and he's sick as well. And they, this is the, like the line this whole issue goes. Like the, the flu is progressing more and more as the issue yeah. continues. Who else? But here's who they stop: Professor Pig and then Harley and Catwoman. That, yeah. That's really what they do. There, there's nothing else escalating. That well, Where are these quote-unquote big villains who are taking advantage of stuff? It ends up being everybody's best friends. Uh, except Professor Pig, we know, you know, where's it, it's weird. I'd say Killer Croc, but he's in the Suicide Squad, so you can't do and he's that. He's a man. Yeah, he is. That's what I'm saying. That's like Professor Pig. Why not have the Penguin? Why not have you know somebody like that, Scarecrow or something? And they're all getting sick, Jim. Yeah, well, so was Professor Pig. I'm saying you have Professor Pig for no easily. reason. No reason. He's just there. Oh, my Dolatrons. It just was ridiculous. Then you have all these women running around. But, yeah, that is it. I, I said, what did I say, 5-5? Five, five? Yes. I'll stick with that. But that is the end of the podcast. All right, Eric, that's the end. That is the, the end, end of the podcast. Is, the end is near or here. Uh, yes. Uh, book of the week. My book of the week is Metal Number Three. What is yours? Mine is the Detective Comics, which I don't recall the number. Is it nine sixty six? Nine sixty six, Eric. That All is right. your book of the week. Woo wee! So long ago we talked about those. And here's what we have next week. We have Aquaman number twenty nine, Batman number thirty three, Batman the Drown number one, Batwoman number eight. Uh, Green Arrow number 33, Green Lanterns number 33, Harley Quinn number 30, Justice League number 31, Nightwing number 31, Super Suns number 33, let me Super keep Super Suns number 9, and then Superman number 33, uh, uh, Wildstorm number 8 that Jeremy does, Titans number 16, Trinity number 14, and Wonder Woman Conan number 2 that Jeremy will do on the site as well, and we'll see how this goes. But we'll have to see how all of this happens because, Eric, I'm excited for next week with all of these comics, all of this fun going down. But we're going to have to – I have to apologize, everybody on the Patreon, the badasses. I have not gotten up the poll to pick. I'm trying to get everything caught up and get everything going. So if you want to be along with them and get a fresh pick at the poll, which will fresh. go up after we get done recording this – Join up on the Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash weirdscience. We have a Patreon-only spotlight once a week. We have other uh, other shows, including a Necessary Nonsense show this month that will be about family stories. We also have me and Reggie doing the Back Issues episode that is going to be Swamp Thing number 21, I believe. The Saga of Swamp Thing number 21, Anatomy Lesson. So we'll be doing those. And other things involved as well, Eric Shea. That's about it. We have recorded all week. Yeah. I think this might be a long podcast, but it just seems so because we've had hours upon hours of every day. I never know how long they're going to be. I don't either, but I have to go off and I have to now edit this monster of a podcast. So we're going to have to figure that out. But what do we say at the end of all this, Eric? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. And we'll weird. see you in seven. Proud. Oh!